Magos, we are receiving a transmission. It appears to contain vital intelligence from the Warfront. From whom is this transmission? The Loyalists or the forces of the Warmaster? Ascertain this, Adept. It is a vocal transmission. It appears to be three remembrances. I cannot tell you to whom they are loyal. Where is it coming from? It is from the Galactic Northeast, from the edge of the Empire. Welcome to Edge of Empire. This is episode six of our third year of the show. And on this episode, uh, as the you guys all requested, we're going to be looking at the Sons of Horus, one of the more popular uh, armies and legions that we see out there. Um, more specifically for us, because we're going to use this slightly selfishly, uh, we're going to be talking a bit about the Lunar Wolves as well, the Sons of Horus, before they, well... For Horus, basically. Um, yeah, because you've so, decided we're going to paint white. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's not going to be a problem anymore, and we'll come no, on to that later. No, no, it's not. It's so, not. Joining me, uh, as as always, is my brother Graham. Hello. And my our, our brother from a from another mother, which also applies to me and Graham anyway, is <laughs> Michael. <laughs> um, yeah. Hello. Hello. So, Very cool. Very cool. Good month. Tonight's is yeah, it's been a busy month, hasn't it? Really has. Extraordinarily. So crazy busy. We are going to be covering this evening or whenever time of day you're listening to this, but we're recording in the evening. A uh, quick lo- a look at the month's new releases, the things we like, we don't like. Uh, an update of what we achieved, uh, gaming wise, painting wise, and yes, I did paint some models. Um, a run through of this month's news. Uh, we're looking at the upcoming releases from Black Library. Uh, we have an interview with Little Legend Studios' very own Miles David. Yes. Which Graham uh, recorded a few days ago. I did, on a Sunday, uh, Sunday morning. Whilst he was, uh, whilst he was uh, chained to a bed with, bed with broken uh, feet. Excuse me? I'm just thinking, you fanboy of him so much, I was thinking some sort of misery type thing <laughs> going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, shots fired! Shots fired! Completely, completely unmanned me there, Michael, with that very good <laughs> reference. Right. And uh, you know, no, that wasn't the case. Though I did <laughs> say to him, in fact, I think it's mentioned in the interview I mean, that I am a bit of a fanboy. You, um, yeah, so you didn't hold back. No, I'm. But it was very good. It's the first interview that I've ever done, actually, on my own. So um, it was very good. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, um, this this morning, last night. Uh, so we'll then be. Once we've, we've got that, we'll be going on to the fluff behind the Lunar Wolves, Sons of Horus. Mm-hmm. Then we'll dive into the individual units and the rules for them. We'll have our crap modeler's guide on how to paint the Lunar Wolves slash Sons of Horus. Miles will be covering the professional's way of doing it, <laughs> yes. which is infinitely better. Um, <laughs> and then we'll be getting on to our list challenge mm. and uh, having a, sort of a, a chat that you guys are going to have to listen to about what we want and what we're looking to do with our shared Lunar Wolves army. And, Alrighty. and the final, the piece de resistance, as it were, all the events coming up to across the UK. The final hurdle. Absolutely. It's always a... Yep. It's, it's not necessarily a welcome sign on the show notes. It's just like, you know, 
you get you can see the finish line in it's exactly in right the, usually it's about half past 12 at night and we have to yeah. get up you know in about four hours time to go to work and you're thinking oh now we're onto the events it's the last lap yeah okay. see, occasionally, yeah. occasionally we have occasionally we have to, have to ask michael to do it on the following morning on his own we do. <laughs> I, I think we might have to again tonight but we will that's, 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 that's my fault that's entirely my fault so let's uh crack on and get into the new releases of which there's a fair few yeah Although i'll be doing this in two parts because uh yeah we'll cover the stuff that's cu- uh, released up until tonight today and then i will come back on saturday and record with megan the releases that are coming afterwards yeah perfect okay very good oh yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna have feature megan as a, as a, as a guest because she's actually used something well, yeah, contrast like paints. An experienced user of contrast paints, and that's what we need. Experienced, yes. yes. Okay. Right, new releases, then. Mr. B, this is your, your section. Your chance to shine. What, what, what delights are in your... Okay. Trade right. trove today. Um, okay, so before contrast paints, we've got the Mechanicum Ordinatus Acateus. Lovely. Acateus. Well said. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, it is. Um, I, I've seen it in flesh. It's. Does the mold bit come off the? Does it come come off the? Stand? No, it does not come off, but it does rotate. Would it not be Acteus? It's only got one A in it. Actius, yeah, possibly. I don't. A K T A E U S. Yeah, Actius. I don't know. It's a. It's a. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I know it's a stupid thing, and it was probably it's chosen a, by the 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 um manatee. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. crazy, and it's got some <laughs> it's got some crazy rules and some crazy points. Uh, seven hundred and fifty-five points, so that's three thousand point games only. But right. again. The designer's note is quite interesting. It's sort of like this model is designed for use on larger battlefields. You may find it difficult to place the model via deep strike in smaller games or terrain dense uh, gaming boards. In this case, a degree of common sense should be used to reach an agreement with your opponent as to the fairest way to make use of this vehicle. Yeah, Graham, you won't be balancing this on any trees. (laughs) It's it's a a big, massive model uh, with lots and lots of rules. Was it not in the case at Warhammer World? Did I uh, did I dream it or have I seen this model? It was in the case at Warhammer World, yes. Yeah, it did look, yeah. They had all the Ordinatus. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks oh, phenomenal. Cool. I love the look of this, but I just can't... I'm not going to... I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even... If I had the money, I wouldn't even consider buying it because there's just no way to use it, really. I, I just, just to clarify a point, uh, the Massive Kit is a pleasure, no less... For dedicated hobbyists, once you've constructed your ordinatus, now I'm going to say it. Uh, 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 what did you say, Chris? I want to say Acateus now, Michael. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Acteus, you'll be able to freely remove the main body of the drill from the platform. For yeah, yeah. And, and yeah the, big, the big drill comes off the platform, but not the front of the drill. I thought that's what you meant. Oh, I thought. So, you know, like it looks like a big bullet thing, right? Oh, yeah. yeah the bullet, the, the bullet comes off. The whole bullet comes off. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Right, cool. Yeah, that's the bit you put on the board. Well, you've got two choices in its its game mode. So basically, you can use it as a deep striking transport for forty models, um, including three battle automata, um, but only maniple ones. So um, 
Castlex, Vorax, or Tomatars. Yes. No Thanatars. <laughs> no Thanatars. Can you imagine a deep striking Thanatar? That would just be oh, brutal. Mm. Um, it, it, it's got uh, two forms of deployment. The first of which is to deploy using normal deployment rules for super heavy vehicles, in which case you deploy it um, with the uh, Earthbreaker on top of the platform. Yes. And uh, basically it gets a rule called seismic shockwave. So once per game at the end of the controlling player's movement phase, um, you can then empower, employ its macro drill uh, to cause a shockwave. So when this occurs, the uh, it can't move for the rest of the game and it counts as a vehicle that has suffered an irreparable immobilized result on the vehicle damage table. Don't lose a whole point. Um, and units can't embark or disembark on it um, in the turn in which it starts it. But you can do in normal uh, subsequent turns. Yeah. And basically at the beginning of the player's shooting phases for the rest of the game, um, you pick a point within six inches of the front of the hull of the Ordinatus, um, and all friend units, friendly or enemy, include excluding the Ordinatus, within a distance equal to the current game turn number, multiplied by six inches of this point, suffer D6 strength seven AP4 hits, with vehicles hit on their weakest armor facing. Nice. Um, That's pretty cool. Oh, it's maths though, isn't it? It know. is maths. Yeah, is there's maths. lots of maths though. There's lots of maths though. So I don't know whether it's you know great so, or not. So ter- yeah, so turn two it would be twelve inches from the outside. Yeah. Turn three it would be eighteen inches. Turn four twenty four inches. Turn five thirty, and turn six thirty six inches. I think. Yeah. 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 That's that. I think that's the case. That's how maths so, works. Um, the second <laughs> uh, the second deployment is that basically you can deep strike. So um, you basically hold it in reserve. You employ it by deep strike. Um, and it's got the subterranean assault, which is, I think, the um, yeah, it's the same as the t- the same t- as the termite. T- termite deep strike result. But okay, yeah, that's a um, that's that's an interesting vehicle. I, I can't see it getting used in any normal three thousand point games. Um, I really can't. But if people want to use it, good for them. Yeah. Um, just there's not. A, yeah, there's probably easier ways to get 40, 40 models. But it, no, no, there's no well, way that you're going to do it that looks as cool. Deep striking, I just think in a normal game, it just ain't going to happen. Not unless you're playing at Warhammer World with their sort of sparse tables. If you're playing on that really big long table, that may or may not be there anymore, I can't remember, I didn't see it. Um, the bridge table, I think. Yeah. I don't know if the bridge table is there. I think it might be. I haven't, I haven't there is a right, big table. There is a big apocalypse style table there. Okay, gotcha. So on the, yeah, I think it is still there because it's got all the like, gun emplacements along it, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's. I'm sure I've seen a photo of that recently. Yes, no. Ian Minto from Dark Artisan was there when we were there. He was playing with his uh, with with all his Titans on it. Right. Okay. So anyway, long and short of it is what you're saying here is it's un, it's a it's a model that is incredibly cool on the cool scale, practicality wise, possibly not so much, right? Yeah, it's like uh, it's like owning um, a a warlord Titan. It's great. It's lovely. It's amazing. But how often are you going to get to use it? Very good. So, anyway, I like the model. I think the model does look. Oh, the model is not. The model is incredible. Love the model. Um, and it would be a cool addition to any modeler's cabinet. Yes. But, um, oh yes. Yeah. Other than that, you're probably right. So I'd probably get the Sagittar instead if I was going to get an Autonatus. Do you know what? I for modeling looks, I would get this over the others. I don't like the. Oh yeah, yeah. The big, uh, the big gun thing. So I think if I was going to put it in a display cabinet and I was doing a spectacular paint job, which I would never do. This is the one I would get. I really like it. Anyway, but yeah, this is, is three hundred and twenty-five pounds. Well, given, I mean, that's the same price as the. What, how much is that Orion dropship from? Two hundred and seventy odd. I know what I'd rather buy. 
They're right. I suppose you that, could, absolutely. You could also get a um, Warhound for a little bit more, couldn't you? Yeah, a little bit more. But yeah, well, quite Warhound. A bit. Warhound, isn't it? Uh, Warhound is like three. Oh, how, I spent oh, 200, 290 for the body. Plus, plus, plus two guns. Plus guns, 43 quid each. I yeah. play. I, I think I paid and end up paying about four hundred quid for my Warhound. Yeah, sounds about right. Because I think um, you got extra guns, didn't you? No, no, I just got the two guns, but I got transfers and stuff as well. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so anyway, got, so we've got the three. You've got the the Ulator, the Sagittar, and the Actius. Two hundred ninety-five, two hundred ninety-five, three hundred twenty-five. Right. Okay. Mm. I personally would, for aesthetic reasons, the shockwave noisy one whatever it was that was oh yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a, that is a nice looking one that looks okay. that looks warhammer it does it does so what else have we got here we've got the legion drop pod <laughs> dun, 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 dun. praise finally at last all your hyphens are sorted um yeah um 65 quid so not much i think it's about the same price as it was before um much better looking model better mold uh, apparently, I've I have seen someone with it. It's ma- you know it's easy to magnetize. Um, those joints are solid. Yes, I think uh, in the interview, Miles did touch on this subject, saying that this is you know the previous one though was uh, you know I won't spoil the interview, but it it it's an app was an absolute nightmare to put together by everybody's account. So I'm glad yeah. they've redone this. So I've got we should one. see more of these. <laughs> yeah, have you put it together? Got, no, no, I haven't yet put it together. Yeah, it sounds like an absolute so, horrific job. I'm like, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, that, that's fantastic. Nice to see um, Yeah, okay, so what we got then? We've got a couple of slightly left-field ones here. We've got the um, Kill Zone Sector Sanctoris Environment Expansion. So that is terrain um, for kill, kill Team, but mm-hmm. obviously it's a source of terrain. It's currently £50 or £42.50 from our friends at Element Gaming. In there, you get a um uh, you you get um a set of ruins um so you get um so, so you've got the ruin set that's normally 22 pound 50 i think it is um you've got a set of sanctorum fallen statues uh which is the uh, terrain they put into urban conquest uh so i couldn't tell you what that the price of that is because it's not been available separately mm-hmm. and a pair of uh sector imperialis statues uh, from one of the terrain kits. So it's a bit bare bones in terms of terrain. It is, isn't it? I was looking at that thinking, I'm sure they had better value kits. Yeah. They've had better value kits. I don't know if that's worth... I don't know. I mean, I'll probably get it simply because I like Kill Team and I like to have how much, environments. And how much does it does it break down individually? Can you... In like, what can you um, get in the other sets? The only thing you can get in any other set is the... Well, it, the only thing you can get individually is the ruins and they're £22.50. Uh, so essentially you're going to be if you get it from element games you're going to be paying 20 pounds for the fallen statues which are quite substantial bits of terrain i'll be fair yeah um and uh the statues themselves which again aren't small so you know it, it depends how far your money goes really but if i if i was just buying this for heresy just for terrain i probably wouldn't bother with this one fair enough yeah no that, that makes sense that's just me yeah uh, the other one is the kill team, the Fractal Blaze, the Thousand Suns kill team. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Are we, why are we talking about um, a 40k kit? But this is the only way to get Tartaros uh, Segment Terminators. Um, because when um, they were asked in a, um, uh, I think it was a weekend or an open day, why they did the um, the Segment Terminator kit for the um, 
for the Thousand Sons in Cataprachi armor, it was said, well, there is a kit from a Tartaros kit from um, Games Workshop that just requires some small conversion work. So, yeah. Mm. So you've got a set. So for 40 quid or 30 pounds element games, you get five of these um, of the Scarab Occult Terminators, which I don't know if you, you guys have seen these, but I'm looking at them now, actually. They look yeah. great, I think. They just require a little. I mean, Gareth uses these um for his for his terminators just requires a little bit of conversion work to, to remove the occasional um very zinch symbol um but it does fit in with the uh we're, we're very much with the uh, thousand suns uh, aesthetic um does, for as well yeah they've got the copex um, haven't they the, the blades, yeah the copex so. blades and you've got what you could you've got a missile rack which you could use for um a um you know the grenade launcher for the um terminate sergeant yeah. Um, and such so just requires a, yeah yeah just requires a little bit of work there um and you also get the um fallen statue terrain with that as well so um for 34 pound that's not a bad deal if you if you you know for that it's a good deal yeah uh then the next one is a big one the solar war uh the hardback dun, dun, dun. is 20 pounds they also did sell the remainder of the limited editions these didn't last very long. Not unsurprisingly, because nope. they were going for a crazy amount on eBay, like a couple hundred quid each or something. Mental well, the, the thing was, they lasted a few hours because um, they, although they had announced uh, originally when they said, right, we're going to a one per person, they're only available on Games Workshop site. Um, they did say they were going to release uh, any um, extra, um, mm-hmm. but they didn't really go out on a big sort of the air. Eh, we've got the extras on the website now. So they did last a few hours. So hopefully everyone who wanted one got one. Oh, well, I hope so. Yeah. So the hardback is twenty quid, uh, seventeen pounds at Element Games, um, or you can buy the ebook for nine ninety nine, or the audio book is twenty nine ninety nine. Also available on Audible as well. Okay, so, cool. Although I had to wait an extra like day to get it on Audible because some oh. reason they had it, they had a release set for Sunday on Audible for some bizarre oh. reason instead of. Okay, that's a little weird. I thoroughly enjoyed the audiobook. I have not read it yet. I have not finished reading it yet. The the only problem I have with the audio is uh I love Jonathan Keeble's work. The only thing with it is there's only so many times you can hear a man say Uranus and he says it <laughs> he says it an awful lot in that book cuz it's Obviously, quite important to the book. It's the solar. Exactly. So Yes, yeah. that, that is uh, now in... Uh, yeah. <laughs> no laughing at the back mills. Basically, yeah. It got a bit like that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so that is... That's out. Brilliant. Uh, we also it. had a uh, deck of cards, uh, which were £8. Um, now, oh, obviously... You, hold on, hold on. You've missed the, the I've missed it, and release. I realised, and I'm going to go back to it. Oh, I, yeah, shut up. I, I realised I got ahead... I realised I got ahead of it. went all this time for him to say that. Anyway. Yes. Um, and, um, yeah, I wasn't that impressed by these cards, um, simply because, I mean, it's the book covers really. Um, and that's fine. It's just, they're kind of not very clear as a deck of cards. Yeah. Not, not that I play many games that require decks of cards. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. See. Yeah. 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 It's not easy to tell. I mean, uh, the dark millennium card they did, uh, not last Christmas, but the Christmas before were much, much better, but that was all John Blanche artwork. I've got to be honest with you, the day I pay £8 for a deck of cards, it's usually got naked ladies on it. Just putting it out there. You wouldn't do, <laughs> you, you wouldn't do so well at the um, UK Game Expo. I saw decks of cards 
uh, that were going for 50 quid. Really? What, yeah, but naked ladies were, no, 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 Naked Ladies. It's a family show, Greg. It's a family show. Uh, but they did have, um, they, 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 you know, some of these were hand-finished, uh, you know, hand-painted stuff. Okay, so. yeah. Right, Graham, if you want them, I think I have the, from about <laughs> 15 years ago, the FHM top trumps that were made somewhere. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Just to say that uh, there are, uh, you know, obviously decks of, you know, semi-naked men, if that's a thing for all the ladies that listen to our particular podcast, we are an equal opportunities podcast indeed uh, so, um yes. and we've got a uh, siege of terror coaster set so for those of you who remember the coaster set that came out earlier this year um this is a siege of terror one so you've got um custodies um you've got the solar war symbol yes um, yep. yeah you've got the solar war symbol the Mr. imperial healer um which which a lot when they were talking about it originally uh, but they were saying is the custody symbol it's not but it isn't and then you've got the Imperial Fists and Iron Warriors Legion coasters. Mm. And my, my lovely brother bought me, bought some and split them with me. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah. I, I've got the Solar War one, the Solar, and the Iron Warriors one. And yep. do you know what? They're, they're, they're damn fine coasters. They're not nice. yeah. Really nice. Yeah. Um, so I've got both sets now. I don't know why, but I've not used them yet. But Okay. I'm actually okay. using. I bought a set for prizes for the ah, yes, event yes. the weekend. Yeah, so they're ten pounds. Then we have a um, White Scars Legion Praetor. So this is the one in. Is this the one? Yeah, this is the one in Power Armor. He's twenty-one pounds from Forge World, and he is absolutely phenomenal. Okay, high praise indeed. Let me. Oh no, I've seen this guy. I'm sure I have, but it's have you not seen book. it? It's a great. No, I have. I have seen him. I'm just, I'm just really, really, really dynamically posed. Really dynamically posed. Love him. Um, looks even better with a helmet on, in my opinion. But I like that one. That um... Um, yeah, he is very much um, dynamically posed. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the 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 non um, helmeted head as a rule. But yeah, it's a it's a cracking pose, that isn't it? Very dynamic. Get yeah, Mark two armor. My only concern is that he's going to snap off that base. Within uh, about 15 seconds of someone sort of knocking a model over. He's yeah. not on the rocks in the. You don't get the rock. He's just. But yeah, he's. No, but he's, you've he's only got that one. one yeah. That one foot bit of contact, haven't you? I'd yes. probably be tempted to pin it. Yeah, that's got. Broken, broken model syndrome written yeah, all over it. I probably. I, I think I would so definitely be tempted not, to pin that. Not one for you, Graham. Definitely not. Not one for my old clumsy, clumsy McGee there. I do think that it's infinitely better with the helmet, personally. Yep. And then coming along with that was a White Scars Legion uh, um, Leviathan Pattern Siege Dreadnought, which, uh, again, I love this Dreadnought. It's really, really nice. Um, you know, the beaten copper yeah. uh, mm. on the front there and all the, the little bits, uh, you know, just that little little touches of bling. Really, really nice Leviathan. It is a great Leviathan, that one. Really, really is. And I'd like to with you on that the sort of um, beaten copper, which I suppose is sort of... I'm guessing they must have researched some sort of um, Mongolian art and the like to come up yeah. with that. Cause, uh, yeah, but yeah. it certainly feels that. They, this one of the Blood Angels one really capture their legions. Yes. Yeah, that's yep. very true. They seem to have that little bit more individuality. 
They do, they do. Apart from the do. Night Lord's one with the body stuck to the outside of it, but yeah, yeah, that's the only um, kind of one that's a bit off off colour. But the rest of them, this is a great model, I think. Looks really, really cool. Yeah, really, really nice model. Uh, he is fifty pounds. Um, so you can get him for seventy six in a deal with a Siege Claw and Storm Cannon, which is a good loadout. Um, but yeah, if I was a White Scars player, I would definitely be picking up one of these. Mm, for no, sure. No. No, no question. questions asked. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then what else have we got on the new releases? We've got uh, one final one with you guys, and then I move on to a, a segment with Megan. Uh, we've got Angron, Slave of New Syria. Um, so hardback is twelve ninety nine, but you can get it for eleven pounds and four pence at Element Games. Uh, ebook is nine ninety nine, and the audio book is nineteen ninety nine, which is also available on Audible. Perfect. Yeah. Very so, good. I'll give that one. Uh, a, give that one a spin. I need a new book now. Yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got this, and well, I'm finishing Solar War, and then I've got this yep. lined up. Uh, so we'll talk about Solar War next month. Is that, is yeah. that all right, Chris, or do you want to talk? Yeah, about no, it no, no. We'll, we'll, once you've finished, and then we can discuss while Graham goes and has his uh, tablets and you know puts a blanket over his leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put the slippers on and uh, get my cup of cocoa ready. Yeah. Okay. Little... Right. So now we're going to seamlessly insert a section with Megan. Right, and we're back, uh, this time with Megan. Would you like to say hello, Megan? Hello. Hello. Uh, and we're going to quickly run through the new paint releases. Uh, but before we get to the paint releases, there was one Forge World release, uh, the Acastus Knight Asterius. So the Mechanicum big Acastus Knight. £330. It's massive. Don't worry, Megan, I'm not getting one. <laughs> we I won't let him. We'll, we'll, you know... Occasionally, you've asked us to stop him buying things. We'll make sure he doesn't purchase this. Yeah. I actually wouldn't mind this particular. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, uh, no, actually, I think I prefer the Purpurian. It looks cooler, but this one is nice. Anyway, so we actually discussed the rules for this later on in the show, so we're just going to skip over this. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So it, it hits to the paint. So the first, well, releases we got, I guess, a category is we've got some new base paints. We did. We got well, there's some very. <laughs> key base paints for us as well because this is the yeah, implementation heresy. of the heresy paints into the main scheme so yeah yeah so uh, yeah so uh, megan's like not knowing ex- uh, what we're talking about but <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't worry megan that's most of the listenership at this point i tend to think just... <laughs> yeah so uh yeah some new paints so we got galvor back red corvus black lupercal green iron warriors we bought iron warriors didn't we megan Yes, 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 we did. We did. Yeah, because uh, we thought that would look like a really good base for your uh, orc weapons. Yeah, it does look like a, a pretty cool color. Yeah, yeah. Uh, amazing. Is it quickly, is it noticeably different from Lead Belcher? It, well, on the. It's it a looks lot... like it should be. Okay. It's more I, haven't, of a... I haven't seen the actual part of it, but yeah. it does look like it should be. The color sample looks, and if I remember from the Forge Worlds game, it's like uh, a much darker Lead Belcher, okay. like almost black. Okay, so Graham won't need to use that wash anymore. He can just shove this stuff straight on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there oh. are some cool, there are some cool new paints in there. Like, yeah. um, for example, um, I'm just trying to think. Uh, Grey Knight Steel. You want a bluey steel look? You get that from a pot now. Yeah, perfect. So, oh, that's what I was remarking about. How it, how it's an awesome paint, aren't I? Yes, because you want to do yeah. that with your dark Eldar. So. 
Yes, and I yes. tried to achieve it myself and hadn't really succeeded before. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of new ones. Like, there's a um, uh, I, one I actually quite like, Catacan Flesh. Is it Catacan or is it Dark Oath? It's one of the two. Uh, but it's a um, it's a brown, a dark skin, you know, a brown, a yeah. black, black skin color, base color, which is great because up until now we've had to do Rhinox hide and dryad bark and stuff. And layer, yeah, layers and washes. Yeah, so now we've actually got a a black skin flesh tone. Yes. Good. Yes, it's great. Yeah, rather than having to layer up paints that aren't necessarily flesh tones, it's good to yeah. have an actual flesh tone paint instead of more than just pale skin. Yeah, because I think what is what is key about uh, black skin in particular, it comes in all sorts of different shades. So we can still use the old methods and this new new paint to get that. But yeah, just a different you know yeah. different methods different shades yeah um yeah also ceramite white is gone it's gone it's brilliant that it's gone because it's basically it's polyfiller it's it's the the least fun of paints to use i hate using it yeah i'm not gonna tell a lie i did fill a hole in my wall in my old studio with it well i'm not surprised (laughs) i'm not surprised you do something like that terrible but they've replaced it with corax white so we'll see if that is any better Hopefully they just haven't uh, rebranded the colour and kept yeah. it the same paint. Hopefully it's oh, a different paint. Hopefully it is. Um, hopefully we also, it comes yeah. up the same shade as the canned Corax white as well. Cause that, Oops, hopefully. That's a nice off-white. I like yeah. that. Uh, we also got Grey Seer and Wraith Bone, um, the new uh, primer colours for um, uh, um, contrast paint in liquid form. It's interesting because you sent us uh, that photo earlier with the, of the different shades that have been applied with those as the bases. And there yeah. is actually a, a noticeable difference, even yeah, on the yeah. backs. It really. Um, you know, you oh, I that saw difference. that. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does make them look warmer or cooler depending. Yeah, on uh, which gray, for a base coat, I think, is pretty clever pretty actually. Good, yeah. A grey seer yeah. is a more blue, cool, um, off white. Um, so there's got there's blues and greys in there, and Rafe Bone's got that hint of yellow. Um, yes. so it's warmer. Yeah. So it's great because you can get different effects. And obviously with it in bottle form, you can correct mistakes and put on different ones. Like, um, So that's cool. Uh, but the base paint's 275 pot, nothing changed. Unless, of course, you're buying Retributor Armor, which is like £3.50, is it? I can't remember. But it hasn't changed. Um, okay, so we've got a couple of layer paints. They, they didn't talk about these last week, but we knew they were coming. So um, layer paints. We've got Sunder Horus Green. Um phalanx yellow and a few others from the forge world range um and interestingly they repackaged the edge paints as layer paints now i mean they basically were layer paints weren't they yeah, yeah absolutely so the, yeah. there's no difference in their texture or anything it was just yeah no, i think they were, just, they were lighter basically. yeah 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 exactly so they're now layer paints so that's good um i mean flavor one flesh had already become a layer paint but I'm still using my edge pot of Flayed One Flesh. The, the dawn, dawn Yellow, was that the one where it was a really sort of very pale? Dawn Yellow, yeah, yeah. It was like dawn, a sherbet-coloured yeah. yellow. It was lovely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That That's really nice yellow. I think my one's quite dry. <laughs> um, it has sat there for a while. Yeah, and a layer for black skin in Blood Reaver Flesh. So we've got that yeah because i don't use the dawn yellow it's like you need it for one to one or two little bits of stuff and then it's like yeah okay I yeah don't it's need like this we'll anyway. highlight with this and then that we don't need the rest yeah i'm terrible for that buying a single paint because i need it for a single bit of highlighting and uh, I, have, I have a graveyard of paints basically of that for that reason 
Yeah. It's always Liberator Gold. That's always the one over oh, the last liberate. few years. I hate because Liberator Gold. A, the moment you open it, you you have a the clock is ticking because any minute it will separate and never get back together. I yeah. Hate, I hate Liberator Gold. I'm always trying to. I mean, I've got a mixer on my desk for paint. Well, I say mixer for paint. It's actually <laughs> nail varnish. It's actually a nail varnish <laughs> shaker. <laughs> But, I, I'm glad you called him out on that, Megan. He was, no, no, sure no, he was no, going no. to put some really fancy technical spin on it. It's exactly the same as a specialist uh, model paint shaker that, um, that that you can get from some retailers. But it cost me £5 instead of £20. And it's exactly the same. The only thing is it's got a little pink label on it that says it's a nail lacquer shaker. I see. Well, they probably I sell exactly the same one for £20 somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Exactly, but I've used that on the Liberator Gold, and it just will not go back together. It's oh. the most awful colour that they've ever sold. Well, it's apart from Ceramite White. But yeah, okay. But they still got that on the range. Uh, okay, so uh, Air Paints. Um, they're now... So the full Ford World range has returned, um, and they have put all... The current air range paints into the bigger bottles. So they're now all in 24 mil bottles instead of 12. Um, and the clear paints are back. So, so that's Angron Red. That'll be the big one. That everyone... Angron Red's the big one. Yeah, yeah. Calc Blue, Mortarian Green, Death Shroud. Um, that's the black one, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, clear paints. Yeah, they were a big deal, Megan. I, I think I've told yeah. her about this. But you yeah, were telling yeah. me lots of people had, had saved up the pots, of particularly the red oh. that... And, and we're selling them on eBay to people. Hang on, red. Phalax, no, Castellax bronze was the other one. Yeah, uh, that yeah. Castellax bronze, that's a great colour. I'm tempted. I think that's also a layer paint as well, Castellax bronze. Yeah, right. yeah. I, I like, I like my, um, I like the colours like that for pipes and stuff on scenery. So I'll probably get a pot, pot of that anyway. Yeah. Um, the big thing to note, I suppose, from all of the air range is that, um, yeah, okay, I've already said they're in 24 mil pots. What am I saying? <laughs> um, yeah, they're four seventy-five, so they kept the same price of, of the normal big bottles. Um, I think um, what I did see, notice was as soon as the as soon as the, the sales sheets were sort of being spread on various rumor sites, suddenly a lot of people were like, "Right, I'm selling these pots of Angron Red for a, for a, um, six quid or something." And it was like suddenly the market, you know, opened up as loads of people were selling Angron Red. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, you've seen this. And then some some people were calling them out on it. And it was like, no, I have no idea. I just thought I'd get rid of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> conveniently. Um, the, the pot of paint they've had kicking around for two years, that's probably yeah. not quite as nice as it was. Before, just before the market in this secondhand uh, clear paints falls out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, okay. So um, onto the biggie, contrast paints. 475 yes. for 32 new paints. Now, uh, we're actually going to talk about these in more depth later on. So we'll just sort of mentioning here 44 4 pounds 75 i think it's an 80 milliliter bottle so it's not quite as big as the big ones but it's the same price as the big ones but i suppose the way you've got to look at it is you're getting a wash in there as well yeah as it it's, yeah it's, it's you go through them quicker, you'll go yeah. through them quicker so yeah yeah uh okay so contrast medium uh same pot uh it's basically alarming medium but for contrast paint because me and megan have tried it out contrast paint doesn't do well with water no it really doesn't it goes blotchy. It's not good. Yeah. Um, Storm Shield, uh, four seventy five. It's a matte varnish, which is amazing. We've got a brush on matte varnish. We've been waiting for this for years. Well, you it could have happened. There has been the micro arts. Yeah, I can get um, my, my uh, satin and 
flat, I think it was. And my difficulty with those is that the model centre near me doesn't sell them. Uh, see, I got mine off some uh, airplane model website. Ah, uh, I'm see, I'm terrible. I can't. I don't like buying paint online simply because it's off because of the raw mail rules. Half the time they won't ship them with raw mail, so the shipping is a lot more expensive. Oh, no, these. I think I got these. Yeah, I think they just came in normal post. Yeah, not supposed to do that anymore apparently. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's it's annoying. The only time I've bought paint on the post recently is when I wanted some Vallejo Model Air because yeah. I had a big project and I was like, yeah, this is going to cost me like six pots of Inky by Darkness, and I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not buying that. No. Um, yeah, so four seventy five for the matte varnish Storm Shield because um, contrast paints we will mention later on, but they need absolutely need to be varnished. Hence them bringing up matte varnish as well at this point. Yes, because uh, otherwise you'd be doing art coat in and then yeah. medium. And speaking of art coat and Lamy medium, they're now four seventy five, but they are in twenty four milliliter bottles. Nice. So they're great. Uh, yeah. Your two cans, you've got um, Gracia and Wraith Bones, both in spray can. A lot of people were thinking these are going to be about fifteen quid, but they've actually come out at eleven seventy five, so same price as everything else. Kind of makes sense. I don't think. I think it would have been a bit cheeky of GW to put an extra bit of price on them because they're only the base coat. You know, no different from the others. Yeah. Well, they are slightly different in they instead of putting on a slight texture um, yeah. to the paint, so uh, to allow uh, you know base paints and layer paints to grip it. Um, what these have is these are more smooth. Um, uh, uh, so it sort of puts on a little plasticky kind of finish to them. Okay, cool. So they're not quite the same as ju- they're not just like a coloured spray can. They no, are. Yeah. They have a and, purpose. And obviously they're formulated specially for. There is con- there is magic in there. Yeah, they're coloured for <laughs> contrast. I mean, Corax White. I've seen people put Corax White down as an undercoat, but it works. It gives a different thing. But it, it I don't know. I, I want to experiment that myself because the way it's been explained to me by the people who actually developed the paint was, it's not going to look quite as good as if you use Gracie yeah. or a Rayfone. That's what I was wondering when I saw that um, thing that somebody had done with the different faces. Because yeah. they'd done yeah. some with Corax White. That's... I was wondering if it, how it would look yeah. a bit closer than a, the, the photograph shows. Yeah. And the metallics look quite good uh, when you put metallics down and contrast over the top of that. Oh, yeah, I really like that look. Yeah. Um, okay, technical paints. So all the texture paints have changed from texture paints to technical paints. They just changed label. Um, although pots that were previously only available in 12 mils, so I think this was one of the snows, um, they've been discontinued. And we've got Mordant Earth, a new one, um, which is just a black version of a granite Earth. So, Megan, you know what you want to do with your Dark Elder and put them on a um, lava bases with the black? Yes, this is the paint I've been waiting for. Yes, that's the paint <laughs> you want for that. Yeah. Um, she said quite good for sort of chaos bases, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, chaos bases, yeah because um, Megan was sort of like I, I, she was putting sort of yellow mm-hmm. orange red on the base and then was trying to use a ghrelin earth mixed with some um, black uh, weathering powder t- to make it sort of like lava topped but it wasn't yeah. really working it was messy to mix and it doesn't it didn't have the texture anymore so it just uh, didn't work as well okay it left black all over the place so yeah so yeah, yeah you've got what you want Megan and then sadly Yay! Glaze paints have all been discontinued. So there were four glaze paints, yellow, green, red, blue, blood letter, um, I can't remember, Lamentus yellow. They've all been discontinued. But in fairness, you can make a glaze now with contrast paints. You just um, 
you just water them down with contrast medium and you've got your glazers. Yeah. Um, God, clever stuff, this contrast malarkey, isn't it? It is, it is. And they did a video, which we'll mention next month, uh, on glazing with contrast paints. So it's you can still glaze. Um, okay, so we've got the offer. Now, Chris is feeling a bit bitter about this, aren't you? I'm not feeling bitter about it. I just, you know, I'd like to know on the same wavelength. And if GW want to message me for the 5%, for coming up with the idea then you know we can sort that out that's absolutely fine <laughs> but did i or did i not either last episode or the episode before suggest that gw should allow us to make our own bundles of paints you did i did and what we do we now have make your own bundle of paint yeah so you get to pick 10 point pots of paint for 35 pounds you pick four base paints two shade paints three contrast paints and one technical paint add them to your cart the offer is applied and that's only until the 30th of June, though, which is a bit of a shame. But well, you know, if it's, I'm sure if it's successful, people will want, you know, games, yeah, games whatever. Games Workshop aren't crazy enough to sort of, you know, cut off their nose to spite their face. Yeah, I mean, we picked this up, haven't we, Megan? Yeah, we've got this other. Yeah, yeah. it's well worth it. Yeah, we got a mixture of paints, and um, we got the uh, the Wraithbone spray, spray, and then I got one layer on top of that. So nice. okay, cool. Right. Uh okay, so what we're gonna do now is go back into go back, get rid of Megan for a minute. <laughs> and we're oh. gonna do uh what we've been up to. So we've got to swap her back with Graham again. Yeah, we're gonna swap her out for Graham. So bye bye, Megan. And bye. hello hello, Graham. Next up, we'll be looking at what we have been up to over this last month, and it has been a very busy month all round. So let us start off with Master Chris. So you, uh, we have it on of good authority and on the record it's, it's that you committed out. to finishing your Mechanicum army for Throne of Skulls. And did, did you I, succeed? Did I or did I not achieve in having a painted army Saturday morning? I think you may have even exceeded my expectation when it came to that, <laughs> if I'm honest with you. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. It was all done. We got it there. I was quite I'm mostly happy with bits and pieces of it. There's still stuff that needs to be tidied up here and there. But, yeah, I got it all done. I got the – I managed to get some sort of heat look on the Venator because I've not – not through accident, I've not fully assembled it. So I've got the – sort of dish part exposed i've taken that off i've taken the main shield off it as well to give it more of a um well sort of 1920s-esque look i suppose i gotta be honest chris it looks a lot it looks it looked uh, it looked better than some of the armies that were there i thought so too i thought it was a really nice paint job i like the color scheme that you used as well the the purple looks right on the the purple blue shift looks right on the phalanx yeah yeah the paint has done most of the work for me I'll, i'll be honest because once I'd put the color shift on, there wasn't, apart from doing sort of little bits of highlighting, it didn't really require a lot more because the light would do it. Gotcha. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I mean, compared to some of the army lists that were there, that, 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 I mean, I saw that the, the paint jobs on them, yours was pretty good. I mean, really good. Uh, Not pretty good. I mean, you, you, I mean, I know you say, as you say at the time, oh, there's little bits I'd love to have done, or you know, it's only really basic. Yeah, there are 
you can tell you put in effort and really tried. Yeah, and that sounds like a, that sounds like a um, a backhanded. Uh, you it know, does. I can see what? that you've really tried. I can your see best. you really tried. It's not no, no, great, uh, but you did your best. Yeah, um, well, no, no, no I, I actually right. think I actually think that those particular that particular scheme works really really well. Uh, I love the color shift paints. Um, you know, you can tell you put a lot of effort into it. Yeah, uh, the um, the Castellex came out much better than I thought they were going to actually. Yeah. Because I got that sort of shading on the shoulder pads of them, um, so they looked a bit darker. But again, it's, it's, it'll it'll worked out well. The bases looked alright, so that was good. Yeah, I like the, oh, the, bases, the, red, the red shoulder pads look really good. I think good, yeah. nice contrast. So yeah, very cool. What about yourself, Michael? So, um, you committed to finishing a Derelict Factorum, a Contempt of Mortis, and a Tartarus Terminator. So, sorry, some Tartarus Terminators for the Death Guard. Did you succeed? Uh, yeah, so I started them on for terrain. I got uh, three of those uh, armor containers done. Because um, yes. I ended up with a bunch more of them uh, through, through Mr. Campbell, uh, mm. Scottish Graham, uh, <laughs> which was interesting. Um, I still got three more from him to do. So you, 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 know. you love those models. You must have the world supply of them. I, I got... I've got nearly 30 of them. There you go. Every table will have one. Yeah. Or two or three. They're, they're, they're good. They're good bits of terrain, I think. Yeah. Well, one table is basically just them and a Sky Shield landing pad. Yes. So there's a purpose behind that. There's a, a whole bit of narrative written about that. So that's... Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a, it's a, it's a temporary starport. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a starport. Um, and um, so, yeah, so I did them. Uh, I also did not on an Imperium uh sets that uh, i can't remember why i got the honored imperium set that's the one with the statue is it statue a little bit of tr- little bit of scenery and it's got the imperial kill I, I i know i got it for some reason but when did i get it <laughs> i think i went to warhammer world at some point and bought it but okay yes, it was recently it was it was this month i think okay. um oh yes it was before um warhammer fest i got a, no i got it at warhammer fest that's right. I got it at Warhammer Fest. Right. Because um, it's not available in the stores, and I was like, you know what? This would make that. This would be a nice little bit of extra terrain for that board. Um, okay, so I did that. That didn't take very long at all because it's mostly dry brushing and and such. Yep. Um, then um, I got the second set of, uh, well, half set, I should say, a thermic plasma conduits done for the. Um, uh from conquest because i ordered an extra copy with the uh, thermic plasma conduits and it came at last and i got them painted very good um that's a a gift that keeps on giving that conquest set isn't it oh it is it is i've got i've got some um stc riser pattern ruins to a second half of those i mean overall that 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 particular deal with the riser ruins isn't quite as good as some of the other deals but because i mean they're only like 15 17 quid is it 15 or 17 quid separately normally no idea. And well, Ivor, you do make a little bit of a saving. Right, gotcha. Um, not much warm, but a little bit warm. But yes, yeah. it's, it's good to get a nice, you know, I'm gonna have a, a essentially a table worth of scenery from this uh, from this collection. Very um, good. That's okay, good. so I got those done. Then I got round to the the, the derelict factorum. It's taken ages because I got this before Christmas. Um, and it's just <clears> one of those I keep putting putting it off because it's a it's a big piece of terrain and I was like right how am I going to store this it, it's it's got to go in a box it's got to be you know a good size and then and then it's all you know Eureka was like 
oh, well, I could actually do it as two separate bits. Oh, yeah. right. Got you. So it splits in half. Nice. Like, really easy. Um, and it was like, I don't know why I didn't do that before. But nice bit of terrain, really big. Um, so that's that's going to – that's really nice bit of terrain there. Um, I love that. Um, okay, so then I moved on to um, uh, actual infantry. And although I, don't, I did a bit more stuff for Nicky and his um, – and his death corps was a Krieg, not as much yeah. as I would have liked to have done. But uh, then I did, I managed to get done the uh, Contemptor Mortis. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, that's got twin link carries, uh, not twin link, uh, twin carries assault cannons. Yeah. Not twin link. Uh, and a Havoc launcher. Right. And then finally I got the, um, I got the, uh, um, the Tartarus Terminators done. Just in time. Now, uh, there is a funny story behind these because I intended, because I thought my list for Throne of Skulls, I was like, right, I'm taking Terminators, but my Praetor and the Death Shroud are all in Tartarus. So maybe I should rush these Terminators and get them done like the night before we go down to, well, the day before we go down to Throne of Skulls. So all my Terminators in my list are Tartarus. Right. I convinced myself yep. that I had a Tartarus Terminator, well, a Terminator squad in the list. Yeah, finished. Got got to the point where I'm just about to finish the transfers, and I think, right, I need to print off my list for tomorrow morning, just in case I forget, just in case you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, print off my list, and I'm like, oh, there's no Terminators in this list. <laughs> I've just spent a whole day painting this Terminator squad, and there's no Terminators in my list. Nice. So I was like, it's, yeah, it's easily done, though, isn't it? I mean, I, I've done, you, you, yeah. you kind of get a thing in your mind, and you just think, yeah, I've got it done, got it done. And then before you know it, oh, hang on a second. But they're painted and they're done. So all that leaves me from my current Death Guard um, pile is something I bought at Warhammer Fest, Mortarian. Oh, right. Didn't know, you, didn't know you'd purchased the big lad. Oh, well, if we're discussing, I yeah. Primark I didn't mean hmm. to buy I didn't mean to buy him. And I was just in the queue. I was trying to get Chris his um, dice tray. And yes. they... And they'd ran out. They had them at, uh, at the um, know, UK Games Expo, but he never actually said if he wanted one. But sorry. the thing with that, it would have been a the cost of sort of shipping it down to you. It was ideal the week before because we were going to meet up. Yeah, before yeah. We Well, they said they're going to have them at Blood and Glory. Oh, okay. So well, I'll pick one up there. So I'm, nice. I didn't have the money at UK Games Expo, but I know I'm going to buy one at Blood and Glory because yeah. they are really nice. I'll get one then. If you can, I'd suggest setting aside seventeen pound fifty for the dice. There's dice as well. Yeah, oh, these are the crazy dice that weigh a ton. Yeah, they're little metal dice. The ones that you used and then went, nope, not using those again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not using those anywhere near anybody's models. Yes, they are fairly hefty. Yeah, they don't. Uh, but once I've got, they're not I've, subtle. Once no. I've got the, um, once I've got the, um, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the dice tray. It'll be much easier. Because I don't yeah. trust the KR multi-case. It, uh, it, dice looks, tray. it looks quite big, that dice tray. It's quite big. It is quite big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think if I was going to spend the money on paraphernalia, I'd get those objective markers. Uh, oh, yeah, they're really good. I got, I got a set. I, um, have those at, I might get those at Blood and Glory. I got but a they, set. Yes, they'd, they look really good. They'd ran out on the Sunday uh, at uh, Warhammer Fest, but a guy, there's a loot sharing group, uh, you know, for event swag, yeah. on uh, facebook i think you're you guys are members aren't you yeah yeah uh, oh right well yeah they they basically go to events and they're like right we'll uh we'll all so you know no charging no scalping we'll just charge you the postage 
and the um and the price of what it costs to get it and sort of people put in you know for store yeah, birthday cool. store openings so uh, i've looted for people you know before when i can't make it to something um and uh, people have you know and people have looted for me it's great um really yes. good really good group um you know i'll throw in a uh, i'll throw in a link in the show notes for it mm-hmm um yeah so moving on from that um there was the uh yeah so that's that's all i've done actually this month i am currently painting a um a set of uh some you know um uh what do you call them promethean barrels from the uh armor containers yes and uh and the um at munitions crates uh just because they need doing gotcha. uh, and it's something simple to do and i plan to get yeah so quiet month for you squidward it was, but I have done a lot of um, non, um, non non. He has been traveling the length and breadth of the country. Well, yes, I've done three events this. this you have, you have been. A, I did, I did Warhammer one. Fest, then we did yes. the Throne of Skulls, and then I did the UK Games Expo. Busy, and the UK busy Games, month. And the UK Games Expo was worse because I worked it. Uh, well, I worked um, three days of it. I worked the Thursday for setup, um, which I probably shouldn't have done because that kind of broke me. But that was more more because uh, I thought, yeah, the, I would, don't think I'll be doing that much heavy lifting. Uh, well, not heavy lifting, but I don't think I'll be doing that much physical work. I, I can take the uh, I can take me um, these shoes; they'll be fine. Uh, no, they were not. Uh, yeah. So by the end of it, the sides had sort of uh, they were solid sort of sides. They caved in. So Friday, I had to work with these shoes, which had no side support. Um, Ouch! And waited for the girls to get there on Saturday with my. Uh, with my other pair of shoes. Crikey. So, so like, yeah, lessons learned. I suppose you think, you think an X game expert, so how, how heavy can, you know, carry in the odd game around, but they're not generally that heavy. Well, it, it turned out we were doing stuff like, um, the, I thought, Setting you know, I thought, up I thought the setup would be like, you know, you'd have uh, people, you know, the, the, the venue would, I don't know, do some of the heavy, the, I don't know. I'd never done an, I'd never done <laughs> an event like that before, but uh, now I know that, now I know that, uh, hard graft. It is hard graft, and thankfully they were pretty good with my disabilities. You know, like normal. The stand I was on, I was on Asmodee Digital, um, which is sort of like the um, they make computer games or board games. So we were like the red-headed stepchildren of the uh, convention. Oh yeah, I imagine yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was really weird because you know some people would t- sort of walk past and go, Ugh, video games. <laughs> you know, one person did actually walk past and go, Ugh, video games. It was okay, yeah, great. Fair enough. We were showing up video games of things like Scythe and Terraforming Mars and Carcassonne. Probably, probably got home and you know turned his PlayStation on. Yes, possibly. But yeah, so we got a lot of uh, we got the funny looks. But it was great because we were showing off um, Catan. Um, I don't know if you any of you either of you played that before. I've seen it. I don't think I've yeah. ever played it. It does look like a good game. It's with these yeah. sort of hex tiles, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We were, uh, best described as German Monopoly. Uh, we were showing it off on the Switch, which comes out in a few weeks. Yes, and it was it was really cool. It was really cool. Anyway, so yeah, so that's what I've been up to this month. What about Graham? So I've I've been I felt like I'd done a lot, but I hadn't really. So that makes any sense. So the stuff that I did didn't really have a wasn't too obvious what I'd done. If you see what I mean. So I I knew that the tanks that I was going to take to um. Throne of Skulls were in a bit shabby, uh, which, okay, you know, they're always going to be shabby. They're Iron Warriors, but they were particularly annoyingly shabby. So um, I thought, well, I'll give them a, a, a tart up, um, put some more hazard stripes on, because now that I can paint them reasonably well, um, beforehand I couldn't, so I kind of left them off. 
So I'll put some hazard stripes on my predators and my sicarians. Um, and then did quite a lot of weathering and just some general um, over painting to make sure the blacks were the kind of matte black that I liked and stuff like that now. So, yeah, it was I did quite a lot on those. You know, the it was amazing how many bits I'd missed, you know, things like the wheels on the um, chassis and things like that that weren't the right colour and things. So I'm glad I did it, but it didn't look particularly obvious you know, from the outside. It certainly didn't set the world alight when it came to painting scores. I think it was, I mean, people were commenting about how they liked them. I mean, more than one person came up to me and said, "Oh, I like the," you know, uh, thinking that I was the Iron Warriors player. At which point, I, <laughs> at which point, I spat in their faces and sent them packing. Chin them. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think you're very much mistaken, sir. I am the one with the disco-coloured robots. Disco uh, robots here. No, no, yeah. <laughs> no, but no. Lots of people coming up and saying how much they liked the the paint job on it because they were, they looked grimy. They were grimy, that's for sure. I did quite a lot of. I, so I started to. I've got into the habit now of spending a little bit more time and attention on these things even though they'll probably never be seen so usually with weathering for example i'm a, I'm a one color weathering powder man um but i've been doing some reading heaven forbid about weathering on tanks i particularly i can honestly because i got hugely envious of the uh, the man who we mentioned every month so let's not not mention him robbing and his weathering that he did on his tanks for his solar and i thought oh, they look really good but yeah, so I, I got some weathering powders when I was the time before last when we were down in Warhammer World. And I used multiple colours to make that weathering have a bit more dimension to it. So that, that seems to work quite good. So I'll do that again. Yeah, I think the weathering was really, really good. It's much better than the weathering I could do. I, I think, yeah, I think all the stuff that I was reading about it from like modellers, not not doing like um, fantasy stuff, but doing like um, tanks, you know, models. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, less is usually more. You don't want to overdo it. Otherwise, it looks like it's just, you know, come out of a mud bath or something. So I try to avoid that at all costs. So so I did that. Um, what I'm doing now is on my return is I wanted to get my, the rest of my solar army completed. So I said I was going to do a solar command squad um, and a storm section. Yeah. Um, which Taurus. And yes. And I've done that nearly. I haven't finished it yet. I'm hoping to get it finished for the weekend because I've got them in my army list for the weekend. So um, I need to get that done, basically. So I've got this, the colour scheme similar to the tanks, so it's quite easy. Um, I've put some. I've used the light blue to go with the beige of their armour, the khaki, very light khaki colour, which looks quite nice for the command squad, so that at least they stand out from the rest of the crowd. So, yeah, it's, it's looking all right. So I'm hoping to get those finished this weekend nice. and have them on the table on Sunday. So, yeah, got some stuff done for sure. Awesome. Uh, right. So uh, games played. So do we want to do Game of Thrones goals here or? We'll do it in a separate section. Yeah, we'll do it in a separate section. The proper event rundown. Okay, cool. right. Um, right. Okay. So games played. Uh, Graham. Yeah, so I I'm trying, was trying to cast my mind back i didn't have too many games because getting stuff ready for throne of skulls um i know you had at least one i had one which was against um dean, dean. so this is the ongoing trilogy of games that we've had against his iron warriors with perturabo and the iron circle against increasingly desperate attempt for me to stop them with the solar auxiliary and or militia in various combinations thereof so 
the final kind of uh, battle in this trilogy, uh, I unleashed the Thunder Child, my relatively newly painted storm hammer, to try and um, give give some back to Perturabo and his bad boys. And um, I also made a slight change in that I had the Solar as the main detachment and the Militia as the um, allied detachment. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to work a lot better. Although the, the Solar troops aren't as good necessarily as the militia troops because you can't give them the provenances that make them particularly good um they're, they've got a little bit more character about them and they're a little bit more different um they're not they feel like you know they've got something <clears throat> like, for example using volkite charges and things like that you know they're armors for nothing you know you're gonna get cut to bits by heavy bolters but you know at least you've got a strength five gun with an 18 inch range i suppose 15 inches range even um so yeah but that seemed to work better as an army, if I'm honest with you, um, using the solar that way. Um, using a Lord Commander is also a good idea because you get to pick your um, right of war, if you like. Not right of war, your warlord trait. So I can give them a blind barrage off the bat, which means that oh, in the first round of, of shooting, they're, um, they've got the shrouded special rule. All of all of the solar auxiliary, but not the militia. So that was quite cool. Mm. But it was a good close match. But in the end, once the once the um, so we did ambush because I know you hate ambush, but I quite like it. It's quite a challenge, and um, I wouldn't do it in an event, but it's good. It's a good fun narrative game to play. So the idea being that this was the final kind of uh, resistance of the solar auxiliary. They were stuck in the middle, and Perturabo and his team of destructoids were around the on the two edges. I don't dislike ambush. I just think it's a it's a mission that you only should play. If you know you're going to play it ahead of time. Do you know what? I think that's exactly right. I think that the the problem with it is if you surprise people at an event with it, you're, you're asking a lot. You are. It's, it's, uh, it requires a certain element of preparation, I think, to to make that mission. It's hard to win. Enjoyable for either side because it can quite easily turn into a slaughter very quickly. It's hard to win from inside the circle. Yeah. Not impossible. But no, it is hard. But it's not, not easy. Uh, no. And um, so it was nice to play it because I haven't played it for a long time. So I opted to go in the middle. Strangely, I have never lost being in the middle. Mm. Uh, no one likes to show off. But I've never <laughs> won being on the outside. The thing is, you've got, um, you can charge, you know, you, it's a very small distance to get a turn one charge in, um, in, in ambush. Yeah. So if you've got a big army that's got lots of tanks, it's hard to not have something within, you know, at least... 12, 12 inches from when somebody else is setting up, which means all you've got to do is put your squad of you know Terminators or whatever there. And well, you, get, you get the job. advantage of if you're in the middle, you get to go first. There is that, but like I said, it doesn't always work out when you're you know um, dealing with blooming robots. That so the the advantage that this is much for my army, if you like, and the advantage for the Iron Circle is that they've got this four plus invon against. Um, blast templates i think it's four plus re-rolling so they're really hard to take out with blast templates they're actually relatively easy to take out with strong ap weapons that aren't necessarily ap3 or below so um auto cannons for example are pretty good against them because they got they got they get a three plus save and they can't re-roll it well they do get a six plus feeling of pain i think with their um sort of chosen rule with their bodyguard so um all of my stuff's obviously you know the the big gun off the storm hammer the twin um, battle cannons, the demolisher cannons, the plasma cannons. Obviously, they're all blast templates, which he can four plus and re-roll for. So, and there's a lot of wounds on a 
you know, four iron circle as well as Perturabo. So it was always a, it was, it was a tough ask, but um, good fun as always. And um, managed to sort of um, lead his guys around the board uh, to try and get into a sort of scoring point. I can't remember which one it was. It might've been the one where you get points to being in a deployment zone. You know, if you've got a scoring units in a deployment oh, zone. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't remember. Shatter Strike, possibly? Yeah, I remember Sounds... that mission all too well, but anyway. So, I think we drew in the end, but I'm almost convinced that he won it. So, I think he won on the attrition. I think we got the same kind of points for the various objectives, primary objectives, but he clearly won on secondary objectives. The Stormhammer got whacked. Um, the Everything was in bits, pretty much, um, apart from, I think I managed to get one scoring unit left, which I was quite proud that they survived, to be honest with you. And my commander survived, which is always good. So, yeah, all in all, but always good fun. And I really like playing against uh, Dean's army because it is a challenge. Um, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, but of course, we also had our game at Wormwell, didn't we? Oh, yeah, oh, we played yeah, 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 we, we did, we did. We, we had our test out, my test out of the Mechanicum and yeah. make sure that mine and Graham's uh, list wasn't too too overly powered. And we, we took on Michael. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was it was a fun game. It was a... Should have taken the Typhon. <laughs> <laughs> you probably so, should have taken the Typhon. This is true. Did we win that one? We did win that one, yeah. We, um, yes, we, we didn't hold back. Yeah. But then well, I think it was quite good because we were, we were obviously umming and ahhing about what this was going to take, even with the public vote clearly saying, Graham, take the double Arcuses. And then we kind of had a look, a look round at all the other people who were playing on the Friday who were practicing, and it was like, that person's got four arcuses. Yeah. <laughs> double. They got double. Double, double, yeah. So whatever it is, I'm not going to be that guy or the that guy. I may no. be that guy, but there's a degree of that guyness, if you like. So. I that think when list, you, I don't want to talk about that list. No, I know you got you got yeah. hurt, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah. think I think this this the game that we played. We were quite because you had like dreadnoughts. I'm looking at the photos I've got here. You had quite a lot of vehicles in the list that you were playing against us. Um yeah. And then like three or four rhinos, a couple of dreadnoughts. I think I put up the report on the on the website, didn't I? Are you Uh, using the new the new app? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used the new app to put up the report. We were able to pick you off. It was the infantry kind of bit the dust there It was difficult because you were in a gun line and uh it's a it's a a gun line that we established on the Friday afternoon and we didn't leave until Sunday (laughs) afternoon. You had a lot. You had a lot of um, long range, um, high strength weapons. It, we did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did. It was. Um, whereas my list had to get into your zone really to deal with it. Yes. Yeah, I agree. It was a good fun game though. Enjoy. Yeah, it was, it was a good laugh. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a good uh, game. It was, it was a good just... game. Um, I just should have taken the Titan. Yeah, that was. It was, it was good to get practicing as well. I think. Um, yeah. You and I playing together. Uh, Chris and well, also it's the first time I'd used the Mechanicum, so exactly. So that was good. So yeah, it was a, it was definitely a fun list to play against, Chris. Um, I I definitely play against that list again. Uh, well, you know, both of your list again. They were, they were <laughs> yeah. my um, my, my Ursarax Suicide Squad throwing themselves at. I think it was now. What was Something, it? Uh, Something uh, beasted them. Was oh, it they, got they got flamed. They got flamers. Yeah, the heavy yeah. flamers. Uh, they yeah, killed yeah. out. A, killed the uh, Contemptor. Turned round and met burning pain of. Immeasurable quantities. Yeah, they went up against uh, my contemptor. Um, lost one to the chain fist. That's right. Or two to the chain fist, I think actually. Yeah, so strength mm. ten. So and then, um, yeah. 
And then, uh, and then my uh, heavy famous squad got out and burned them to death. Yeah, yeah, because they're four plus armor save, so they're getting no save at all. I think you should right. be looking for your six plus feeler pains. Actually, they don't get those. Those tracks don't get them, do they? It's just uh, that. Yeah, the the, the, the um, they make it, they get six ups. Yes, because they're the same as the uh, yeah, the, the lowest paranks is their yeah. armor. So yeah, that is a definite downside, and that was something that I suffered from when I was using my sword auxiliary against Michael's army was the um inevitable destruction that was caused by heavy flame in us yeah that heavy flame unit is not fun not even slightly no it's uh it's why it's a staple of my death guard list yeah no absolutely yeah. i would take it every day of the week for, you know. especially yes. the uh, the only disadvantage is the shred uh, sorry the that gets hot yeah, shred is not a disadvantage. Yeah, shred I mean, is brilliant. I mean, it yeah. literally tears them apart. Anyway, um, okay, I did play a, a game other than that this month. I played against um, I played against Paul Briggs and his Space Wars at Durham Raiders. Oh, yes. uh, we played Tiny Carnage. My list was a little harsh because I had a Typhon, a Plasma Moritat, <laughs> <laughs> and a Leviathan. <clears throat> How many times have Paul played this game? Uh, it's fairly new. I'm fairly new. I didn't realise how new he was. Otherwise, I would. So you told... you took the what's that one two three four of the toughest units in the, oh and an in, in the in the yeah. meta yeah so okay I forgot I forgot there was an Arcus in there yeah. yeah so you took the four of the the toughest units in the meta and unleashed them on a poor unsuspecting individual yeah well the Arcus did nothing all game. It did huh. absolutely. It did nothing. What did, what did the Typhon do? It didn't have yeah. to. Typhon yeah. did everything. The Typhon, oh, the Typhon wiped out uh, two squads of uh, Grey. Is it Grey Slayers? Grey Hunters? Grey Slayers. Slayers. No, in the two turns <laughs> it stayed on the table. Okay. It was gone by. T- it was gone by the turn two. It'd have to be, wouldn't it? I mean, I, I'm, was it just doing like your strength? So it's a seven-inch blast, strength ten, AP one, no, ignores cover. Yeah. So unless they've got an invulnerable save, they're they're just going to be uh, un- wasted. And it destroyed two laser vindicators. Crikey, that's not bad going. <laughs> oh, and a priest of Fenris. For 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 giggles, for just, laughs. Just to just to finish it off. Yeah. So that and then it got killed by um yeah his uh, his Derrideo and his um. Uh, and his last min- blaze of indicator. There is so. no place for a typhon. It's just, <laughs> and I say that as a man who's got one. I mean, having said yeah. that, I have used it with my weldies because they're generally pretty rubbish. So at least it's something. But yeah, I would. No, it doesn't doesn't belong in that army, not even remotely. What the it definitely, belo- definitely belongs in the yeah. Death Guard. It belongs in the yeah. Death Guard. Actually, it doesn't shouldn't be anywhere near a, a weldies army. I still can't comprehend why the Forge World painted it in that. Livery to advertise the model. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> they painted it that colour, not me, Governor. No, I know, absolutely. <laughs> Just... But anyway, so um, it was. It was quite good. Um, it was quite good, he says. It was quite good in the, the game. Uh, the la- the plasma moritat was just brutal. It took out two dreadnoughts. Two dreadnoughts. What shooting in the back or just dancing on sixes? Shooting in the back. Uh, one and uh, glancing the other was it box treads or contemptors contemptors blimey we had a we had a run in with the plasma moritat didn't we on um yeah we did yeah we had a plasma gun moritat um chris in third of skulls one of the guys had one yeah much better model now uh, uh, mu- i think i honestly don't remember coming across okay him. he's much better now that they they've changed the rules for the for the moritat 
he's 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 a lot he's a lot he's a lot more interesting to play and you're gonna you're gonna absolutely rip rip face with him now yeah um beforehand giving him twin plasma cut was a was a absolute you know no no wasn't it because that you would rather get gets hot on a two or something and it ended everything yeah yeah but now it's now it's much better um yeah because my more attack for my ultramarines is with a volkite and a plasma which yes. now I'm like, oh, it's not really the best loadout now. But still, I'd, I'd still take that. Uh, so what was, the, what was the score in the end? Uh, the score at the end was 10-1 to me. Oh, well, what's, what's that? You know, it was 10-1 between friends, it apart from one. a heartbreaking event that made, you know, <laughs> shatter his perspective of how the game gets played. It's okay. He, I spoke to him the other day. He still seemed very chirpy about the whole thing. So it had no lasting damage done, Michael. Whew. Yeah, it was a, it was I was horrible. I was horrible. I should not have taken that list. Not I think the it would have been. The, I think the Typhon was the, is the toughie there. Oh, the Leviathan didn't do too badly itself. It, it, it killed a squad of Terminators, a t- ten-man squad of Terminators. Um, then it moved on and killed a Derradeo. And then it killed then it his... then it moved on just like that. Mm. Then it killed discarded then... its prey and moved on. Moved on for some more humiliation. Then it killed his uh, last contemptor. He took had three contemptors in the list. Ouch. Um, and yeah, that that Leviathan fi- only just got killed by a uh, by the last remaining laser vindicator. So yeah, at the end of the game, all he had left was a vindicator and two missile launcher heavy support marines. Crikey, that is horrific. Thing is, Leviathans are a bit hit and missy for me. Some say some games you have them and they they are just spectacularly good, and they just make every four plus invulnerable save known to man. Yeah. You know they're getting the charges off, so they're getting plus one initiative on the charge, and they're doing you know all sorts of damage with those strength tens. Um, and other games you you'll pop his head out of cover and he'll get shot and then be immobilized or something, and it's just like oh that's three hundred plus points sitting there doing nothing for the rest of the game. So they can be a bit I think uh, hit and miss, but um. They're a good unit because you can't. They're another one of those units that you can't really ignore. Particularly, I think the close combat version is better personally than any guns on them. I, I don't know. I've got uh, two for my ultramarines. One with uh, one with um, a storm cannon and uh, the grab thing, and one with just close combat weapons. Yeah. And I, for my death guard, I give it storm cannon and a siege claw. And I gotta say, I think I think the the, the combo works better personally. What the storm? See, I don't. Storm cannon is quite strength seven AP four, isn't it? Six shots or something. Six, mm-hmm. six. I don't really rate it. I think personally, I mean, it's play style, isn't it? Usually, I've got other shooty things, so I'll use the um, Leviathan for the Iron Warriors as a, a kind of like a bouncer to deter yeah. people from charging my army, um, because they know that he's going to come in there and you know cause merry hell. So um, yeah, I think with a balance, it's, but in close combat, as a dread as dreadnoughts go, he's he's a tough nut to crack. So yeah, good games though. Uh, so yeah, been an interesting month. So on to the next thing then. So next month, what other hobby commitments? So Chris, any commitments? Now you're going to be going into your hibernation period until <clears throat> se- September, I guess. Yeah, yeah, about yeah, September. Yep, so back into back into uh, hibernation. So hibernation is basically going to be this time round. Uh, getting, I'm going to get plan to get two more models for the Mechanicum just to get them up to about 3,000 points. What you Maybe two and a half. Uh, a Domitar and a uh, one of the Thanatar. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I just need to get those two just, uh, two models just to push it up, push it up. But because I've got them at two thousand points now already, right? So it's just getting them maybe Another to three thousand points. Yeah. yeah, I was so but impressed with that. Oh, bits yeah, I've got the um, they were yeah, they did all right. They did they did pretty well. They as I, as I said before, and I said to you guys, I, I enjoyed playing them. I think I enjoyed playing with them because of the situation which we were playing. Right, okay. If that makes sense, I think I enjoy playing them because it was you and me having a yeah. good weekend, playing a lot of fun games. They don't excite me to play. Right, I'm with if you. If that makes sense. Um, so there's another project afoot for those, which I've started doing, Got started you. making purchases for. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to get a couple of models done for them, just a bit more painting. And then, so today, I, well, not today, but today my... Uh, new Primark turned up, which is oh, who's that? Dare I ask? Sanguinius. What? Not and Dawn. Not yeah, Dawn's on his way as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm gonna do a, a Blood Angels army next. And is this going to your your tame professional painter, Mr. Adam Smith? Yeah, because a he's a Blood Angels painter. He is a Blood Angels player. Yes, and he's also a big thing for the Blood Angels. Yeah, when I told him on Monday, he was quite excited about the idea. So okay, cool. That's good. Um, and Dawn were going to him as well. Nice. Uh, so it's getting them. But yeah, so Blood Angels is going to be the next. So I bought some Sanguinary Guard. And we went to Warhammer World. And the entire time at Warhammer World, I'd, I, I'm denied about making that purchase. You did. Um, I didn't help them. You, you didn't help for a couple of reasons. That Which I, we'll come on to. It's a... but we'll, we'll come on to that situation yeah. later. <laughs> um, right, then, it did help it, I mean, it helped not with not making that purchase at that particular time mm. but then we got the uh, stuff from the weekend where they were talking about the books coming out and they released that image of the front cover of Lost and the Damned oh yeah yeah with Sanguinius and the Sanguinary Guard and at that point I just went nope that's it I'm done take my money Mm. Take my take the hard earned cash. Take my 130 quid or whatever it is because I bought some of the Blood Angels heads. Because well, the because the Sanguinary Guard models, oh, basically I just want them for the jump packs and the swords. Right. And then it'll be Mark Four Assault Squads bodies probably. I don't think I want the um the ripped torsos if that makes sense. Yes. And they won't have the sang the sang uh. Sanguinis's death mask face because he's still alive. And, cool. and the, so, what, so what are you going to use them for? As an assault squad or as um? They're going to they're going to be command squad. They are neither, neither my friend. My plan <laughs> for my sanguinis for the blangers. I've, I've done a list in Battlescribe because basically that's how I do my things. Now that's basically a shopping list. Um, <laughs> so what I'm going to have? Do you know what? Yeah. Actually, thinking about it, you said that. There's a there's an app there, isn't there? Basically, that converts a, um, a Battlescribe XML file into a order API called straight to, to Forgeworld. Yeah. Does yeah. It, buy is this. There? No, they should be, shouldn't they? Oh, right, tell, you, yeah. tell you how much the uh, how much the model is. Um, well, you know, we can start working that. We'll have that yeah. uh, copyrighted by the time that this episode goes out. <laughs> um, no, so they are going to. So I'm only going to use. Well, to start with, I'm going to use three of them, and the plan is there's going to be Sanguinius. Uh, one of them will be a Praetor to represent Ascalon, and two others will be Legion champions. So there'll only be three of them. Right. 
and they will rock around together or individually and cause merry hell. Wowzers. Because that's a a big chunk of points. But I want them to look. I I want them to be good. If that makes sense, I want yeah. them to look act like their bodyguards to Sanguinius. I mean, I did realise after I'd had this idea. That's not massively different from the idea that I have for the Custodies. Do you know with, what? Uh, with Valder on the, with Valder on the, the Heteron. Uh, <laughs> all the idea, all the idea I've got for Dawn and the Herskull <laughs> I want to do. <laughs> that's fine, because they're going to have jump packs and they'll be different. Um, and they're all gold. So not as Pete Reese, because uh, I put a comment on this for the, the picture, uh, yes. saying, oh, as if I needed more inspiration. And Pete Reese went, are they gold and yellow? Check. <laughs> uh, yes. Does he carry a spear? Yes. There we go. Sign me up. Yes. So that's yeah. So that's that's going to be the, the what I want to get is to sort of get those to a sort of started model, start work on that process. And so, um, so what you're saying is for your ideal to get you excited to coin to coin a phrase earlier, what you need is a very powerful figure surrounded by bodyguards, and then just tack anything else on because it's I don't totally think, relevant. Not really. <laughs> not really. No. I. I I think I like those characters, a because I mean I haven't used Dawn. No, that's I would, true. You know I haven't. I I never used Dawn. I would use Sanguin. Uh, uh, not. I used Sigismund because I had Templar brethren and it made yes. sense. Yes. Um, to use that, I think I like using because these characters have a these characters are characters if that makes sense. They've got a story behind. They've them, got a story to it. You can. Uh, there's an emotive response to them. Yep. And I think that's that's and also that Sanguinius model is great. Basically, I am a, I'm, I'm a remainer of the ultimate form when it comes to public votes for what army we're going to do. So we're going to do Sons of Horus. <laughs> that's fine. I'm also going to do Blood Angels. Yeah, never. Yeah, that's fine. You can have what you want, but I'm also going to have this bit oh, on the side, which is going to be mine. So um, what's the what's the plan here? Because this is so you're going to have all sorts of. I mean, I, I'm I'm guessing a very much a siege of terror theme. So you've got custodians, you've got. I've, um, yeah, I've, I'm basically covering. If someone wants to attack terror, they've got to knock on my door first. I see what you mean because you've got the blood angels, you've got uh, the mechanicum, you've got the yeah. imperialists, you've got the custodians, all of whom were, um, you know, fully present and correct in terms yeah. of the siege of terror. So the thing that I like about some themes these, there, some themes. Yeah, there. there's there's ways I can use them all. Yes, uh, by mixing them and that's the thing i like is you know people said why didn't you do a traitor army it's like well i've got these three armies already the mechanicum are only the ambiguous one yes you know i've already kind of thought about how ways i can put the blood angels and the fist together to make them pretty cool um yeah. and you know it's not like i'm ever going to get dawn sanguinius and valdor on the table unless we play some kind of crazy game um yeah, you'd have there's, a job, wouldn't there's you? There's no, no way you can do it. There's no real way you can do it unless you, yeah, yeah there's, there's no way you can do it, actually. So. Unless you throw caution to the wind and say, right, you can bring anything. Yeah, or we were playing a particular, like, if we were having a mess about game and. Yeah, like an apocalypse narrative yeah. thing or something. Yeah, yeah. and you, you guys, you know, someone put Lorgar, Perturabo, and, you know, Mortarian Angron. down. Or, yeah, yeah, Angron, Perturabo, and um, Mortarian down. Yes. Any time we would ever, you know, yeah. ever bust them out. That would work. But yeah, I just want to. They're that they're a quick assault army, so that's going to be the plan, really. Mm. They, they fill both. They fill the little gap in my 
in my uh, in my mind really very good okay. adam did point out he went so how many armies have you got for bloody for heresy now i was like yeah this will be number four and how four. many times do you play about twice a year <laughs> <laughs> but you play 10 games in those I, I, yeah i mean and also if um for instance like dave when he comes up it, it's another yeah. option yeah you know we were, me and him were talking about it the other day i said well you've got a choice of like five or six armies now for whatever you want to take at comedy of legends between me and graham we've got most things most things covered most things covered so very cool but yeah so that's my plan is yeah, sanguinary guard and then bits and pieces to tidy up lovely that sounds very cool nice okay um what about yourself michael what's your commitments for next month uh well i've got a bunch of stuff to clear from under my desk in sort of like a, a couple of boxes of to do so i think what i'm gonna initially do this month is concentrate a bit on terrain um because obviously it is september is approaching no oh, no tell me about it it's scary isn't it yeah, so it really uh i'm gonna start working terrain so i want to get um let's let's be gentle with me here <laughs> uh, i'd like to do a um i'll do a half that half set of stc riser ruins but one take long yeah. to knock out um the uh sector frontiers i have two um and i'm gonna do um oh i do have a big pile of um uh, uh, of the uh, the armored crates that that Andrew has asked me to paint for the club. Okay. So okay. like, so like uh, four sets of those. Exciting month ahead. No figures, no models for your own uh, pleasure. Uh, probably, but there won't be heresy. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, there might be, but it depends on timing. Gotcha. Um, and stuff, because I've got I'm doing that army for Nikki as well, and that's taking time, and I want to try and get some more of that done desperately okay um, fair enough cool so i'm not going to do that much heresy this month what i do do for heresy i might do a squad for heresy it just depends on timing and stuff and whether i feel like it um if i do it'll be an ultramarines uh volkite uh culver and squad Oof, your favorite yeah never get enough volkite so i think i'm gonna finish my son off so that's that army done completely don't have to go back to that for some time uh, and then it's on to the next project, which will probably be the Salamanders. So I need to uh, assemble the HQ that I bought for that. And I've also bought some fire drakes and a storm eagle pre-painted um, off a friend. Uh, so I need to do a little bit of tarting up on those. Um, but I need to get some troops built. because The plan for these guys is to have them as an ally detachment for the solar or something along those lines. So um, I don't want to do 3,000 points of... Um, Salamanders, though I have a horrible suspicion that that will soon be a distant dream. And that it'll, it'll get away from you before you know it. It will do because I'm going to order the um, uh, venerable Salamanders, venerable dreadnoughts. I really like the idea behind um, Cassius, whatever his name is, reborn. Um, and he goes well with the HQ choice which I've got, which is Zafia's Zer, which was the one of the ones we got from the Secret Horus thing that we did uh, just after uh, the New Year. Hmm. So. Um, I can already see it getting its own momentum, if I'm honest with you. Yeah. So Ooh, there was another model I did paint this month. Do I mention it here or later on? I don't know. It depends. 
the uh, the one that I wasn't entirely happy with. The one you it's just some sort of riddle that we've. I sent him the last, last, last end of last week. I sent I sent you a picture. Um, was oh, the black? The, um, the chaplain. Yeah. Oh Chapman, yeah. Yeah. Chapman. Okay. Yeah. So Praetor. Praetor. Sorry. Yeah. Chaplain. He's a chaplain. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I'd do because I'm I'm like I don't want to paint white until I use the contrast paints, um, which um changed my mind on that one. But I thought I'd do a Justarian Chaplain, um, for the uh you know the first company elite for the Sun to Horus as a a test model because I decided I, I'm going to do all the Justarian stuff. Um. Fair enough. And I've, I've got the damage you can have. Sorry. I've got a load of cataphractite terminators kicking around up down here if you want them. Awesome. Well, they can be both. They can be both. But, you know, so um, there is a specific Justarian squad. Yeah. But the Justarian were basically anyone in the first company. Um, so Abaddon's company. And I did the um, I did the the the, cha- the chaplain from the um, Betrayal at Calf, uh, Space Marine hero set. Yeah. Uh, Graham's got the Praetor now. Uh-huh. And um, I'm really happy with the base. Really happy with the base. You know that bit of verdigris and the and the rust on there just looks really really good, um, but the black armor, not so good. I just followed a uh, black legion um, painting guide because right. that is essentially the Justarian scheme. Yeah, but I don't know. My black looks bleh. okay. Well, but I thought it looks alright. It looks right. I think the problem is on the photo it brings out the um. You can kind of see the see the the layers of the paint, if that makes sense. I mean, it looks better in person. But yeah, I mean, yeah. That's the I think the photo just does it, it doesn't doesn't do it, um, justice. doesn't do it justice. That's the only thing I wouldn't worry too much, fella. Yeah, really happy with the base though. Really happy with the base because I'll send you the it was, it was a uh, Warhammer TV tutorial. I'll send the, you you guys the link to that because that's all right. It's just for Necromunda bases. Um, actually, some... go on, mate. Sorry. Because that's the base scheme that we said we were going to go with the the Necroman yeah. style bases. So yeah, the ones that I'm using. Yes, and I've put in because I'm sending you some for Abaddon and Loken, aren't I? Uh, I've got well, I've got bases left over. Do you want them? Okay, you've so got, don't, you've got I've, I bought an absolute. I bought tons when I um, started the robots. Ah, so right, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, you know, I love a texture base. So yeah. um, have you so got don't... the forty? Have you got the forty mil? Yeah, because that's what the robots are on. So. Yeah, because uh, Abaddon's on a 40 mil base and Loken is on a 25 mil base, but we'll put them uh, both in 40s. Well, no, Loken goes on a 32. Oh, 32. 32 mil, yeah. oh yeah, true. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got I've got 40 mil ones. So if you've got oh. a, if there's a 32 one kicking around, but I don't know if there is. Oh yeah, I got 32. Oh, got it's just 32. one of those then. If, if I just right. I just bought a bunch more from. From Games Workshop as well. Yeah, because they're really cheap. It's not three quid, aren't they? Three, uh, quid, three quid for four. forty mils, and oh, I think four, four quid for thirty-two mils. You get a few more of them, don't you? Yeah, you get ten thirty-two yeah. mils. That's right. Yeah, the you get four for three quid for the yeah forties, and yeah, that's pretty good. That I know. Yeah. You pass. Actually, something else I'm going to paint this month. I bought two Cyclops demolition vehicles for my solar auxiliary. Oh, did you so, actually buy them? I did actually buy them. They were very good. I I was going to buy them at one point. I'm denied about it. And I thought, no, I'm not going to get them. And then I came back and started looking at them in the actual army list and thought, actually, they're quite funny. Um, I am going to buy them. So I thought, I'll go to Forgeworld and buy them. So I went to Forgeworld and bought them and then realized I hadn't changed the delivery from uh, Warhammer World to my house. 
um, which was embarrassing. So I had to phone them up and get it cancelled and resent. But anyway, I have two of those, so I'm going to be painting. Oh, have them. you got have you got them already? Yes. Awesome. So yeah, so I'm um, looking forward to painting them. They're a cool little thing. You know what? You could use them um, almost. They're almost the same size. They're slightly bigger though than the original Apocalypse. Not Apocalypse. The original uh, Epic, Epic yeah, Space Raiders. Marine Land Raiders. So I'm thinking. I'm surprised nobody's kind of cottoned onto that. Use them as some sort mm. of uh, towing vehicle in Titanicus. I, I imagine there's one or two littering bases, painting, like the, tr- the side tracks of them. Yeah, mind you, they are 14 quid a, a, a model, so that is pretty yeah. pricey for some. Have they, have they got a transport option for the Solar Auxilia? What do you mean? Well, because I know in the uh, is it is it um, Krieg? Uh, well, not Krieg, but uh, Astra Militarum in 40k, you can take them in a the back of a Chimera, can't you? Oh no, they can't. No, they they basically this rope remote control thing. And um, I think you have to keep them within 12 inches of a character. I don't think they can be in a vehicle. They can't be transported. But I'll have a look. I'm not sure. They're not. What they, can, they might come under artillery, so they definitely can't go in. But I'll find out. It's a good point. But you can actually give them a D weapon. Sorry, seriously? Seriously. So you can give them. They can be. The profile is really cool. So for the 70 points base, right? And they're toughness six. Two wounds, but they're only armor four, so they're going to get shot to death by any sensible person. They've got a fairly low range, and for them to detonate, you've got to charge. Okay? Um, but they've got three sort of fire modes. One is like a five-inch blast template, like strength five AP4 or something. One's a seven-inch blast template, which you have to pay an upgrade point of like 30 points, I think. So for the large blast, I think it's got a similar kind of strength and AP. And for an extra 50 points for each one of these, you get a D weapon three inch blast, um, which is quite cool. So, right. um, mind you, it's 120 points for something that you use once. So, you know, just to bear in mind, once it goes, it goes. And if you shoot them, they blow up where they are. So, also, last thing you want is them blowing up in your lines with the D weapon going off. So, <laughs> quite cool, though. They're a bit quirky. So, I thought they'd be funny. Let's get some of them. Why not? I've never actually seen one in real life. So, yeah, I think I've seen them before. People use them in like big waves of them, which seems a bit nonsense, really. So I've just got two of them. The idea is that they'll be able to, you know, if it gets too close, we'll unleash the um, the, the cyclopses. Um, it kind of fits with the theme, you know, things like the Ogrins as well. They're a bit bit quirky. They're a bit off um, off the normal, which I like. So, yeah, getting looking yeah, forward to using awesome. them. Awesome. Uh, right. OK, cool. Um so I think that's it for what yes, we've been up to. State so, of the Union. Uh, State of the Union, yeah. So we now move on to State of the Union. So this is where we go through all the uh, the, the news, basically, of what's going on in the hobby in, in, in a wider scope. Uh, and we'll get started with the fact that the Golden Demon is going back to the United States and will be held at Adepticon in 2020, taking the place of the Crystal Brush, which is leaving the event. So Slayer Swords will be up for grabs across the uh, across the pond. Yeah. Right. Who was it talking about the Crystal Brush? Because it's um, uh, Greg it was... and Neil. 
Oh, right, yeah, saying that basically it's that anything goes for the Crystal Brush, doesn't it? And I suppose if they go to the Golden Demon, they're getting rid of it, so each individual company has their own kind of whatever they do, is that yeah. right? Well, Golden Demon's a bit... I, I've not Golden Demon. Crystal Brush is a personally a paint competition I've not really paid that much attention to because it's often the winners are custom sculpts and right. uh, custom busts and stuff, so it's sort of like, yeah, that's not something that i can pick up off the shelf for myself it's right. not as paint you know it's not a model that's been painted to the best of someone's ability that i could go out and try and get experience from often case i mean do you remember a few years ago when they had the um i don't know if you remember it but the the, the daniel craig slash vladimir putin crystal uh, crimson fist vaguely yes yes i've seen pictures of it yeah so that was a custom sculpt and it you know won, won some stuff and it's sort of like yeah it's a bit it's a bit of a weird one. It doesn't really have much to do with, uh, you know, with uh, minis anymore. There's online voting, which is min- which is easy to manipulate. And yeah, right. I'm yeah. just I'm just looking at the crystal brush from from this year, I guess. Um, some of those models are pretty cool, though. Some of the things like there's a cool looking space wolf. Yeah, yeah. It, it does attract some really good stuff. Um, a lot of painters into it, obviously, specifically because you know it's it's. There's a there's a cash prize and ah oh, wow. it's quite a few quid, isn't it? I think it's eight grand or something. Shut it, the front door. Eight, eight <laughs> ten grand in the prize pool varies from year to year, but uh, yeah, it's not my it's not really for me. Um, and as <laughs> you know, some people have said, you know, some of the, some of the models that did really well, they they know what angle they're going to get photographed from, which will be the sole consideration. And I think it was Neil. Was it Neil from Imperial Truth who was saying that one of the models that he looked at had a massive, great big mold line down the back of it, where that's not where people are going to see it? So, oh, right, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. Cunning like the fox, all the old tricks. So yeah. it's like, uh, uh, you know, and bits like they only do the best bit of the model that, that's going to get photographed and put online, and right. so it's a whole different level of painting. Whereas the Golden Demons are very, you know, holistic all round model thing this is a specific angle and there's a some there is some computer manipulation of the images i was just gonna say because i'm just i said i'm just looking at i've just sent the link in our messenger yeah uh, yeah for for graham and you guys to look at for the winners of last year um because yeah i was saying about the digital effects like that space wolf i thought was a picture i thought it was artistic like a, a drawing kind of thing as opposed to actually a painted miniature because the textures on it look yeah, there there Amazing. is some there is some computer. I mean that that space wolf is actually it is a paint it is a painting, but there is some computer manipulation in the uh in the photos they put up. Yeah. But that 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 wolf priest that's a that's a custom sculpt. Yeah, yeah, no, you you couldn't you couldn't pick that off the shelf, could you? But it just, exactly. Hey, it looks amazing. Yeah, I mean they do look great. It's just crikey that's a that is a, that is amazing actually yeah you're not yeah, wrong it's, it's amazing it's amazing painting there was absolutely no no doubt of that but it's just not necessarily re- yeah. it doesn't necessarily relate to um to war gamers as a whole so I, I I no, it's, it's a painting competition not a, not a yeah, war game not a war game painting competition yeah, but, yeah yeah by the way okay so uh graham do you want to do the next piece yeah, sorry, I was slightly enamoured. I mean, yeah, yeah. Were, yeah, were you looking ones. at the, Were you looking at the woman riding the purple tiger? Oh, I hadn't got that far, honest, Gov. Yeah. Um, 
I wasn't looking at that at all. I don't know why you think I am some sort of perv. Well, you were the one that wanted the naked man part earlier. So <laughs> history is on my side. I think you're right. The evidence would point that that direction. Uh, the actual one of um, the guy on the Pegasus is very cool as well. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, back to heresy. Um. So, where are we? Caesar or a second one? Yeah. Also, Games Workshop are launching their own new global painting competition, the Ever Chosen. Uh, details of which are coming in the future, but they did. Uh, forge a new sword for the competition which you can see in a video so uh, yeah the, got some more details of that coming up later in the news okay cool so yep uh, right Siege of Terror now has its own handy little website uh, where you can see the map of the solar system that you know they, they get the book from uh, get information on the authors see their interviews and buy the books I mean there's a Warhammer community article about it it's not really that big a deal it's not beyond uh, it doesn't go beyond that map oh the map the, yeah the map yeah. is a big deal the map is a great deal because uh yeah they put up a high resolution version of that map and i have downloaded it and it is currently my wallpaper have you, oh, where is that where do i find such a thing you don't you have to go into the html <laughs> to look at the source code to get it i'll send it to you oh yeah please do yeah i'll send it to you but it is really really good <laughs> okay um, oh, so Oh, well, that map that they've sent you, you've got, done the, what, the HTML and got the image. Yeah, I just looked the at URL. the source and got the, and got the, I just looked okay. at the source imagery and got the, uh, download nice. the image. Um, that needs to come as a print from Warhammer Art. That, Warhammer Art need to get their bums out and get I mean, that as a print. Uh, the, the, if you've got that as a high quality H, uh, image, uh, I mean, how big is that image file? Uh, let's have a look. I've, is it on my desktop right now? Because uh, we can get that printed. Yes, but that would be naughty, would it not? For personal use. Um, I've got it here. It is a... Right, let's click on the properties. Um, it is a <laughs> JPEG. It is 2,800 by 1,983 pixels. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, uh, nice. <laughs> I'll just pull up that to send to you now, uh, Chris. Um, but yeah, that was that was. I, I know it's naughty of me to to go in and and tech it, but I you know that you know that they're going to be um absolutely uh, <laughs> tying that down going oh, forward now. Yeah, well, they tied I, I, down some of the the videos on the new painting website, which we'll mention later on, but um, which is slightly annoying by putting it with a strange format because um, I do like to. Uh, as this sounds bad, but because I'm used to Games Workshop getting rid of stuff that we like i download all the tips of the day that i want okay. onto my hard drive and like the stuff that's on the the actual painting website is is locked into some weird format that i've not come across before so okay fair play i'm like cause I, as i said i it might be it might just be the the paranoia in me but i'm used to games workshop going along and saying yeah this is really good people love this we're gonna get rid of it <laughs> so, uh, i know we're you know sort of talking about uh, Briefly talking about things for sort of Colony of Legends next year, 20, you know, 2020, and you know, we, we like our maps now. We do. But that is, that would it's be um, something special. It's something special. But I've just, I've just messaged that, that file to you. Exactly. Um, yeah, something like that. I, I'm not going to put Somehow. it up for anyone else to download. If you, if you want it, go to the site, get it yourself. Oh, should we just, <laughs> should we just cut this section out? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, you know, sure it's, it's, it's a file. As long as you don't, as long as you don't go and try and make profit off it. No, no, I, I just want that on my 
you know i mean that's what that's the key i was just using it as a desktop and i think it's a cool desktop and i really wish that yeah. gw will put it out there as a desktop uh you know for for those who are not necessarily that computer literate as i said i'm not going to advise people to tell people exactly what to do where to get it from but it's easy enough to do it's really simple but there's some it's all you know but there's some really cool little ideas in there for it's things. a beautiful piece of artwork beautiful piece yeah. of artwork. beautiful piece of artwork okay so uh graham not graham chris hello oh. me again sorry just distracted by pretty pictures <laughs> if they have kind of thing uh right the warhammer tv published another two seizure terror interviews this time with aaron dempsey bowden and dan abnett and i didn't see the aaron dempsey bowden one i did watch the dan abnett one i have not um, seen either of them yet. oh no the dan abnett one was really good dan abnett always gives a good interview yeah he, but he was talking about like the the process of you know when they were all in the room and things like this and mapping it all out i think he said it was um you know they were mapping out terror and uh, they were all going, uh, you know, going through the history. I think he said that it was John French who went, shall we, um, shall we map out the solar system first? <laughs> and they went, oh, yeah, we hadn't thought about that. You know, that, that process that they all kind of realised that, oh, actually, this is much bigger than we'd perhaps kind of considered originally. Yeah, yeah. And now yeah. we go through and <laughs> then they mapped out the solar system and things like that. But, yeah. Quite interesting getting his sort of point of view on it because obviously he's the one that wrote the first book. Potentially, I guess, may write the last book. We don't know. Uh, I, I, think, I think I'd put a, a good five pounds on it being him that wrote the last book uh, at your local gambling establishment. I don't know if I want him to write the last book though. I, I think there are other moments he'd be great at it, but there's a part of me that's thinking, you know what, Aaron Dembski Bowden would, would write a killer last book. Unless they do it like a compilation book, that's the only way I can think of how you would get around it. Would be doing they each do a chapter or something. It's like quite they, hard to do like, that. As many yeah, no, no, yeah. We, even we found that just trying to write our own very small, not very detailed narrative, and two know, of us writing it simultaneously. Two of us, two, we're not professional writers, and we're exactly. not anywhere worthy of looking at the feet of these gentlemen. <laughs> well, I'm sure whoever they get to do it, and I think you're probably right. It's probably going to be Dan Abner. Um, though, as I said, uh, if they could get, uh, if they could, if they could get, um, if Aaron Damsky Bowden did it, I would, or even John French, I wouldn't be upset. Okay. But no, but no it's all. Um, but yeah, no, they're definitely worth a listen to if you a you like listening to great authors, and b if you really like, you know, you're intrigued about what's going to be coming up over the next however long Seizure Terror is meant to last. Can't remember now. Eight books, so Eight probably books. a few years, yeah. Yeah, probably two a okay. year. All right. Um. So uh, it's me next, isn't it? it yes, indeed. Seamless. Yeah, I'm gonna have to start seamless. marking them. <laughs> it's <and> say, seamless. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to start marking them and say who does what bit. Can I? We can I talk now, please? We we totally. We, yeah. We, you know, impress on people that we are professionals. Actually, I, I think people are fully aware. <laughs> so, uh, skull skulls for the Skull Throne Three happened, which sounds bizarre. Uh, uh, it's over. So, if you're relying on the news, you missed out. What is what it is? What is it? It's a sale of Warhammer games on Steam. Uh, they launched several new ones, which was cool, all at a discount. But importantly, everything else had a nice discount, including some heresy ones, in the form of the Horus Heresy Betrayal at Kalf. Horus Heresy Legions and Talisman. Um, 
Yeah, and the horror, talisman, sorry, talisman, the horror's heresy. So yeah, you missed out on that if you wanted it. Unlucky, um, but yes, some some good games in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there uh, what's what's the betrayal at Calf one? Isn't there? there was a game called Betrayal at Calf. It is, is it the, a... the board game. No, it's a. Um, I wish it was the board game. I think that would be better. It's a. Uh, it's a, it's got VR as well on it. It's a. Um, it's sort of like a combat fighting game. Type of thing. I don't have it, so okay. um, I haven't bought it. Right, okay, fair enough. But it is a, 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 a yeah, it's basically it's, it's not very good. Uh, okay. I, it doesn't look very good, I'll say. I'll, I'll be honest, it doesn't look very good. It doesn't look very good, but I don't have it, so yeah, I can't no, comment no for harm. sure. No but foul. I think it's mostly as a VR game that it right, okay, yeah. And so, Horus Heresy Legions is the card game thing. Uh, yes. Yeah, which, I've been, which I've been playing actually, it's rather good. Yes, it is yeah. really good. It is really good. Um, and uh, I'm all, yeah, t- I, I'm always scared about playing it like against other people though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And then Talisman Horus Heresy. I like Talisman. Yeah, the, the Horus Heresy version. It's got a really good soundtrack. Um, I really like that one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a great. It's a great. Um, it's a great little game. Very cool. So yeah, definitely worth uh, definitely worth a look at, I think. Um, nice. But yeah, so they, they, that was uh, that that sale happened, obviously over. But you know, <laughs> yeah. might, you know, don't depend on us for the news. I think we Actually. did tweet about it though. Okay, if you say so. I well think not tweet, not tweet about yeah. it. Post it on Facebook. I which think we did become a tweet. Okay, fair enough. We don't uh, we don't really use Twitter, so no, we don't. No, we don't. it's 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 there. It kind of floats around. Yeah, even installed on my phone. Uh, so what's next? Uh, yeah, so uh, we had Warhammer Community. Uh, obviously, I should have probably put this in with the paint stuff, but um, mm. I'll talk about it anyway. Um, yeah, because we're going to have a whole little bit of section of news afterwards about paint. Um, but you know what? I'll just mention it here. Why not? I haven't edited it. To yeah, you can tell I've done a real top-notch job this week, can't, uh, this month, can't you? Um, <laughs> okay, so they talked about Battle Ready, which is the new standard uh, events we think, um, because that seems to be what they're talking about. They talked about Battle Ready and Parade Ready. Um, so uh, Battle Ready seems to be sort of getting the base colours on, um, uh, giving a giving a, a, a wash and putting a, and putting some basing material on. Uh, to be done and then parade ready seems to be you know taking it that next few bits further with some dry brushing or edge highlights or what have you so um yeah so i think that's what it's going to be um personally i think this is a good thing because i'd rather see more painted armies on a table uh than fewer painted armies on the table i must admit that, that, that i was a little bit disappointed with some of the painted army standards at the front of skulls um uh because some of them were just really really you know just basic colors no shading nothing like that and it's a bit disappointing to see that on forge world models um i'm not having a go at you david because <laughs> uh, he's he's very much a work in progress but you know i saw some models and they were like oh yeah it took me ages to work on this and it's like it's just a flat color but right there may have been hours of, of layering to get it to that flat color yeah yeah that thing but Oh, there was one guy. I mean, you know what? I'm not going to paint shame anyone because if that's the old level of skill, that's cool. But um, the more we can encourage people to do better, the, the good. And if if if, if uh, contrast paints do that, great. But there was one guy who'd rattle canned some tanks for his blood angels with the the, the um with the red, 
uh, I can't remember what the red is called. Uh, Mephiston Red. Is it Mephiston Red? Yeah. Mephiston Red. Uh, and he was like, yeah, that's done. Okay, that's, like, a bit, that's a bit much, maybe. And it was like, really? a bit much. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I put, I, 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 yeah, that was it. No, no, nothing else. And it was sort of like, you know. Mm, fair enough. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what people want to play. But come on, try a bit harder, guys. It's fun. But, yeah. you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say everyone needs to do a Miles. Painting you know, is not, painting is not fun. I, I, <laughs> one thing about this I hate, but admittedly, I'll try harder than that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? About you know, do you, do I get any? And that is interesting because I was thinking about this. You know, if you speak to painters or good painters, they get a huge amount of enjoyment out of painting, and they look at a model and think, actually, that's the model I want to paint. That model, right? I look at a model and go, I bet that's really good on the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> but to get it there i've got to paint it right so yeah. I think it's slightly different so but yeah and it's true i mean we chris and i both uh when we uh when i sort of started playing i suppose um adam smith who we've talked about was um he used to work as a manager or worked at games workshop and back then games workshop were quite strict about the brighton store certainly seemed quite strict about in the in the 16 years that I've known him, if there is an unpainted, doesn't matter who it is, if there yeah. is an unpainted model on the board, the it, slightly angry vein will form on yes, his forehead. It, it would. You'd have the little eyebrow raise and the angry vein. Yeah. Would or if the models out. aren't WYSIWYG as well, that's also another. Oh one. yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, but the thing is, I've kind of inherited that. Yeah. <laughs> and and now I'm like, what do you mean? That's a, that's not. That's clearly not a melting gun, is it? You know, it's like because he was like that with us, so maybe that's one of those things that sort of rubs off. But from this, I've gone the other way and gone, no, just just no, yeah, anyway, yeah. So, I think that'd be a good thing to get some more painting, um, painting, you know, thing on the car. I mean, a great thing the article said doesn't matter if your model is a Slayer Sword winner or the first mini you ever painted, it's an achievement. Be proud of your work, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, so Chris. So the uh, talking about oh, where are we now? Sorry, uh, so battle, yeah. The backers of the My Mini Report have been able to download it on Android and iOS. Uh, Michael used it at Throne of Skull to take some brief battle reports. They weren't brief, my friend. They were great. Uh, and it's now out on general release, a price of thirteen ninety nine for non backers. Um, Too bad, is it? It's not. I know. Uh, I have it on my ipad um but i was a bit too invested in the games that we played and i took very few photos over the oh, weekend that i was the same right? skull. yeah we're, we're both terrible for this whereas i mean michael you're the one that's that's used it and you used it to great effect um those little, people loved those little stories up on it's, facebook and they looked it's good. pretty good i like it there's a lot more you can do with the app like putting in you know like uh, it's got symbols and stuff for vehicle you know stunned and stuff like that but i didn't really use many of them all the effects of things shooting out of guns but um yeah, yeah if i had more time i would have for, for an app on one get one week release or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, and this was still slightly beta-y um it's getting there it's almost it's almost ready i mean thankfully they're doing some regular updates for it so i think i've had about three updates this week and it's only wednesday <laughs> um it's it's yeah, I think I would like to use it, but I wouldn't want to use it in a uh, event setting. It's a lot harder to um, to do 
that you know the whole the whole selling point was you can do this in like uh, two minutes at an event and it's like no it takes a bit longer than that yeah i think that's i mean i'd like to do, i'd like to do a game against you for example where we told a story you know or something like that you know and we took the photos deliberately to tell the story like yep. old school white dwarf sort of battle reporting so i, I may try it this weekend at our uh, at our centurion event hey. They fixed mm. the because um, I was using it on my iPad and the problem it had on the iPad was that the keyboard you couldn't get it down. Yeah, they got they fixed they, that. They fixed that now. I've just tried that out, so that might encourage me to use it again. I think Comedy of Legends, what um, might be a good thing for us to do between us is sort of sit on a table mm. and record that table for it and then put them up. You know, like mm. what, you know. As another little bit of hassle for us to stress ourselves out about over that weekend. Yeah, I mean, we've got nothing else to do with the time, no, of course. No, absolutely. <laughs> and sort out everything else. Um, but, I just, yeah, it might be a little idea. Or it's something a good idea. It's a really good idea, I think. Just to do, because although we do the um, live streaming that Michael does brilliantly, you know, the, the more of the event we can get out to people that aren't there. The better. Um, the better, yeah, exactly. And just, you know, there's always some fun. Just choose a table and, you know, or suggest yeah. people. You know, take photos. You know, no, change, you know, take the photos and go from there. Write it down, and we'll, we'll, you know, sort the rest of it out over the night or something. But yeah, awesome. Uh yeah. So Graham, actually, sorry, before we move on, one of the things we had at the, um, one of the prizes we had was like that sort of storyteller award, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm, and I'm wondering whether we could get people to encourage people if they've got it. When just Problem is, buy it then, wouldn't they? Yeah, we don't want people to have to spend money they don't want to spend. No, I agree. I think I've already got it. Michael's already got it. Mm. Um, it just, you know, Michael's been busy, but it, you know, there's there's a time for me during a, you know, one of the tables close to us, you know, just to sort of gather. Yeah, we usually have a little bit more on time in September event because uh, yeah, we'd, we'd it's the second time. Find out the find out the kinks by that point. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, the schedule for Black Library Live was released on the 22nd of May. And there was a couple of seminars for Heresy fans, specifically Sagas of the Space Wolves at 10 a.m. Uh, the War continues at 11 a.m. and Traitors into the trait and Traitors to the Throne at 1:30 p.m. And of course, the coming soon seminar at 2:30 p.m. Uh, authors attending who have written Heresy are Dan Abner, of course, John French, Guy Haley, Gav Thorpe, and Chris Rate. So there you go. Are you going to that, Michael? Uh, no, it's already happened. Oh, uh, yeah, it's been and, been and gone, hasn't it? Been and gone. Yeah, it was this weekend. It 22nd was, uh, of May, this, yeah. Don't... Yeah, it was, no, not 22nd of May. It was the, uh, it was just the Saturday, just gone. Same as the, yes, right. Yeah, same expo. as the Games Expo, yeah. I felt like, quite irate, didn't you? So there was, yes, I was, I was very, very annoyed about that one. It was just like poor timing. And mm. I know there were, there were a few people who were like that. For example, Pete Reeves was sort of like humming and hawing right up until the, the morning. And then he just realised you could get the Kirk, the 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 White Scars land speeders at um at uh, UK Games Expo. Uh, right. So uh, so he was like, right, I'm going to UK Games Expo. Yeah, and bought three of the blooming things, didn't he? Yeah, two two there. That uh, they took five to the event. See, I tried to get them for him in the morning, but they would they they didn't show up until about five minutes before the event. They were smart. They set up all their stuff for the next day, the night before right got you so they didn't show up and you know whereas my lot were all like yeah let's get to the hotel and eat and, yeah. and watch, the, watch the football and, and chill out and 
and Got yeah they, they were smart enough to set up the night before so all they had to do was rock in at um you know at 25 past nine and set up and wow. then so i was like i kept popping over and saying ah where are they because i need to buy the i need to get by these and set them aside for pete because he was like not sure whether he was going to get in time yeah, but yeah. He, got, he got in in time and he got them and it was great but i missed him because i was on lunch by the time yeah, i was on just... lunch just enabling him that's all i'm saying enabling well, he took more his ki- he took his kids on. nonsense he took, <sighs> his ki- he took his kids along and i'll be perfectly honest i think his kids would have had a, a far better time at um at uh, uh, the uk games expo than black library live that is very true that is very true but like i say you know my general reluctance you hate land speeders we yeah land speeders anything along those lines yeah but these land speeders are basically tanks so no they're not michael they're land speeders <laughs> Okay. They will always be land speeders. What, and okay, probably just, just on that train of thought, what about the uh, jumping forwards 10,000 years, yes. but the Primaris Repulsor? It's not a tank. It's a... Why? Well, it may as well be a tank. I mean, it's not... A, a new, it's it's, it's two-thirds Eldar, like those custodies semi-nonsense <laughs> tanks. I was going to say, I've had this conversation before, I remember. <laughs> a whole thing of someone about Facebook about what represented the tank. Well, they, they're getting a new tank like that. The, the Repulsor's getting a new variant, so... Oh, uh, okay, so Fine. moving on. Uh, Tale of Four Warlords, it returned to Warhammer TV. Um, it's back this week, but we won't cover that until next month sadly mm. um uh so it was anuj versus luke uh so dark mechanicum versus talons of the emperor and the solar auxilia how many how many custodians did you have on the table three uh i can't <laughs> remember the list but it was it was a bit it, it obviously has taken into account the new points of course mm-hmm. yeah, but, job not to uh i haven't watched the end of the game yet okay so i can't enough. tell you how it went but the mechanicum were doing quite well well there's a surprise um yeah uh so anuj added an armager uh with a close combat weapon and a uh, thermal spear so basically a, a, a war glaive um yes. and a second voltarac so that's all he got for his 500 points whereas luke added a third carnadon tank yep uh to his squadron and i ser- seriously those carnadons are very sexy um mm-hmm. when it comes to tanks i love the look of them <sighs> If anything's making me think solar, it's the Carnadon. Is that the seventy-five pound Predator? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. the same price as a Sakaran. I'm gonna say how many Sakarans <laughs> is it? It's very nice. It's very nice. Um, it's basically Sakaran, isn't it? Oh, my wife has just popped in the room. Hello. Okay. Cats are fed. Door is locked. Oh, she's telling me the cats are fed. Top. The door is locked. So we, we got it. That's the yeah. secret code if I ever heard one. Yes, indeed. <laughs> what? It's I a think... secret code if you ever if they ever they heard one. I'm going to bed, so <laughs> Alright, night night. Night. Uh okay, so uh it's all nice and cool in here. Let's go yeah, I've got the back door open, so it's it's nice and cool in here. Although I get the occasional moth. Fair enough. I'm just um, gonna leave all the euphemism in that out, so that's fine. Don't even go there, let's move on. Okay, so yeah, so uh Luke added a third Carnadon, a squad of Venatari. Mm-hmm. And a contempt to Galatus at the, and three more custodian um, guards whilst dropping um, the Sagittarium. Dun dun dun. What do you make of that, Mister? So the Carnadon is that is it a tank version of the Carnadon with the Volkites? Uh, I believe yes, yeah, a tank Carnadon. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's not the transport. The, the it's not the Aurochs. 
That's the Carmagon. So he's got a squad yeah. of three of them now. Um, I can't remember what the armor was on it, but I think the Volkite was quite cool on them. Um, yeah, the Volkite's really nice. Um, but yeah, so and then they live streamed the game. So nice. I'll try and find that on Twitch to see uh, when it comes to going to sleep. Then. Mm. Yeah. It's a good. It was a good game. Uh, mm-hmm. So well, so far that I've seen. Um, okay, so uh, right. then over to Chris. So, so you, the, you, the, uh, you get the good one. I get the good well, one. You can have the good, we can share the good one. I don't ah, mind. But... Let's go for it. So details of Ever Chosen have been revealed, and it is, as suspected, based around Games Workshop stores. On the 27th of July, all Warhammer, which they're all weirdly the Brighton one is rebranded as and completely threw me this earlier today. Uh, all Warhammer and Games Workshop stores, along with participating independent stores, will host a local painting competition. The winner of the ever chosen category from each store will have the photo uploaded to a website where the public and a panel of judges will award them votes. The top three will be flown to Warhammer. Flown to what if they live in, you know? Can't well, obviously be driven if they live here. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. from, right, we're going to Nottingham from Derby, but we're going via Moscow. Yes. Uh, we'll then be flown, driven, carried, canaled, mm-hmm. bicycled, Ubered, delivered. They'll be get to they'll get to Warhammer. They'll be taken to Warhammer World and put up in their own accommod- in in accommodation. Sorry. All expenses paid tour to, trip to to Warhammer World for for three that, people. That's are you saying I took too long? It may have been. Well, you were talking about canals, and I was like, oh. I was thinking whether a canal is actually a, a verb. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> not be canal. Boat, boated? Sailed? You're not sailing, though, is it? You're not sailing a canal. It hasn't got a sail. I feel Michael's ire as we tangent I have no idea. Why do, you think I'm, why do you think I'm pushing this button? Mm-hmm. Uh, for the competition, uh, several categories. Open, which has any miniature be that a single mini or a unit or a collection, so long as it fits into a 30 centimeter by 30 centimeter display area. Mm-hmm. So it's that 12 inches by 12 inches. Uh, open is the only category that Games Workshop staff can enter. Right. Uh, Young Bloods is only open to painters age 15 and under, and the ever chosen category is open to all and can be a single miniature on a 60 mil or smaller base. Not all entries must be models currently on sale against workshop.com and Forge World models are not and Forge World models are not able to be entered. So limited scope for heresy painting. I left that till the end. <sighs> What's uh, all right? I, uh, well, you got the you got the plastic contemptor still. You've got the great. Got that's the that's a lot of fun to paint. Custodes. Great. I'll take <laughs> them all down. Just poof, shove them there. Um, I'll take Valdor. No, he's a Forge World model. Forge World, everything's Forge World. Yeah. Um, mm. Okay. Uh, kind of, yeah. All right. And Titan Titans? The little t- no, Adeptus no, Titanicus? Yeah, Adeptus Titanicus Titans. Yeah, yeah, they can take them. So that, can Why? you buy them from Games Workshop? Or they can yes, you can. They're, they're available on gamesworkshop.com. What about the Serastus ones? Serastus Knights. Yeah, the they're knights. All, yeah, yeah, they're all Knights. Oh, the, the big Knights. No. Yeah, that's not going to... Oh, no, no, the little ones. Yeah, no. I thought yeah, they're, they're, they're available on Games Workshop. Um, okay. What about Terminators? Cataphracti Terminators. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're that available. Work. But yeah, what yeah. if <laughs> they're the Forge World ones? No, they no. wouldn't count. They wouldn't count. They're not available for sale on, on Games Workshop. So you can only take plastic Cataphracti. Yes, plastic Tartaros. Plastic Tartaros. 
Mark three, Mark four, three, Mark four. Uh, the Praetor, the Legion, the Champions over there. I can't remember that, that box set is called. Uh, Space Marine Heroes. That's it, yeah. And that's. Contemptor, uh, Custodian, the the plastic Custodian range. Yep, which is only really the. Uh, I suppose you can take all of it. I suppose if you're not playing strictly by the rules. Okay, it seems a bit counterintuitive, but that's games workshop at times, unfortunately. I, I suppose that I think the point with this competition is meant to be a more democratic. Um, showing off games workshop is meant to be a big thing for all the stores to get involved in and if someone brings in something that you can't buy in store and you know it gets taken in and like oh that's a really cool model where where converted models uh yes converted models can be taken as long as it's recognized you know uh, as long as it's recognizably uh, you know the base model is at least recognizable got it so not converted to the point where the only thing left on it is literally the base well, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that's that award safe for me another for another year. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, it's never going to be in contention. The thing with a lot of these things when they say, "Oh no, Forge World," is it, it's it, it's more the the staff get asked, "Oh, where can I get this model from?" Yeah. Oh, and well, it's only up to a dreadnought size, isn't it? As well, sixty mil. Yeah, sixty mil. So it, it is reasonably limited into so what you can take. All so that's the Demon Prime marks out. Yep. Uh, all the tanks, I suppose. Oh, mm-hmm. don't forget demons. They're, they're sort of heresy-ish. Yeah, I suppose. But you can't really take any of the big ones. Up to a demon prince. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we get the we get the idea. Basically, Forge World stuff can't be used for a painting competition. Yeah. So yeah, the odd Cataphractide Terminator, I guess, would work. Um, but yeah. Other than that, we're pretty much screwed. Yep. Okay. okay. So, Graham? Yep. So, at the UK Games Expo, there was a studio preview. Uh, not a lot for Heresy, but we are getting Palatine Enforcers, which offer yet more uh, options for Militia. So, Palatine Enforcers, if you haven't seen them, uh, these are Necromunda. Yes, Necromunda. Oh, it's a YouTube video. Um, and uh, they look very cool. If you, if you go to the article in the first bit, there's a picture of them in there. All uh, right, cool. Um, I think these, these guys do look very, very cool. Um so they look like, yeah, exactly what this is in the tin, really. Um, some sort of sort of police force, arbalite, arbor, arbor, what do you call them? Arbites. Arbites, yeah, they have that look about them, don't they? Um, yeah. Quite sort of um, 2000 AD-esque. Um, so, yeah, they look very cool. You could do a very good uh, cults and militia army with them if you had tons of money. Actually, I don't, I don't know how much. How much is a squad they of money? Uh, I think it's about 25 quid. Uh... Yeah. So if you want to do Venetari squad. Yeah, yeah, you could do them that way. I mean, they would be okay, Colts and Militia, I think, with um, the one of the prominences of war, for example, the um, Survivors of the Dark, Dark, Dark Age, they would perfectly fit in with that. Or even if you That's... just use them for Grenadiers. Well, yeah. That so, reminds me, I must get into the loft to find your bits. So, yeah, um, I think that'd be great for 25 quid. That's not a bad thing. Are they plastic Necromunda kits? Plastic, yeah. Oh, nice. Really good. So, yeah, that, that would actually work very well. So, yeah, definitely worth doing that. Yep. Um, that gives you an, and Escalation for Blackstone Fortress. Uh, and these are always, I really want to play this game, you know. Um, yeah, me too. It just looks great. Uh, there's a new cultist for the Warp, for, for, obviously for um, Warp Cults players. So, again, these look classic. These are the sort of pointy-headed fellas, aren't they? Um, uh, 
for these cultist figures. They look great. Yeah, they're more culty cultists than um, the 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 stuff that you get with the um, original Blackstone Fortress box. They're sort of traitor guardsmen, um, yes. but these these cultists are more. Yeah, they're more. Yeah. What's the word? I'm mystical. Yeah, yeah, they're more they're more chaosy. You know, yeah, they're, they're further down the line than the guardsmen. Yeah. Uh, previously announced for the combat area, the, the relevant relevant characters for Heresy are the Servitor, Tech Priest, and Rogue Trader. All of those figures look great. The Rogue Trader would make a fine um, militia uh, Lord Commander or something like that. So yeah, exactly. So, so. really do look good. Um, we must try and work out if anybody's playing Black Fortress. Can I just like look at it? Um, so, so just on a side note, Dave has it. Oh right. Okay. Cool. So. I'm sure if if we ask him nicely, uh, Friday. Oh no, on going to bring it up when we come up. Good plan. Have a good, good game plan. of it on the Friday night or Thursday. Yeah, night. good stuff. Yeah, okay. I, I I plan to get it at the end of the summer. Gotcha. All right, next up. Uh, right, yeah. So next up is me. Yay! Uh, Black Library Live. Uh, saw some book announcements for Heresy. Uh, the first one being Chris's favourite. Uh, Valdor, Birth uh, of the, the Imperium. Valdor, the the party years. Yeah, so I'm not. I don't think <laughs> this is. I don't think this is a um a Primarchs book. I'm pretty sure it's not a Primarchs book. Although I wouldn't be surprised it's if it's close as It's about as close as I'm going to get. Um. Um. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a little bit unsure if this is just a if this is a standalone Heresy novel. So that like the first time we will see the Heresy as a setting. Or if this is a Primarchs book, it was a little bit. Un- I was a l- the article was a little bit unsure about that, and I haven't gotten an answer from anyone at who was there uh, to sort of clarify that one. It, okay. It's got the same artwork style as the Primarch books. It does kind of have that same style, yeah. Um, but I guess we'll wait and see uh, when it when it uh, eventually hits the shelves. But they have said it's six months um, until we get the standard version. That's fine. I'll, I'll get the special edition and shove that in my face. Right. Fair enough. Scott messaged me and said, oh, have you seen this? I was like, yes. Uh, and he kindly offered to sort of aid me in my attempts to, to get hold of a copy, which is nice of him. Oh, nice. Right. Yeah, Scott right. Wilkinson, that was. Yeah. I don't know who, who he is. I think so. Fan of the show. Oh, right. How's he going to get help you get a hold of a copy? Uh, I some sort of some yeah, i think sort of... he was gonna sort of if order it at the same time basically or try and get order it for me and then give him the money kind of thing all oh, oh, right yeah because you're at work when yeah 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 i guess that's right i figured that between the three of us yeah so that's uh that's that one um then yeah. endred Hart is returning in a new black shields audio drama i have liked the other black shields audio drama so i'm quite glad about this uh josh reynolds is writing the broken chain so okay. um yeah they like, is the world eaters guy yeah formerly yeah. the world eater um escaped from he's he, he's kind of a loyalist but yeah. not yeah. you know yeah, it's yeah. A, you know he's not like that he's not like a black shields pirate he's a sort of he's a you know i am not i'm not a word eater world eater anymore you know the world eaters can go to hell but i'm not working directly for the imperium right now but i'm not working again but i'm i'm certainly not working for the traitors so he's kind of a gray he um didn't they try and get him to be a what they called one of of the uh, night night errant that's it i think so i think so 
yeah but he's got that book coming uh siege of terror we've seen the next book uh lost in the damned which i think is getting a general release in october um by getting amazon you know by looking at amazon um and that is written by guy halley and the cover for that is just brilliant that yeah that, that as i said earlier that is the cover that made me click the buttons that required uh that meant that sanguinius got delivered yeah really just, good cover really great good cover. cover um and we got the um rules for the last book in the se- well the, not the last but the third book in the series i should say third of uh eight uh the first wall by gav forb i'm not that fussed about the cover of this book I'll be honest. well it's just it's <laughs> the title isn't it um <laughs> but from the name i'm guessing that's a uh, imperial fists focused book i would think so yeah okay so uh back to you chris uh so are we on to where i think we are which is the uh, yes we are we're on to the acastus knight astelius uh that's up for pre- that'll be out and available for pre-order by the time this show goes out we've got a little preview on uh monday for it from black library mm-hmm. yep um what do we think chaps it's 540 points we don't know how much it's going to be but i would suspect 200 pounds plus a little bit 300 yeah i think yeah Probably about two. Uh, oh, I can't remember. They were selling it at UK Games Expo. The thing, it's in the three hundred mark. Yeah. yeah. The other one right. is the other one's about three hundred and thirty quid, I think. The poly, oh, okay. poly what's the oh, poly, Porphyrian? Porphyrian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like. I think this is a better looking than the whatever it's called, poly polymorphism. Um, <laughs> Porphyrian. Porphyrian. But, but um, I don't think that the guns aren't all that I and mean, people yeah. somebody said oh that's a bit much in it and i was like well actually it's, it's way less fearsome than the the other night which has got you know much better guns i think it looks much i much prefer this model if I'm the thing the thing with this is you could easily deep strike near it yeah absolutely and it's, and it's completely shafted and it's completely done yeah you it, it's no yeah uh, eight, within 18 inches you're laughing all the way to the bank yeah, absolutely nothing that you can do about it, really. Um, but I suppose the, the the barrage hasn't got a minimum range, but even so, that's that barrage isn't all that either. Straight five AP four heavy three blast, flesh bane radphage. You know, ignores cover and pinning. Not all that really. It's a. Do you know what? If you want to play a big game with friendly models, this is perfect. Because I don't think it's, it's all sit, that. It's a sit at the back and um, shoot. It's, Yes, it's, it's the conversion beamers have always have this problem. Yeah, is that the the range for them to be really deadly is always that little bit too far. Well, most most shooting is done in that eighteen to forty two range, predominantly. Yeah, right? yeah. So strength ten AP one one shot only large blast with wrecker, but it is AP one or it's AP two. Sorry. So you know what? It's not. Yeah, it's. It's no worse than a demolisher cannon. I, I like it. I mean, it has well, got two of me. those things, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. But, but I think the model looks fantastic. I think um, it would be good in a very big game, I suppose, but a massive blast, strength 10 AP1, that really is nothing to laugh about. Uh, and uh, if you had it on the table, you'd have to deal with it if you had another backline shooting army. And interestingly, it can be taken in the Panoply of War. Okay, whereas the other one can't, can it? Yeah, the other one can't. Well, none of the Mechanicum. Well, none of the Mechanicum knights. Other Mechanicum knights. I mean, can be taken. I think this, the Proprium can be taken in the Panoply of War. Um, okay. 
but this is a Mechanicum Knight, and other Mechanicum Knights cannot be taken cannot on the be. No, I agree. So I, I like the model. Um, so I had to kind of bite my tongue a little bit online and decided not to get angry. Because um, somebody said, well, you know, it's one of those, another one of these models that sits at the back and shoots, and who wants to have a, you know, have a game against something that shoots at you? Was it was a, me paraphrasing it? Well, it's like, well, actually, I don't mind that, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm sure you don't speak for everybody in the heresy world when you say that nobody enjoys those kinds of games. So, yeah, I had to kind of reel myself back in from getting. Yeah, a bit I mean, it's 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 a it's it's nice. It depends. I see I see how it fits with your armies, guys. Um, but I certainly would like to see this on the battlefield. I think it's an absolute cracking looking model. Yeah. If I'm honest, I think it's. I, I I would love to own this as a as a model. I just love those guns. Yeah. I think they look yeah. completely crazy. Ditto. Okay. Uh, then over to you, Chris. No, Not Chris. That. Graham. Graham. Yes, it is. It is. It is. I'm a um, bad man. I'm a bad. I'm a bad producer. You are. We should have a little producer channel so you can tell us what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, Warhammer Day is coming on 29th of June, and that is uh, some exclusive swag. Uh, the key ones being an event exclusive mini, which is likely to be for Heresy. It's unlikely to be for Heresy. I beg your pardon. Yep. And a store exclusive Funko Pop, whatever that is, kids. Um, and the little big head statuettes granddad all right nice eh okay so what is warhammer day there's a link here uh what is everyone who can got very excited what is what is it for crying out loud uh it's basically just the oh we've changed all our stores to warhammer let's celebrate the the fact that that they're all warhammer now oh um, right and that what during that day you can buy this funko pop and potentially an exclusive mini and other swag apparently we have to go to the shop to get it, I take it. Yes. Oh, it's going to be like that um, limited edition What's His Face Marine they did, isn't it? You know, the one that everybody went mental for? Oh, the yeah. Mark, yes. the, the Rogue Traeger one. Uh, yeah, yeah, possibly. But we'll see. We'll see if it, it might not even be um, 40K-ish. It might be Sigmari. Mm. Or there might be one for each. That's possible. Funko Pop. Right, I'm just going to send you the phone. Have you not had a fun, have you not had a Funko Pop before? I did ask for it in that... Uh, no, I'm not going to go there because I know who listens to this podcast. So, uh, yes. <laughs> but I could, I could already feel they're, that Michael's about to hit the mute button. They're basically pop... <laughs> there you pop, go. I've sent you the little the, figure of the picture. They're basically pop culture mini sort of vinyl figures. I I, I was being some. Our, our niece collects them. When I went to a, a couple of... Uh, so I went to Walker Stalker and I went to another comic con. Oh, they'll, they'll oh, no doubt have them in there. Full of them. Yes. Full of these things. So. I, I think they're a little. It depends. Some of them I like, but I'm not a collector. Like some people collect them and keep them in the boxes, and I'm like, they make hundreds of these. It's not worth it. Yes, I kind of agree. I mean, I, the, the Space Wolf one is the only one that actually I quite like, which is odd, I, I'm yeah. a Space Wolf fan. I've got the Space Wolf one, and I've got the Ultramarine one. Okay. No worries. Actually, I did notice also on that um on that page talking about the night anyway there was the um there's somebody with the picture of a big axe and it reminded me of the picture of you with the uh, chain sword oh do we have to mention that yeah, yeah. i think we totally do i think so, we totally do. so talk us through that what possessed you to they, pick they up were, a chain sword and, and they were um it? at what they were at warhammer fest and they were like oh come here there's a green scheme take a photo you'll look <laughs> it'll look great we'll put it on the site and i'm like oh, okay yeah sure no problem and I like, do yeah. that, and I'm like, yeah. When they finally uploaded them, I'm like, oh god, I look like an idiot. <laughs> no. You say, oh, come here, but I bet you were first in the queue, thinking, come on, I'm gonna. Yeah. I, th- 
that that remind yeah, that's your stern look, Michael. If I'm honestly, that's the sort of look you give us. I'd imagine when we are going off on a tangent. When I start talking about ta- uh, canals and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I guess it's worse. I was at uh, UK Games Expo. They had some there for um, for um, uh, uh, Warhammer Champions. They had the the screen there with some weapons, and I posed with them as well. Well, we look forward to seeing those. Yeah. Those bad, but you didn't take your top off or anything crazy, did you? No, no, I did not. Okay, good. I, I, I did have a corner, a corn axle, but okay. <laughs> Goodness, you finished that word. Okay, so um, you had a corn axe. Yeah, a, a, bl- a blood reaver um axe. So um, I will. I'll, I'll send you a picture of them in a minute. Did you look suitably? We we do do you have an axe wielding faces at the same pose? Did you do something different this time? Uh, Mix it up a bit. <laughs> I, I, the girls try to get my face to look better, but I don't know whether. Well, we're giving it the you know come to bed eyes kind of look, trying to look seductive down the down the camera lens. With uh, uh, with an axe. With an axe, because very, very very niche market you're talking about there. Yeah, a very niche market. Okay. Um, but nonetheless, yeah. a market. <laughs> potentially, potentially. Well, uh, you know, Lindsay always uh, Lindsay always loves to point out that if we ever go to a gay bar, I do manage to pull. That's true. That's true. Is this the right room for a Funko Pop? Anyway, um, <laughs> no, was... I don't know what it is. Every time I go to a gay gay club, I get hit on, and I'm like, I'm flattered. Okay. But... I, there are a number of questions that I want to go down the avenue on, but I oh, think I'll yeah, yeah. ask you away from the podcast. Yeah, I think yeah. There's a, there was a question that was raised on Michael's feed that I just thought I want to answer, but I don't, and I'm not going to repeat it because it. <laughs> But suffice to say that your 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 wife commented about the face that you were making at the time and what other thing you normally make when you're making that face. And I just, yeah, no, I'm just going to walk away from that one right now and move on to the Papier mache figurines, kids. Papier mache <laughs> figurines is the face yeah. that is what of what he's doing at that time. Yes. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So she sent Graham a picture of the Funko Pop. Yes. And... Yeah, uh, that that that's 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 uh, that's awesome. I'm going to send you the picture from uh, from Warhammer Fest if you give me okay. Okay. Um, great radio. I shall put it up in the comments as well. Um, where is it? Uh, there and there. Oh, I'll send them now. There okay. we go. Uh, right. I'm going to move this bad boy along nicely. Uh, we just got the one relevant painting tutorial this month. And that was for lava armies, which lava armies. for demons of the ruin storm. And that's it. Okay. Wow. So that is the State of the Union. So what we're going to do now is move on to uh, a little segment where we'll bring Megan in and we'll talk about contrast paint. Yes. Yes. So, as we said earlier on, we're now going to have a little chat between Michael, Megan and myself about the contrast paints and all the exciting wizardry and magic that they are. Um, So, Games Workshop have been sort of drip feeding us bits and pieces and over the weekend, now that they're out, we've got a a few more little bits and had the release of the Citadel Colour website, uh, which has got some really useful things on there. Um, Games Workshop also unleashed the... uh, some of the best painters in the world uh, showing off the talents and things like that. And they could do with them all. Yeah. yeah. So let's, uh, let's 
and that includes a, a sort of a number of the uh, sort of Andy Andy Wardle, is that? Yeah, um, yeah Ben Andy Comets, Tyler Mengel, and uh, Tyler Mengel, sorry, and some of the others. So that was exciting. That was sort of interesting to see what they all thought of them. Have you seen some of the stuff Tyler Mengel has been um, putting on his Instagram? I'll be honest. I, I'm still coming to terms with the fact that MySpace isn't a thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He, he I, know you, I, know, I know you want me to use Instagram, and it's yes. not a purposeful thing that I'm not using per- Instagram. It's just I, I've no, I've no concept of what it is. He did a, um, he did a, um, a Sylvanuf on, um, uh, he put up, I think it was yesterday, um, that was all done with contrast paint. The only oh, thing is that, is that who, who didn't made that? I remember you showing me that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like a, a, a Sylvanuf, um. I don't know what the models are called. I don't play silver enough. Um, but it was all done with, t- with contrast paints. The only thing he'd done was sort of water them down with the, um, with the um, what you call it, uh, contrast medium. Yeah. Nice. That was a stunning model. Yeah. When you see what some of those guys can achieve on it, it's like, wow. Yeah. Ooh, I found it. I found it. I'm looking at Instagram. You'd be proud Yay! of me. Well um, is this the guy with the great big axe? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the, that's, the that's Bluey that's, green axe. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. I yeah. like the tabardy bit at the front. Yeah, like and he the, was like the texture on that, and he was like very little highlighting and stuff. I think he's, you know, he mentions he's done the. I think it's the Wraith Bone or Gracia on the on the hair and the. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Makes a great radio. This doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <not> <laughs> this the, looks not, pretty. Not the not the first or the last time we'll ever say that. <laughs> this makes great radio, doesn't it? Um. Yeah. So where were we? Uh, we've had our range overview for the contrast range as well. So we've got all the new primers, um, Grace here and Wraithbone, which are both available in Rattlecan and Paintpot. And we're getting a separate contrast medium, which we have. Yep. Yes, yep. Uh, thinning, thinning them down. And as you were saying earlier, we can now turn those into glazes because the glazes don't exist anymore. Yes. Also, tints and shades, uh, as has been suggested as well. So, well, washes. I, say, I still say washes, but, you know, they say shade. It's, it's branding. That's all it is. It's just, it's yeah. just branding. Yeah, branding. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. So if you water some of these these down, you could get some interesting um, washes, I think, out of that. Yeah, use the medium, obviously, just not water. So yeah, yeah, have you guys used the medium to wash them, to, to water no. them down? They when didn't you were have using any of the medium. They didn't so have we didn't any medium. Actually try watering them down, but okay. um, I did try watering down a bit of it, and it, it was sort of separating on the palette, so I didn't bother yeah. putting it on a model. So yeah, actual water doesn't really work, but um, the I, I imagine the medium would would look really cool watered down with it. Like yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to see. I haven't actually ordered any medium, but I don't need it yet. <laughs> I don't no. need glaze. I don't need to glaze or tint at the minute. We just need it to see what it looks like as a glaze on yeah. something. But for eyes and things, I mean, you could just use use it as just well. I, I just used it, I just on used, the eyes. It, it looks uh, kind of decent when I did it with my model. I did. I did some eyes. I put the pictures of the models that I did and you did on the in the show notes. Um, but we did. Um, I just put um, blood, uh, blood angels red. I think it is um, just straight into the eye sockets. Yeah. Because um, I did a, I tried to, I, I experimented all the white to do a lunar wolf, so I didn't need to add any. Um, they didn't have them, but the the, the um the Gracia or um pot into the uh, into the thing, so I didn't need it because it's just the white, and obviously the red is going to stain the white. So I just 
just very carefully put some into the eye lens and it works fine uh, as it were but because normally i just use um bloodletter or um way watcher green is it way watcher green no that's not it yeah the green glaze okay cool which they don't do anymore because i'm I, I i'm lazy when it comes to my eye lenses it is um it's it's a bit of white in the eye and then a glaze i use the um uh technical paints the like spirit stone red and things oh yeah yeah that'd be good oh, yeah, that's, that'd work, yeah. yeah that's, that's what i use on mine yeah because you get that nice oh, i'm just not like uh Sorry. you get that nice texture out of them yeah that i've, I've actually glitter. done that for i just finished some um cadron overlords uh for uh warhammer underworlds and I and and I I, fo- I just followed the the painting guide for it on um on YouTube and yeah it had do the use those for the eye eye lenses and that actually looked quite good so I might do that for an army in the future. Yeah. Uh, we're probably doing it for our, our Luna Wars then if you're doing it that that way. I'm I'm open. Yeah. It, it doesn't really make any difference to me really when it comes to eye lenses. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Oh, they are a little bit different. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so two videos. That's have you looked at both of those videos, guys? I'm pretty sure you haven't, Megan, because you said you needed to watch them. Yeah, I haven't. I, I didn't actually watch them. Fair enough. Um, okay, so yeah. Cool. So talk us through the videos quickly, Mike, because um, uh, well, the videos are they're just they're, they're fluff pieces. Are they just are they are they just trying to you know? Yeah, you know, us, you've got the dribbling. Profession- You've got the potential, the, the professional painters going in, going in, yeah, we use this. Uh, yeah. They're great. Uh, they're brilliant. And, you, I mean, you've got self-admits from someone saying, you know, um, I think, you know, he says, these are great for people who are army painters. Um, and, uh, and as they say, it's another tool in our toolbox. Um, uh, you know, a couple of them say, yeah, I'm going to use these. But I'm obviously assuming that these professional painters aren't going to be going out and doing golden demon pieces just with contrast paints. But no, I'd like one of them to try. Wouldn't surprise me if one of them, if someone just, does try, yeah, one just, of the high levels does try um, uh, for the next golden demon. We'll have to wait and see, but it wouldn't surprise know. me if someone just, does try it. Because some of these, it, let's give it a go, Mike. You and me, we'll try yeah. and do it. We'll try and yeah. contrast something out. To I mean, in fairness, some, some of these, some of these really high-level pro painters, uh, some of them do like to try and challenge themselves by, you know, hindering them with stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tie a hand, 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 yeah. hand back. Yeah, yeah. left-handed. Paint with line, their toes. Blindfolded. Just, just as a challenge to themselves. But I was speaking with, oh god, what's it? Graham Shirley. Um, I mean, you probably won't know him. Painted by G, but he did a. He's a um, bronze uh, golden demon winner. Um, so obviously not, you know, up in the levels of a, a slain mean, sword winner. But I'm going to be honest. Bronze is much higher than I will ever achieve. So the yeah, fact that he got bronze, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to call him out on it. Oh, he's a really good. He's a really, really good painter, but he works full time as well. But I mean, yeah. if he did like some of these guys and went full time painting, then yeah. He, he, he could probably knock something out that might be Slayer Sword worthy, but um, yeah, he he's been using them for. He he agreed with me uh, when I was talking about the guys from Heavy Metal who were saying, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be using these for the initial flesh stages. Because have I, sh- Megan, have you seen the picture of the flesh? Yeah. Or have you seen the flesh? There's yeah. a sentence for another time. There's a sentence. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, the yeah. flesh it looks really really good. Um, I mean, you could just put on some Wraith Bone, pop on your Gulliman Flesh, and then all you've got to do is highlight it with some Kislar Flesh, and you're done. Yeah. That's always the thing, isn't it? Flesh tones, getting that um, 
shading right on them because it's quite easy when you know as we we're saying earlier about skin tones when you're putting washes on there if you do end up with like an area around an eye that's much deeper and darker than yeah any of the other so if we can you know yeah but the contrast uh, fleshes are brilliant i'll be using them for my ox um yeah for my age of sigma um mm. band flesh tone colored orcs i like the idea i have well, they're doing orc skin tone so okay oh, oh okay yeah they've got a specifically orcish skin oh, tone. it's, it's green obviously well yeah. <laughs> well, that's disappointing <laughs> orc, orc flesh i think it's called yes po- possibly that yeah yeah but uh yeah so um okay so, so that's that so we've, um, yeah we've got the uh so yeah the website this is our color website which i've sort of perusing through today in anticipation of this conversation yeah um, it's really good yeah yeah it's it's all right i mean for for a free guide on how to do like you know if, if you're new to the hobby or you're not yeah. very good at painting and i'm gonna clearly put myself in that bracket um it's got some really useful things on it, like the, the special effects for stuff and how to use yeah, those yeah. things. I think yeah. what what I would love, uh, I don't know if this is the, they would even consider doing this, is uh, an index of all the tips of the day that they've done and all the painting guides that they've already done in the past. You know, obviously, I think for some of them they'd have to preface it with, yeah, okay, this paint doesn't exist, or you know, this this, or you could do, you know, but. Um, uh, you know, a list by army or, or type of thing. To, yeah. Because there's absolutely tons of stuff on 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 YouTube that they've done, and it's sort of like I'd love for that to have one central database of, you know. So if you want to do, I don't know, leather. Yeah. There's an immediate drop down you can go to and, and get all the leather guides that they've done. Yeah. I wonder if they'll do be some sort of because you've got the app. I yeah. If they'll do something on the app for that sort of thing. I hope so. I mean, because that's going to go through some upheaval as well, isn't it? Because that, that's going to that, yeah, be completely relisted. That's a point I actually would like to come to. The app. Um, I was going to save it till the end, but I may as well t- hit on it now. I'm really disappointed that the app wasn't ready to relaunch to, um, yesterday. It should have been. Yeah, I know what you mean because you'd, you'd think yeah. they've had plenty of warning. Yeah, they should have had. They had yeah, time I to mean, build a website. E- even if they only did the color swatches in the app, because I mean, I like the app. It's great um i like the way that you can go paint by color let's just click on i don't know purple and you've got i want to do lilac and it tells me what colors would make a good lilac on layering and dry brushing and yeah, I but you need the them... new paints in there obviously yeah too. i want to see i want to see that layer and dry brush option have contrast in there as well yeah. and they re- and they really should have had that available um on the website yesterday uh, well not on the website but in the app the app should have been updated yesterday that's one thing I'm a bit annoyed about because there are they have done some of this stuff on the website. Um, if you look at the website and you select some of the contrast paints, um, some of them have right what color do you want to achieve with this? And it's got options like and for the Iandan yellow, yeah. I think it's got ancient yellow or something as an option, and it tells you you know which step you've got to do to get it um, uh, parade re- uh, you know battle ready, and then this new standard as well that they sort of introduced parade ready. Okay. Okay. So, so um, slightly yeah, better. If I go to the type, I'm just going to pick one that's. Uh, I think um, Militarum Green has a good one, um, but some of them are out of stock already. You know. What the paints? Yeah, some of them I'm are not, out of stock. I'm not surprised because yeah. I imagine a lot of the heresy sort of like the sprays and things, the um, airbrush ones, 
I imagine that, especially uh, not not that. It's just the contrast that I've noticed. Oh, okay. Stuff, but, but yeah, again, but I, I think everybody everybody wants to try them and yeah. just go, okay, well we'll get it. We'll see what it's like. Yeah, cause... some of the some of the some of the real you know real interesting colors like uh, black templar and um, apothecary white. They uh, and blood angels uh, red. They're all gone. I'm not sure the white's gone. But obviously sure, they'll yeah, be black. Back. Black, red, and white, because they're the th- yeah. uh, white and black are quite difficult p- colors to paint anyway. Yeah, to get them look nice. So if this can do that job, everyone's going to be snapping these up. Yeah, yeah. But if I click on Militarum Green as a color, it's got two color guides on the website: uh, blue green. So for example, it says basic with green sear, contrast medium Militarum Gray, and then put on and then use a layer paint of Nurgling Green. So I'm assuming that to highlight it. And then they've got Mossy Stone as an other op- option so gracia uh contrast meet military green and then dry brush with dawnstone which in the picture of the swatch which isn't very big at all i'll be perfectly honest hmm. uh, oh i can open it in a new tab and get it get it um oh, okay yeah but it actually looks yeah that looks like mossy stone yeah but that type of stuff should have been in the app yeah 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 i'm a little disappointed yeah. it wasn't that warp lightning looks quite good. I see that's out of stock as well. I'll just having a quick. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Yeah, there are there are a few bits and bobs that are uh, that are that are quite a few bits and bobs that are out of stock, which is uh, annoying. I know Phil, um, guy at Durham Raiders, he was like, "Yeah, I was at work last night and I was trying to get the colors." And I, I, if, if you can hear a baby crying in the background there, I do apologize. <laughs> that's my nephew. Um, he's just upstairs. Um. So he is he's, loud. He's, he's upset that the contrast paints have come out of uh, sold out already because he was desperate yeah, probably. to you know get involved. He's only two months old. He needs us to help with his painting skills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Phil at Durham Raiders, he went on there last night and it was like, right, all the colours I wanted to order were out of stock. Yeah, and they were like, he was like, yeah, I'm gonna use the black because it'll be great for my um. He likes his Harry Potter game, and he was like, that'll be great for the Harry Potter um sort of like uh, Death Eater robes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, okay. So, yeah. What, what, where were we? Uh, we will uh, the brief history of Citadel Paint, I believe. That was yeah, uh, yeah. the community article. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is, you know, it's not not actually a brief history. It's you know, thirty very, forty years. Very brief history, really. But yeah, not really very long. I was kind of hoping it might have said when I saw it, I was like, I hope this is where they talk about how the Dark Angels became green. <laughs> was it? No, no. Uh, um, I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know the story, Megan, but yes, I re- I remember it being um, you telling me when we were at uh, the expo. Yes, yeah, yeah. They... And you were telling me that they they just basically went, well, we've got a new color, we need to we need to paint something with us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So they touched on the fact that obviously they had various painting sets, and they weren't originally designed for for art for miniature painters. They were designed for artists. Um, and yeah, they talked about the foundation paints, which uh, these these do out these do uh, are well before your time, Megan. I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well before your time. Well before your time, I'm afraid. But yeah, sort of like, uh, and then they were like, Charding, Char- Charadon Granite is still regarded as sorcery. It's just Mechanica Standard Grey. Mechanica yeah. Standard Grey is basically the same thing. I've not noticed a difference. Is, is that the one, or is it Adeptus Battle Grey? I can't remember. I've got my conversion chart somewhere, but there is a grey that is basically the same. 
How is it sorcery? Um, because before this, Megan, uh, before foundation paints, which are very high pigment, well, they're basically base paints. To get a any color on, you had to do two, three, maybe four thin coats before you would get. And these foundation paints were the first time that we got, you know, a um a color that just went on and blocked out, you know, properly blocked in. Okay. So these were a big deal. Megan, unsurprisingly sounding not bothered by this no, rev- this so revelation. She's, she's, grown up, she's, she's grown up in the hobby with base paints, uh, yeah. with, you know, which are... So what? basically what what people are saying about that that back then, people are going to be saying about the, the contrast paints and be like, that's not witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When, when we're not actually painting models, we just, you know, put them on a, some sort of device and they get holographically projected with whatever colour we yeah. want. Yeah, I mean, foundation paints came out about the same time I returned to the hobby. And I remember being blown away by Mechorite Red because I remember how much of a pain in the ass that getting red on my um on, on my models used to be because I did red chaos uh, dwarves. And uh, yeah, they were they were really hard to get the red on because it just took so many layers. But it's the thing I sort of enjoyed about this article was seeing how many names of paints that they come up with over the years that they no longer use, and yet they still come up with new names all the time. Yeah, Those, yeah, those manatees are working, you know, they're doing their business, aren't they? They are. They they're, are they're, they're deserving the feed that they're getting. I just ran out of some Leviathan Purple, because obviously oh. the next bit talks about the wash. I just ran out of Leviathan Purple. It happens. Yeah, yeah. And Devil of Mud, Megan, this was, everyone still swears by this. They're like, it, apparently it's liquid gold. Yeah. It's Agraxo. It's Agraxo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Agrax Oshet. No, Agrax Oshet is a slightly different tone, but it's still just as good. Yeah. It's it's a it's a comparable. Yeah, I think people are, have got this nostalgia for the um for the old stuff. Yeah. But like the sepia. I have heard that before that what? the old stuff was better and. That's that's just life, though. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, politicians Always. were honourable. Yeah. Uh, prices were reasonable and children yeah. respected their elders. Yeah. You could buy a, a Freddo for sixpence. <laughs> yes. yes exactly. Tuppence Hypney would get you a, a three a weeks Freddos. supply. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, yes, no. Um, these were these were the, the washes were a, were a revelation. I remember. Um, yeah. So because as I said, these were uh, these were when I came back into the hobby, and it's like suddenly it's like right. I want to do I want to do a really really good because uh, I was doing Blood Ravens, because um, I, I really liked Dawn of War. Yeah. And um, it was sort of like, all right, Mechorite Red, and I'm really rubbish at painting right now. I haven't, haven't, paint, haven't picked up a paintbrush in about 15 years. So um, Mechorite Red, ooh, what do I do now? Ooh, just shove on some Leviathan Purple. Ooh, that's a nice dark dark red. Yeah. That looks good. That'll do it. Yeah, it, it was very simplistic. But, yeah, the washes were – I mean, they were so much better than inks. That's yeah. the, you know, progression. That's the thing, isn't it? And you know, GW have always said you know they do they're a model company rather than a game company. So you know the, the improvements that they've made with their paints over the years of yeah yeah yeah. And then, and then obviously what seven years ago now the paints yeah. were completely re you know relaunched. We had yeah. the whole new the whole new range that we have now, and we just lost we just lost the first paints from it. Wow. Seven year cycles. That's not too bad. Yeah, we've had se- yeah. we had seven years of 
the paint system as it is with a few additions here and there like retributor armor like um uh the technical paints blood for the blood god and uh, nylon oxide yeah it feels like every t- it feels like they've really worked to improve the paint range and the fact that we're now na- only now losing something because there's so many colors in there yeah, those and those technical paints are actually worth it as well yes yeah the oxide for instance is you know it's brilliant it does give you exactly yeah, what you're after yeah yeah the, the oxide is great um and i'm a big fan of typhus corrosion yes yeah i have to keep it in a special box separate from the rest of my paints in case it inflicts upon them though <laughs> well my problem with it is it's it, it textured so it ruins brushes if you use it too much yeah yeah to keep some rubbish brushes for it yeah you have to keep a bad brush hanging around yeah which is like a pain when you're trying to do um leaking oil from a rivet or something because you want something more fine than what your rubbish brush has and you're like do i risk using a bad brush sorry a good brush and potentially ruining it never yeah yeah okay um yeah sorry baby so we had the science of how the the particular magical contrast paints work um which is good and we've also got the storm shield so the matte uh varnish which we're all very excited for because that's yeah yeah i mean put a link to this article in here i'm gonna have to fix that that's all right (laughs) not a problem at all um but we all like yeah because that's always been the thing is that the varnishes up to now have always been a shiny finish that's not always what you want yeah yeah the only pop varnish they do is hard coat which is a gloss which is great for uh transfers um you know making that smooth surface yeah like you don't want always want a glossy model though. No, exactly. Not always look right. So I wonder what Storm Shield would be like if I use it instead of Art Coat for um. What was that? That wasn't me. Are you alive still, Megan? Yeah. Yeah, I just heard oh, a big. Right. I just a heard big a thump. Bit, yeah. yeah, I heard a big thump. That would be the cat jumping onto the sofa next to me. Oh right. <laughs> Crazy, be right. quiet. How big is the cat? She's, she's tiny, she's, but she makes a lot of noise. She sounded like about the same size as a puma. She hunts like a puma. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Honestly, I tell you, she's a, she is a one <laughs> kit. She's a one cat um, extinction event for animals. Okay. Oh, she really enough. is. She brings in a lot of dead things. She hides um, jackdaws behind the sofa. It's because she loves you. That's what. That's all it is. Yeah. She loves you. yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, so. Let's have a look. So we've got the paints are now up for pre-order at the time of recording. So and they'll still be up for pre-release pre-order by the time the episode goes out, and they'll all be released on the fifteenth. Yep. Which is can't come around soon enough. No, I really want to get my hands on some of these. I know it's going to be good. Um, well, you guys have already tried them out though, so let's let's get into the the meat of the matter because you guys are um, both at the expo uh got to sit down and play with them so what did you what did you guys you know find how did you find it was working with them they're quite hard to control i found based on previous painting experience and everything yeah they're they're completely different really um because they're a lot thinner um so i found them a lot messier but i'm a messy painter anyway so they would be for me it's the, it's the only way to paint. If you're not covering yourself as well as the model, you're not doing it properly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you have to take off your take off your top to uh, you're to obsessed. 
You're yeah, obsessed in... with taking your clothes off to do <laughs> hobby. Is. This is why we don't have the video cameras on when we do the show. <laughs> you don't want to get your, you don't want to get your t-shirt stained with wash. No, what you, know, you do is you you find an old t-shirt and then you just wear that one. Also, to be honest, my hot house gets really hot. That's yeah. not an excuse. That's your, you just have excuses for getting naked all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's nice now because I'm downstairs and I've got the patio door just open. So oh. it's great. Wonderful. Um, okay, Steve, so you, you found them. So they're a little bit hard, a little bit trickier to... Yeah, I think... Is that the application just, of them? Or? Yeah, you need, you need a new technique for applying them basically to, to what I've been using for the paints and everything. Yeah, I, I think that is the key. It's they are different. They are they yeah. are different. We're not gonna we're we're gonna have to develop new techniques for using them. Yeah. Um, I the first time I used them was at, UK, at Warhammer Fest, which I mentioned in the oh, last yeah, episode, yeah. Um, and I did a Plague Marine. In I just all I did with it, the guy said, "Just slap it on, go for it." And I was like, "Right, okay." And it took me about ninety seconds to slap on the paint really thick. In a couple of places, did flesh on one, and the flesh looks great. Uh, I did uh, plague bearer flesh on another, or, or most of it. It was a plague marine, a bit of the black, uh, a bit of the red, and uh, let it go. And it was, it was quite, it was all right. It took a while to, takes a while to dry. It does. I, I they they recommend that. about thirty minutes, don't they? Yeah, yeah. For it to dry um, so it's good for that's ridiculous. Good for batch painting. Um, but when i tried it at the games expo uk games expo what i did with this instead was i did it i tried to do it more controlled so i did the first coat of the apothecary white that was reasonably thick um but then everything else that was going on top of it was more controlled um i mean we i mean they had instead of giving us the horrible starter brushes like we had at uh at uh, warhammer fest there were decent brushes that they gave you. Yeah, we had a medium layer brush. I, I, there were actually some artificer brushes as well at the table, although they were absolutely knackered by the time we got to it on Sunday. Yeah. yeah so it's like two days of use, they're going to be yeah, clogged up. Yeah, and... by, by loads of people. And they were just inviting people in. Come paint a mini. I mean, it was great. I mean, um, I was there uh, Thursday when they were setting up, and they were they were trying to get – they were testing out the staff, their, 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 their patter and doing some stuff and trying yeah. to get all the people who were setting up to come have a go once they were done. I mean, they, they were right next to Warlord Games, and um, I was just chatting with the guys from Warlord afterwards um, and, uh, and also Games Workshop because it's very friendly, you know, um, in the gaming – you know, the game – you know, the game business is quite yeah. friendly. Um, mm. Everyone imagines – you know, some people like – wouldn't warlord games be like really really angry with them because they do the dips and stuff and it's like no you know <laughs> the only reason they don't recommend citadel painting their painting guy is because half of them don't match the color and uh they sell army painter so why would they recommend anything else but yeah you, you, you the guys were like yeah this is actually going to change the way people paint um armies because we're going to get people who would normally not paint we're going to be saying hey do this yeah and then army paint and then the army painter guys were saying you know we've actually got to develop our own version of this now yeah it's always you know, it's always an arms race isn't it to a greater or lesser extent between all these companies yeah because i know a lot of people saying well it's basically a dip then but it, it it's it's not it's a bit more than a dip it's yeah you, you've got the ability to color several different areas different colors very easily and it doesn't stink <laughs> okay it doesn't have a it doesn't have a um 
a strong chemical sort of yeah it does have that awful aroma that um that 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 dipping has and yeah yeah i mean dip just does as megan said just one color one shade on it yeah and it takes it's 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 it's, i've when i've done it it's taken like a day to dry yeah that's the yeah you you don't really think about do you just chuck it on and then chuck it on but you know what i mean I mean, as an example, if you got a um, if you got a big Nighthorn army, and I use Nighthorns as the as the as a really good, or even Tyranids, you could probably get it, build it, and it will probably take you longer to build it than to paint it. And you could have an army built and ready got to go in a week. Yeah. So there's basically no excuse for not painting your minis anymore. Shh. There's always an excuse for not painting your minis, Megan. There's always an excuse. No. No, it yeah. really isn't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's. Not I've been for finding everyone. them for years. Trust me. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not for every. It's not for everyone. Yeah. I mean, if you if you're to, if you're someone who's who's into the Xenophel highlights and um you know airbrushing so many different layers and then shoving a little bit of um I, I, I'm harkening back to the interview that Graham's did did with Miles or he's going to do with Miles. Uh, I I can't remember where in the show this lies, but uh, after <laughs> uh, this. After, yes it is after this if you have yeah. you know putting that tiny little bit of incubi darkness in the shades of the of your of your, of your white armor um this might not necessarily be for you um you know it's but it's it's something for someone yeah because that's things sort of having a brief look online at some of the conversations that have gone on around it you know you've got some people who are going oh this is just for beginners you know this is just i don't see the point in this for me as a painter it doesn't there's no you know reason for me to get involved with this whatsoever what's the fuss yeah i mean um, may, I, may, I think yeah. i wonder if when you know, people have got it in their hands and it may just be a bit of sour grapes that they didn't get to play with it beforehand um once they get it in their hands they might go oh actually do you know what i can probably use it for this and that and well that's that's what i'm looking forward to most when the community gets a hold of this and says yeah uh, and you know does something with it yeah let's see what people can do with it what they can produce yeah on mass. yeah that's going to be a thing because we're seeing sort of one or two little miniatures which very talented artists are doing and they look really good but once we see you know joe blogs knocking yeah. out 35 um death shroud terminators was a weird example um yeah sort of seeing what quality they come out at yeah because all we have seen we've seen the top end and we've seen the bottom end of people going and doing like 90 second models or spending a couple of minutes painting them i am when the they're testing end. them yeah <laughs> well you're you're, you're definitely uh, only because you were constrained end. by your, your <laughs> you had time constraints you know yeah, exactly. And then you put your model in, time, in a bag with a red model at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I put my white model in a bag with a slightly wet, ever so slightly wet to the touch uh, red model so that my white model has got these couple of marks of red on it. Yeah. Wow. That's frankly appalling. Not that I was going to use it in it anyway, but, you know, no. I wanted to clear the, I wanted to clear the desk because there were other people wanting to try. Yeah. And I know at Warhammer Fest, um, one of the things I found most annoying was the fact that, uh, you know, that that area they had for co- contrast paint was rammed all day. I had to wait until the Golden Demon announcements uh, for enough people to clear out. <laughs> Fair enough, though. And by then, there weren't many choices of minis or colours to paint. No, but the... Because um, we're kind of... You know, I'm mostly excited about it for the white because we're doing Sons of Horus. Uh, doing, doing a wolf, sorry. Just get, make sure I get my legions correct. 
and the white yeah. that you you've you've really sort of demonstrated sort of the we've seen the photo of you know it looks great it's going to really for us it's going to be much easier to get a, a unified paint scheme paint scheme and i yeah. think that's going to be the real advantage of this is getting that if, if you do a an army you go away you do a different army and then you come back without too many sort of having to buy too many new paints or whatever you're going to be able to continue that paint scheme running through and when yeah. you've got situations like me graham and michael all painting one army in different places to different levels at least we can all use the same color scheme and know we're going to use the same color scheme if that makes sense yeah yeah i mean yeah. i'm gonna i mean uh that white is great i mean a bit a white scar highlight and i think that's perfect yeah yeah it doesn't need a lot after the um because that was the gray seer wasn't it with the uh gray seer with apothecary white yeah um it goes on i mean megan probably i mean i just thought oh this is witchcraft but megan sort of got a better explanation yeah for it. it's it's because it goes on and it's 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 very slightly grey itself. When it goes on, it lightens up a little, but in the in the recesses that it's stained, where there's more that's gathered, it stains it the darker grey that because there's just so many layers of that grey. Right. So I think that's pretty much how how it works with the white. So I, when I saw it on go on a model, it's like yeah, this is less witchcraft now. I know how it works. Yeah. I think, but um, it's still pretty impressive. Oh, absolutely. But it does make it does it does a lot of um a lot of the work for you with the white. That's 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 music to my music to my ears <laughs> at this point. Because white is a it's a it's a a colour that is always a nuisance to get get white. Uh, get white. Oh there we go. See it even flicks on my language. Uh, it's a nuisance colour to get right and get that text and that you know, that shading right. So if the paint's yeah. doing that for you. That's always that's gonna put a big smile on my face. Yeah, and just a bit of a highlight and just yeah. sort the details in the model out and you're done. Perfect. This is what we like. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, all in all, I think I'm definitely gonna be. Well, I, I bought some. We bought some. We said earlier in the show. Um, yeah. I've got twenty plague bearers, three um, plague flies. Uh, you know, but uh, the um. I can't remember what the na- unit name is, but I'm using them for my demons of the rune storm. Yeah. They're all going to get done in plague bearer flesh. Cause it's great. I've just got to figure out what the highlight color is going to be, but I'm thinking dry brushing, uh, maybe ogring camo. I'll have a look. I'll try a couple of different things. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's uh, phenomenal. I think what I might do, cause we've got the Loken and Abaddon models. Yeah. And I, we're probably not going to use Abaddon too much. So what I might do, is contrast him yeah let's see what he looks like contrast painted up pop the black on him yeah and just see what that's like because uh loken we're probably going to want to use have him more in the lunar walls colors than yeah so well he's going to be contrasted as well because we're doing yeah yeah it's true but uh you're going to try the contrast black on abaddon on on abaddon yeah and just see what he looks like it's good um but to get a really black black you need two coats yeah um but it still looks good it looks better than my attempt at doing the um the chaplain as we said in the, that chaplain it's just that particular paint just shows up the layers it does it and does that's that's the only thing that lets that's and in the photo it's exacerbated because you can see it 
much easier. Yeah. But so the natural in, in the naked eye, I'm sure in that you know that model looks absolutely brilliant. I think it looks all right, but <laughs> I'm most proud of the base still with that yeah. one. But Fair yeah, enough. no, it's yes, definitely. I think we've got some. Uh, I think we've got something to work with here. I mean, what are you going to do with it? You're, you're doing orcs with. The, I'm, uh... I'm doing my own jaws. My interesting, my own jaws. Um, I really like the um, one of the color schemes that uses orange, but after attempting it myself, because I end up splodging paint everywhere, it was really frustrating. So they looked terrible. And I'm going to actually try the Griff Charger orange on them, on so, to on the kind of contrast paints, just to see how well that goes on with the orc flesh as well to get the base down for them. Yeah, and we're going to try the white on um, Lunar Walls. Uh, okay, so a- a- any particular scheme that you're interested in doing, Chris? Or well, it's the conversation that I was having in my uh, to myself there while I I disappeared off into the ether. Was, I, I was going to just completely edit that out, but now I've uh, don't don't worry, just just uh, just just go for it. it. Doesn't matter. Um, I was saying what we should what we should do is the three of us should sort of uh, for ne- for the next episode sort of do the sort of do the painting out. So I'll you know, contrast up Aberdon. Michael does the guys that he wants to. Do. Megan does her orcs, and then we've got a good example of different color schemes and different paints that we're using at that point. Yeah, and then just reconvene and have another chat about it then. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do. Play and then we can, yeah, and we can put the photos up on the page, and then people can, you know, we'll we'll sneak some orcs in. We'll pretend that they're from <laughs> Ulanor. Don't worry, Megan, we'll yeah. get them in somehow. We won't somehow. offend offend the fan base too much. Um, but but it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what they do. The green could possibly use the salamanders. You could, yeah, absolutely. Don't tell. Well, Graham's buying all of his pre-painted, but that's another conversation for another time. I, I um, hope he's not. I hope he's not buying the uh, the actual tactical marines that uh, this guy uses. I don't know. He uses Mark Seven. Well, let's not. That, we'll lambast him about that when we see him. Well, they could be Siege of Terror. There were some salamanders at the Siege of Terror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah. It's going to be the walls really that I'm going to use them for. Uh. I'm intrigued to see what the yellow's like out of these, just for the yellow fists maybe going for the future. But the I've yellow got, looks quite good, but I haven't tried it. And I've I've got a technique for my yellow that I'm quite happy with with the troops. Well, I think what I might do is I've got um I am re, I am in ta- I am in town. Uh, well, I'm in town the next couple of days, and I, I might Tuesday I might wander down to Games Workshop and see if I can use the yellow. Yeah. Yeah. See what it's see like. What, yeah. See what it's like. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Right. Okay. So I guess what we'll do is um yeah. So we'll reconvene in a month. Yeah, I um, think just okay. just just see where we go and see how it gets on, and then have another chat about it because I think okay. it's it, it's a big change to the sort of how we do it, and I'm sure people yeah know, might be a bit hesitant about diving in themselves just for fear so you know if, if the three of us can give it a go why not yeah definitely okay yeah. uh the last thing i f- suppose we should probably mention is there was an article that got skipped over when we oh yeah stuff. i do apologize yeah a joke article of the top five reasons to paint your models quite well, funny like, uh, but you know what every single one of those reasons in that article is absolutely true it's not because painted models do not generate less ones I know I'm this sure as they a do, fact. Really. They, you know, they, they don't. Do. No, they do. Me, and, me and Graham had a fully painted army, uh, well, a 95% painted army, and I certainly did. Uh, Graham <laughs> certainly did, and he rolled about 46 ones in a game. It's that last five percent. Yeah, it's the t- only 
the only way you'd really know is if you then played the same game with unbinded minis. Exactly the same and was, see I, how your rolls come out. No. <laughs> no, nonsense. Well, it certainly didn't help Mr. Dermansy today. No, I, I can I can only imagine the, oh, I the horrors An- that befell. Mr. Andrews, uh, not Mr. Andrews, it was someone else actually, I can't remember his name, he was playing with Space Wolves and um, had uh, four power axes um, going at my Pravian on one wound. Uh, rolls his power axes, um, all ones. Would that be Mr. Derek Turnbull? Was that the guy, Space Wolves player at your at Graham's thing today? Yes. Yes, yes it yes. was. Yes. Oh, beautiful army, though. It looks Definitely nice. not painted with contrast. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. But um, yeah, beautiful army. Um, yeah, but that um, that 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 uh, did not help him. See, see, no difference whatsoever. Yeah, um, but th- reason number one on that list. Uh, where are we? They just look. Yeah, that's you can't argue. So the reasons for people that hadn't seen it uh, was they just look awesome. Uh, they offer maximum immersion. Development of other skills. I'm not quite sure what they mean by that. Uh, well, dazzling uh, your opponent. As, as they put it down here, if you you you'll be able to tell if someone uh, has poisoned your drink because you avoided uh, uh, drinking your paint water for so many years. I see. But n- nobody's avoided drinking their paint water. Everybody's done it at least once. Well, least. I I have avoided drinking my paint water, but what I have done is used my cup of tea as paint water. <laughs> yeah. Including last week, Megan made me a lovely cup of tea. And you know what? The first thing I did with it was put my paintbrush in there. Put the paintbrush in the tea. Well, I'm, I, I don't know what to say to that. That's just... You need it's a, a waste bright, of a cup of tea. Well, it's a, a waste of cup of tea. You need a brightly coloured mug still, of some variety. I still, I still drank it. See, this is why I bought the um, Citadel paint pot, because that to avoid yeah, got, such I've a thing happening. A, I've got a Citadel paint pot as well. Foolish human. He, foolish he's human. just that foolish. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, the, and the other two were dazzling your opponents. I'm um, sure it does dazzle people. Yeah, dazzling your opponents. Uh, br- apparently bright pink sp- kale space marines with black and yellow hazard stripes. Uh, Put a big uh, glitter on there as well. Yeah, but a glitter. Actually, you know what? There is, a, yeah. there is a lass who plays um, Asia Sigma, um, uh, Lucy from Dark Artisan. Um, her Stormcast Eternal army is pink with glitter. Sorry, you said Age of Sigmar and I turned off. Yeah, um, it's it, it's metallic, it's metallic and pink with um, little bits of glitter all over it. It's 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 brilliant. And then obviously number five is rolling better. Yeah. Yes, yeah. which is just nonsense, and I refuse to. Unless they can statistically prove it, I'm not going to believe it. Fair enough. Okay, no problem then. All right, well we'll um we'll leave it at that, and we'll uh, speak to you all in a month. Okay, so for Engine Kill this month, uh, it's just me uh, because uh, we ran out of time to record this with everyone, but um, there's not much to go through this month. Um, we had... Right, okay, so what do we have? We've got some downloadable command terminals for Adeptus Titanicus to account for the fact that some of them are currently out of stock. And the night ones are nicely in a handy smaller size. Brilliant for me because I need a couple of t- command terminals for Reavers on Warhounds. I bought... Two extra reavers, two extra warhounds. You only get two um, in the um, in, in the uh, Grandmaster's Edition or the rule box set, which is great. Now, the next bit of news we had was Adeptus Titanicus returned to Warhammer TV for a review of what came out of Warhammer Fest. 
not a massive amount of new news to come out of this f- compared to what we already knew from Warhammer Fest, but the highlights are that the Questorus Knights are getting the, um, their, their upgrade sprue is plastic. And that contains six Thunderstrike gauntlets, three missile pods, three new heads, including one with a crown. So you can mark that as your, uh, you know, your, um, lead, uh, knight, uh, your commander knight. I, I forget what it is. Is it or something like that anyway? Um, and three melter gun upgrades. Now the sprue will event, will be available separately but will eventually be packed as standard with the night kit. So the night kit's going to be replaced with this new one. Hopefully that's at the same cost, but probably not. Uh, the Proprian uh, is going to, I believe, come in a pack of two, and it's near Warhound size. Uh, the terminal includes the conversion beam cannon for the Asterius uh, for potential future upgrade kit. Uh, they did run through the Titans of Legend pack, which contains Titans of various classes from the background, and one really cool bit of fan service uh, with these is that the Loyalist pack, there is a Reaver Titan, um, Irakandia, I can't pronounce that word, Irakundus, Irakundus, which is a Titan that belongs to Lee Marshall, uh, one of the admins of the Deptus Titanicus 2018 Facebook group, as well as a massive uh, uh, Legio, um, well, uh, Firewasp fan. So it was great to see that getting included in the game. And that's all we really have to say for Engine Kill this month. Very little. Um, I haven't got a game. Uh, lately i need to get one and i need to paint some more titans so uh thanks for listening and we'll go on and talk about throne of skulls now throne of skulls so this was where uh, three of us and uh, Dave Simpson um, got together to participate in this event. So there are a couple of things that's been, I mean, if you've been following the Facebook page, you'll have realised um, we weren't sure. This was, we always wanted to go and do a, a game of an event at Warhammer World. And so we put it on our radar for things to do. And obviously having it as a doubles event really helped because uh, that gave it an added attraction, which was that you know, we got the chance to play um, as teammates. Um, so for myself and Christopher, that was uh, particularly good because we'd never been on the same side. We usually were fighting opposite sides, lawyers, traitors, etc. Christopher, yes, that's what I call you when I'm being serious. Um, the only other person so, that is our sister, and that's it. That's true, actually. That's true. Anyway, Chris and I um, were heading down. So we a lot, lot of umming and ahhing about our lists and sort of crisis of, of um confidence and existential uh, inner gazing which but, was started by somebody that well we'll come on to the, that person yes we will come on to that so yes but basically people said oh you've taken two arcuses and then all merry hell broke loose as mentioned previously in the episode that was far from the um <laughs> a long way back from the sort of levels that some people have gone to for this anyway the real uh, the, we knew we were in for a fun weekend uh, when we turned up to the hotel. So you long-suffering listeners will know that us and hotels, there's usually a tale, a tale to tell. Something will usually go wrong, and it's usually something that I've done. And this was no different at all. I think we can we can let you off a certain element of the rush, the, the, the Russian situation. As <laughs> we yes. shall never go into, shall never go into Edge of Empire law as the Russian situation. Because you yes. didn't know that the KGB... Uh, or whatever they're called now. Uh, I think it's going to the end or something else. Sorry, chats with listening. FSB, that's it. Sorry if you're listening. Um, <laughs> you didn't know if they, you didn't know that that was their their haunt, their holiday resort of choice. 
was the uh, the stab in in uh, in the east end of London. So yes. we can kind of let you off that. Although yeah. checking TripAdvisor in advance probably wouldn't have been. It was too. cheap. It yeah. Was cheap. No, we, we we remember Gray. It, it was we... cheap in London in the summer when the well is May the summer. Oh, yes. When FA... I write my memoirs. On an FA be mentioned. On an I... FA Cup weekend with a royal wedding. I just want to say that I was given a very strict budget to work with, and I did my best with the budget that was supplied. Oh, I know, absolutely, you did a wonderful job, and we luckily no one died of Novichok. That's true. Oh. That is that was lucky. That was yeah. lucky. Well, who, who would have known? Anyway, known. the long and the short yeah. is that particular one. What what occasion happened? What 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 fate befell us this occasion? Okay, so once again, um, I was booking the hotel rooms. Why this has become my job, I don't know, but probably because I volunteered. And as I was booking, yes, that's true. I do money manage the money, so that's fair enough. Um, so as I was booking these rooms in a hurry, because I thought I better book these quickly because they're going to sell out, and you know they were reasonably well priced. So I booked the rooms and then left it there, and then and thought nothing more of it, right up until the point when. Um, the person at the reception desk gave us the keys and said, yes, here you go, Mr. Mills, two double rooms. And I was like, double rooms? No, hang on a minute. You've spun this in your own mind. (laughs) Sorry, what? That that didn't happen. No, it didn't. No, because basically you got the rooms, we got the keys. The first time you contemplated it was when... Michael went into, into his into his and David's room at the time. We walked into what was going to be our room. We turned the light, and I said to you, "Well, that could be an issue, couldn't it?" <laughs> so no no prior good. thought had happened. Don't try and talk no. yourself out of it. <laughs> nice I try. think that in my my head, I heard she said, "Here's your double room," and I don't think that I twigged that actually a double room isn't what I thought it was, which is a twin room. Yes. So. Obviously, so what happened is you and I went up the stairs. The lift wasn't working again. That's a slightly, you know, bad point. We were on the third or fourth floor. I can't remember which. Second uh, we're floor. We're on the top, top floor, the third floor. And um, anyway, open the door. There's one single double blade, and I was like, oh, that could be problematic. That could be really problematic. And of course, the same was happening with uh, <laughs> Michael and Dave. And, uh, you know, we had invited Dave in good faith that we would, you know, sort the hotel out and he would sort the ticket out and everything would be fine. I don't for a minute expected that he was going to have to think he was going to have to bunk up with old Mike, um, you know, for an evening. So that's the start of a beautiful friendship in a different context altogether. So I I returned to the... I can't quit you. (laughs) 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 Um, He's on fire with the cultural references. I know, right? God, I didn't go. Um, so anyway, I went back down to reception. I said to the reception, this, uh, there seems to have been an error, my good lady. And uh, I think that I've, I'm the one who's caused it. <laughs> and uh, is there anything you can do to help me? And unfortunately, they can't do anything to help you anymore at reception. You have to phone up somebody else. And the problem is that because we booked the rooms and the rooms have been booked uh, in advance to get the cheap rate. Again, me trying to save money. They were non-returnable and non-refundable. So we couldn't cancel and book another one. I had to book a whole new room. So there we go. Cost us an extra 140 quid. Yes. So less than less. In turn, that stopped me buying Sanguinis at the weekend because that's, that, you know. Yes. Well, what we're going to oh, do in future, 
is have someone else make the hotel booking. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm now going to supply right. the money, but not the actual Can, you know, booking. Sh- shall I do hotels in the future? Shall I? Yes. I'll, I'll give it a. I'll be accommodations manager. You'll be the accommodation manager. You know, to be fair, though, to be fair to Graham, I've made the same mistake before. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a high pressure job, this, Chris. You know, taking on something, you know, there's high standards to follow. There's not. There's a hotel <laughs> that the KGB use. Yes. And there's a double bed. So I think I'm, I mean you've had success with the Derby situation and the whole market. Always, always uh, I picked that one. Okay, so Michael's had success no, with the whole market. Okay, maybe he did, but I booked uh, it. I booked it. I, you you booked the des- it. The desperation, but I booked it. <laughs> okay. So um, anyway, there we were. Promotion at last. I, I found the whole market because it was uh, you and you and Chris were going down, and you had a you had a. One booked at the services, I think. Oh yeah, you might be. And then I and then I got added to the journey because I was I went to Gopher for Greg. Um and uh, yeah. Okay, fair play. So anyway, anyway, Hallmarking is we always recommend Hallmarking. Um, but we might move next year to the other one because it's nearer. Although we had a discussion. Um, and now Chris is in charge of it. He can choose whatever hotel he's so assess the options and uh, make the decision accordingly. Good man, I will supply you with a budget that you to work with. Uh, you it is twenty seven pounds for the three of us for two nights, and um, knock yourself out. Cracking. <laughs> I can work with that. <laughs> anyway, so that was fun and games to start with. So we knew we were onto a winner uh, when we were laughing about and joking about this, and I was handing over my credit card laughing. Um, so Friday night we already had the game again. Uh, Why the world? Uh, we stayed in, didn't we? Because we were boring. And um, I think Dave hadn't arrived. Oh, Dave had arrived by then. He arrived in... at like uh, eight eight thirty. Yeah, yeah. That's by which right. point we were sort of fed, watered, and tired from. And we'd sorted out. We'd sorted out another uh, a twin room this time that Chris and I took, and then yeah. David and Michael had their own double rooms each. The, the advantage of the twin room was it was on the ground floor. It was that was a definite advantage. That was, that was a yeah, yeah going up and down those stairs all, all all weekend was not fun. But that's why you look so slender in the expo picture. Yes, there you go. It's clear. Well, I, have, I have actually lost weight. I, I'm at the situation now where I've got to buy new trousers, yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, no, because all my trousers currently require um, a very tight belt. Yes, right. Um, I suppose that's a good thing in the long run, but. You know, when you've got when you when you're brassic. Yes, I see what you yeah, mean. That'll, that'll do it. Um, yeah. So Friday night we we stayed in and we played Munchkin, didn't we? we yes, did. Munchkin 40k, which I really enjoyed. I thought it was excellent. <gasps> yeah, I, I, I've got it signed now by the artist. Oh, that was right. cool. That was yeah. really cool. You so get to start on level two, I believe. Yes, I do get to start on level two. Yeah. But um, I was, uh, it, but it was cool because um, he goes to the UK Games Expo every year because he's his parents live over in the UK. He, he was born in the UK as well, actually. But he's a, but he's a Yank, and um, I, 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 and and he was like, yeah, I love doing this set. You know, huge Warhammer fan. Um, and he was like, especially Bo- Sloppity Barpipe. It was my favorite card. And I'm like, yes, vindication, vindication. <laughs> like Witness someone else's, someone else's favorite as well. Sloppity ball bag, or whatever his name is. Style running. Yeah. Uh, what did you two think of Munchkin then? It was your first time playing Munchkin. Right? I, I really, really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was excellent. I really like the mechanics behind it. I think it's a lot of fun. We should, yeah, we should play that at uh, September and November. 
I liked I'd like to play that again. I really enjoyed it. So anyway, on that note, we stayed in. Dave um, met up with Pete Reese and the gang and went for some drinks. And I don't think Pete was there. It was Ben no. and... Oh, oh sorry, my yeah, bad. Ben, ben, ben Greaves. And Mark Ashworth and etc. But uh, yeah. yeah, he said... Well, initially he said, oh, it's just the, the, the hotel they're at is just over the road. Looked at the map and I'm like, Dave, that's a 20-minute walk away across a motorway. Yeah. And but like, yeah. and he was like, all right, well I'll Uber it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, but no offense, I'm gonna be knackered. It was nine o'clock at, at that point in time, and yeah, yeah and it was like, it's fine. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just not as sprightly as Dave is, even though he's much older than me. Well, not much older. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like four or five years older than me, but he's a, uh, he, he's, he's, he's. Uh, Does that mean you're much older than me? I guess I am. Yeah, mm-hmm. using that logic. Yeah. By, by by that logic, I am pretty much yes, a, yeah, a yeah, ancestor you, level. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, we know that. But There's you know, a he's a, he's a bit he's a little bit older than me, and he, um, he's like he's he's he's, a, he's he's like a kid. You know, he's able to he's a, he's he, you know he's a full of energy, full of energy, full of energy. Yeah, that I don't have, and it's not drugs. No, no. Um, so anyway, he went out. We stayed in, played Munchkin because we're sad old men. And then Mario Kart, and Mario Kart as well, which is cool. Yeah. Um. And then you know you've got me just about convinced to buy a switch now. Oh yeah, you should get one. Um, and then Saturday was the big day, so we went over to the hotel, had breakfast. The um, not the hotel, the restaurant next to the hotel. Um, had a fairly mediocre breakfast, and went to Warhammer World. So it was quite cool. Uh, we were queuing up with various people, saying hello to people. You know, a number of people recognised um, the t-shirts or they recognised yeah. us because they've been to our events and stuff, which was nice. And there was a guy yeah. called Lee who I met at the bar um who sort of listens all the time him and his friend i think it was their first event i can't quite remember now because this is going back over 10 days and i've slept a few times since then but um yeah it's nice to meet them they came sort of he came up to me and said oh uh said hi so that was nice yeah it was cool wasn't it yeah it it was cool uh i think the only the only comment i would have is that thank goodness i'd taken morphine that morning otherwise i would never have managed those stairs because they had us queuing up the stairs yeah that seems a fire hazard waiting to happen yeah that's true actually i hadn't thought about that but yeah i suppose that they were trying to get everybody in it wasn't particularly quick um but that was about the only time that i felt that it wasn't slow though it wasn't so it got moving it got moving i mean i i I was lucky because i was like uh always concerned uh with dave is he going to show up in the morning (laughs) yes you never know with dave he's all i like about him is he's got that unpredictability he's like a agent of chaos he is a, the Joker to our respective Batman in that regard because he's got much of energy and he wants to go out and do cool stuff on the night. And I'm just like, I am so tired, I want to go to bed. But that's good because he actually dragged us out on Saturday night, which I'm glad he did. Yeah. Yes, yes, that was good. Uh, so, yeah, so. Um, so, ha- queuing up. So, basically, the way it worked was um, we weren't quite sure how they were going to do it, you know. So, we, we got had our tickets ready and everything. And it was just like, yeah, no, that's fine. What's your names? Right, there you go. And that was it. That was yeah. all we did. For registration, nothing else. We handed our lists in, um, printed a copy off, handed them in. I'd written mine out in the morning because my list had only been finalised after our game on the on the Friday night. Friday, yeah. And um, away we went. So we waited, waited, waited in the in the Warhammer World Bar and Bugman's Bar, and then everybody went through and everything was organised for you. They basically on some screens they told you what table you what your team number was, which you already had, what table you were on, and you know off you went. So with that. With that in mind, we were there. We were our first game at Warhammer World 
um, as a team. In fact, our first game in any of the Warhammer World events for Heresy. So what was our first game like then, Chris? Do you want to talk us through the first bit? So we uh, were teamed up against uh, her team name was B2 Judgment Day. Uh, yes. There were two Bens. I can't remember one of their surnames. I can't at this moment of time. I can't remember either of their surnames. Despite, I, despite the fact that I know that they both, uh, one of them certainly likes the show now. Um, uh, one of them had come, Ben had come from Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah, was it? Oh cool, yes, yes. You had uh, you had a guy 14, from America, didn't you? Fourteen-hour journey or some madness. I know. Jesus. Um, so cool. So cool. I've never met anybody from Wyoming, and he was the first. And I'm was, really. If he's an advert for Wyoming, I'm going there tomorrow because he was such a nice, nice chap. Yeah, they were both reeks. They'd only met the night before. I don't know how the whole situation had come about. I, I, I wanted to ask more questions, but we were sort of into the thick of it quite quickly. Yeah, we, um, we were. So, so I, yeah, I was like, yeah, they'd, they'd never met prior to that point, um, and things like that. And it's just like, oh, blimey, crikey! So, uh, for those of you like me. Um, you know, we give Americans a hard time about not knowing where anything is in the world. I didn't really know where Wyoming was, if I'm completely truthful. But I didn't really, you know, it felt really bad that I didn't know where Wyoming was. But if you are looking at a map of the United ben, States. Yeah, ben Allen was his name. Sorry. Yeah. It's, um, it, to be it's, fair, Graham, that's like, asking an, that's like asking an American, do you know where Rutland is? Yeah, exactly. Well, I, mean, fair, I don't know where Rutland is. No, neither do I. Um. But anyway, long and short of it is Wyoming looks pretty spectacular. I think you said that you'd come from snow. So it's right in the middle of America. It's near um, the Yellowstone Rocky National Mountains. Park. Yeah, it's, I think it's oh, the other nice. side of the rock. It's near the Yellowstone. Looking at the map, the Yellowstone National Park is pretty much inside Wyoming. Um, I don't know what the capital is. But anyway, it looks nice. Bighorn. So obviously, that was maybe a battle there or something. Anyway, Wyoming. Yeah, bat- Battle of Bighorn. Somewhere to go because it looks great. Anyway. Long and short is we met Ben and we met Ben. So their armies. So Ben had Ben Wyoming. Ben we'll call him that without yep. you know. Um, he had an Alpha Legion army. He yeah, and, and the other Ben was was it Solar Rocks? Solar Rocks. Yeah, it was Solar Rocks. And uh, so this is pretty cool, right? So I've just started playing Solar Rocks, so it was really good to play against them and to see what other things you can do. And I've got to say, I learned a load of tricks from non-Wyoming Ben um, about Solar Auxiliary. So. Um, they had a good combination, which was, you know, the um, Solar Auxiliary had a defence line and they kind of um, marched up, got everything behind there. And the Alpha Legion were doing the usual Alpha Legion infiltration stuff with um, outflanking and things like saboteurs on the go. All of the usual kind of tricks of the trade that you get with Alpha Legion. Um, we forgot some things which were which we didn't forget ever since that, which was that the gin site on the Thalax prevents yes. infiltration within 24 so we were just using the Algri scanner, which we knew prevented infiltration. But actually, any it's very hard to infiltrate when you've got phallics because they just push you back 24 inches without having a line of sight. Which, or yeah, which we, we didn't really, which I didn't remember until I was looking through the book. Uh, I think turn four or five. Yes. <laughs> it's oh like, yeah. yeah, that's what it does. So that was really cool. But anyway, long and short of it is, um, there was some he had some really good units did uh, solar auxiliary men. Um, and he, he had some tech thralls. And I was like, well, I'd looked at them. I'd never really given them any thought. But um, the tech thralls with the tech priest for the solar auxiliary can take grenade launchers. Servitors. No, well, yeah, they are. I think you use the tech thrall models, but they are servitors, I suppose. Um, and they had grenade launchers. And the solar auxiliary have got these, I think, unique grenades, which are haywire. Um, so basically, well, they had, do, don't they? So I think you had four of these yep. guys 
with haywire grenade launchers. He had a couple. He had a um, auxiliary uh, command squad, which has got another two haywire grenade launchers in it, um, as well as the strategist with the uh, cogna signum. So he was boosting the ballistic skill up by plus one, so giving them hitting on threes. And of course, haywire and my armor breakthrough list is a no-no. So. Um, well, and- also a couple of my units was also a between, between the two of us haywire was not really our friend no definitely not it was definitely a, an eye-opener he had um he's probably his mvp in the game so just to very quickly actually people may not know what list we had you can have a look on the website but i had an armor breakthrough it had lots of predators it had two sicarian arcuses it had a medusa it had a um hq which was a normal sicarian i think that's about it yeah four predators two arcuses yeah that was about uh, it uh thingy what's it the bombardment the medusa yeah i've got the medusa yep so yeah. that that went early doors didn't it shot to death by um the the particularly good another really good unit that i'm going to start using is the solar auxiliary rapier weapons batteries because they get the shatter shells um and frag shells that's all they can have but shatter shells are another really good anti tank gun uh strength eight the ap is pretty nonsense but the strength eight and they have sunder so they can re-roll armor pens Mm. And I didn't have any armor 14, so it was easy, easy prey really um, to those guns. So, you know, they're like four shots each, so it's eight shots. They're really um, good. So, yeah, they, they kind of started taking us to bits, didn't they? Even though we kind of looked on paper to out outgun them, and they got the first turn and they, they really made it count. The saboteur blew some stuff up, I think, or did he not? No, he didn't do anything. No, he but, came on and kind yeah, of fluffed his lines a bit, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the- but. I think um, Alpha Legion Ben had a laser destroyer vindicated, didn't he? And he uh, had such uh, what are they called. Michael, what's the Ultramarine Shield unit? Caesarean. Oh, Caesarean. Yeah, Caesarean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alpha Legion Caesarean. Yeah. Wow. Um, and they were cool, but yeah, they they, 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 they took an absolute beating. We were not letting them because they had a load of thunder hammers in them. Yeah, and we were arcusing them to death and stuff, yeah. but they were they were they were really resilient, a really resilient unit. They um, are they the 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 boarding shields. That's yeah. right. So yeah. it was you know, and 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 never mind Wyoming, young young Ben should have a career in Vegas because oh, this man God, could yeah. roll fives and sixes, incredibly incredible number oh, of fives and sixes. Later on in the, in the the event, we did probably find his equal. Yes, that's true. That is true. But then we also found people who rolled ones and twos like we do. So That's true. Yeah. But, yeah, but the- yeah, good game. Really good game. I really enjoyed this one a lot. It was yeah. great to speak to somebody from another country who'd come over to Warhammer World um, and to you know hear what they were talking about, their experiences and stuff, which was great. Um, and the two guys were really good, um, comp- you know, really nice fellas to play against. I'm really glad we played them first because they kind of set the scene for us for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. Uh, if I'm honest, you know, a good first game is always, you know, you know, yeah. You've had at least one good game, and these guys were really great. So they beat us in the end. I think it was fairly close, but they definitely yeah, beat us. I think I think it was, uh, there was only like one or maybe two victory points in it at the end. I I, I meant to take a photo of the scorecards as we went, but I sort of forgot I took a photo of our overall scorecard at the end. But that doesn't tell the future of it. Um, we did kill the Alpha Legion warlord. I remember that. Um, yeah i've got the photo here so we we basically took out one half of their army so we killed 1300 points worth of models yeah yeah that's Um, not bad 
Yeah, but I think they just the sailor hung, hung on. They got scoring units where they yeah. needed to do if I remember yeah. rightly. The Alpha Legion sort of did what the Alpha Legion did, and that was so you know they caused confusion amongst our ranks. Yeah, because we it was that case of we've got to deal with them, but we'd rather not be dealing with them because he had the um oh, what this the auxiliary tanks with yeah two Macarius is it no not Macarius. They've got the battle cannons on the front and they're not Lehman Russes. You have three of them. Uh, the transport ones. Oh, Dracosian transport. He had three Dracosians, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. And so we had to deal with them as well. Yeah. So we stopped them in their tracks. Yeah, because they're basically super heavies. Yeah, five, yeah. five, um, five whole points. I think your Ursarex smashed their way through some. Yeah. Um, in fact, they did a disorganized charge and you smashed their way through I two. Smashed through two of them, yeah. Yeah, which is really cool. So, yeah, good game. Good game, really so, good game. We lost. Uh, yeah, my my game was, um, well, um, I'll be perfectly honest with you, I didn't enjoy this game. The, okay. the guys we were playing against were okay, um, but the list they brought was four Arcuses, basically two, two identical um, armoured breakthrough lists, apart from uh, a, 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 where um, it was word bearers. So we had to take a Centurion. So that that was the only difference. One had one extra Predator, and the other had the Centurion on a jet on a on a bike um, right. to cover for that. And it was sort of like the lads were okay, but it was sort of like, you know, they were like, oh well, we just brought, we just thought we fancy tanks, and these are all the tanks we've got. And it's like, yeah, that is a really honed list. Um, yeah. They're identical. So yeah, come on, mates. If you if you want to play a, if you want to if you want to bring the toughest list you've got. That's fine. Just be honest. Oh, just be honest about it. It's exactly right. Yeah, I mean that's what we. I always said is like you know when I was giving a bit of grief about my tax. Like yeah, yeah, it's you know I know it's a tough list. I, I totally get that, and you know I deserve everything I get in that regard. Um, yeah, I, I don't they, try and hide it with fluff or trying to. Sort they they, you know. they were try they were trying to play the whole. Oh well, we're not that great a player, and it was sort of like, no, you're not. But you you you've you've got a really. Yeah, your, a, your list is your list is doing the work. Yeah, the list was doing the work, and it was a re- it was quite difficult because, you know, four arcuses. I mean, we did we did okay. We we destroyed we, about a thousand did, points worth. We did have three knights, to be fair. Yeah, we did have three knights. Yeah, to, yeah, to be fair, we've done three knights. Um, <laughs> not that they lasted very long. No, I mean, that's um, the against that's not the ideal pair up, is it? Because they've got enough ranged firepower there to cause you a nuisance before yeah, you they, or they knights do anything. Much. I mean, if they just concentrate all their fire on one night a turn, they're going to take it out, aren't they? Eight shots of the Arcus, you might get three whole points, I suppose, three or four whole points off that. I if you're lucky. Le- I was left with four guys at the end who just who 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 stayed, uh, who didn't who didn't run break on their like leadership it. test. That's all well, I had. That's absolute annihilation. It yeah. was a um. It, as I said, the guys were fine. It was all right. It was just it was annoying that they were like, oh well, this is. This is all we've got. Um, it, it, you know, this is all we had had built and painted, and it's sort of like, no, it's not. It's you brought a tough list. Just admit just, you brought just, a tough yeah, list. Yeah, exactly right. I, I mean, do, I've come into this expecting tough lists, you yeah. know, and that's I mean, and that's fine. If they want to play a tough list, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have a go at them. I just uh, it annoyed me that they were being so coy and oh, we didn't realise it was going to be this tough. And it's like, what's this? I mean, Michael, they, I, I, I mean, I every game that we started, I apologised <laughs> to the to my opponent before oh, yeah, I got, I, got I, my I, list out. I was I, like, look, I am sorry about this. 
Uh, I do apologise, but this is yeah. the list that I've got. And uh, that was, you know, I wasn't trying to sort of, you know, absolve myself from any kind of um, kickback from that. I, I, totally I mean, we were destroyed it. enough that I think we did a did a nice a nice, um, you know, we sh- we showed ourselves all right. But um, it's you're never gonna you're never gonna do well against a list like that. It's so what, just, do they, what do they have other than the predators? Oh, predators and, two, and four arcuses. What else? Did, they have like vindicators or something in there. Uh, let me have a look. I've got the photo right. I've got the photo right here. Um, right, so if I open the image in a new tab, how big is the image is this? They've got, I'm just looking here, we've got, f- on one side, we've got four individual predators Yeah. as troops. We've got a Venator, uh, oh, yeah. a Sakarin, a Javelin, and a Centurion. And on the other side, we've got five predators, a Javelin, a Venator, um, two Arcuses, and uh, yeah. That's like mirrored lists then, really. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Their lists were identical. And it was sort of like the whole, oh, this is the only tanks we've got. And there's, it's like, no, it's not. There's, it's, there's nothing wasted in those lists either, is there? They've covered, but, co- they've covered pretty much everything. Maybe, yeah, I mean, anti-tanks covered by the Arcuses. Actually, anti-air is covered by the Arcuses. The Vindicators are going to, um, sorry, the Venators are going to cover um, big anti-tank stuff. No bother. Um, four of them. So that's four shots from that, you know, strength 10 AP1 ordnance. You're not the javelins to, you know, do fast stuff if needs be. The predators themselves are, and all of those vehicles are going to be fast because they're under three hull points. So, or three points are under rather. So, yeah, it's uh, that's tough. That is tough. It was um, just a tough list. And as I said, don't didn't mind the guys, didn't mind playing the list. It was just the, the only thing that annoyed me was the the whole, yeah, we're, we're, we've no idea what we're doing. Yet come with yeah. a really. Yet come with a really toned list, as if it's going to make me uh, sympathise with them and, and thinking it's like no, no, you brought you brought a tough list, just own just, that. Just, just own that. That's exactly what I did. It's like you know what, I'm just going to own this. There's no justification for it. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> shall I do my second game? Go yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just got to close down this and um, pull, pull up my pull up my notes from my second game. Game one is the fact that me and Graham unleashed Bordeaux Dead Imperio. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the we got the photo of the masks, haven't we? Yeah, we did last yeah, last so, turn. We started uh, actually. Our dust rolls improved no end when we when we went into Bordeaux Del Imperio mode. Yes, so you uh, said. So that's obviously a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my second game was uh, against um, uh, Raven Guard and Custodes, and I really like this game. Um, it, 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 the problem with this game was we were the bad guys in this one. We really were. They had nothing that could deal with knights, and we had three of them in the list. Mm. So you know, I mean, um, you know, they see they managed to seize the initiative, uh, which was awesome. Um, and um, yeah, they they just we just walked up, ripped them apart. All we lost in the whole game was a um, was a single um, squad of heavy flamer guys. Crikey. We we just we just systematically took them apart. Uh, the only thing that confused me in this game, well, I, I'll come to that in a minute. But I mean, there were there were bits like the jet bikes charged towards the castigator because the mm. castigator's got that sweep. Um, it managed to take them all out before they could hit it with their melter bombs. And once they did that, that was their anti tank gone. Crikey! That's a that's a, that's a that's a bold move, isn't it? You've got to think. Yeah. It was bold, um, and the the best they could do was keep uh, a knight warden it stuck in combat because there was one um, one raven guard that survived the stomp. 
Um, but what confused me about this game and why he did it was um, the last two turns he jumped. You know how you can jump Korax away? Yeah. Yes. So he came back on, charged at, and killed a rhino of mine with ten guys in it who were on objective. Right. And it was great because he got my guys out of the out of the tank. Well, the rhino, so they were on the objective. But then immediately, instead of staying on so we could handle uh, the, the guys in the last turn, jumped, jumped jumped away. And it was like, okay, well, we've got the last turn. We've just finished off your last squad. You've got no one left. Korax is still in your army, but he's not here, so he can't yeah. be destroyed. Yes, of course. So we got a table. So we tabled them. Even though if he'd stayed on, it would have completely hammered us. Wow. So I suppose it's one of those things. Sometimes you do these things without thinking them. Yeah, yeah I just, mean, to be yeah. fair, these guys hadn't played Heresy, as they said, in about two years. Right, okay. Yeah, so we tried our best to have a good game with them. It was just it was just poor on our poor on our part because our list was just ripping them much. apart. Yeah. Yep, totally understand. So um, so that was a good game. It sounds like, I mean, it's totally different from your first game. Yeah, yeah, totally different from my first game. Really good game. I mean, um, I came close to losing the Death Shroud, but you know, it, it was um, it was just too. It, 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 our list was just too um, nasty for them. Gotcha. The, the knights did it. The knights did it. Right. Uh, they, practi- they, they practically won the whole game on themselves. Which I suppose, if they get the right list, they will do, won't they? If you can't yeah. really touch them, they're just going to murder you. Nothing yeah. you can do about it. Okay, so our second game was. Um, I can't so yeah. this was Sonian Rhapsody was the team. So this was Hector from the Battle Bunnies. Oh yeah. And his friend and I cannot remember his I wrote their names down and I don't have my book my notebook to hand, so I do apologize. Um but they were playing Solar Rocks and Thousand Suns. Yes. Oh, that was this was right, yeah. So this was the white solar auxiliary that we played against, wasn't it? Yeah. They had like a white paint scheme. Um, Dracosian, they had what the guy did for his commander was, was really cool. He used the Death Corps of Krieg um, quartermaster, or possibly not the quartermaster, the commander on a horse, which I thought was very cool. Um, oh, right. A really good model. And actually, I might I might adopt that if I get some money because I think that looked really awesome and a lot of fun because the, his, I know his Sailor Auxiliary HQ had a, um, the. Uh, I can't remember what the exact thing is called, but it's basically a three plus invon. But if you roll a one for any of your armor saves, you you teleport off the board. And um, so I thought actually that'd be like the horse just sort of taking you away, going right, I'm out of here. Um, but yeah, it was so we had a cell auxiliary, and then uh, I'm trying to think what um what was it in the other side of it, Chris? Thousand Suns. Thousand Suns, that's right. But it wasn't yeah, a Thousand the, Suns. Yeah, it wasn't like you know evil Magnus they, Thousand Suns. Was, uh, they had an Omega. Uh, Tank destroyer, uh, units in rhinos, things like that. Yeah, and then um, I think it had some volkites or something, didn't he? Yeah, there was some. There's a squad up out the way. Um, actually, I'm just going to. Should just discuss the nice white paint job? I'm just going to get my notebook because that's actually got their army list in it. So, there, oh, cool. But a moment. Yeah, sure thing. So yeah, so the artillery. Um, so this was, I think, just like a dawn of war deployment. This one, and it was one of those ones where you need to get scoring units into the opponents. Um, or objectives, wasn't it? There was objectives you needed to get onto them by the end of the game. Uh, it was waralized. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Um, so I think we had three objectives in our area. Um, and they had two objectives in their area. Um, and we we basically shot them. 
quite successfully the amiga didn't really do a lot it's a weird tank that amiga because it has to be within 24 so all of our anti-tank stuff was massively was at least minimum of 12 inches longer range so we could kind of sit back and wait for it to come at us which we did um there were some uh, vindicators to deal with if i remember rightly um the dracosian was quite tricky with its um 10 inch with its blast template uh, causing us a fair bit of bother um but ultimately again our weight of fire was was pretty brutal uh, unfortunately for them and we managed to sort of shoot the things that could damage the tanks and then it was really just a question of um, moving forward and getting them out of their transports and making sure that we had plenty of scoring units on the objectives at the end of the game mm. um, which which we won but yeah these guys were really good fun there was a thunderbolt was it a lightning might be a lightning actually um, which the Arcus took down before it got a chance to shoot but it did drop a load of those he had the phosphorex bombs in the back of it oh and um, they went over Chris's Ursarax, I think, or one of his Thalax squad, and just pretty much annihilated it off the board before you could intercept it happens as soon as it moves. So um, we couldn't shoot it down before it dropped the bombs, and it just uh, laid waste to them. That was quite effective. Um, so, yeah, we managed to take it out. It had a lot of crack and penetrator missiles, so taking it out uh, in the interceptor phase with the um, Arcus with Skyfire missiles was was vital because it would be taking out you know it could it could probably take out two tanks minimum i would have thought in two turns if we hadn't dealt with it um because you know cracking penetrating missiles is well i think strength eight um armor bane ap2 or one mm-hmm. really really quite unpleasant missiles for tanks so yeah we managed to well, deal with that uh, that is the point yes exactly so um and we dealt with with most of their stuff so once we'd knocked the, the sort of main shooting stuff back it was a question of slowly rolling up the board making sure that we were on the objectives by the end of the game and that the, they weren't um they did try a, a very um desperate nearly worked um maneuver to try and get through some uh, cover buildings to get onto the objectives but unfortunately i still got the medusa in the game at this point and when they were sort of sheltering inside these ruins on multiple levels medusa shell came down and did for a few of them even with a four plus cover save so mm-hmm. yeah it was but it was good good game they were good good opponents um i i did I, see this i have no idea what my has gone it's disappeared okay, i did no see this army i lo- i did like the white scheme on the trocosians yeah it was like white with gold which is quite tricky and it yeah, good. and it had those lovely um, numbers on the side, which I thought were really quite cool yeah. uh, in the doors. Yes, yes. So, yeah. But anyway, they were, they were lovely chaps. Um, and that was a good game, good fun game. Yeah, I think fun. I spoke to them as well. Um, yes, I spoke to them with you. Yeah, I think your game had finished quite quickly, hadn't it? So. Here it is. Yeah. I just found it. Oh, okay. you found it. Okay, so you yeah, can tell us. Uh, uh, Lawrence. Lawrence. Lawrence and Nick, otherwise known as Hector. Yeah. Uh, so here we go. Yeah, the Anathian, Athen, oh god, Athenian Rhapsody, uh, Delegatus, uh, as Graham said on the horse, uh, veteran tactical squad, uh, Brotherhood of Psychers, Carcana. Yeah, the uh, that's right because they were they were actually their um, psychic shriek was very good against your phalanx eye, wasn't it? Yeah, it did a. A number did, on them did a major number but i think you just you got unlucky with his rolls because it's three dice um yeah he, then, did, he, he did it once and it was very bad and then it just never happened again yeah but because you, you only got leadership seven or something on those guys haven't you 
Yeah, it's not great. So, you know, he was rolling three dice and getting like 15 or 16, that's seven wounds. Yeah. With no cover save, and I think it was AP2 or something. It wasn't very pleasant. So he really did do a number of um, something. Wanted to get them dealt with fairly quickly. So yeah, he had two, yeah. yeah. So two squads of tactical marines and rhinos, one tactical support squad mm. uh, with Volkite Calvers. Yes. And then the Sakara and Omega. Got you. And um, the Solar Ox. And the Solar Ox was a Lord Marshal with a Spacer Matrix, which is the horse. Yes, that's uh, right. The Auxiliary, the Auxiliary Infantry. Yep. Uh, the Velitaris, and they were in a Dracosian. Uh, the second one was uh, infantry with the Laz, Laz rifle section. They were behind the Aegis defense line. And yes. then the Thunderbolt and the Lightning. Oh, they did have two, yeah, that's right. And the Lehman Rust Demolisher, which caused us a bother on turn one. That's what it was. It wasn't a Vindicator. It was a Lehman Rust Demolisher, which Rust did cause us... It causes a, a no end of nuisance, and we immobilized it and... Just couldn't destroy it, could we? Couldn't destroy it, no. No, I mean, the thing that sort of turned it for us, I think, was the rampage that the Ursaracs went on. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they went up the left flank, supported by a couple of yeah. um, Predators, didn't they? Because they wanted and, to get them on there to double up to make sure we had scoring units on the yeah, objective. Yeah, um, just smushed uh, smushed people left, right and centre. Yeah, I mean, Ursaracs versus Laz Rifle Section is never going to be a, a win for the Laz Rifle Section, no, I'm sorry to say. No. Um, no. You know, they're wounding them on sixes for a start because they're only strength three. So, yeah, they just mushed uh, their way away. And like I said, I had the tanks ready to roll onto the objectives, the predators, if we needed to be. We, we kind of, um, you know, I don't think it was a, a complete walkover in that regard. I think the score-wise, it was closer than we we thought. Yeah, I think the the first two turns, I think you and me were slightly concerned. Yeah, I think if they'd managed to take out one of the other arcs or the or the HQ um, Sakaran or something along those lines, that would have been yeah. a, a big. It would have made it much more harder for us because they had the um, uh, demolisher cannon going, and the demolisher cannon obviously strength ten can double out the um, your guys kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that that was my concern. But once we because demo- we mobilised both of them, didn't we? Yes, yes, and we did. At that point, we could kind of I could move around them. Yeah. Um, especially the Dracosian, it was just staying out of his line of fire. Yeah. yeah. For me, with these, with their list was the Thousand Suns. They didn't have the impact I thought they were going to have. Yeah, I think they might have got the wrong army for that. You know, because they they have to keep in cover. They had to keep out of line of sight, or else they would have got shot to death by a gun line. Unfortunately, so you know, I think in, in, in any other army they probably would have been um, fine. But it's good. I, mean, I enjoyed the game. Yeah, I did. I, I thought, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah, after turn two, when we kind of got the, the one rhino was out of the way, the Omega was gone, the Rust was immobilized, and so was the Dracosian. Yeah. Yeah, sort of opened it up for us to... Yeah, I think they also got unlucky with their reserve rolls as well, didn't they? Yeah. They didn't get yeah, stuff on when they needed it on. The Thunder and Lightning yeah. uh, combo met at Arcus-related death. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so what about your third game, then? So, game three... This was a belt yeah. of this one. <laughs> so the, yeah, this is this is this this was great because um, this was. I'm really glad we had this game because obviously, the, you know, you've been there since nine in the morning. You've already played two games that are quite, you know, mentally stretching. And um, the third game, so we knew James. James comes to the Company Legends events, and uh, he was he was full of vim and vigor, wasn't he? 
he came up and oh, we came up to the table because they were already yeah. there, him yes. and James. And I'd already played the other James as well at London. He was yes. my final game at London. So yeah, he was a really nice chap. We crossed their paths before, yes. and we got there, and James Brown <laughs> gave it. He gave, gave it large. large. He did, <laughs> which meant that me and Graham decided to activate the switch that every one of our bloodline has, which is <laughs> wind up merchants to 11 sarcasm meter up to 53 levels higher than it would normally be. And yeah. we basically emotionally, uh, <laughs> we, we won't feel, I don't think he was quite ready for. I think he actually fell to his knees at one point and screamed to the heavens. Yeah. Um, it, it was very funny um, from our point of view. I'm, so the thing is, the best way I can describe it as this was a bit like a a young, uh, inexperienced uh, centre forward or a winger coming up against two very experienced, old and grizzled central defenders to give it a football parlance who who aren't as quick as they were once, um, haven't got all of the flash moves, but they've got the experience behind them and they will give a little bit of niggle, a little bit of sledging as you like. And uh, unfortunately, James got really wound up with us really really round up to the point where i think it might have affected his ability to put a sentence together and to actually make a decision about his army because what are you two like it was in you know the problem is that if you i think what happened is it was like we said this is our army list i'm really sorry i said oh i don't care don't worry it'll be gone by turn turn one I'll do it all. I'll, I'll, I'll deep strike or smash. Yeah, it. that's it. That'll be gone. That'll be gone. That'll be gone. That'll be gone. And you know that was his words, not us. You know, this is yeah. before. This was like the first shot across our bows, and uh, so we were. And of course, you know, Chris, me and not Kristen, I didn't even have to say anything to each other because we both knew that that was effectively a, a declaration of war. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, we were obviously went out of our way to prove him horrifically wrong in his. Um, overconfidence yeah. i've his his his, his squad's deep striked and if i'm honest to this day i still I, I've, I've forgotten what he did it was he turned so, so what the thing is yeah so obviously really important at that point the thing is i'm obviously playing armor breakthrough as much as i have and playing against drop pods which is my one of my natural enemies I'm pretty good at knowing how to deploy against them now. Yeah. And how you deploy against them to make it as difficult as possible for the person to get their things where they want them to be. I.e. they want to have the guys with melt guns shooting at the back of things. They haven't got armor ceramite. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to have, you know, their plasma guns over here to do this. So with our deployment, you know, using the defense line, making sure that everything's covered. Like we were, yeah. And of course, Chris had the, um, the two, uh, what are they called? Castellances. Uh, castellances with dark fire lances and bolters and with a um, the Magos with an augury scanner. So we stuck him kind of in the middle to protect the tanks. Um, and as James deep struck his guys, his raven wing in, raven guard in rather, um, with, you know, various special weapons, I think you just, we just shot, you shot him to death. Basically, he, he turned up... Uh, he had to he deep strike scattered to start with yes to yes, we had a big argument about that within the killings so yeah for the first turn anytime james said a rule that we thought we can probably <laughs> get on this we, we basically would go really 
Are you sure? Like, I'm not sure. I think that's wrong. Yeah. Just, uh, just check the book for perhaps 30 seconds longer. Not even looking at the right page, really. Just yeah. go. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. No, no you're right. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't have got that wrong. Just, <laughs> just dragging it out. Just twisting the knife. Uh, a little uh, bit. What are you talking about? Poor James. Um, but yeah, and yeah, he made had the misfortune of appearing right in front of my my guys, which meant that they unleashed merry hell upon them. Yes. Uh, the other the other James, I must say, was a very calm and collected yeah. chap, and it was had his was laser focused on what he needed to do. Uh, but, but laser focused is exactly what that. Yeah. So anyway, the game progressed. Uh, it, the Raven Wing, Raven Guard, rather, were were shot to bits by us as they tried to report whatever they wanted to do. I mean, we were doing, you know, things like I was snap firing the Arcuses in interceptor mode um, because, you know, it was better than them dying to the deep striking, you know, plasma guns and getting some lucky shots off that. And they were failing leadership tests and they were failing um, their run moves and their uh, move through cover moves and everything went wrong for James. It really did. It was, he was massively unlucky. Um, to be fair, it wasn't anything on our part, but obviously with the previous bit of winding up that we'd done and coupled with his bad luck, it, it was a very, he was a broken man. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't make it any easier for him. I've got to be honest with you, we didn't. And um, yeah, so, you know, I think we, I don't know what it was. It was just a, a perfect storm. Yeah. It, Anyway, long and short of it is, although James was getting his uh, army fairly well dusted by our guys, the other James had absolutely was nailing us to the wall with his um, Benator. Now, this this tank deserves to be melted down and recast in gold, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Because I've never known a Venator like it. It was spectacularly good. Uh, It went through. So just to give you an idea of its kill list, this one tank uh, got your um, Krios. Got my Krios. It got an Arcus. Yep. It got my HQ Sikaran. Yep. Um, before we stopped it. Uh, else as well. We killed it on turn four or five, I think. I think it killed a thing every turn. Yes, it, it did. It killed four things. I think it got one of the predators. Did it get the yeah? It might have got the Medusa or a Predator, but yeah. Um, yeah. It absolutely tore us a new one. And um, that more than made up for the earlier um, uh, losses that James had inflicted as the Raven Guard player. So there, the Death Guard there, he had them in a very good position on top of a hit on top of a building with missile launchers as well. So everywhere you moved, you were going to get shot. He kind of he won the game for them. And to be fair, you know, James had kept us pinned back with the Raven Guard, but they were pretty much a done force by turn two. But it didn't matter because the other James was just picking us off as 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 was his want, really, wasn't it? So this it came it did get very very close though. Yeah, we 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 had a late rally. We really and, did. Uh, we really did. We did. We had to work really hard for it as well. There was and, a, lot, um, a lot of things had to go in uh, the last two turns. We really had to knuckle down, focus, and get things done in the right sequence. Yeah, and we, choosing we, I, in order because it just it wouldn't have got even got down to that point otherwise. Yeah, we were we were massively behind because I think you know they've been racking the points up. And this one you had to get into the uh, zones, didn't it? It was all about the yeah, it was yeah. all about the deployment zones. And the thing is, I think we played the last two turns of that game, the best last two turns I've ever played. If I'm honest, considering we had nothing left really, and we knew we had to get 
his guys out of the deployment zones and our guys into the deployment zones to score any points. Yeah. Uh, and we came so close to doing this. It was unreal. Um, it almost worked, didn't it? We almost yeah. got it perfect. It, it came down to the fact that they... Uh, yeah. One of his... So my Ursarax did their thing. We shot one of the rhinos. My Ursarax then assaulted the guys that came out of that rhino. Yeah. Didn't kill them all, but they, they failed their leadership. Yes. And ran. Because we had the second turn. Yeah. So we, so we were going, we had the last turn to, yeah. you know, the last big roll of the dice, as it were. Yeah. And then, so I, my Ursarax were unfortunately just sat in the middle of the kill zone. Yes. Which which was a blow it was, it was it, i think that was the killing blow so yeah. looking back on it that extra unit would have been really useful yeah we i think it had us pinned down with this um like 10 man squad of uh missile launching every support squad yeah. and we everyone we just getting paneled every time we went out there but we managed to basically get to his troops in the no man's land but we knew we weren't going to get into his deployment zone um, we didn't have a chance, of, but we knew we, he couldn't get into our deployment zone either. So the, the the fight was really for who was going to own the no man's land. And I think in the end, um, you had to get every, you had to get any score, any traces of scoring units out of the deployment zone, didn't you? Yeah, and tanks were scoring, and that yes. was the thing. And we managed to get all of his troops out, kill all of his troops, or get them running, or whatever. So they they couldn't score, but we hadn't got enough to destroy this one rhino that had one whole point left. Yeah, and that was all it came down to, basically. Yeah, it just. Yeah. So I think they got like the secondary objectives, didn't they? Yeah, they uh, got attrition and everything, and. Yeah, and we were hoping to get get the five points for holding that deployment, and we would have won the game. But well played to the to the two of them. Now, although it sounds like we were giving James a hard time, um, we were. It was very funny, um, but it was the game itself was excellent. I've got to be honest. I it may sound like to the people listening outside that it was horrific and that it was like one of those horrible games. It, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, and I hope James enjoyed it. I really do because I they, think we had an excellent knew, game. They knew that all the clog that we were giving James. You know, he was taken in the way that it was intended. It was never meant to be, you know, serious. Yes, exactly right. We weren't being mean. We yeah. were just, just we, were, we were being playfully mean, and yeah. I think they knew that. They knew we were um, definitely. And uh, you know, even the other James sort of played along with it as well, didn't he? So, um, you know, but it was a great game. I've got to say, I, you know, it was an awful lot of fun. Um, again, we lost, which is perfectly great. Um, and I thought they played really well, the, and um, particularly the other James uh, played an absolute blinder. Um, but yeah, you know, a cracking fun game, and I'm really glad we had it as well because it was, it was, it was an interesting game, and because it kind of that usually the last game can ebb off and you can feel a bit drained. I didn't feel drained by that game at all. At the end of it, I felt quite, you know, upbeat because it was such a cool, fun game. I hope they enjoyed that one. I do. I felt drained insofar as the fact that we, it wasn't a relaxing game. Yeah, no, it wasn't that. <laughs> we had to really yeah, think about really it. Think I had to dig out of the sort of the, the well that we were in. <laughs> yes, we couldn't, we couldn't take everything. As I said, everything had to be done in a certain order, in a certain way, and it, you know, it it did mean us. You know, one of us would say, "Oh, let's do this," and the other one going, "No, we, you know, what we have to do is this, this, and this." Yes. And we were both doing that to each other, keeping each other in check because we knew that, you know, yeah. that was the advantage, I think, of having that team 
um, element between sort of you know between us and I guess all the other teams is that there was always that check in the decisions you were making. Yes, you're right. We never went off on a, our own tangent. We, we always were like communicating with each other and saying, "Oh, so I'm going to do this. You're going to do that." Yeah. Um, Good luck. And, you, you and I generally have quite different play styles anyway. We do. Nicely brings me on to my game. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. That? that was, it was good. It was good. It was a really close tight game. Probably my favorite game of the whole weekend. It was, we were playing a force of uh, Mechanicum and this really lovely yellow color scheme. Uh, absolutely love that color scheme. Um, and a and some uh, Talons, which uh, were Custodies and Sisters. So a rare sight mm. to see them both together. Mm. Uh, well, to see sisters anyway. Um, yes, we did win. Um, but uh, the thing with this game and our winning was, uh, you know, it was, oh, I can't remember the mission name. As it, uh, Onslaught or something like that. Um, I can't remember. Anyway, so um, it was pretty good. He had some armages, which were nice. Uh, nice to see the armages in there. Um, but it was a very, very close, tight game. A uh, lot of stuff being destroyed on both sides. Um, one of the knights died, um, but it was it was quite good. And at the end, uh, in the last turn, we were sort of like, right, we have no man's land. They've got an inquisitor in there. We can destroy that easily. Um, and um, we've got our deployment zone. They're not anywhere near this. We're going to win this game regardless. And Dave was sort of like, yeah, but they've just got a tank there. And uh, and a squad of sisters there. If I charge both my remaining knights in, um, we can take out that. Uh, we can take out. Um, we we can take um, what you call it. Um, no man's uh, their deployment zone as well and get all the points. Is this the point where I turned up and told you that tanks were scoring and you hadn't realised? Oh, that was yeah. It was just before that. Yeah. So Dave's like, yeah, I'm gonna go in and um, uh, uh, and take out the entire. Um, the, the remaining uh, um, sisters of battle and I'm going to um, uh, and I'm going to win the game and I'm going to take all the points. And I'm like, Dave, we can keep no man's land. We can just, we can, you know, we can just rack up some kill points and, you know, with the attrition. And he was yeah. like, Nope, I'm going in. <laughs> so he, he ran in and killed the custodies tank, which was great, but then didn't um, kill the last, um, few sisters and yeah we didn't get that that deployment zone so it was sort of like he could have he could have potentially done it a little bit differently by concentrating fire on other stuff um because i had to take out that acquisitor which was really tough it's a tough tough unit uh it's a tough thing to kill um is that the june ship yes yes yeah, yeah it's a really, really tough, it tough one to say, but we're not going to say it on this show. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, I mean, it was fine. It was fine. It was just, um, yeah, if he'd done, if he'd done it slightly differently, we would have, um, it, uh, we, we, we could have destroyed more and gotten, well, I suppose we still had attrition. Just I would have been more conservative. That's me. But, but Dave was like, nope, Leroy Jenkins it. Just go. <laughs> Leroy. go for it yep just just you know maybe that's it I th- that's what you need that's what you needed though wasn't it imagine if me and dave had been on the same team it would have been you know yes <laughs> definitely 
yeah so i i was a little bit more conservative about the uh about what we what we should do whereas dave was sort of like nope i'm going in and it was all like all right then let's um let's me see if i can destroy this acquisitor and make sure that we get no man's land and it was a close front run thing and I, I i did manage to do it but yeah it would have been easier with the assistance of a knight gotcha so good game then yeah yeah it was a really it was a really really good game really fun uh it, as i said it, it was a total bloodbath well not a total bloodbath but we we dominated that reasonably well from well about turn four um yeah. the tide turned and it was in, in in and it was sort of like yeah there's absolutely no way they can win this no matter what they do we, we've got it because they can't even get their own deployment zone you know even if nothing else had happened we would have gotten the um we would have had our deployment zone because they couldn't get anything up there because gotcha. we'd you know they didn't have anything quick enough so yeah oh, um, right. yeah so it was just like a bit like us we had our deployment zone they had their deployment zone it was the no man's land we were fighting over and uh, yeah we just didn't do enough yeah, we were fighting over their deployment zone in no man's land. But, oh, um, right, because that's like seven points for their deployment zone, wasn't it? Yeah, as I say, you know, um, Dave was just sort of like, no, charging into it. And he's like, no, I'm taking that. I want that. Fair enough. He's got, he's got a play style. He sticks to it. and that's Yeah, I like point. it. I like his decision. Yep, very aggressive play style. And that's fine. You know, that's fine. Mm. That's how that's how we want to play it. That's cool. Um, but as I said, I would have played it a little bit more conservatively. But that's just me. Yeah. So first day was over and we went back to the hotel. I was feeling a bit tired, but we had promised Dave that we would actually leave the hotel room of the evening. <laughs> so um, we went into town, into Newcastle, Newcastle, Nottingham, and uh, went to Reds, didn't we? Yeah, it was very nice. It yeah. was very nice. I'm really, I'm really glad we went. So we had lovely um, barbecue food there. Have uh, you not been to the one in Newcastle before? I have not. I have not, oh. but I will now. Um had a nice chat with uh, with Dave, some good, good good banter, some good conversation, talking about the day's events. And then uh, next day we were at it once again. So kind of recovered. Me and Graham had said to ourselves, right, this is it. Today's the day. Mm-hmm. Going on the turn around. it around. We were we were down to yeah, we were one for two, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. So we were determined to turn this around. So um, our our game four. Yeah was uh, against rory and sam. sorry sam sam yes sam and rory. yeah and uh, Friend, another friends of, uh, of mr frost they were right so that was another funny thing small world well not really i suppose in the niche of that is uh, heresy um but that was this th- these guys were hilarious i really really liked this game as well yeah. um they had uh, iron hands and ultramarines but they they were all it was all infantry really it was very infantry heavy i think they had a sicaran there was yeah one sicaran mortars or were they mortars or yeah they were quad mortars because they had the um shatter shells uh some land speeders and what else was there there was a drop pod yeah a load of deep striking infantry yeah uh, yes, there was lots of jetpacks assault squads which they wanted to deep strike um and this was another objective based one wasn't it yeah so this mission the, the problem that i think so this there wasn't a lot on the board on their side of the table turn no. one whereas no. we had everything on our side of the table on turn one yes and 
from that point on, I think it was really hard for them. Yeah, it, it really was because you basically had one army fighting two. Um, yeah. and it wasn't even all of that army as well because Rory was keeping stuff to come back on. Yeah, they had just like outflanking guys as well. Yeah. The problem, the problem was, of course, that um, if you're going to play that, 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 that's that's okay. But if you've got so much firepower coming at you on these boards where there's not a lot of scenery, uh, it's really hard to keep stuff alive. That's you know you would want to keep alive for later on in the game. So we kind of just you know found the targets that we wanted and shot them to bits. So the Sakaran went. Uh, we didn't shoot destroy the quad mortar in the first turn, but we I think we took quite a lot of few wounds off it. Um, the thing about the quad mortars is that they got the Legion of Stati's rule for um, Iron Hands, which means that they're minus one strength to all shooting attacks. So, you know, we were they were quite tough to wound. We were wounding them on like fours and fives, um, even with strength eight weapons. But um, anyway, there, was, there wasn't really enough to, to, to bother us too much because um, they were kind of waiting for this big push of all this stuff landing, which would have made life very difficult for us. The problem was they had nothing to manipulate the reserve rolls either. So from turn two onwards, once they started missing their reserve rolls, they were just running out of units. And they, they were coming down. They needed to be coming down, you know, in two units at a time, really, to make a give it a weight of numbers. And they just didn't manage to get it in, ever ever happen. So that said, pick and choose. Oh, yeah. 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 And you know, that said, uh, it was really funny. Rory was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was like, right, come on, you've got to take this out so I can get around the museum. If you, if, you, if you destroy our army now, that gives me an hour and a half. That's plenty of time. And it's stuff like that. So uh, we'll take it in the spirit of the game. To be fair, uh, when all came to all, um, and he eventually did get all of his stuff on the board, um, there wasn't it just there just wasn't enough left, really. It wasn't as cut and dried as all that. And, you know, fair play to Sam as well, because he was a really nice guy, um, to keep playing, you know, keep keep going. Yeah. Even though it looked almost quite desperate in places, it Great never job. it never gave up, which is really cool. Right, they got like an assault squad down in a, one of the top corners, and we kind of dealt with that. Yeah, but it wasn't really until um, sort of the last two turns when yeah, I think, yeah. automatic reserves came on. Yeah, because then they got those two squads down at the end. Big squads, weren't they? I think yeah. it was like um, destroyers and all sorts. So and you know, we it, everything at them. At that yeah. Point. But there was just too much for us to. Yes. Yeah. Iron hands that came out of a rhino. There was the squad with all the two up armor saves, and they were tanking their two up armor saves. Yeah. Um, Ortec Moore came on the board, didn't he, at one point, and he was. Oh, yeah. Out, and they took an absolute hammer. Ortec, Ortec Moore was an absolute star, wasn't he? Because yeah. Roy was like, "Come on, kill him so I can get off," and it's like he just stayed there, he just refused to die, and we couldn't, we couldn't kill him. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun, but we did have a huge amount of our firepower left against, you know, only just the odd unit here and there, we could just help ourselves. But like I said, credit to the guys, they made a really good game of it, and it was a lot of fun. We, we were laughing from almost the moment we started throwing dice with these guys. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that one. Um, we did win that one. Uh, we did. Which, which was uh, which was a nice change. And um, like I said, I thought it was a really good fun game uh, there with those guys. Great fun, really good laugh. So yeah. Good times. I enjoyed that one. So it was nice on the Sunday morning. I went again, like Saturday morning, having um, people, you know, who would take it in the spirit of the game and you have a good laugh and a good bit of banter with, I think having somebody who would take it very seriously on that would be, wouldn't be as much fun. At that point, I was thinking we've actually kind of hit a bit of a sweet spot with the, with where we are in the tournament, if you like. Yeah. yeah, we're in that. People aren't taking it too seriously. Yeah. They're not too worried. 
Although, you know, you and I had a, a cursory gl- eye heading, you know, heading up the, the rankings, ideally, but uh, yeah, we um, weren't too seriously. So the, the other thing that happened during this game was, and we have, we were next to uh, Wyoming Ben. Remember the guy from the, the, the and this deployment map was the uh, cornery one. I can't remember what it's called. I should know that, shouldn't I? Vanguard Strike, I want to say. Yeah, Vanguard Strike. So I knew there was a way of doing this, but I'd never worked out how you do it. But rather than normally you draw a line down the middle, right? And then you mark off 12 inches from the line down the middle and then draw another line. That, and that's basically your deployment zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what you do, so that you have to thank our friend from Wyoming for this. If you imagine. The, sorry. The Wyoming method, as it's shown out. This is what it's going to be called, the Wyoming method. Uh, if you measure, so imagine if you're looking at a board and looking straight ahead of you, that's north. Left of you is uh, east and west and what have you. And the north is the long table edge directly opposite you. To, your, to the east is the short table edge. To, the, to your left and to the right is the other one. If you measure 14 and a half inches down from the sort of uh, what would be the northeast corner, if you like, straight down, put your dice there. And then if on your your bottom level, you measure across 21 and a half inches and put a dice there. If you join those two dice up, that is the your deployment zone without having to mess around trying to draw something in the middle. So there you go. Top tip, 14 and a half and 21 and a half will give you those dimensions, my friends. And that's mathematics, apparently. Yeah. So... <laughs> save us time in the future totally does so there you go 14 and a half down 21 and a half long boom that's your deployment zone thanks the wyoming method we put it on the map yep anyway moving swiftly on michael what about you uh okay so these are my last two games yeah yes yes well your last your last game yeah i haven't done my fourth game yet that's what i'm saying do your fourth game oh yeah then do your fifth game yeah 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 Uh, okay so my uh fourth uh, game I was uh, playing um, oh who was I playing on my fourth game oh yeah yeah we played um, uh, Blood Angels and Ultramarines uh, and this was a fairly fairly interesting game um, because they had the, the Ultramarines were an armored breakthrough um, you had an Omega um, there was an Arcus a few Predators a Sakaran uh, oh your pardon, I've just yawned. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a quite interesting little list. The um, Blood Angels had some Angels Tears and some uh, um, plenty of uh, Assault Marines. And uh, basically what happened was on one side of the board, uh, the Blood Angels were, drop, were dropping down and um, trying to sort of hold the area down that side um, while my um, – uh, a death guard was sort of running forward to try and get to that objective in the, their deployment zone um and um we uh, and dave's knight basically ran down um into the armored break you know the the the, uh, the the defense line well not defense line they didn't have a defense line but the into sort of where they castled up yep um and just m- creating havoc uh yes. down there um so that's basically what dave did he, he sort of ran down one side uh, knacked them up um was literally chomping through their uh, tanks with his knights yes um the omega i really like the omega actually it's a nice nice tank nice model nice um uh, and the guns were pretty cool so it's the first time i've ever played the omega so i was quite happy with that the angel's tears are very scary 
So for those that don't know, they're the um, the Blood Angel Blood Angels destroyer squad with the Volkites. No, um, no, no rotor, uh, not a rotor cannon, assault cannons, but just a just a Volkites. Okay, they can take. They can take like assault cannons and stuff, yeah. But they were very scary. They were they were very good at what they did. Um, but yeah, my my okay, my land raider came on from outflank because I got the um the the um the personal warlord trait that allowed me to uh, outflank. Okay, um, yeah. And that was great, uh, bringing on the land raider and the death shroud. But could they kill anything? No, they couldn't for toffee. They just kept uh-huh. missing. It was very annoying. Um, so yeah. Uh, that that was fun, but yeah. So my death guard were getting slaughtered on the one hand, one side, and um, one squad of them flew, you know, was was moving around to get the objective. Um, but then a um, then summit, uh, then and then um, something f- interesting happened um, in that um, my squad around there. Um, I realize it's the last turn. I, I, I can get the rhino around there, but I can't get them out. I don't have the um I don't have the turns left. Um so I'm gonna be on the objective, but the rhino can't claim it. No, because it's um yeah. But then he dro- but then the ultramarine guy uh dropped behind my, my, my rhino a, uh, a fire raptor into hover mode. Okay. It's gonna go on here. And he um shoots the um the rhino to death. So it's like, okay, all my guys are now out. They're on the objective. Yes. And um, he he decides he's going to um, throw... Well, he, he used missiles to get the Rhino down. Yeah. And then he used the Avenger bolt cannon uh, to get them. And then they shot a Sikaran at them as well to try and... Um, well, it was a heavy bolter on a Sikaran to try and get the last few down. But there were three guys left and they held right so you got the objective so i got the objective done if i just left you alone yes which i wouldn't have done if he'd left me alone um they they got a predator onto our objective because this is again where dave sort of like leroy jenkins um attitude was sort of like the he had a he had a tank in front of him and it was like dave don't go for that tank i know it looks attractive it's only got (laughs) two whole points left you could take that easily without moving go for that predator because it's going to get because it's on the objective go take that one you can get to it you can you can charge it you can shoot it you can assault it It, it'd be great get that one and it was like i'm going for that one (laughs) (laughs) so it was like we won the game on secondary objectives because we both had the um objectives yeah um but we won on on secondary but yeah, it was. Um, could have won the other way, basically. We could have so won. Maybe that was a deliberate ploy on his part. We could have. Uh, we could have had a better win um, had he uh, taken out that last predator. Okay, and it was just like, and it's like Dave. He he he's very he he he's very you know. I'm gonna hit what's in front of me. Which I think is things that when you're playing knights or an army like knights, I suppose that's kind of the only way you can play it. If that makes sense. Yeah, he could have easily reached this predator. He just yeah. didn't want to. Didn't want to. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> we still won. We were still gonna win. We he worked it out, and he was like, "I want to do that." But you know, had my last squad been destroyed in their turn, um, you know, yeah, it would have been a different different result. Yeah, it would have been a completely different result. So the only way we won was because he did because 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 my guys ended up out. But if he had, um, not if he had not if he had gone for it, it would it would have been a definite win for us. Yeah, um. Sure. 
Okay, uh, right. So last game, uh, we were drawn against the uh, first guys we played to so the double Arcus list, and we were like, right, we don't want to play, we don't want to play that one again because we've already played. And they just said swap over, and Ben Greaves and Mark Ashrush were on the te- couple of tables up, so they said, yeah, swap with us. We'll have a game. So we played their Sons of Horus and Dark Angels. Did they indeed? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. This was- <laughs> they were to be fair if they played to get the, the the team they were gonna play they still would have won because it was because they just didn't have they just didn't have the the, the units to to deal okay. with mark abroad so um so ben had this raven wing sort of thing didn't he yeah yeah all jet bikes and a and a fire raptor nice looked good looked good and what did what did mark have uh, Mark had three land raiders, two javelins, and vets in the land raiders. Crikey. Okay. So it was a fairly, uh, it was a fairly, just ra- you know, nice shot. <laughs> Hashtag just saying. It was, um, it was a tough list. So basically, they, he, Mark sat back. I can't remember the mission, but we had to get there uh, into the. Oh yeah, I can't remember the mission, but we had to get into their objective, their their, their deployment. Yeah, yeah. And he just sat back, outflanked with his, uh, you know, got round to the sides of the knights with those javelins, took some out. The, the fire raptor came in, did some damage. The bikes were just running in with their molecular acid rounds and uh, uh, and gunning down my rhinos and my and my men. And it was depressing. It was, it was pretty brutal. There was not a lot we could do to deal with that list. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, free land raiders. It's a lot to get through. The bikes, you know, with the jinx save. Uh, obviously, they, can, they with the Raven thing one, they can zoom off into the sky and then come back in another, you know, outflanking. And it's like, ah, yeah. or whatever it is. And, um, yeah, it was tough. Just, you know, it call, was it, a... call, it, call it what it was, Michael. Whack. <laughs> it, no, I, well, <laughs> to be fair, Mark has never pretended to be anything different. Um <laughs> his uh his last his last um his 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 list was really really tough i mean he just sat in those rhinos and land just raiders. sorry land raiders yeah uh land raiders and waited for us to come to him and we had to go to him because ben was so mobile he could make he could get anywhere on the board get to yeah, get into the deployment zone no bother um yeah. so you had to deal with the land raiders and i suppose what did did i'm surprised the knights didn't get tearing through there and and give them a jolly good hiding well, no, because the, the the javelins were running around. Yeah, just, uh, see, see, what I mean, people people mocked me when I started talking about how awful javelins are. Just saying, hashtag two. <laughs> <laughs> you see, maybe hundreds of bloody Pete Reese will have about four thousand of these solid things tearing around the battlefield next time. Yeah, so, so the, the javelins were able to get behind the knights. <laughs> do that. The fire raptor came on behind the knight and took that out. I think the only reason the game lasted so long is because David and and um ben had a disagreement about what um about what cover you get from intervening cover and and stuff oh, like that yeah, uh, me it. and mark were just sort of having a laugh going yeah we just rolled a dice for this um in, in all honesty and they were like no 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 we have to figure this out we have to figure this out um it has to be the official ruling and and it's sort of like i've always played it the way that ben's played it um so what, mark, what was it because i think i played it i was with dave on this one weirdly enough so I think it was something about um, if it was whether Dave's knight should get a four plus cover save, wasn't it? Yeah, if I remember rightly. 
And if the vehicle is a vehicle, it's twenty five percent security. It's a four plus cover save. That was yeah. fairly black and white to me. But I think it was, there was some it was, oh, I can't about. remember the exact the exact things were, but it was it was you know whether that gets it from intervening cover and. I think if it's just twenty five percent security, twenty five percent security doesn't uh, matter. Was it anyway. whether it gets it, whether it's where you know whether there were two lots of cover, where it was in cover, where it was twenty five percent um obscured, and then there was intervening cover as well. Yeah, I think it's just I think that you get if you're in cover you don't get an area save because you do like do with troops. But anyway, long and short of it is Ben and um, Mark one, so good on them. Yeah, um, it was a it was a fairly lovely looking armies and yeah, two very lovely. Are fast. Two really, really nice armies. Um, very well, tough lists. Well, I think we've got a good segue, haven't we? Good, good combo, if you see what I mean. You've got one yeah. one side, yeah, yeah. you've got people saying they're shooting, the other side you've got something fast whizzing around, causing all sorts of bother. So it's a really good, well-thought-out combo. Blood, yeah. Blood Angels Iron Warriors next year, Graham. That's what it's going to be, mate. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, so our game... Our, our game yeah. five was against Jason and Dan, uh, otherwise known as uh iron talon i think it was was their was their team name if i remember correctly yes yeah, that's right let me just, just check the top of the leaderboard there we are iron talon yes that was, the, that was the one um and they were raven wing and iron warriors yes. and they so it was funny because the night before we'd kind of had a discussion about what the only super heavy you could take uh super heavy lord of war you could take in the 1250 points we sort of went through the list sort of between ourselves. I mean, I think it's only the Minotaur, isn't it? Yeah, that, that must be it. Oh, I'm sure no one will have that uh, last game on the set on the Sunday. So I've got this is this. I've also got this Minotaur. Yes. <laughs> we were like, okay. Ah, that's what it is. That <laughs> solves that mystery. <laughs> that solves that, <laughs> that particular headache. So the Minotaur is the, I think it's called the Minotaur. It's the double-barreled uh, basilisk, basically, isn't it, that, Yes. Drives backwards. Yes. 13, 12, 13. It's got flare shield on the back. On which the back. Is really, really the front. And um, super heavy. So it's, got, it's only got like five hole points or something crazy. But it's yeah. a super heavy vehicle, which is very strange. But it's about 200 and something points. So it's, you know, totally cool. Um, so this was. So these guys had a lovely painted army. Uh, Iron Warriors, of course, I know all about Iron Warriors. Um, and. We kind of, we we actually got the first turn in this game, yeah, uh, which was a rarity for us, um, which meant that we had kind of open season. So they had, if I'm going to, the Minotaur was one thing they had. They yep. had um, a Medusa. They did have a Medusa. Yep, definitely had a Medusa. They mm. had three squads, possibly veterans. I can't remember, but in there rhinos, three guys in right. Oh, there was a Damocles. Well, Damocles command rhino, wasn't there? And a lightning. There was a lightning as well with Kraken Penetrators, wasn't there? Yes, that's uh, right. Yes, there was. And then Dan uh, with the Ravenwing had a Fire Raptor, I want to say. Yes, he did. And uh, a Javelin yep. turned up. Yeah. And then some infantry units, a Dreadnought and a Drop Pod. Yes. He had a. He, he was the guy who had the um, Moritat with the Plasma. Because you intercepted yeah. him with your oh, yes. augury scanner. Yes, I did. Yes, you yes, did. That's why I don't remember him. Yes, because we, because we dealt with him, <laughs> nuked him off the face of the planet <laughs> rapidly. See you, mate. Um, um, so yeah, so this was uh, so this was a um, what was the mission for this one again? It was a was it objectives or was it no? It was, let's just get into the corners, wasn't get it? Get into their corner, yeah. 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 
Um, so we had a plan for this one. So I, we, uh, I think I put some stuff in reserve um, because I knew that I couldn't fit it all in the on the area that we had, yeah. and they I, had quite a lot. They had a lot of they had a lot of stuff coming in on reserve because they had infiltrators as well. I kept the um, Astorax back out of the way for deep striking for to take yes. get rid of that blooming super heavy. Yeah. Um, and then they had a uh, sort of recon specialist guy. Oh, um, yeah. He was lurking around as well, which was HQ. So long and short of it is, uh, these were really great guys to play against. We had a lot of fun, good yeah. last game. Um, and uh, we, we, again, we just we just had too much gunnery, really, didn't we? Yeah, they the, had some, the, the Raven Guards were all coming on in reserves. And the outflank thing and the uh, interceptor, uh, on the Yorgri scanner sort of did a, a, a pretty good job of nullifying the stuff that they wanted to do. They had lots of stuff in rhinos and we just took the rhinos out and sat to walk. Yeah. And once they were kind of walking and we knacked their transports up, they had a long way to go on foot. And to be fair, once they started to get weight of numbers behind them, it became harder and harder for us, but the damage had been done early doors. Yeah. We, we, we shot them at, a, at sort of a, it's like there was almost like a, a line in the sand. Yeah. Uh, on the battlefield where we knew that we had to kill them before they reached that point or get them out of their vehicles yeah. before they reached that point. Yeah. Because anything further than that, it was going to in the deployment zone. They could have scored. Yeah. So, yeah, we basically pushed them back. We shot them to bits. We destroyed the, uh, the monitor was actually pretty good. Um, as a, as a, did it have a large blast or something? If I remember rightly, not it's a large blast. Seven inch, it's a seven, seven inch blast. Seven inch blast. So that was pretty effective hitting inside armor. Um, I think they had a did they have a master signals or something like that as well. No, it's a Damocles, of course. It's a Damocles, yeah, yeah. So basically, once they got around a certain point on the battlefield, if they'd moved, they were in our kind of kill zone, and then regrettably, that's exactly what happened. We just shot the yeah. living bejesus out of stuff. Yeah, it, uh, the the thalanx were coming out and doing what they do best, which I over the weekend discovered was a, a you know jump shoot. Uh, and then jump out of the way again in their sort phase. In they their sort phase, excellent at that. Really um, good at that. And having that the AP three three shot gun because they're relentless, so they're all you know they're always using their full of uh, full ability. Yeah. Um, the, the the plasma. What's it called? I can't remember. Phase plasma fusel. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was shredding three guys, you know, two three guys a turn. That's a yeah. nasty gun. It is enough, and it's it's weirdly it's the cheaper of the two out of the other one. Um, the photon thruster, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, which is strength six AP two. Yeah. Um, this yeah. is strength six AP three and two three shots, but it's like fifteen points cheaper. I I don't understand why they're that way around. Range, that, I think the few. The, yeah, the but for effectiveness, I think this other one yeah. does much and more. Because you know, that's what did it in that game against the de- against the Jameses. Okay. Was yeah. the fact that I could, you know, I, I knew I was guaranteed if three Marines were standing in front of me, yeah, they were there was a good die. chance they were going to die. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, again, deep striking things weren't coming on. The the, the fire action didn't come on until uh, turn three ish, turn four maybe, and we sort of dealt with that quite quickly. Yeah, but again, intercepting Marcuses. Yeah. And the, old, have, yeah. the, the the lightning again same same thing intercepting arcuses did for that the dark um, fire lances were, were doing enough to sort of take whole points off of the minotaur yeah because that's and, 60 inch range yeah and i think in the end because i um brought some 
Predators are in reserve, I could just shoot the side armor of the thing, yeah. which is armor 12. The Predator cannons are really good. Um, four shots, strength seven, so you're going to get a glancing hit. doesn't matter on a super heavy. Glancing hit's as good as a penetrating, really. And um, we just whittled the points off it and got that as well. So. And then once we busted everyone, cause it, I mean, you got, on our last turn, we were facing, I think it's 40 Marines, 30, yeah. 40 Marines, which is not, we had a lot of gunfire, but we knew that mass infantry was not going to be our friend. Yeah, I think it was. I think it must have been yeah, turn five that because it was a multiple end mission, wasn't it? You could, yeah. yeah. And with you guys being iron warriors, it was always going to go turn six. Yeah, I think yeah, turn five facing down forty marines, but we, we you know between we what we had, yeah, absolutely. The dark, the, the phalanx all unleashed dark fire lances on a unit and brutalized them. Um, that oh, was the one thing is that I couldn't. It was yeah, just it's just brutal. Yeah, absolutely. But they're so, they're, yeah. they're really Lovely good. Guys. They were really good. really great guys. Um, and they did, you know, they got the, the special award at the end of it for getting. Yeah. So there was um. So to sort of sum up the event then. So that was that. We handed our scores in, and and, and that was the end of it. So the scoring was a bit weird, and I'm, I'm not quite worked it out. But basically, you got six points for a win, two for a draw. I want to say, but I'm not. And uh, let me find the thing. So I, I've got the scorecard here. And um, nothing for a loss, but then there was... Yeah, six, you, yeah, six for a win, two for a draw, nothing for a loss. Yeah. Uh, you got... Uh, Slay the Warlord was like an extra point. Right. Uh, I think... Yeah, because it was very weird. But anyway, you then also got a sort of factor added onto it, which was the number of um, favourite games that you got. So yeah. you, and then the number of favourite paintings that you and got. And they were worth... I think three or five points each. I can't remember now. Yeah, I can't remember. It's weird way of doing it. But anyway, the guys that we played uh, last, which was um, the Iron Warriors and the Raven... Uh, they were oh. three points each. Okay. Yeah, a yeah, favourite game half, vote was three half, points, and a favourite army vote was three points. Half the available points were for, for, for army and... Um, well, painting. for painting and for game. Yeah. And the other yeah. half were just pure game. Yeah. So the guys that we played last got a special award because they have, which is rarely panned out. In fact, so rare they didn't actually have the award with them, which is if you get all of your games, you get favourite game vote, and all of your games you get favourite best painted vote. And the guys we played at the end got both of those things. So yeah, because we, I, you had two votes each, and I, when we were sort of talking about it, I really enjoyed that last game. I thought they played their armies really well. Yeah, and I didn't. It, it's not a reflection on anyone else that we played over that weekend. No. And I, you know, James and James, we spoke at length about that game. I really loved it. But that final game, there was just something about the way they were playing their armies and the way, like, because um, Dan's fire after, he was like, you going to jink? No, I'm not worried. It's going to be fine. It's, it's not a problem oh, yeah. whatsoever. And all that sort of thing. And just sort of crashing and burning. And Yeah, it was a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> It was a, yeah, but it, there was just something about the that game. I, I you know came away thinking that was a a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that game because they had some good some good banter between them as well. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so anyway, those guys came third overall. Yeah, um, I can't remember who came second, but I know that Ben and Mark, who you played, Michael, won the overall, didn't they? So the yes. Cust- Custodies and Blood Angels, Wrath and Ruin, they finished second. I don't know who the players were on that, unfortunately. So where, where did you guys come? We came, as far as I'm concerned, joint 31st. Yes, at least. We, we came 32nd, technically. 
Yes. Um, with 27 points. Which so, that's pretty good respectable, I think. We've, so we've yeah, got we're, three, we're happy with that. So we've got three wins, and then we've got two favourite games, which is lovely. Yeah, and we've got much. one best army. Like, so brilliant. Nice. Nice. We were um, we were 56 <laughs> out of 65. Yes. Didn't get a single favourite game or a single favourite army vote. So, but that to be seems fair, really harsh. Um, to be fair, we had three knights. Yeah. True. Um, and Dave's knights weren't finished. We did. To be fair, we had two archers and an Aegis defense line. With a with a <laughs> with a um. Augury scanning, dark fire lance. Yeah. Wielding. And an ammo dump for yeah good measure for good measure. Yeah. So we so, deserved everything we got there. To be honest. <laughs> Well, no... you got you got two favorite game and one yeah. best army, which so... is more than more than I could have anticipated. Yeah, uh, I did, didn't think we were going to get any with the list that we had. To be honest yeah. with you, it's it's. I mean, ours was. I mean, I I I didn't expect any um any votes from either of those. To be honest, because we were, you know, uh, we were <laughs> I mean, a we were in a funny position um whereby um you know we we had a unpainted army on well not unpainted an unfinished army on one side and it's like if david had any of his knights anywhere near um the quality of one uh, well almost one of his knights yeah uh, one of his weapons wasn't finished um you know i think we could have gotten a few painted so yeah because his knights are usually his painting is usually spectacular so but time consuming obviously very time consuming. Yeah. So. so in terms of our overall, because it's time's getting on, in terms of our overall impressions of the event, so um, sort of listening to people at the event, I think there were a couple of things that, that sprung to mind. So I push this, put this up on, I think, one of the boards, but uh, ultimately I think that there's a, a trick that they're potentially missing. So the mirrored list thing I think needs to go because um, it, 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 it doesn't require a lot of thought to do. You know, you just you can just find one really good list and just mirror it, like the double arcus, triple, quadruple arcus thing, you know. The, and to play against it's not great because there's very little variety there. You know, you, you're just playing, playing one big army effectively. So I think that's probably something they need to look at. And the suggestion rather is to not allow two um, army lists from the same right of war or from the same um, kind of... Uh, legion if you like or um so you couldn't have two mechanicum lists you couldn't have two solar lists but you could have a solar and mechanicum list that kind of thing yeah that that would also cut down on the people who because some people have brought six knights so double questorus knights for example cutting down on that i think would help as well so yeah, I think where, that, where, where did they come just out of curiosity i've got uh, no idea double knights i have a look you guys you guys chat quickly and i'll yeah. uh, i'll find it but yeah I think um, other than that, that was the only that was my only um, possible thing that I think they could do that would cause it doesn't require a lot of policing either. You know, it's not like a massive overhead for people to do it. And I think that's something that would probably improve it slightly. Um, but the organisation was very good. Yeah, there's no narrative to speak of. It's not a narrative event by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but you know what? We had I had five excellent, really excellent games, and that was about four more than I expected I would have. I was kind of thinking it was all going to be very much t- tournament player stuff and nothing could have been further from the truth. No, uh, the, the crowd was, it, the, the players made it. Um, absolutely. 100% agree with that. Yeah. It, it was, it was by, it wasn't by design that it was as good as it was. If you see, I mean, it was the fact that the players play heresy the way they play heresy. Yeah. And um, 
you know, we had we may have just got lucky, you know, in our kind of um, in the people that we played or in the area that we played, you know, because we weren't winning every game, we weren't losing every game, but we were in that nice kind of middle bit, and consequently we got some fantastic games and with some really good people. I don't know whether I'll take an armor breakthrough again next year. Um, to be honest with you, um, I think I'll do something different. Um, but other than that, I don't think there's anything else I'll change. I would definitely go again though. I think, yep. Yeah, the, for me, the players, like the event, there's not a lot to it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I know they do, they put lunch on and things like that. I'm not, other than the fact that it's five games and you're playing five games and that's it, there's not really anything else to it. I think if the quality of player hadn't been there, I think it would have been a very different weekend. Agreed. Absolutely. But I think we're generally quite lucky in, in the heresy scene that it's, it's you know, 95% or 90% of it, the players are generally nice guys that want to just have fun and enjoy themselves. Yeah, I, I mean, think, I think the thing you have to remember with it, this isn't a, uh, this isn't a community driven narrative event. No, this no, no. Is a, oh, decided to drop everything on my desk. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is a, um, this is a tournament. Yeah, but I just think even so, like there's no presentation to it. If that makes sense, you know, you, you found out where you were playing from a list of numbers that were on a spreadsheet or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. The, I the, suppose it, the, yeah. There aren't. I mean, I'm being ultra critical. Yeah. Okay. Um, at this point, but there wasn't any. You know, you wouldn't have known what the. You know, you wouldn't necessarily have known there was an event on or what the I, event was. Yeah. Okay. This could have basically been a 40k. If it, if you took the rules out and changed the missions and put 40k in, it would have been the same, right? Yeah. Um, you may have got a different crowd and it would be interesting if you tried that with a, whether you would get the same kind of level of quality of games in that particular sphere. But you know what? There was, you're right. There wasn't anything other than running five six games, one after the other and keeping score. Um, yeah. But then in the end, there's 120 eight people you know i guess oh, you, know, you know our events are 30 odd so no and I'm, I'm not i said i'm being ultra critical yeah but i for what I, it was for, oh, in yeah. terms of you know having those kinds of games that aren't narrative driven they're, they're more about having fun playing games against people and less about the story and less about the team side of it because you're playing traitors and we're playing loyalists you know you never knew you were going to get um which is perfectly fine even in normal events that's perfectly fine um, I I just think it was it was good for what it did. Um, and it's nice to play doubles. I've not played doubles that many games of doubles, if I'm honest. You know, and it was nice to play a good load of doubles games. They didn't feel yeah. onerous or difficult, or the people were, were really picky or you know grinding out results or anything. It was none of that. So yeah, I would. I think my recommendation is, I think they could make it a bit fairer. Um, in terms of balancing the list beforehand by just making some very simple changes. But other than that, and I've, I've emailed them to us and, and asked, and they emailed me back. So uh, I emailed my suggestion and said, look, guys, just re-enjoy the event. But fundamentally, I think you can make some, some, some minor changes which may make the event better, particularly at the sort of list building stage. And they emailed back saying, thanks very much for the feedback, and we'll take it on board for next year. So rather than just moan about stuff, I'm, you know, let's yeah. try and do something positive. The Imperial Knights players finished 22nd. Just saying, eh? Just, just saying. 
Because di- didn't Will Henry demolish them in one game in one turn? It's Will Henry. I I wouldn't expect any less. Yeah, he's he's really good. I mean, you look at his list and you're thinking mm, that's not so bad. But then you really look at look at because he ran an armor breakthrough. Um, it's good to see him. Uh, he ran an armor breakthrough with I think it was three vindicators, and I, was, I think each one of them had machine spirit. And these are the laser destroyer ones, which I think are excellent. Yeah. Two um, whirlwind scorpiuses. And I think the rest were predators, and including the HQ guy. So he had a good shooting army. I think he's a, his, I can't remember what his um, colleague had, whether it was a sort of fast army as well. But yeah, I think they took him to bits. But yeah, very good at what they do. But yeah. But Good event. Yeah. We'll hopefully go next year. Totally. Totally. Um, I, I think it's a good, it's a, it's a nice change of pace uh, it's easy to get to from for all of us and if we book the hotels right it won't be a problem yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> all righty right let's call it there then so thumbs, goals, yeah. th- thumbs up for throne skulls i think it's basically yeah absolutely definitely. I am now joined by the legend that is Miles David. He has kindly agreed to spend some of his Sunday morning talking to me about various things. And we're going to also later on pick his considerable brain about how to paint white, which is the greatest question of our time. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Miles. And tell us all about Lil Legend Studio and yourself, Miles, if you wouldn't mind. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, first off, uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, do a little interview. I, I very much like engaging with the community and talk. It, it's one of the uh, only ways I get to engage with with people outside of painting <clears throat> because I don't get a chance to visit many events or visit many um, like gaming weekends. So um, the actual interaction through the Patreon, talking people, talking to people through the um, uh, podcast uh, the age of dark and some and they're doing these kind of interviews as well it's a, it's a really nice way of engaging with the community at large uh but yeah thank you very much for the introduction uh okay so little legend studio yeah um it started that stupid stupid ass name started uh <laughs> because i was trying to fill in a ebay name and whatever i posted in uh was already taken so i thought okay what's the stupidest name i can think of uh, Little Lizzie Legend 2008 or something like that. Um, and then I started selling quite a few miniatures through that, um, mainly around the time when the Primarchs were first released. And I thought, oh, God, I really want to paint Angron, but I haven't necessarily got the money to, to buy it and paint it for myself. Mm. Uh, I've, I've never been that interested in world eaters anyway, so it, it'd feel... Uh, it, it just didn't work financially for me. But, oh, I know, I could get somebody else... I'm quite a good painter. Yeah, why not? I could give that a try. I could, I okay. could get somebody else to, to pay me to paint this this thing. Gotcha. Um, so that's how I started selling through eBay. Uh, I condensed the name uh, then to a Little Loser, uh, I guess, to try <laughs> and make myself seem less intimidating. I, I don't know where that line of logic came from whatsoever. <laughs> little Loser. And I had a little... Uh, so when I first started tagging my images, I had a, a couple of dice, uh, both double ones. Oh, nice. Uh, and the play was okay. I'm so bad at the game. I always roll ones again <laughs> to, 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 I guess, make myself seem more likable. I, 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 I couldn't tell you the line of logic now. It's, gotcha. it's 
disappeared in the midst of time. Um, but that's I, I started building up quite a bit of um, attention uh, doing that, and I was getting working regularly, and I had enough clients that I could do it full time. Right. Uh, at the time, I was working as a uh, wine merchant. Okay. Uh, oh, do I carry on with this? They wanted me to move uh, somewhere. Right. I can't remember where I said, but I really didn't fancy the area. Gotcha. Re- really out of the way. And you know, it's like Valley's boy. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't like moving outside, <laughs> my, <laughs> outside my usual sphere. Um, so I thought, you know what, let's give this commission painting a go. I'm, I'm young enough to do something really stupid with my life. Gotcha. If it goes wrong, well, I can always get a job doing something else. Sure. That was around seven years ago now. Right. Uh, so I've been professionally painting for seven years. Um, I've been painting since I can remember holding a brush. Nice. But I've only started taking it really seriously for the past seven years. Wow. Uh, because uh, it's my livelihood. Totally. That's, that's amazing, actually. I mean, so one of the things that always intrigues me about um, people who do their uh, – what started as a hobby but end up doing it as a kind of career, if you like, mm-hmm. is, you know, how did you – how did you sort of first get into this? In my mind, right, I have this weird vision of you walking around the valleys, passing a, a games workshop shop in a very similar pastiche to the scene in Willy Wonka, where, you know, he had a Wonka bar and he was hooked from that moment. What was your kind of uh, inspirational moment? What was it that you thought, you know what, I love painting and this is what I, this is what I really want to do? You know, weirdly, in your image... So my impression of your image in your head of that scene, for some reason, uh, there's no uh, concrete on the floor, uh, like there's no paving, and I'm barefooted. But um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> uh, how I first got into the hobby initially, uh, it, I mean, you're not you're not far wrong. Um, Cardiff High Street, um, you used to be able to drive right the way through the middle uh, of Queen's Queen Street. Um, and uh, this games workshop on the side, and I always remember when we drove past it, there was a open close sign that was an Imperator Titan. Right. Wow. I thought, what's that? You know, every time we drove past it, God, well, I, when we're down here next, I really must look in there. And that, and you know, it's like when you're a kid, you walk in, and the old mm. games workshop stores. This is much bigger than the ones they have at the moment. They had three or four staff members, and there was just rows and rows and rows of blister packs. And you have that big uh, artwork Warhammer up on the up on the um, uh, just plastered yeah. everywhere. And you have that artwork as well uh, emblazoned on the the boxes. That beautiful, beautiful artwork, blanching artwork. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, as a kid, it's kind of like visual overload. But um, as an actual professional painter, I mean, you kind of stick with it throughout your life. Once you hooked, you hooked. Um, went off to university. Uh, I did bits and pieces of commission work just to keep my toe in it um, around that time. But it it all came down to uh, the realization that uh, I, I didn't want to move and I, I I wanted to paint up Angrons. (laughs) And I built up enough clients that I thought, okay, reasonably I could do this. I can make a living for a couple of months. And if it, if I'm unable to uh, pay the bills, well, I could always work for the I don't know, council or something. Yeah, I know uh, what you mean. Yeah. So it's like a sort of, uh, I mean, that sort of gamble, that sort of actually, do you know what? I'm going to give this a try. And uh, if it works out, it works out. But, you know, if it doesn't, yeah, you know, that's not the if, end of the world sort of thing. If you want to be a commission painter full time, you have to be a bit of a gambler. You, gotcha. If you like security in your life and in <laughs> yes. your job, this, this isn't the job for you, okay. especially at first. 
because you get into that uh, feeling you have to, I mean, I, I certainly did, that you have to undercut your competitors right. um, because there's no regulation in this uh, industry. You you could work for less than minimum wage. You can easily. Yeah. And that's when you tend to find a lot of people burn out, that they're undercutting, undercutting. The work starts to suffer. You you can't say no to mm. any jobs. It's just not built in you because they're offering you money to paint it, your livelihood. And the the more jobs you take on, the more it escalates and it just collapses after a while. So you do have to be reasonably good at budgeting. Now, yeah. that came on my training as a, a as a wine merchant i was being trained as a trainee manager so i knew how to run a, a business uh the business that uh, i did help run was quite uh, dealt with large amounts of stock uh overhead in it so i knew about that kind of gotcha uh, yeah that's really cool I mean, basic business i knew how to set it up with the hmrc and i knew uh, exactly how much money i'd be ha- bringing in per month uh to going out on overheads and expenses so I reasonably estimated there was a couple of months I could live and see what happened after that. Gotcha. I mean, it's it's very true that whole um, – my wife does, like, craft things, you know, so goes to craft fairs, and it's a very similar thing there where you end up yeah. spending all your time and effort, but actually when you look at what you're charging for it, you know, you're not even making anything like minimum wage to do it. So that's, no. that must have been a very difficult thing to kind of guard against, I suppose, when, you, when you're first starting off. And then is it a question of sort of almost – expecting that you're going to be making a loss to start with to kind of build your portfolio and then hopefully for the future did you look at it as a longer term sort of investment sort of thing um unfortunately at first yeah for the first year i don't think i made any money i just made enough to cover my overheads so or rent food yes uh, petrol stuff like that yeah uh, I think the second year I made a marginal as the first two three years i know were very tough uh, just building up a, a list of and getting people used to your know, your working methods your working technique um sure. yeah it, it is a big struggle at first i wouldn't advise anybody to just no. <laughs> straight into this and um so the way people normally operate as commission painters they do this part-time they have a full-time job and they mm. just do this for a bit of extra money as long as you understand your intentions behind taking on jobs that's fine um you you need to understand how many hours you could dedicate and for how much money you can charge and exactly uh if if you can charge that much because if you're charging minimum wage perhaps somebody uh may not value your work that much and want to undercut you well you have to have the strength to say no i'm not going to take that on because gotcha. you could be doing your own hobby in the mm. evenings yeah you i could, mean sorry, sorry. You, you could build a portfolio that way gotcha i mean do you get that um sort of scenario i suppose do you that sort of initial worry i suppose must be that you know the how much work you get coming in and sort of cut like say customers coming in and adding to your kind of backlog of work i suppose yeah Does, it's it's again it's one of these professions that have uh, <laughs> you feel like you're dancing on the head of a pin sometimes because <laughs> there's, there's no safety net if no, i work um if i get injured if i get sick i don't get that income unfortunately of course um I've been very lucky. I've been very fortunate in my life. I've, I've been uh, strong. I've been healthy. I haven't had any uh, major issues. <laughs> I'm, I'm still terrified. Like if I um, break my hand or something, perhaps I'll have to learn how to paint with my left hand. Crikey. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it is a constant tension sure. underlining your life. That yeah, absolutely. If you, well, don't, you don't stay safe, my man, stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's an interesting one. Cause it's one of those things, I suppose that people who don't, 
you know, do this for a living or I wouldn't really understand. It's really good to get that insight from you mm. about, you know, the, you know, the ups and downs of, of actually going out on your, on your own and doing this thing. Because I suppose the other thing, like you say, about being strong and saying, you know, people are saying, oh, can you do it for less? Can you do it for less? And it, actually realising that, yes, you want the work, but you don't want the work at any cost kind of thing. So. Yeah, and by all means, a certain amount of negotiation is to be expected. Um, I mean, always try your luck with a commission painter. Get a few quotes. Um if you really like somebody, tell them they've you found a quote from somewhere else at that price, uh, and and you can go from there. Um, gotcha. it, it don't feel like this is uh, because most of the time you're dealing with individuals, right? You're dealing with people, so try and approach it less than uh, inquire by invoice uh, from some faceless company. Try and engage in the conversation. If you are trying to find a commission painter, find someone you feel comfortable with, comfortable with the uh, communication, their style. And uh, but you must, must, must find a schedule you need to work with. The worst thing you can send to a commission painter is there's no deadline because uh, I mean, I'll schedule if I am explicitly told that I will schedule in things before you. Of course, because there, because there's no time constraint, there's no uh, pressure on me to do so. So make sure you're very clear with time time constraints um, for the commission and the I guess the commission e. Sure. Do you do you get? I mean, this is actually. Uh, it's it's quite interesting. So my family are all builders, which is a very similar thing in terms <laughs> yeah. of quotes, because it's like, so that job, we can do that job and we haven't really got a deadline for it, but we'll actually, this job's wanted now and we can get paid for it quicker. So yeah, you know, it's, that, it's that exactly kind of the same. Um, so the, uh, yeah, when a new miniature comes off, there's a lot of uh, Abaddon, for example, there, there'd be a lot of hype around that miniature. There would be an impetus to paint that miniature before other commission work. Okay. So make sure that you, I mean, the way, um, my business is set up slightly different from other uh, commission businesses, but uh, always make sure that you get a very clear deadline and schedule. And unfortunately, sometimes life happens. Mm. Um, j- just make sure the communication between uh, you and your client or you and your commission painter, very clear, very uh, polite. Um, make sure you're in constant contact with one another. You often find that uh, 99% of uh, people who pay you for work are happy to wait that extra bit of time for uh, to deliver quality. Absolutely, yeah. So less about the business, but this is one thing. So the question here, I guess, is in a thousand years' time, some strange alien race is sifting through the wreckage of our once vibrant society and stumbles across a figure by none other than Miles David. What would you want that figure to be? Right, so these questions were sent uh, before this interview. I've been uh, ruminating about this all night. I'm going to give a really, um, what's the word, amorphous. I'm going to give a really abstract answer. (laughs) Okay. Okay, it's something. I'd want this alien to find something I haven't painted yet. Right, okay, very good. I get what you're saying. So that, that... that ideal figure, that that kind of Michelangelo, if you will, lurks out there somewhere. It just yet hasn't, um, you know, hasn't transpired. Yeah, I mean, if if I say something I've painted already, well, I feel mentally I've peaked. That is an excellent point, and uh, yes, that's a bit of a mean question on my part to even ask that. But yeah, you're no, right. It's a good uh, one. I mean, it forced me to think of uh, where, uh, I guess, legacy. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's quite. I'm 32 now, so I'm very, very far off uh, retirement age, hopefully. 
uh, or maybe not. Hopefully, yeah. my share. I win a lottery. <laughs> lottery, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My win the lottery. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I hope it's something that it's somewhere off in the future that um, my skills would develop to a point where I'm able to produce something that's. Star- What's that music video? Uh, I think it's by Radiohead, where all the people were kind of like lying around. And the end of the video, somebody asks, "Okay, why are you lying down?" And he whispers into the questioner's ear. And when he finds out this dreadful secret, he lies down as well. I want my piece of artwork to have that kind of effect on people. Nice, nice. That's really cool. So, um, I mean, you have done some spectacular figures. I've got to mention, <laughs> and those people who listen to the podcast will know that there is very rarely a month that goes past that I don't mention you in some form or another <laughs> yeah. uh, in a, some sort of weird fanboy thing. So, obviously, I was the one to do this <laughs> no. interview. Um, so yeah, I mean, there are some amazing figures. I mean, I am a, at best, somewhat mediocre painter. I, and I suppose it's one of those things where, uh, mine, did I ever get, do I ever get enjoyment out of painting things? Do you know what? I would say that I never used to, but I kind of do now sometimes. Sometimes I look at a figure and go, do you know what, Graham? That's actually not so bad. Well done you. Um, so there is, I can see where the attraction is because normally I'll say to people that, you know, my general interest is in actually playing the game. And I paint the figures because I like having a painted army, mm-hmm. which I think everybody does. But so anyway, um, when it comes to getting commissions for yourself, uh, what you know, what's the what's the thing you think? Oh my goodness, really? Something that you absolutely you know would dread if you like? Is there anything that you'd think? Oh man, this is going to be tough. Is it yellow, for example? I'm just going to throw <laughs> it out there. Uh, is there anything somebody said? I want a completely yellow army, or you know, is it the the? Is there any particular figures that are particularly tricky or particular color schemes? Uh, um, colors not so much individual colors uh it's more if the project was completely out of context with the universe they want to set it in uh so for example if somebody wanted i don't know, like a my little pony you know i was thinking exactly that when you said it <laughs> yeah it would be something like that i don't i wouldn't take on a job like that mm-hmm. because it's it's uh personally it, it doesn't interest me producing a joke army gotcha. like that yeah. Uh, you're paying me quite a substantial fee to convert and paint these miniatures uh, for what? Uh, and it's not something necessarily I'd want to display uh, on on my social media feeds. I wouldn't want to generate more work off the back of that. Gotcha. So that would be something that I just... Uh, yeah. I mean, never say never. I mean, if a guy offered me like 60 million quid to do it, I'd, <laughs> I'd choke down these words and I'd totally be a hypocrite and do it. <laughs> Who wouldn't, though? Be honest. Who wouldn't? Uh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're saying. So. Like an indecent proposal. Style <laughs> <laughs> I can just see that being a blockbuster you know, going forward. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, uh, but as far as colours go, Imperial Fist, no. Um, but at one, okay, one miniature in particular, is, I keep coming back to again and again, it was the old Dreadnought Drop Pod. I couldn't stand that miniature. Oh, because right. you spend so much time unwarping it. Oh, yes. Did, did you ever paint you know, one? So, so I've put a normal plastic dreadnought together. Sorry, drop mm-hmm. pod together, right? Yep. And that was enough for me to say, I'm never doing this again in my life. I don't care if I spend extra to buy an assembled one and strip it down. Mm-hmm. I'm never doing it. It's such a difficult thing to put together. So the dreadnought one, absolute horror stories from people who have bought them. So it was did. it that bad? It goes together very easily, but the prop well, the old dreadnought drop pod, yeah. the new dreadnought drop pods are pleasure to put together. Okay. Uh, absolute dream of a kid. But the old one, have to make that explicit, the old, old, old one. Yeah. Um, the the way the hinges were, there'd be this very, very thin piece of resin uh holding 
this big thick door on so when you yes. opened the door the swinging mechanism over time uh, well over time when you're putting the damn thing together would break <laughs> yes. it, it would just snap and um, it's such a heavy heavy and this is another consideration most people don't need to make but you have to as a commission artist you have to send these things out you have to send them all around the world so there is a part of you that plans ahead for packaging packaging this thing up is a nightmare i had to in the end send it uh i'd have to break it out of the the uh, mold the mold release agent stuff like that paint it individually and send it off to the client i couldn't build them because they'd all end the ones i had sent were shattered yeah oh, wow there's just nothing i could do oh, to crikey yeah uh and you know what after all that effort after the painting what do you end what what's the end result yeah can't say a, a piece of t- a piece of terrain yeah goodness me yeah, that does. I mean, I know people said it was a horrific kit, but I'd never considered, obviously, that you know they send it to you, un- un- you know, unassembled. You have to paint yeah. it and then put it put it together, which is a job in itself. I mean, hours of work putting things together. Have you? Yeah. Had, I mean, Storm Eagle was the and the the Fire Raptor. I don't know if you. Mm-hmm. Those are another really awkward kit. You know, they can be very bent yes. and all sorts of problems with those. Yes, yeah, so they are the classic examples of bad miniatures. But at least at the end of that, it feels like it has character behind it. But this Dreadnought Drop Pod, it it's just like. You may as well be painting a rock. <laughs> Comes down, stays there, yeah. like you say. There's nothing. There's nothing going on there. It's just a way of getting a drop, a very you know, a good drop you know, dreadnought into the back line. Of, you know, Let's you face know. it, Leviathans. It's a way of getting Leviathans. It's, it totally yeah. is. Totally yeah. is. So the sort of converse to that, I suppose, is if have you been given something where you've gone oh i cannot wait so you mentioned the angron thing to start with which was actually mm-hmm. the looking at the model and going do you know what i really want to paint that model is there anything that you you know when you get it you think oh spectacular or do you just get that with the new mic and then like, i know the sanguinous one that you did was spectacular as well was it that Thank kind you. of excitement again uh, yeah uh so primarchs in particular give me uh so i describe it as um uh, like flicking that tuning fork in your loins <laughs> that feeling you get because we've all grown up on the myths of the, these characters. We all have an idea of what these people, what these Primarchs should look like and the kind of painting techniques you employ with them will generate a feeling off them. So with Angron, uh, you'd want to use lots of stippling, lots of broken up uh, stabbing uh, motions of the brush, which would look completely out of context with Sanguinius where you need to have lots of smooth, even, uh, highlighting patterns uh, okay. to give the impression of this uh, very ornate polished armor plate so uh, primarchs absolutely do 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 it for me um, anything that i think has character so i love the old jez goodwin sculpts uh, so Ariag jacobs i'm painting up at the moment adore that sculpt uh, i painted up a bounty hunter uh, from the necromunda range uh, Arturos the third, something along those lines. A yes. guy with the with the wig. Yeah, it's one of those characters that could only exist in 40k because it has such a unique um, USB. Not to uh, fall yes. into text speak, but it has that unique selling point about it. It's very Blanchesque. It has a very uh, different aesthetic from other science fiction works out there. Um, but any, so I guess to, to boil that question down to a single answer, it's anything that evokes a feeling in gotcha. me. So anything with a, a particular character. Is it, is it, yeah, I, think that's, I mean, you mentioned John a second time. You kind of so I have to come back to it. John Blanche is mm-hmm. artwork, which I I think is is very evocative. You know, there's an mm-hmm. emotion behind it. It doesn't look like just your standard science fiction 
artwork there's something going on there that makes you that actually promotes a kind of emotional response is that is that how is that something that's well, like I say something that you look for in that figure if you see I mean, to kind of translate that into yeah absolutely you can see very technically good paint jobs online so um let's let's compare uh some of blanche's artwork to uh the new necromunda uh book the the oh gosh oh even book eight uh the artwork inside there yes um so i think technically you the argument could be made that the artwork inside book eight uh with sanguinius fighting cabanda is technically on a, on a pure technical level is better than some of blanche's mm. uh, more weird sketches but yeah. i would much rather I, I could look at a piece of blanche in artwork even something he just scribbles on the nap- napkin for hours whereas i think with the uh, artwork in book eight uh the the commander demon i i'll i've glanced at it a few times and it doesn't really evoke a feeling in me yeah so i think it's important to analyze artwork or to have a, a or or Look at an image. I mean, even with modern art, you could look at it. Okay, that's just a spoon uh, suspended in formaldehyde. Um, if it evokes a feeling in you, cool. It's it's spoken to you. If it doesn't, well, you don't need to look at it anymore. With Blanchian artwork, you look. You don't look at it for the. Um, uh, you don't look at it for the technical proficiency. Okay. You don't. You, you don't enjoy it for maybe um, the, the the symmetry of the form. Uh, how he uh, how he creates. Uh, yeah how he how he uh creates uh being instead what you do you look at it you you look at it in a very abstract manner to try and pull bits and pieces from it to create something in your own work it, i find it feeds my creativity more than maybe something a more uh sterile overworked um over-engineered piece of artwork can yeah no i would totally agree i mean we it's you know we do a lot of writing for events and stuff so you know both my brother and i tend to it's that thing that I think was one of the things that really appealed to me about uh, the 40k universe was seeing that artwork. Actually, weirdly enough, I've got a book of his artwork where he does a lot of um, Middle Earth stuff. And oh, that, really? and that's really cool. And that does exactly the same thing. You know, there's the classic kind of Middle Earth uh, of Alan Lee, you know, those really technically mm-hmm. brilliant um, yeah. depictions of people like Gandalf and the, you know, they're all in the Lord of the Rings films now. Mm-hmm. And, and then you see John Blanche's interpretation of it and it's completely different, but boy, does it hit you. Because there's something dark and twisted about it, which I think is something that, weirdly enough, probably appeals. Yeah, it kind of sparks something off in the imagination, yeah, doesn't it? Absolutely. I, so I, I read an article a few years ago, all stuck with me, by Roger Fedra. Uh, if you don't know who this guy is, he's a very famous tennis player. Mm-hmm. And the way uh, the article, or the way the, the writer presented uh, his style, he said it was amateurish. That uh, the, there's a joy in his movements, and you feel just before he hits the ball... He could assume any different shape that he can. He has this fluidity in his form that just before he strikes that ball, he can um, uh, pull a lot of power into it. He can feint it. There's, there's something about the way he plays uh, tennis. He hasn't forgot the joy of what it means when he first picks up that racket. Gotcha. And that description, I thought, was beautiful the way he put it. And it's it's true if you've ever watched Federer play. It's absolute joy to watch. And it, it's something I see in John Blanche that he hasn't lost... I mean, there's the old adage that uh, an artist is a child who survived. That's <laughs> probably true, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you, 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 far be it for me to call John Blanche amateurish or anything, but but he has that that the passion of an amateur. 
yeah, I see what you mean. I think it's one of those things that if you look at you know what is artwork and what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to provoke a response. And I think that his work, <laughs> absolutely every every piece of his work provokes some kind of God, response. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. So moving on then. So um, do you ever get a chance to get out and you know play the game at all? Very occasionally, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm making this sound like I'm such a valley boy here, but yeah, I tend to <laughs> attend events that aren't explicitly labelled as uh, tournaments. Yes, absolutely. I think if you're running it, I mean, so uh, my co-presenter Mark on uh, the Age of Darkness podcast, he really enjoys that aspect of the hobby, and when he attends a tournament. It's explicitly, I mean, the reason why a tournament exists, the framework, the mental framework of it is you take something to win. It's a semi-competitive event. Yeah. Why would you want to hold your punches for the sake of theme or narrative in a tournament? Yes. Um, I, so I don't like attending those because that's not the way I like engaging no. in the hobby. I much prefer it when things are labeled and like event weekends or um, yeah, campaign weekends, because it gives a certain amount of flexibility to the army. One of the best games I've ever played of Heresy was attending one of these event weekends. Uh, got chatting uh, with a gentleman called Duncan. Uh, D- Duncan McCormack, he's really well known in the Heresy yeah. scene. He win- I think every event I see, I see him at, he wins um, best sports. Gotcha. But we got chatting before the game. What are you taking? Uh, Blood Angel drop assault list. Oh, okay. I have that for my world eaters. I'll change my list to represent a narrative that the my world eaters are dug in and you're assaulting the position. So he tailored my his list towards me, but it wasn't for optimization. It was to, I guess, it was to uh, tell a story. I much prefer engaging uh, in in stories like that because the, I mean that's that's what this this game is fundamentally totally. about, yeah. right? It, it's about generating a story rather than optimizing army lists. Yeah, I mean, there's very few, most of the events, all the events we tend to, apart from the one we just went to at Warhammer World, are exactly that. And the ones that we run are exactly that. You know, they are a narrative weekend where you're telling a story. We never give out prizes, for example, for for most victories. You know, it's it just doesn't come into it. It's just, you know, anybody can make a a really horrific list, if I'm honest. (laughs) Um, But it's about having that kind of narrative between two people and getting people to buy into that narrative. It's really important. So... If you ever do want to come to one of the Company of Legends, just give us a Oh, God, yeah. yeah it, 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 <laughs> it's a bit of a so trick. I, I do tend to uh, attend events in Firestorm Games in Cardiff because yes. it's my neck of the woods. Absolutely. Yeah, it's one of those things I keep telling myself every year, I've got to attend more events. I've got to do more. <laughs> do more. And then it comes to this time of the year, I haven't been to a single one. Like all my uh, New Year's resolutions just lay in tatters behind me. <laughs> do you, so here's an interesting question. Do you... As I mentioned earlier, a lot of my family are builders, right? And it mm-hmm. may just be that this thing that I've termed builder's house syndrome. And this is where, because you're doing something all day for a living, uh, when you get home, it's probably the last thing you want to do. So do you, you know, for your own army, is it like, do you go absolutely mental for it to get it absolutely spectacular? I suppose you, is it sort of some sort of advert, but, or do you think, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, I, I've done this all day. I'm, I can, I, so can you, provoke you know get the motivation to paint your own army to a crazy level so steven gerrard uh captain of liverpool fc yep. or former captain of liverpool rc congratulations on liverpool for winning the champions oh, yes, league last night as as re- recording um he was talking about his um uh his fellow teammate uh jamie carragher and the boss rafa benitez and he said that those people he 
he could he Jim Carragher especially talks football, eats football. When he goes home, he's talking about football. He's reasoning about football. It's constant. He never switches off from it. But yeah. Steven Gerrard, for him, he finally couldn't operate like that. He just go mental. So when he goes back home, he completely switches off from it. Uh, and it's one of those things I try to gauge what which part of that spectrum I I enjoyed most. And for me, it's very much Steven Gerrard's approach to it. Once uh, I kind of clock off, yes, I I try as much as I'm able to stay away from it as much as possible totally. uh, just to recharge the hobby batteries and yeah. to just find inspiration from other places. Because I think I'm mean, with the amount of material coming from black library coming from forge world. Now they're starting to kick back up. Now they've got the team uh, built up and raring to go again. Uh, we can fall into the trap of being slightly myopic in outlook. Yeah. Um, I got an argument years and years ago on war uh, I wanted to create a ecclesiarchy army where they've engineered a uh, kind of like zombie virus. Uh, in, so you you could take people's minds over, and they have a kill switch. So if oh a bit like the Robocop uh, movie recently released, uh, if you were a red target, the robots around you would recognise you as a, um, a friend, and no harm would come to you. Gotcha. S- similar kind of proposal for the zombies. So if you're marked as a red target, the zombies would leave you alone. Somebody a counter argument. Well, zombies are a product of Nurgle. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I think when you do that, it closes down discussion. It closes down avenues of Absolutely. creativity that could yeah. have otherwise been explored. And so um, I do tend to uh, switch off as much. I'm not always successful by any means, but yeah, I do tend to switch away from it. Uh, but when painting my own armies, one of the advantages of working as a commission artist is that when I'm airbrushing red, for example, well, I got my own space marines over there that need to be laid in red. I'll do those at the same time. So I do tend to sandwich my own work in between commission work. Gotcha. Oh, it makes total sense. I mean, like I said, it's uh, it's one of those things. But you're right about being able to switch off. I mean, mm. I mean we obviously don't do this full time, but even then it's quite difficult. You know, yeah. there's, there's quite a impact on your time. And sometimes you just need to uh, sort of get away from it a little bit like yeah. say, to recharge your enthusiasm. We all have families. Yeah. You're, you're finding now, especially... Um, I don't mean to speak for the, the the hobby community as a whole, but what I'm finding with my friends is that we've all gone on to have families, uh, homes, like actual adult responsibilities. So the way you engage with the hobby changes. Uh, I think unless unless you learn to change with it, it 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 doesn't become as satisfying as experience as it used to be. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right there, and that and that can you know that can be quite. Um, you sort of either people end up walking away because they're sort of disillusioned with it, if, because mm. but really it's something you can avoid by sort of getting a little um, dose of reality and getting away from it once in a while. Yeah. So um, you sort of touched on this earlier, but uh, figure painting as such seems to have really gone. You know, it's a big deal now, right? I mean, it's it didn't. Maybe I'm just being old, or I wasn't. Um, uh, you know, didn't have the exposure to it, but it seems to have really taken off. You know, uh, Games Workshop putting huge amount of marketing into their new paint ranges and stuff like that. You know, it's a real, it's a big thing now. Is that something that's that you've experienced over the last um, seven or so years that you've been as a commission painter? Has there been a on ramp of people been more uh, more willing and and want to have these really beautifully painted armies? God, yeah, no. People have always wanted to have beautiful armies. What I think you are seeing now, um, you're starting to see people employ uh, social media tactics used by bigger companies. Um, you're starting to see the rise, especially of uh, influencers. Uh, you're starting oh, to see 
companies mobilize influencers to build uh, hype around products. So Games Workshop, perfect example of this. They had a bunch of high-end painters, ga- uh, Golden Demon winning painters to come along, uh, have let them play around with uh, contrast paint, and then give their impressions of it. This generates um, uh, hype in the community. Uh, they've sent out samples, so you can see these people trying their own work. And again, it, it's it's that momentum that builds. Uh, so I, I think it's more prevalent now purely because um, uh, people who who have large followings they're being mobilised and they're being organised. Right. Yeah. See, I, that, that's. A, I mean, also, I suppose you have got the rise of the almost the internet celebrity now from Games Workshop, yeah. which they didn't have previously with people like you know, sort of Duncan and Peachy and stuff, who are yeah. you know who are hugely uh, they, they well are known. figures. They totally are. are. Yeah. Yeah, and um, when that's you know from people painting figures, so I think it's a, it's a great thing because uh, I've always always had fully painted armies to play with, right? As a rule, and because actually the one of the guys who I, we used to play with was a, a Gex or was a Games Workshop manager, and he would have this like weird. If you brought on an unpainted figure, he would give you that look that would like wither your soul. So it's stuck with me, you know. It's like because I think back when he. Um, this is obviously going back a few, probably about 20 years. But, you know, you weren't allowed to play in the store unless you had a fully painted army and stuff like that. Uh-huh. I think they're less rigorous now and they let people play with whatever. But um, so that was always stuck with me. So, mm. um, but yeah, now painting is definitely a, a huge deal. Um, you know, whereas before you had a range of 16 paints, you've now got a range of, you know, 128 or 130 odd paints. So mm. spectacular stuff. So with regards to actually the contrast thing, because that's a huge amount of marketing uh, spent on that, like you say, not just in terms of outward advertising, like the video segments they did, which were very cool, but also, like you say, uh, engaging the community's uh, painters to sort of try this stuff out and to generate that hype as well. Um, have you had a look at them yet? Have you had a chance to um, had, watch your view? I had to play with them at Warhammer Fest. I didn't have much of a chance to play with them purely because of the press of bodies. Sure. Uh, but I mean, anything new introduced to the hobby can't be a bad thing, right? Gotcha. Uh, anything that would encourage you to paint your models is not a bad thing. It's five o'clock in the morning. Your kid has been up for three hours Christmas morning, right? <laughs> you have a new, brand new copy of Space Hulk in front of you. No matter how much espresso you drink during the day, you're not waking up. You could put together the miniatures in the morning, spray them in the afternoon, paint them, and have them uh, be playing with them in the evening. Yes. That's, that's, that's brilliant. It's, it is a major thing, isn't it? And I think it's a Games Workshop of kind of twig that it's not, you know, in today's... It's weird, actually, because it's a little bit of a... You know, everybody's saying oh, everything's going to be digital, everybody's going to be playing computer games, that's what they're going to do. And, and the, the age of the board game and the age of, you know, mm-hmm. wargaming is dead, it's all going to be on computers. And it's been the complete opposite, right? Yeah, yeah. people are going back to more of a tactile, uh, interactive experience. Yeah, which odd. I, yeah, exactly, which I think is awesome because, you know, you don't ever get the same uh, experience playing online with somebody as you do, you know, when you're playing on the table together, you're talking about things, you're having a chat, you're having a great deal of fun. You know, it's one of the best things ever. And I guess that's why the heresy scene, we talk about this, uh, it's a two player game. Yeah. You know, it's not, yeah. a, it's not a one player game. You're trying to beat the opponent. It's a two player game for you to both sort of enjoy that narrative experience and have some fun together. And the result is kind of secondary. And I yeah, think that's I always I always loved that aspect. Uh I mean I remember when I was talking to friends when I was in high school uh about this and it was always seen as kind of like a reclusive hobby. Um mm. but it, it's anything but it's such I mean it relies very much on the social contract, right? That you've told totally. to, to play a game and how you interact with one another and how you deal with losing 
uh, tells you a lot about your opponent, tells you oh, how they play the game as well. Mm. It tells you a lot about your uh, opponent that you may not necessarily uh, gain from interacting with them uh, as a, a pub when, when when serious stakes aren't on the line. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. And I think that is that is absolutely key. And it is interesting you should say that. It's that people, like say, generally view the hobby as a very insular thing, right? Yeah. And it's a, it's a hobby of people who are, you know, hugely introverted. But like you say, I think the complete opposite is true. And that it's, um, because when my brother came up to do Company Legends, he doesn't play Heresy very much. Um, not Chris, but Dave. And he was like, you know what's great about it? You're in a room of people and they've all, we've all got something in common. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know? And something you find as well, politics. Yeah, there's an old adage when you speak to a stranger never mention politics or religion yes now i'm sure if we dug deeper if we asked people at these events we'd all have very very unusual different views on both those subjects uh which could end in fisticuffs yes but we don't have to talk about that we can, <laughs> I, I, I mean i i have relationships with people with very divergent views on me uh especially when it comes to politics but I, I'm able. I get so much from that friendship when I engage with them inside this hobby that I wouldn't otherwise get. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, actually, weirdly enough, Michael and I are very different. Uh, spe- not you know extreme difference, but we're certainly different uh, political spectrum people. Yeah. But we're great friends, and the, the hobby is the one thing that unites us. But also, what's good about it is that because of the hobby, he can talk to me about some of these things, and I can think, oh yeah, you know what? Maybe my views are a, a little bit um, one-sided, and maybe we should you know try and reach that reach that centre ground. Yeah, so, exactly. Really it, it, it's a centre ground for people to have conversations, and you know, politics and it, it can get very heavy especially right now um yes it, very much it so. can get very heavy so it is nice just to engage in pure escapism yeah and i think this is one of the best things for that and like i say i suppose it's about that obviously games which will realize that you know people are buying these starter sets and then they're putting them together and then there's there's this big pause because you end up with this sort of paint fear which i definitely have had on certain models yeah. that i've bought or you know they never get painted right and I think that they're pushing to say, actually, guys, come on, let's get this stuff painted and which will empower you to do that, which is really cool. Yeah. So uh, the last sort of question, really, uh, other, before we get on to the how the hell do you paint white well, is uh, <laughs> what's the one figure you haven't painted yet, but you really want um, to paint? You know, is there something on the current uh, you know, range of Forge World or, or Games Workshop or whatever that you're thinking, I'm just, well, somebody, somebody give me this commission because I really want to paint this bad boy. Um uh, it's it's something I'm working on at the moment. I think would uh, fit rather neatly into that. It's the old uh, chicken dragon. Okay, you know, wow. Yeah, it, it's a really, really. I think it was designed in the eighties. Is that so, like the metal? Um, yeah, yeah, the Perry Brothers. Uh, they made this dragon so large and so ungainly, made out of a hundred percent pure lead. Yeah. But it was so heavy that the wings would sag over time and fall off. <laughs> and it's the size of a small chicken. Blimey. I'll yeah. have to try and look this one up. It's monstrous. Dragon. It's monstrously huge. Uh, so I'm, I'm, pin, I'm pinning and failing with... I'm <laughs> talking about projects that are running over time. That is very much one of them. I mean, that sounds like a an incredible almost like a restoration project yeah i'm having to drill out each and every one of the veins individual oh here's another indication of exactly how ill designed this i think they'll readily admit this is a very badly designed miniature <laughs> gotcha. falling apart uh the so the the dragon wings have um uh, kind of um fingers coming off them and then the veins in between them they couldn't sculpt on because it would make it too heavy so you have to cut it out with paper 
Christ, no. Yeah. yeah. That, that is mad. It's, okay. it's I'm going to have to look this one up in a minute because it just it's sounds uh, phenomenal. Yeah. Check it. And it's a bit of myth in our community. Yeah. It's, uh, so that, uh, the old metal Thunderhawk, I've always yes. had a bit of a I, I'm very fortunate enough to actually own one of those, but I'm not putting it together. Right. Is it one of those in the sort of original yeah. box? Yes. Because they were like in wooden boxes, weren't they? I think if I'm yeah, it's, it's in the wooden box. It comes with a key, comes with a certificate, comes with a wax seal for it. Wow. What a thing. Yeah, it's it's just a thing of beauty that will didn't, never ever be made. <laughs> I think didn't you have to solder it together or something crazy? Yeah, yeah, because it'll just fall apart again. Again, <sighs> one of those completely impractical but amazing <laughs> miniatures. I do have uh, the new Thunderhawk, the new resin Thunderhawk. Yes, that's been, that goes together like a dream. That's that's such a beautiful kit. It really is lovely. Every time I see one, I'm thinking. Because I'm fundamentally a gamer, I'm thinking, oh, I'll never use that in a game. It's just too massive. Yeah, it's terrible. And but, it's but, really bad in game as well. <laughs> but part of me would love to have one. If I had the room, I think it would be very much a display piece. Um, yeah. And I, I, we were at Warhammer World and went to the museum because we always go to the museum. I love going there. And they have uh, the, the new Blood Angels display in there. Yeah. And that had the, the Thunderhawks with sort of a Xiphon X escort. And I thought, that is, that is an aspiration right there. It's freaking amazing, yeah. So... Okay, so thanks ever so much for that. It's been really insightful. Really appreciate that. Um, so my, the thing about this whole started because uh, we put to the public vote uh, on the Edge of Empires that we would build a 3,000-point legion of, uh, as of yet, undecided uh, allegiance and which it was going to be. And in the end, we, we got to two choices. One was Blood Angels, um, which is very close to your heart, and the other one was Lunar Wolves because Lunar Wolves actually the same colour as our logo. And then Michael started to have apoplexy because the Lunar Wolves won and he's got this real thing about painting white. So I have painted white because I did a World Eaters Army not long ago and it was tough, right? It was really tough. I found it incredibly difficult. I I got there in the end and I'm relatively happy with it um, as well as I can be with any of my models. But is there anything that we, I mean, should we have this utter fear? Is there anything you can give us? You should be. You should be very afraid. Is it? It's, I mean, it's what I found about was particularly annoying. Is because I'm not a particularly accurate painter. Is that I would paint the white and then I would paint another color and then realize I've gone over the white with the other color and it would look rubbish. So I have to then do that and then you'd over put the white on the other color. Oh, it just never ended. It was like caught in this weird sort of cycle of insanity. So, what's your what's your top tip if you can share with us? I am one of these really annoying people who likes to answer questions with questions. So you <laughs> ask me. How do you paint white? Yes. I put it to you, what kind of white? Oh, you know my God, paint? there's more than one? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, generally, uh, we could break it down into very two broad definitions. We can either have a warm white, which has an undertone of uh, browns and bone yellows. Mm. And then we have a um, cleaner white that has undertones of cool colours, so right. blues and greens. But very, very broad definitions there. So I think for the Lunar Wolves, it would probably be on the cooler white than the... Exactly. Exactly. So when you look at the Lunar Wolves, what uh, what kind of feeling do you want to uh, evoke from it? What is the principal image that's associated with Lunar Wolf white? So I think that they would be... there. So we're in our kind of world sort of view, I suppose. This would be a army that has 
you know, decided not to go down the route of Horus. They've kind of gone the Loken route, mm-hmm. and they 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 want to make sure that they're pure and that everybody understands that they are fighting for the side of mm. righteousness and goodness in the Imperium. So. I think that would be their central... What they would do would be, you know, if they were an army, they would be trying to almost overcompensate for that, if you see what I mean. Yeah. But if you could pin that white down to a single source, a single um, image that you want to replicate, mm. uh, where does that white come from? And the answer is in the name of the Legion itself. Yes, the moon. Very good. Oh, yeah. Mo- yeah. So you look at images... That, I mean, let's have a look at it now, okay? Uh, moon... All right, so Google search. Oh, fantastic. It's not loading up. There you go, moon. Mysterious unexplained flashes on the moon. Okay, we don't want that. We don't want conspiracy <laughs> theories. Okay, so when we look at pictures of the moon, uh, like you rightly analyzed, there's quite a lot of blue there. Uh, and then we have, uh, well, if we kind of grays, and then in the top highlights, we have kind of like. Uh, uh, smoky warmer tones right so what we can do with the white uh we can complicate things further and we can sandwich cool and warm tones in one another and okay this explanation uh, it's a very abstract way of of, uh looking at it we okay let's give the simple answer to this wait until the contrast paints come out you paint it with the coat and then you use whatever white recipe that they recommend yes that's that's been discussed (laughs) yeah that's very if you have an hour to paint 50 marines yes do that method don't do what i'm about to suggest okay cool if you want to um spend maybe a little bit more time on it uh, maybe if you want to uh, have characters in this mm, scheme yes absolutely you can do this so when you look at the moon uh, you can sandwich uh, the the warm tones and cool tones together so what i typically do uh, there's a white scar prater up on my instagram uh, at the moment it's one of the top ones yeah uh, so that kind of tone i think would be very appropriate for lunar wolves so what i've done there i've built on to- uh, i've undercoated the miniature black which is a bit weird for a white okay, yeah, yeah. i appreciate uh but then you put khaki on top of it, any kind of khaki tone. Um, I use khaki by Vallejo. I airbrush on the top of that. I'll inc- uh, then I'll use a color from Scale Seventy Five called Nacar or Nacar. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. It's a Spanish word. N A C A R. Nice. And it's this off-white bone. And I'll airbrush this directly on top of the miniature. But because of the thinness of the color, it doesn't build up in one cohesive uh, movement. So I'm able to angle the airbrush. Uh, kind of like a shallow depression to begin with, build up the first highlight. The second one will be a slightly steeper incline, airbrushing downwards to build up that zenithal highlight. Right, and yes. I'll do this two or three times, and then the uh, Nakal Nesa will be much stronger when you look at it uh, directly from above the miniature than you would side on. So that's what builds the gradient. I'll then add pure white. Uh, if you've never used this stuff before, uh, opaque white by Medea Comart. Right. When airbrushing, it will save you so many. Well, your kids won't pick up new swear words uh, <laughs> when you use that. I'll mix that in within a car. I'll airbrush that as a zenithal highlight, building up the, t- uh, the volumes of the shoulder pad, the face, the chest, and the uh, and the legs. That will give you uh, quite a warm. Uh, brownish white it will still look very very white but it's it's somewhere around the, that region it's, it's very much located in the cool side uh, warm side of the spectrum can't mix those up uh, next i'll clean out the airbrush completely and i'll use a color um, i'm 
my my students keep making fun of me f- because I use this in nearly everything. Inkyby Darkness by Games okay, Workshop. Yeah. I'll add that to uh, the airbrush, and I'll add so much thinner in there that it becomes a glaze. When you airbrush this on the miniature, it should barely look like there's any tonal change whatsoever. That's how thin we make it. But then we don't overload the miniature. We don't keep spraying until it starts to spider everywhere. We hit it with a hairdryer, allow it to completely dry, and we build it up again. And we use two to three layers of these unbelievably thin layers of paint to build up uh, the the uh, gradient from the shadows through to the lower mid-tone. When I presented this online, uh, I was getting some really unusual feedback that um, the the white scar prater that I painted looked like a son of Horus. Right. Because of that slight green yes. tint. Yes, 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 yes. I can see that. Yeah. Like, what? No, it's it's clearly white. Clear white yeah. It's clearly white. What <laughs> are you talking about? But how cool would that be, having that slight greenish white to your lunar wolves? That would look immense. It's kind of foreshadowing. Absolutely. It's like a sea green. That is an epic idea. Yeah. That yeah. is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So I think that would be that would be the way I would uh, tackle um, white scar. Uh, white scar, damn. Uh, <laughs> Lunar Wolves white. Uh, now, when you say uh, you're not a particularly neat painter, um, it's true of any of us. <coughs> We all make mistakes, and white is rather unforgiving in mm. that regard. I think the new, uh, weirdly enough, the new contrast paints coming out, they come uh, with, with bottles of the primer, which is apparently quite thick and gives one coat coverage. So it might, actually might be quite good to buy some of that and uh, paint over any mistakes that you make. Right, gotcha. The trick is, when painting over these mistakes, is to leave, well, to make it look like a chip. Most of the time when I add weathering, to a miniature it's to cover up mistakes i've made right. <laughs> whether through airbrushing stages because sometimes i'll be airbrushing merrily along and <laughs> splatters everywhere ruins yeah. the paint oh, ah. yeah yep. ah! um you can airbrush over this to kind of clean up the tones but there'll always be a few splatters left over use chipping to to hide that uh if you have any odd transitions from the shadow to the light well you can break up that uh, terminator uh by so when I say Terminator, it's it's that point where uh, the light and, and and shadow meets on the globe um, at, when the sun revolves around it. That's that that line in between is known as the Terminator. So um, it's, it's something I uh, apply to uh, fades uh, with with airbrushing. So you can break up that Terminator by adding sponge chipping along the side. And with white, you can either use a very bright white. Or you can use a uh, tonal range of dark browns and dark greys. And with white, you can mix them up as well. So you can have white chipping, you can have these dark chipping. You, you could do so much with white. Uh, it, you shouldn't see it as an intimidation. You should see it as a, a blank canvas to tell a story on. Gotcha. Wow. That is awesome. So, and, uh, so a little, sorry, a little on. plug. That white scar uh, that I've painted, that colour scheme, will be available this month as part of the two-year celebrations for the Patreon. Uh, that, and it will be available in full 4K. You'll have a, a description with all the paints I've used along the side and a thorough description breaking up step-by-step step how I achieved this result. So the videos will be broken up um, 
into smaller segments because none of us have the concentration to watch a three-hour uh, movie <laughs> on how you just airbrush the white. They're very tightly edited to make sure they fit in within your painting schedule, and they're broken down in such a way, no matter what skill level you are, it should at least be legible and understandable and give you ideas of where to head. Brilliant. So on that note, um, if somebody wants to sign up for the patron, what's the best way to do it? Um, have a look at Little Legend Studio Patreon. Um, the, the I think the best tier to go for initially is the fifteen dollar. That gives you access to absolutely everything that isn't a one to one tuition slot. So this gives you access to all previous videos. There's about 130 of them there at the moment, covering a diverse. Well, I'd I say we're building a library, and we really are. Um, it covers. A, diversity of subjects from non-metallic metal true metallic so for example sanguineous there's a true metallic version of it there's a non-metallic version of them on there all filmed in 4k uh there's chipping techniques there's marbling techniques uh the the difference between uh how to produce certain kinds of blue on ultramarines as opposed to uh alpha legion uh, how to work with metallic paints how to work with uh, oil paints there's just a whole vast range of videos, all filmed in 4K. There's seminars on there detailing uh, how to uh, do certain effects. That's a bit more conversational. And that's the $10 um, tier. And then there's also the PDF tutorials. So every month you will get a PDF tutorial, uh, which is an in-depth look at a certain subject. It could be an individual subject, such as um, how to paint Sanguinius, how to paint Valdor, how to paint Custodes, how to paint Ultramarines, or it could be a bit more abstract in nature, like this month's tutorial, which is texturing skin or uh, just, just textures. So we analyze how to use different brush strokes to achieve different results. Oh, sorry. Give me one one second. No worries. You okay? I'm I'm doing an interview at the moment, so keep your thumb. <laughs> sorry, my wife just come in. No Ugh. worries. No She's worries. Grunting at me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the the patron, it's just something I'm so proud of. It's one of these things that I wanted. If I was starting this hobby, I'd want this as a resource. There are so many tutorials out there today. There are so many people offering you so many different things. You can get, it's the exact opposite of when we started, right? Where you yeah. had to really scratch around. For, remember, I, I searched for a good two years for where to find green stuff from. Right. I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, internet being, or Amazon being like a long distance. You used to yeah. go to really terrible websites, really dodgy websites uh, to, to buy green stuff. Yes. Um, if, if I could go back, and start, restart painting again. I'd want this as a resource, and I've kept that in mind. That so the the videos, even the miniatures, they may seem intimidating at first, but I break down each section by section and present in as legible a manner as I possibly can. If you just wanted to airbrush the uh, lunar wolf white, for example, you'd have a fifteen to twenty minute video on that subject that you can watch again and again and again. And uh, you, you, once you sign up, you can leave at any time and all previous back issues will be available to you. So it's all there. It, there's never a cutoff time. I don't delete all data. Um, it, it's all there forever and all for the price of a bad pizza. Exactly. Smashing. That is yeah. excellent. So uh, you can also, as Miles mentioned, uh, on the Age of Darkness podcast as well. 
Yes, I'm a presenter bi-weekly or whenever we can weekly uh, hobby segment uh, where I talk about whatever stuff. Well, they leave me free reign on that. Just whatever (laughs) subject we tend to be sloshing around in the uh, group chat. Uh, At the moment, we've been looking at malevolence as everybody else has. Um, so recently we've just done demons and we've released the Malal episode that that was really eye-opening that was a really good uh, uh, issue to 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 do oh, check it out okay well thank you very much miles really appreciate you giving up time to speak to me today and uh wish you all the very best uh, for the um patron and for the future and hopefully we will see you at an event in the not too distant future mate Oh yeah, me too. That'd be a that'd be an absolute treat if I could get out of the house for long. <laughs> well, we, we, maybe we'll meet halfway. One of these days, I'm pretty sure we will go back to Firestorm Games at some point. So. Oh, oh God, yeah. You tell me when you're done. We we'll meet up that'd and we can awesome. play a really cutthroat tournament game and we'll smash <laughs> each other. To <laughs> it's a date. All right, mate. Thanks ever so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, if you want to follow uh, Miles' work, please, please go to his Facebook page and back his Patreon because it is something special. So thank you very much. And now for Graham's most despised part of the show, books. Um, well, I say despised. I mean, he does read. I mean, children's books mostly. But, you know, he reads. <laughs> He's going to give me some ribbing after this. Anyway, I'm all on my own because, as I said, we, we had to squeeze in a lot of recording because this is a monster episode. Um, so I'm going to quickly run through uh, some vital Sons of Horus books. Um, I would have normally done it. We would have normally done a review of the Solar War, but, you know, uh, we haven't finished reading it because um, stuff. So we'll start off with the obvious three, the opening trilogy, Horus Rising, um, False Gods and Galaxy and Flames. Now, these set the stage for the entire uh, series. The entire Horus Heresy series is entirely based on these uh, uh, on, on these free free books. And these tell the story of Horus's downfall. Um, they tell it mostly through um, the eyes of others. Um, it sort of sets the tone for the Primarchs being these almost unknowable entities, which I suppose gets abandoned a bit later on, but these are really good. Um, they are particularly excellent, um, stories, and I highly recommend, no matter, no matter what your legion, go and read these. These are brilliant books. The first book, Horus Rising by Dan Abnett, is, I, it's hard to surpass this in, in Heresy, uh, to find a better book. It's difficult. I mean, I think there maybe have been better books, but this sets the standard really high. Um, False Gods by Graham McNeil again keeps that keeps that going. Interestingly, it's the only one with a, a cover that's not by Neil Roberts. This color cover is by Philip Sibbering, um, which you know it's kind of an interesting interesting take uh, on that. You know, him not doing a cover. Um, it's a really, really, really good good book. Uh, again, Graham one of the great uh, writers and just a real shame that he isn't going to be doing uh, a full Siege of Terror novel. Um, the final book in that trilogy uh, is by Ben Counter, Galaxy in Flames. And this tells the story of the um, the, 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 the um, siege on Istvan Free and sort of brings that opening opening series to a close uh, and uh, with the full uh, treachery and heresy revealed. So really, really good book. Um, 
excellent cover art, in my opinion, by uh, Neil Roberts, who returns to the series. And is you know it's it's great it ties in very i think the the thing with this book is though you do have to read flight of the eisenstein along with it by james swallow um because it works together but flight of the eisenstein doesn't concentrate so much on the sons of horus but great book um sees the breaking of the mournival and as i said the heresy revealed now the next book um is, now the next book would be vengeful spirits and this is when the uh the the um sons of horus return full time into the heresy after after many, many books. It's the 29th book, and they haven't really been a featured legion since the um, third book. Um, but this is this is a particularly good book. Graham McNeil, again, um, and it's the Battle of Moloch. So lots of knights and just a phenomenally massive book. Um, and again, it sets it sets the stage for the latter for the Siege of Terror in that um, this is where Horus goes to find something that he really needs. And brilliant book love this book it's one of my favorites um and then finally uh full term novel full novels slaves to darkness which uh basically is the um it's the 51st book i i'll admit i wish it was the 50th it really deserved to have been the 50th but this is um this is a great great book it sort of shows the very you know the the primarchs that that we've got in the um series uh finally coming together again to prepare to hit um terror and um you know you've got uh, uh trying to to hold the, the the sons of horus together and um basically pull together the uh the traitorous primarchs uh given that some of them have fallen into demonhood and uh to bring them together uh ready for the siege so um james john french wrote that book um and it's it's an amazing book this is really one of the one of the highlights of the series definitely worth reading in terms of short stories um we've got the first one i would say is essential little horus um and this basically um tells uh, a sort of um, it's a simple pacification on a planet that goes really, really wrong. And Horus sort of, um, finds himself, you know, taking on his own doubts. And it sort of, it sort of sees how far he's fallen from the character that we had in the first, um, book, who was a, you know, a, a really, you know, interesting guy. And it sort of sees how far the, um, the, the heresy has, has, has changed him. And it's good in that respect. And, uh, yeah, I love that. You can find this also in Age of Darkness, the anthology, which is well worth uh, purchasing anyway, because it's a great, great anthology. Uh, the other, the next story is Luna Mendax, which is a prequel to, um, uh, to, uh, um, Eventual Spirit. And this is a particularly, um, it's a little sort of introspective work. Um, really, really good. Um, and it sort of talks about the, um, the, you know, it's basically where Garviel Loken is, um, and, um, where he's on his recovery and his decision to go back to the war. So very interesting book. Uh, it's collected in the silent war, um, which is obviously a, um, it's a good, good book to read as well, because that, that, that has a lot of uh, stuff about the Knights Errant and, uh, what have you in it. Um, I would definitely, um, say go read that, but that again, that, that would mean, um, you also probably should, um, see, uh, uh, read 
well, listen or read. Um, before that, uh, Garrow, uh, Legion of One, um, which covers the, um, recovery of, um, uh, Loken. So, uh, by James Swallow. Uh, not necessarily a definite Lunar Wolves, um, or Sons of Horus book, but certainly worth listening to in order to get the full scope of what's going on. And then finally, um, the book I want to focus on finally is Twisted, um, by, um, uh, by Guy Halley, um, which you can find in Blades of the Traitor. Um, that's a novella. I don't even think that's available anymore. Um, shame. It's got a lovely cover uh, of Mortarian. Um, but I, oh, it's in War, War Without End. You can find it in War Without End. And basically it's about uh, Malachurst the Twisted um, and how he deals with the uh, Davenite contingent aboard the uh, Vengeful Spirit because they're looking to uh, tutor Horus in the ways of the war. And they want to turn him round into his own way and it's it's really very good it's um it it's one of those real stories that gets into malakurst and shows that he's he's a there's a lot more to to him than people consider and sort of gets into that twisted mind of his anyway so those are the books that i would say definitely a central reading for sons of horus fans um sons of horus do pop up in a lot of stuff you'll see them pop up in shattered legions um and and other uh, you know those particular that particular storyline um dealing with shadrach Medusan, and th- and they're all over the place so definitely worth um definitely worth picking up some of these books um to have a look to if you really want to fan if you really fancy um sons of horus The Sons of Horus, the 16th Legionis Astartes, like all initial legions, took its first recruits from Terra, taking them from the hunter clans of the Jutigarian Bowl and the Samstarian Subplate Slums, societies which were on the very edge of Terra, and uh, it gave them a hard edge of ruthlessness and independence that worked for Space Marines. This legion made war with extreme aggression. Um, perhaps it was through the influence of their genetic heritage or the use of the emperor put them to. But soon the legion became synonymous with sudden and overwhelming shock assaults. To the 16th legion fell the swift prosecution of battle and bloody termination of campaigns. Their attacks were preemptive as often as they were part of an existing conflict. Their forces either the first deadly threat unleashed by the Imperium or preserved to enact a final killing blow. The first pacification of Luna was the most famous of these early victories of the 16th Legion, but the breaking of the Colorus enclaves and the Five Winter left scars in the collective consciousness of Terran society that persist even to the 41st millennium. In the Capridian sinks, it's common for traders and gamblers to refer to the Legion's 18, ancient number of 16 as the Counting of the Wolf. It's said that the Astartes of the 16th Legion were unleashed to begin and end wars their enemies didn't even know they were fighting. They came out of the night or in the dawn, carried in the hole of storm birds and storm eagles, flanked by squadrons of ex- escorting lightning crows. Those who witnessed such attacks say that the 16th Legion were fighting eye to eye with the enemy before the thunder of the first volley of missiles and shell strikes had faded. 
The warriors who fought these battles were of a character wholly in keeping with their reputation, proud, little given to humour or empathy, nor to mysticism, or even the ritual of the military elite. They were a breed apart from the true human forces that had fought at their side. Their aggression was clear in all actions, but so was the strength of the control that held it back, and in the needs of that ancient age, it was easily accommodated as a belligerent and cantankerous attitude. At some point, the notion of the Emperor sending his wolves to break intractable or potential enemies took root in the consciousness of the newborn enemy Imperium of mankind. And the pacification of Luna in the, in the late 30th millennium considered by many the first battle of the Great Crusade. The 16th Legion embraced the epaulet Luna wolves that they earned after this first campaign with relish. The wolves head became the common icon for the 16th legion the link being somewhat abstract as the terran animals once called wolves had been almost extinct for millennia largely relegated to existence as gene stock for engineered bioweapon beasts on terra itself the name remains synonymous in most terran dialects with controlled savagery the wearing of pelts of such augmented canid predators um, marked out field commanders and officers of the lunar wolves the 16th Legion would not be the only Space Marine Legion to bear such a title and embrace this imagery as their own, but they were the first. The Lunar Wolves were actually the first Space Marine Legion to begin recruiting from another world beyond Terra. In this case, the new pool of Marines was found amongst the adolescent human males drawn from an extremely violent hive city uh, filled with gangs on a former mining world that had more or less devolved into a feral world called Chthonia. It was one of the uh, closest uh, neighbouring star systems uh, to Terra in Segmentum Solar and was within reach of spacecraft that could only travel at, uh, at sublight velocities before the invention of the warp drive. In fact, some recruits of the Lunar Wolves came from Cophonia, um to Terra before uh, the end of the uh, War of Unification. So as a result, Cavonia, as a result of its closeness, Cavonia had been colonized and built and tunneled and mined to the point of exhaustion uh, since the dawn of human interstellar space travel, well before the uh, beginning of the Dark Age of uh, technology. And uh, due, and as, as I said, the entire uh, natural resources of the planet had been completely stripped away. The planet was basically largely useless and abandoned riddled with catacombs, crumbling industrial plants, and exhausted mine workings. But it was on this planet, this husk of a planet, that Horus, the true Primarch of the Lunar Wolves, the first Primarch to be recovered by the Emperor, was Horus was given command of the 16th Legion very early in the Great Crusade. He was a very young Primarch. And he had thrived in Cophonia's harsh environment, learning his first lessons in wars and killing from Cophonia's tech barbarian kill gangs. And thus reunited with his father, Horus spent 30 years at his side. 30 years in which he learned the, uh, the nascent ways of the Imperium. 30 years in which he was essentially the Emperor's protege, being taught and encouraged finally being placed in charge of the 10,000 Astartes of the 16th Legion, which, as we said, were already known as the Lunar Wolves. Cophonia, whose minds were long spent, had just one resource valuable to the Imperium. Hazen fighters, born survivors in their millions, 
a lean and hungry race of killers. They had no illusions about the horrors of the universe having grown up upon them. Gaphonia, being relatively close to the void and with whom some minor contact had been maintained through the age of strife, had its murderous and strife-torn population marked by one of the very first expeditionary fleets to leave the Sol system. And to fuel the growth of the early Space Marine Legions, the Imperium took full advantage of the bounty that Gaphonia pr- provided. Caphonia already helped to provide the necessary flesh for these Selenar gene rights of Luna to fuel the growth of the early Legion of Astartes. One report talks of Imperial recruitment squads harvesting tens of thousands of Caphonian gangers and shipping them away, chained together in the holds of prison ships, to the Geno labs of Luna's Selenar gene rights. The majority were used as recruits for the uh, great Imperial Army regiments, but the finest were taken for induction into Space Marine Legions. And on Luna, these chosen sons of Cosphonia were reborn as the superhuman Astartes of the 16th Legion. It was more common for the, for, uh, the, for the original aspirants to be adolescent volunteers from Terra, and later in the Crusade after the rediscovery of the Primarchs from feral or feudal worlds. Yet after the usual psychohypnotic indoctrination and mental conditioning process, the lunar worlds created for the men of Caphonia emerge as excellent and ferociously powerful space marines. With this induction of the gene stock from Caphonia, the 16th Legion was remade for the Terran space marines who already constituted as a word, uh, the core of the Legion. Their new brothers brought with them their new customs, attitudes and modes of thought ingrained inheritance of a thousand generations of callous violence and the ruthless pursuit of survival that the indoctrination practice of the time could modify and perhaps suppress but not entirely erase which was which was perhaps the point for the Caphonians inclusion within the legion as the Terran legionis Astartes fell in battle their voices and the more ordered military traditions they had been trained in became fewer and fainter within the 16th legion the marks of change were many and subtle not overwriting entirely the Legion's culture, but bringing about a unique cult character to what had gone before. Example of this change came slowly. Topknots and mohawks, commonly sported by Caphonian ganger headhunters, became common throughout the ranks of the Lunar Wolves, as both addition to their armour as personal decorations. After being wounded in battle by a worthy foe, it was common for a Lunar Wolf Astartes to honour the valour of his fallen enemy by marking a deep scratch in the ceramite across the helm's eye socket. Perhaps most tellingly, the Caphonian word for cutting the throat of an enemy gang in single combat, Abafan, became a term in the ranks to describe the completion of a campaign. The personal charisma and reputation of a commander in the Legion came to apply to the Astartes under his c- command, as if the ways of the Caphonian gang laws now informed the Lunar Wolves' own understanding of leadership. This particularly replied to uh, Luna Hall's Primarch Chorus after his rediscovery, as his cult of personality was universal within the Legion, and all Luna Wolves came to revere the Lupercal to an extent that would ultimately prove their undoing. The strength of the Luna Wolves in battle did not change or weaken after the inclusion of the Caphonians. If anything, the Legion became more potent. The Legion strove to maintain the required flexibility needed to allow them to fight any war or enemy they may encounter in their own terms. But where possible, the application of sudden and overwhelming force was usually their favoured form of attack, and that of their Primarch. As this doctrine became bound up with the Legion's savage ferocity that was born of Caphonian blood and wielded with such ferocious intelligence and matchless tactical insight of Horus. A A star system targeted for Imperial compliance would often fall to the Legion in a single engagement. 
Lunar Wall's warships were cutting from the system's edge, forming a spear formation that would break into many smaller blade tips to strike at the target system's planets, moons, and space station. Orbital bombardment and simultaneously mass orbital drops would break the enemy's strength and will to resist. Tactical threats were systematically identified, isolated, outflanked, encircled, and destroyed uh, with merciless precision and close-quarter savagery, with spokeship of an apex predator splitting a herd and gutting its members with lightning fury. The Imperial Army troops that followed in the Lunar World's wake often had to do, do but scrape suddenly compliant worlds clean of the leaving of battle. The Lunar Wolves' approach to the Great Crusade was direct and brutal, and their results were often inelegant, but unmistakably effective. And though it proved bloody, the 16th Legion's progress was undoubtedly swift, and the rolls of victory were heaped upon the Lunar Wolves, and above all on the Primarch Horus, the beloved son of the Emperor. And time and time again, during the 200 year, standard years that the Lunar Wolves waged war across the Great Crusade until the dawning of the 31st millennium. And they pushed back darkness, which had swallowed mankind during the Age of Strife, with fire and blood. And these victories were manifold, and Horus's leadership was legendary. And so it was with the respect of their brother legions that they rose to almost unrivaled heights. At the world of Ulanor, the, the Lunar Wolves, who had won many victories, saw this victory eclipse all others and saw them reborn once again. This was the greatest of the Nascent Imperium's victories during, and, and during the highest point of the Great Crusade. And it was the defeat of the largest Orc Empire ever encountered. Urak, Ul Uruk, um, the overlord of the of the Orc Empire uh, ruled from his capital world of Ulanor, and this was the site of their final assault. This final assault saw one hundred thousand Space Marines, eight million Imperial Army troopers, and thousands upon thousands of starships and their support personnel. This Orc Empire was the largest concentration of Greenskins ever faced by the military forces of the Imperium. And following the defeat of the Orcs, largely due to the tactics and leadership of Horus, the Emperor of Mankind returned to Terra to begin work on his vast secret project to open up the Eldari webway for the youth of mankind. And in his place to command the vast forces of the Great Crusade, he left Horus and elevated him to the new position of Warmaster, the commander-in-chief of all the Emperor's army, who possessed command authority over all other Primarchs and every expeditionary fleet of the Great Crusade. Horus initially declined this offer, not wishing to be set above his brother, and so his lynching continued as the Lunar Wolves for a while longer. But Horus and the other Primarchs never came to terms with the Emperor's absence. Their hurt feelings over his seeming abandonment of the Great Crusade to pursue a secret project whose purpose he chose not to reveal to his son laid the seeds of jealousy and resentment that would ultimately blossom into corruption. As the Imperial Warmaster, Horus took over complete new duties with earnest dedication. However, there was much dissension in the ranks of the Primarchs and other parties in the Imperium of the Emperor's decision to withdraw from that campaign. 
As well, he also reorganized the political administration of the Imperium under the control of a council of terror headed by his regent, Malkadar the Sigilite. Only a handful of the Primarchs, amongst them a scheming Lorgar, remained steadfast behind the Warmaster during this period of conflict. Horus disagreed with many of the decrees passed by the newly established Ter- Council of Terror, which were intended to shift the burden of taxation and administration onto the newly conquered Imperial-compliant worlds. Even worse, Horus came to believe in his heart that he was failing his father, and was deeply wounded that the Emperor had really built to none of the Primarchs, not even his most favoured son, why he had secluded himself upon terror, and the truth behind his secret Imperial Webray project. And these seeds of bitterness, resentment and frustration grew. On the moon of Davin, Horus's fate was sealed. This was the second time the Legion had been posted to this world. After a previous visit, 60 standard years earlier, the Lunar Wolves had adopted the native Davonite institution of warrior lodges. Though these lodges had begun as simple fraternities of warriors, their secret of nature handed Lorgar, Primarch of the Word Bearers, and his first chaplain Erebus, the tool they needed to manipulate Horus towards the service of the Chaos Gods. Now, during a battle against chaos spawned undead on Davin's moon, whose planetary governor, Ujin Temba, a former Imperial Army commander, had been corrupted by the forces of the chaos god Nurgle. Horus was poisoned by a Xenos blade dedicated to Nurgle, known as a Kinebrach Anaphame, that had been stolen from the human civilization of the Interrex by Erebus after Horus and the Lunar Wolves of the 63rd Expeditionary Fleet had made disastrous first contact with them. Erebus gifted the weapon to the chaos-corrupted form of Temba, with whom the Warmaster had left behind on the feral world of Darwin 60 Terran years before. Temba had been turned to the worship of Nurgle in the interim, being transformed into a bloated mutant, killing off most of his Imperial Army garrison in the process, transforming, transforming them into undead plague zombies that the newly renamed Sons of Horus were forced to mow down in waves. Horus personally faced off with a Nurglite mutant that had been Temba aboard the grounded remains of his Imperial cruiser, and in the course of that battle, the potent living metal of the Chaos Blade wielded by that plague-infused monstrosity left Horus with a bleeding toxic wound in his shoulder that the Legion's apothecary could not heal despite the advanced technology available to them. Erebus, using the lodges that had grown within the uh, uh, the Sons of Horus, convinced the, the Mournival well, one half of the Mournival, that is, uh, little Horus and Ezekiel Abaddon, that the best way to heal Horus would be to take him to one of Davonite's warrior lodges to allow a group of shamans to heal Horus. In truth, these shamans were secretly a coven of chaos cultists known as the Serpent Lodge that had long been active on Davin at a temple dedicated to the chaos gods they called the Delphos. Desperate to save their beloved Primarchs, the Warrior Lodge brothers acquiesced to Erebus' suggestion. And during those dark rituals, Horus' spirit was transferred from his body into the Immaterium. There he bore witness to a nightmare vision of the future. He saw the Imperium of Man as a repressive, violent theocracy where the Emperor and several of his Primarchs, but not Horus, were worshipped as gods by the masses. While this vision of the Imperial future, granted by the Chaos Gods, was indeed a true one, it was ironically an outcome largely created by the Warmaster's own actions. 
The dark gods also revealed to Horus that the Emperor had once entered the warp on the world of Moloch millennia before and had treated with the Ruiner's powers to gain the knowledge necessary to use the power of the warp in the process of the Primarch's own creation. Portraying themselves as victims of the Emperor's psychic might, the dark gods insisted they had no real interest in the happenings in the material world. Magnus the Red, the sorceress Primarch of the Thousand Suns, also travelled to the warp via sorcery, to try and stop Horus from turning to chaos, Magnus explained the Warmaster's vision was only one amongst many possible futures, but one that Horus alone could prevent. Already jealous and resentful of the Emperor, this proved, uh, Horus proved all too receptive to the Ruinous Power's false vision. The Chaos God's pact with Horus was simple. Give us the Emperor and we will give you the galaxy. Driven by jealousy, desire of power, and anger at what he saw as his father's abandonment of him. Horus accepted the offer of the ruinous powers. They healed his grievous wounds, filled him with the powers of the warp, and Horus walked out of the Delphos, having renounced his oath to the Emperor, leading his legion into the worship of the mirrored chaos gods in the form of chaos undivided. He began to work to turn many of his fellow primarchs to the service of chaos succeeding with Angron, Fulgrim, and Mortarion, who were the first of many to follow, along with many regiments of the Imperial Argument Army and several titans of the Mechanicum. Keeping his motivations and plans secret at first, he made many moves to ensure that his allies, those that had sided with him, were resupplied with the best weaponry and the best equipment prior to his decision to finally unveil his uh, his change of allegiance on his After all the history of the Sons of Horus, let's have a little delve into how they play in the game. So they have a number of Legion special rules, as do all the Legions. Um, their, their Legion rules are very much linked to their uh, kind of narrative, I guess. The Edge of the Spear being the first one. Obviously, that's one of Horus's favourite tactics, I believe. And in-game, that means that units in reserve can re-roll ones on reserve rolls, which means you're re-rolling half of all failed reserve rolls. I guess pretty, pretty decent, yeah. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Not bad at all. So, you know, Damocles, Command Rhino, and your twos re-rolling ones, aren't you? Very good. So, uh, next would be the Merciless Fighters. They're renowned, obviously, for their close combat abilities. Uh, at initiative step one, if there are more Sons of Horus infantry in an assault than enemies, then all Sons of Horus, I guess there, get to make one single extra attack provided they have already attacked. So unwieldy weapons don't get this, so that's a good point. But uh, bulky models count as two, and very, bulk, very, more body more, very bulky models count as three. So it works really, really well with jump packs and Terminator units. So, yeah, I can see that being super useful. Oh, yeah, definitely. So big squads being the name of the game there, really. Mm. Uh, so, out, so basically, so if I've got a, well, I don't know, just a normal assault marines, for example, um. 20-man assault marine squad, you'd be they count as bulky because of the um jetpacks, don't they? Mm-hmm. 
So that would have to be 40 models. So you're going to outnumber most things, I guess. Or f- and they're going to get all their attacks in that initiative step one. They're all going to get one. Is it just one normal attack? Yeah, Single yeah. extra attack, not like a special weapon attack or anything. Or is it whatever uh, they've got at the time? Whatever so they've they had, got, basically. Like, so if they had a power, I don't know, power weapon or something, it would be that. Just an extra yeah. attack with that. As long, as long as it's not initiative step one. Yeah. So power yeah. axes wouldn't get. No. But no, power, power axes, chain yeah. axes, chain all of that, yeah. yeah. Power fists, all the I stuff think. you'd want to have an extra attack with, basically. Uh, lightning claws. Uh, lightning claws would be brilliant, wouldn't they? Oh, uh, that's true. Lightning claws on some assault marines. That'd work. So that's a good one. Um, what else is there, lads? Uh, well, we got uh, death dealers, so they get plus one ballistic skill. Um, is shooting at an enemy within twelve inch with a pistol, rapid fire, or assault weapon, but that doesn't affect snap snap firing overwatch or fear of the legion slots um so this kind of is in my opinion crazy good with melter and plasma because they all that is good because you always miss on twos i mean that you know already you can see this army is very much about um an assault based army isn't it with already looking at those things so far you think yeah i can see where this is going yeah Um, it's it's designed for one thing isn't it it is is, getting close and jumping in coming in from reserves and again that would all really tie in with their narrative as well wouldn't it from the books mm-hmm. so what else is there uh bit of pride yeah so they can't benefit from an allies warlord trait or leadership stat but you're uh, um you you benefit you they always benefit from yours as well so i don't know if this is something you'll come across a lot <laughs> i was gonna say it doesn't yeah. seem like much of a, a, a downside to be honest with you I mean, how often do you benefit from a, from an ally's um, warlord trait? Anyway, the only time that would be really applicable is if you were sworn brothers. Um, or, and I don't know what Sons of Horus's sworn brotherhood would be, to be honest, without looking at the ally chart. Yeah. Let's have, I'll, but, I'll I can do that while you... Now, uh, you read the next bit. I'll read it. I'll look it up. Okay, so the next bit is the Legion inductees. So battle automata taken by Sons of Horus uh, Legion Pravian, gain the merciless fighter. And count as three models, and for an additional five points per model, may take the Bane Strike Bolter rounds for any bolt guns they have. Okay. The Bane Strike Bolters, I can, uh, here we are. We will be talking about them in a minute. So okay, I'll, 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 I'll leave our powder dry then on those yes. particular Bolter rounds. Don't, don't, don't want to be shooting those Bolter rounds off yeah, early. It happens, but you know, hang on. <laughs> Let me just uh, dig out the... Um, well, I think Pele's got a pill for that. Yes. I believe it does. <laughs> That's going to be a joke. It's going to be relevant to so very few people. You do I, know that. I don't think it solves that particular problem. I think it solves a different problem. Mm, okay. So, yes, you're right. Um, what are we looking at? We are looking at, of course, the Sons of Horus, who are called something different now. Uh, Sons of Horus, Sons of Horus, where are you? There you go. So they are... Oh, my voice went very peculiar. went all kind of share. Uh, Sworn Brothers to the Empress Children. Sworn brothers to the Blood Angels. What? Yeah. Okay. Very uh, close legions, Horus yeah. and, um, the, and the um, Sanguinius prior yeah. to the... Uh, up until the schism. Up until uh, Sigma's prime, yeah. Um, sworn brotherhoods with the Death Guard, sworn brothers with the uh, word, well, word bearers as well, and Mechanicum and Imperial Army. So actually, out of all of the legions, you know what? They've got... 
they've probably got more sworn brothers. Actually, Salamanders have got a lot of sworn brothers as well. So they're quite gregarious, I suppose, would be a fair way of pointing, looking at it. But um, with your allies, if you are taking allies, your warlord traits wouldn't, or their warlord traits wouldn't benefit you, but your warlord traits would benefit them in that instance. So do you know what? As a set of legion rules, those are pretty good, I think. There's not a bad one in them. No, I don't. Not, not really. Not really. So, um, what about uh, rights of war? So, where where, where are we on that, those then? Sure. Uh, so, the, the the first one is the black reaving. So, uh, encirclement. So, any non-vehicle unit in reserve. Again, talking about reserve that enters from a board age board edge gets fleet. So, you'd be looking at vets and stuff with outflank. Do very well. Um, it also gives them cut them down. So units that charge into already engaged enemies get the rage special rule. So tie them up with one unit, charge them with another, and that unit that charged in gets rage. Yeah. Um, Reaver onslaught. So Reaver yeah. squads become troops, which is very useful. Um, Eye of the Warmaster. So the Justarian, which is a, their Terminator choice, which come on to, they can deep strike. So those are all of the plus sides. What's the what's the downside to that right war, Chris or Michael? So uh, you've got to take a Master of Signals compulsory HQ. That's not a bad compulsory HQ thing to take, I suppose. No, but I, mean, I think it's that situation of if you're taking in a limited number of points. Mm, yeah, so not, it's ninety points minimum, isn't it, for a Master yeah. of Signal? Yeah. Um, you've got to take more fast attack units and heavy support units. So that essentially restricts you to two heavy support choices. Yeah. And you've got to take three compulsory troop choices and you can't take any fortifications. Okay. They're not really a fortification army, are they? So that's not a big deal. Having to take three compulsory troop choices, as I know from a Iron Warrior, can be quite uh, a pain. But generally speaking, you'd want to take three at least anyway these days, wouldn't you, with objective as scoring? It's not limiting you to what they have to be. It's not saying you've got to take three Reaver squads. No, that's true. That is true. So do Reavers become troops? Do they become compulsory troops, I wonder? I think they might do. I'm not sure. Yes. Yeah, they become they okay. become a troop choice. Very so, good. So all in all, that's not a bad one, really. Reavers would come on to. Obviously, Justarium would come on to. Um, units that charge into already engaged units would basically see this would be a right of war that would be very beneficial for, you know, for your assault armies close combat armies and again non-vehicle units that are in reserve that enter from a board age so basically that would be i'm trying to think what units off out the sort of standard units that could do that do veterans do uh, get outflank? seekers veterans seekers. can get out flank they just don't get the sniper the sniper anymore, anymore. That's right. yeah, yeah so there you go there's some options there but of course the veterans would be elites here because they couldn't be troop choices because that's a right of war itself isn't it mm-hmm. so what else so the other one they've got then is what uh, the long march. So the special rules for this one, you've got relentless march. So infantry units gain a special rule depending on where on the table they are each turn. So in their own deployment zone, they are relentless, uh, fleet in no man's land. And whilst they're in uh, the enemy's deployment zone, they get crusader. Right. Yeah. Uh, they've also got the war masters portion. So on the first turn, uh, your units in your in the detachment re-roll to hit rolls of one. So, and in addition, terminators become non-compulsory troop choices. That's a good one. Yeah. So, um, what about disadvantages then to that? So this is the one that's uh, that's basically everybody. Most of the sons of Horus uh, 
people that I've seen playing play this particular right of war. Uh, but this right of war can only be taken by traitors. So our plans for a, a Lunar Walls army, for example, would not be able to take this. Um, and it can't be taken also with any con- in conjunction with Shattered Legion rules. And the army can only include units with, can, sorry, cannot include units with the Slow and Purposeful rule. So that's no Cataphracti Terminators, my friends. Unless they arrive by Deep Strike. Ah, okay, at the start of game or inside a transport vehicle. So, yeah, so... Yeah, they can't just be out in the open. They've got to basically come in. So they couldn't come in fire deep strike unless you put them with a warmonger now, I guess. But uh, most think, people put, put them think, in a salamander or whatever. Yeah, or, or um, a um, not salamander, a charybdis or a not a salamander. I know what you mean. A um, dreadclaw, dreadclaw, a spartan. Um, you know, you name it. Anyway, and also once again, no fortifications. But also, you can't take an allied detachment with this. So it's purely for Sons of Horus. And again, just to make the labour the point, you can't take it unless you are a traitor. So that is a pretty good right of war, I think. The better of the two, if I'm honest. Because I think that um, that Warmaster's portion is a good thing. Reroll ones and having Terminators as compulsory troop choices without having to put a character in to do it. And it, um, what's the other thing that was quite good? The deployment zone. So you can have your heavy support squads with Relentless, for example. So some, um, what's those lovely Volkites that you love so much, Michael? Uh, Volkite uh, culverins. The big ones. The culverins, yeah. which are, they are, um, what's the thing? 6-4, aren't they, whatever it is? Uh, yeah, heavy heavy 4. Yeah, but it's that special one, isn't it? They're, they're, um, are, they just, are they just heavy 4, are they? They're not, um, I can't remember what it's called now. You know, it's got a slash. No, yeah, they're just heavy 4. Yeah, so. They're not, they're not, they're not salvo. That's what I was looking for. They're not salvo. So pretty good. So they could be walking around firing off four shots. No bother getting out of the way of things. You would have to worry about that. You could actually put them in a rhino then and jump them out first turn and they can still shoot. Yeah, which, but it's got to be in your deployment zone. Which most of your heavy, if you're doing ranged sort of heavy shooting, you're going to be, aren't you? Well, you are if you're me anyway. Yeah. But of course, you've got no fortifications. So no age of defense line to hide behind as I would normally do. So what do you reckon is the, the better of the two there? Um, ah, I don't know. Uh, what about you, Chris? <laughs> Deflection. For me personally, I would go for the Black Reaving. Okay. Just because it suits my play style. Um, cut them down, I think, is a really useful um special rule to have. Getting rage on and uh, already engaged enemy units. Yeah. Um, the more attacks you can get in, and Reaver squads being troops. I think Reaver squads are, are really decent with the power weapons you can give them. You can yeah. make them really nasty combat units. So for me, I mean, the Long March, I think we probably tend to see a lot of that more than yeah, the, do, yeah. the Black Reaving. Um, I think, you know, it, there are a lot of times that that does have advantages. But for me personally, if I was going to you know go between them, I, I would go for the Black Reaving. Right. Okay. Very good. Um, yeah, I think I, I mean, would. I would go for the long march myself. Yeah. I um, think I. I don't know because neither of these really fits my play style. Um, but I think if I had to choose a play style, I would probably go with a black reading. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, like, the, the, the thing that puts me off the long march is a. It can only be taken by traitors. Yes, that's true. Um. And. You don't, you know, with the just there and getting deep strike, things like that, 
I just, yeah, I think it's a much better unit. Much, okay. for, for me, it's a much better list. Okay, okay. But that's Fair enough. Yeah, no, interesting. I I like the Long March because I think I quite like the idea of, I mean, okay, Fleet is quite useful in No Man's Land. Crusader's a bit meh, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, Relentless, though, with heavy weapons is, it attracts me, obviously. And I quite like this, um, you know, re-roll hits of one on your first turn, which is always a really useful thing. I mean, just look how handy that is for things like the Alpha Legion, you know, with their preferred enemy, everything. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very good. Oh, and Terminators become non-compulsory troop choices. Whether they're as good as Reavers as troop choices is, an, is another matter altogether, isn't it? But anyway, like you say, it is a traitor-only one, and it does have some limitations, particularly around the fact that things have to deep strike in cataphracti or be in a transport so yeah 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 okay so okay. what have, what else have we got in the in the arsenal of the war master then oh uh unique units then mm. i guess uh i'm skipping ahead aren't i mm-hmm. um so do you want to finally talk about your bane strike bolt around then chris oh god on then you, you, you gent you kind gentleman you so, gifted from the Alpha Legion, uh, bolters and combi bolters with this ammo treat to wound rolls of 6 as AP3, but only have a range of 18 inches. Now, they can be taken by independent characters, Reavers, and the Castellax of a Pravian. Okay. Uh, Seek squads can exchange their Scorpius rounds, which are heavy one shred AP2 for this one, which is a rapid fire at no cost. Not that you would ever take, not that you ever would, uh, because AP2. Shred plus one strength and additional six inch range is much better than the Bane Strike. Mm. So here's a scenario. Bing bong. Oh, hello. Yeah, hello, delivery for uh, Horus. Oh, yeah, what we got there? Big box. What's in there? Oh, it's from the Alpha Legion. I wouldn't open it, would you? <laughs> it may not have said it was from the Alpha Legion. It may have said it was from the Ultramarines. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. You've got to think. Yeah, it, yeah. Would, it wouldn't have been, it would have been postmarked McCrag. You're not wrong there. They wouldn't give the game away, would they? I mean, no, would you no. open a gift from the Alpha Legion? Seriously. Regardless. <sighs> not unless they were standing next to me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> not, unless they were, not unless they were opening it with a bolter to their heads. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's the first thing. So they're not, they're not bad, I suppose. They are a bit of a... They are, you have to pay for the upgrade, don't you? Um, yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mistaken. So... AP6 on threes, that's not too bad, I suppose, but the range getting cut down to 18 can be a pain. Um, but Reavers are generally pretty quick anyway. Um, characters are usually you know, going to be wanting to get into close combat, so not a big deal. Um, seeker squads, yeah, I'm not quite sure why you would do that with Seeker squads, to be honest with you. I suppose it's that thing of um, volume of fire. Got yeah. Because the Scorpius rounds are, are one shot each, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at least you've got that, you know, you're not necessarily going to get those AP2. You don't, you don't get any of those AP2 and there's a, only a chance you're going to get those AP3, but at least you can put out more more firepower. Yeah, true enough. And, and you know, hope. Mm. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Can you Fury of the Legion with Bane Strike Ammo? Uh, I guess so, because it's bolters I, that you're you Fury of the take, Legion. Yeah, you can't. I don't think you can take this with... Um, I don't think Tactics Squads can... Yeah, I don't think Tactics Squads uh, can take this. So. Yeah, right. You're right. So it's a, a, moot, a moot point all round. Um, so the other thing they've got here is a Cataphracti Primus. So where is this? I never... Is this in the This is the book? special war gear thing, isn't it? This is the relic. Oh, is this the nonsense relic? The one that nobody has allowed you to use? That one? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, don't That's bother cool. trying to find this uh, anywhere other than in that crazy section that nobody uses and is banned from the Geneva Convention. So they are cat- OP to the max. Yeah, and this is no different. I think fifty points. It gives you a ton of warrior, which is worth its weight in gold generally, and a plus one toughness against shooting attacks for the cost of slow and purposeful, and can be given to a character in Terminator armor. So if you gave them to Catfractor, they got slow and purposeful anyway. So no, no loss there. Eternal Warrior is massive. There are very few things in this game with Eternal Warrior. And it would also mean your Warlord is that much harder to kill um, and therefore you wouldn't give as many points away. And a, a champion in, in this. Mm, cool, Legion a, champion. Yeah, with a Paragon Blade. Nice. Ooh, Plus yeah. one toughness against shooting attacks. So that's like the Iron Hands, which is yep. extremely useful. Crikey, loud work. Anyway, that's why it's 50 points and that's why it's banned. So um, <laughs> don't expect to see any of those anytime soon at your local friendly game. So that's the unique um, bits and bobs. What about their unique units? So talk um, me through the Justarian, the legendary Justarian Terminators. Okay. Uh, they are the elite first company of the Sons of Horus, commanded by first captain Ezekiel Abaddon. And they're tasked with being the tip of the spear of assault when f- where fighting was at its toughest. Uh, they're in Cataprachi armor, and they have Furious Charge, um, Chosen Warriors, and plus one weapon skill. Um, they can also be chosen as a replacement for a command squad for any Master of the Legion. They start out at 255 points for a five-man squad, which is reasonably respectable, considering mm-hmm. they originally started at that kind of cost for a three-man squad. Right. Um yeah, you can have up to 12 of them. 12, that's uh, an interesting number, isn't it? Yeah, they can take... Like, yeah, that is interesting. It's different. They can most take Terminators any, sort of top out of 10, don't they? They do, yeah. You can take a multi-melter as a heavy weapon. Uh, a common loadout seems to be to give them lightning claws and send them into assaults, especially given that they can issue and accept challenges. Um, but they can't take a Spartan as a dedicated transport, however. Okay, but you could load them into one if you took a heavy support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Aiden, when he played them, he used to take five of these in a dread claw with power fists and two chain fists, and that squad would just tear open Spartans. Yeah, I think I saw. I think I've I fought those once. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't think it went well. It's a good choice, isn't it? Um, what's their stat line then? Let me just um get the book if you wouldn't mind bearing me for two seconds. Are they just normal kind of strength four, toughness four, malarkey? Do they have anything? Yeah. Oh, plus one weapon skill. Oh, you mentioned it there, haven't you? So mm-hmm. they are hitting on threes. Is that right? Yeah, weapon skill five, so that's cool. Yeah, that's a good unit. Two fifty-five. I mean, a normal Terminator squad. He's going to put myself on the spot. I think about one hundred and seventy-five points before you give him any upgrades. So it's the, it's the two bad. wounds each. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. wound Terminators. They used to be one wound. Yeah, I know, but they've really given them a nice, nice upgrade, haven't they? Hmm, I like them quite a lot. That's a good unit. Gets my seal of approval. It's a tough unit, you know, to to break down two wounds each. I know you can sort of you can double them out, but sure. you know if you're going to be cheeky and put a Primaris Medicaid in there, just to really ruin you? some days. Why wouldn't yeah. you? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, power fists upgraded for five points, lightning claws five points. You can take combi weapons for seven points, pair of lightning claws for the normal fifteen points, and they're scoring and implacable advance. So that makes them even better, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're a they're a great unit, really good. Yeah, definitely a definitely one to um consider. 
right stubborn so even so again this the, the plus points just keep adding up for them because stubborn's great obviously because that means you just your normal leadership when you're losing in combat and their leadership is nine so these guys would take some getting through really good unit yeah they definitely do okay uh, what what about reavers chris so the sons of horus despoiler squad basically uh the most famous being the Oh, what's that? Catulan? Cat- Catulan? Catalan? Catalan. Catalan. Yeah, without offending anybody in Spain. Uh, Reavers of the First Company. They come with two attacks, three for the chieftain, and can be bought in squads of five to 15 with outflank precision shots and precision strikes. Which is always the, I always forget about precision shots and precision strikes when I'm playing this game. Yeah, I do too. It's just every... So, oh, it's a six. Oh, I'll just get excited yeah. and then move on. <laughs> forget that i can stick that on whoever i like it's usually like yes i've actually hit somebody yeah I completely forget the six doesn't expect yeah, that guy with the melter could be you know yeah hitting the dirt anytime soon totally um you can give them a volcat charger or a bark gun or a combi weapon with bane strike shells uh, one in five can take a special weapon and any model can buy a chain axe power weapon or a power fist but remember giving them power fist takes where the merciless fighter extra attacks the sergeant yes. can also take melter bombs, a hand flamer, and artificer armor. Um, you can give the whole squad for uh, jump packs for yes. a fixed cost of 50 points, which is great if you're you know, loading up Brilliant. into squads of 10, 15. Uh, no matter what size of the squad. Personally, I think uh, Michael thinks that jump packs are a great option for this squad, which means yes. that each model counts as two for Merciless Fighter. Oh, yeah, because they come... Yeah, come bulky. Um, bulky, don't they? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and we see them in most often in... 10-man squads in Dreadclaws. Do you know what? I didn't yep. twig. It was only after reading this uh, the other week that I uh, twigged that. I didn't realise that if giving something a jetpack makes it bulky because you don't see them in transports very often, so it never really comes into play. So, um, yeah, good spot, that one, Michael. Yeah. yeah. Um, 10-man so, yeah. squads in Dreadclaws. I mean, jump packs, you can deep strike them, can't you? Mm-hmm. Dread claws are better, obviously, but then I think I would. I'm trying to think 50 points or a dread claw. Dread claws 115. Don't know. Good, great unit, though, I think. Yeah, um, the, the, the advantage of the dread claw is it's an assault weapon, so yes, you've got yes. them inside for a they turn. Jump out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I did with my world eaters, and I've got three dread claws for that very purpose because they become very good. You know, like I said, just hanging around for a turn and then they can jump out and just cause all manner of bother. So um, looking at their stat line, it's a sort of standard profile, really, uh, all the way. But they do come with two base attacks. Um, and the sergeant gets um, three attacks, or chieftain, as he's called here. Yeah. Um, so they come with what they've got, panorama, bolt pistol, chainsword. So they've got they're basically three attacks base then, aren't they? Because they've got extra close combat weapons there. Yeah. Two chainsword. Attacks, yeah. Four, on the, four on the charge. Nice. Um, and then. Very yeah. good. If you're if you're raging them in that yes. situation, yeah, definitely. And like I say, giving them a load of power fists as well. I mean, they become a very good unit quite quickly. Nice one, good shout. I think. Yeah, cool. definitely. They definitely do the job, won't they? Yeah, yeah, they will. They will. Um, and then we move on to special oh. characters. Hold on, sorry. Before we just move on, I just want to check the points cost on them as well to see what they. So how would they compare with say an assault squad? Um, you know, point for point, as it were. So a reaver, so this is this is for a five-man reaver. Bear in mind, yeah, 135 points. Um, that's before any trimmings. That's, that's before any trimmings. So it'd be 185 with no trimmings, but with jetpacks. Yeah, they're not cheap. 
they, they can, you, you could probably make them very expensive very quickly. But then an assault squad, I can't remember what the base cost of an assault squad is. 175. With jump packs? With, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they come yeah. with jump packs. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, fair play. Anyway, there we go. That's that's them. What about yeah. their special characters? So they've got some very um, uh, narrative, uh, key narrative players in terms of the uh, overarching story of the heresy, obviously being as Horus was responsible for it. So what about everybody's favourite um, Black Crusader, Ezekiel Abaddon? Ah, it's a git. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you know what? I, I don't like him either as a character. He, he, he really irks me. Not as much as Erebus, because that's just, you know, pure hatred. Default, any... default setting is Erebus sucks. Yeah, and he's not as quite as annoying as anybody in the Empress Children, except for whatever it's Sol Tarvitz or whatever. Um, what does yeah. Sol Tarvitz do? Now, is he in World what? Bearers? Or is he in... No, he's an Empress Children. He's an Empress Children. Yeah, but he's a good one. I like him. Yeah. The others, though, the Emperor's children can frankly go and um, fl- flagellate themselves with very, very painful. Actually, they'd enjoy that, wouldn't they? They'd so, enjoy every. What, they, what you want them to do is just be really bored. Go to a library. That's what they want. <laughs> <laughs> go to a, li- a technical library talking about canals, and they have to sit there in silence for 20 minutes and just think about what they've done. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So, for, go on and talk, talk to me about the git that is Ezekiel Abaddon. All right, then. Well, he's the first captain of the Sons of Horus and commander of the Justarian. Um, here in the game, he's armed with a master crafted uh, power fist. Um, he's got a uh, grenade harness and a combi bolter, um, uh, which can be swapped out for a power sword. Um so he's fearless and has in the intimidating presence uh, warlord trait, um, which is fine. Yeah, it makes him makes him fear, doesn't it? Of course, he's fear. Yeah, um, yeah, he's fearless. Uh, I've already said that. Uh, mm. He has precision strikes and can deep strike with a terminator a squad of any card. But to be honest, in my opinion, he's actually a bit overcosted. I think that he so suffers from yeah. suffers from being you know an early character. Well, one of the first characters. And he's quite, you know, he's he's really expensive for what you get. He's um not not blessed with Eternal Warrior either, is he? No, I don't he believe got, he has it. He's he's got this marked by the Dark Fates, but it's only really in a campaign. Um, so basically, Fates hold an eternity for War for in campaign games, casualties and injuries factor. Such sharp results for Abaddon may be rerolled, but that's very niche in itself. Um. You know he hasn't. He's he's got a mastercrafted power fist. So anybody with a paragon blade is going to give him a hiding, really. And all they yep. need to do is to get a six. You know, and he's a, he's dead meat. Um, he has got a two plus four plus, but even so, that's not particular. So yeah, again, he does suffer from that um first out the door character yep. problem, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah not good. Think about his really. his contemporaries, as it were. You know, other first captains that are kicking around. Sigismund, yeah. for example, will. Yeah. Absolutely, um, you know, give him a jolly good seeing to. Yes, indeed. He'll mince him. Yeah, I, I believe. I believe he will. I mean, he's not even in weapon skills seven. I suppose is quite good, but not exceptional. Strength four, toughness four, three wounds, five, initiative five. Well, that's he's got a power fist or a power sword, I suppose. Yeah, he's just four attacks. Yeah, for two hundred fifteen points. And when you compare him to a lot of other characters, I think he's he's overcosted, like you say, Michael. I would agree. 
Mm-hmm. Speaking of overcosted, it's <laughs> <laughs> another classic early early character problem. So the other sort of the other side of the coin, if you like, to Abaddon is everybody's favourite uh, uh, angst-ridden hero. Uh, Garat, I can never pronounce his name. Garviel Garviel Logan. Garviel Logan. I should know that because even I've read the books and listened to them. Um, so he is 175 points. He's captain of the 10th company, leader of the loyalist Sons of Horus on Istvan 3, which he remained. He renamed back to the Lunar Wolves. He survived the massacre and goes on to join the Knights Errant. Hashtag was, spoilers. Hashtag spoiler alert. I was very curious as to because I obviously haven't read everything in the world about him. The last thing I read about him was when um, Garrow went to find him. Is that the last bit of narrative for him in the Heresy, or is there more? No, 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 no. no, no, there's, no. there's more. Uh, okay. no, there's more. What would you recommend next to find out the history of him? Is it more in Garrow's world, or is it a separate book? Uh, ventral sp- well, there's um, there's a short story with him on, on Luna. I can't remember what right. the name of it is. But then there's Vengeful Spirit. Okay, I'll check that out then. Ventral Spirit, then what else is he in? He's in... Uh, what's he in next? Um, uh, Wolfsbane? Is he appearing in Wolfsbane? Hidden Dagger. Hidden, is it the Hidden... Buried Dagger. Buried Dagger, yeah. He's, yeah. That's, yeah. And he's in Solar War as well. Yeah. All oh, right, cool. Okay. So plenty of that stuff then, as you'd expect. But anyway, going back to him as a character in the game, um, uh, he gets power armor, so just a three plus save, right? Oh, cool. Paragon. Paragon blade, so that's that's useful. Uh, bolt pistol, crack grenades and frag grenades, obviously, and an iron halo. So he's got a three plus four plus. Um, he has one special rule for a character with this amount of narrative. Seems a bit lightweight. Uh, the first time that Loken should be removed as a casualty, it's his born survivor rule. During a game, roll a d6. On a roll result of a two plus, he lives on with a single wound remaining. Once this rule this rule has been used in a particular battle, it has no further effect. So a bit like Garrow's rule there. But he can only be used as a loyalist, obviously, which would make total sense. His stat line is pretty much the same as um, our good friend Abaddon, except his initiative is slightly higher and he's got less of a weapon skill. But the three plus save. Ouchie. I suppose yeah. four plus him one's about as good as these things get anyway. But, um, you know, he's, he's not going to not going to hang around against a well-armed praetor i think yeah if, if i feel if this book had be if he'd come in a later book he would definitely have had a um he'd definitely have a, a you know normal uh, you know a, a artificer armor yeah yeah i mean i suppose it wouldn't make any odds but initiative six is pretty good as combat um what armor do knights errant get do those get a three up or can Ga- they take artificer armor? Garrow's got a three plus. I don't know what the um without looking at the book. I'm just thinking if you could um sort of put him in make into, make yeah, make, make a better version of him if that makes sense. Yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? But anyway, yeah. that, that's what he is when he was a lunar wolf. So yeah, not the best character in the universe. Um, he has got some side ability, but he has got a lot of cool narrative with him. He so does. he's a character that you take for for that. I think he does have the same thing that Garrow has weirdly, which is the when he's removed the first yeah. time round, he can't come back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's almost halfway to being a knight errant already. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, what, what, oh, he's initiative six, by the way. Yeah, so that is good. That's what I mean. So that's a good thing because initiative six, I think Praetor's initiative five by default. Yeah. So a Praetor with a um, 
So six Paragon Blade, he would be going first. So five, six attacks on the charge, uh, initiative six, with a Paragon Blade. Yeah, I think it's the problem is that it's getting him there, isn't it? He, he you know, might, I suppose any volume of fire, but it's that volume of fire against armor three. So, you know, yeah. you get a load of, you get a few of the Legion against him with armor three, he's probably going to die. Um, yeah, from you wouldn't, 10 man you squad, wouldn't. but a two plus, you got a, you can almost tank that. We've seen it happen. Mm. But yeah, I think it's just the psychological fear of armor three, to be honest with you. Because there's a lot of AP3 out there. But, yeah, yeah. you know, he's a cool character uh, in terms of his narrative, and I think that's not to be underestimated either. I've never seen him on the board, though, ever. I don't, have you ever played I against think, him? I suppose you don't really see a lot of loyalist yeah, Sons, Sons of Horus or, or Lunar Wolves, do you? So. No, that's true. And he can only be taken by a loyalist force, so... And we're about to break the mold. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna bust this wide open. Bust that mold to bits. Okay. <laughs> so who's next out of the bag uh, of evil? Chris, I guess. Yeah. I, I am next out of the bag of evil, absolutely, <laughs> yes. as many people have attested over the years. Uh, we have da, 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 Malaghurst the Twisted, the Equerry of Horus. Mm. Uh, he gets the Twisted from his pr- devious mind, and his body also gets knackered doesn't it and he ends up needing a lot of support yeah. uh, which adds to the nickname mm. uh, disabilities mean that he isn't great in a fight he only has two attacks at initiative four he can't run or make sweeping advances um, he does have adamantium will and he does carry uh, a legion standard he also makes veteran and reaver squads troops okay um We've seen him a few times. Uh, he used to be used by Aiden with his cataphracti terminators um, because the standard made them fearless and his disabilities didn't impede them anyway because they can't uh, yeah. sweeping advance as it was. Um, as a martial legion, he can also take a command squad, which comes with a legion standard of their own. And because it's not mandatory for them to accompany him, you can get two separate fearless bubbles. We like fearless uh, Everybody bubbles. needs a fearless bubble. Absolutely. Yeah, not, it's um, a fairly convoluted way of doing it, but yeah, okay. Um, how many how many shiny gold pieces is this fine gentleman? It's not many, this is he? Fine chap, I'll just tell you. I uh, would set you back only 140 of your finest yeah, gold pieces. It's not, it's not too bad, is it? No. He's, um, no, he's yeah. not pricey. He's not pricey. No, he's not. Uh, well, he's not meant to be there to knock your socks off, though, is he? No, he's more of a. Um, yeah. What has he got here? Uh, Man of Present Detachment, Son of Veteran, yeah, Veterans. And, I mean, these rules aren't bad. 140 points, I suppose, is okay. And like you say, if you chuck him in with a load of Just Aaron or something to give them a fearless thing, you know, he's not going to, it's yeah. not going to be too bad, is it? But yeah, whether he's a, you can also be, he's Martial Legion as well, so you can use him to get a right of war reasonably cheaply, I guess. Yeah. Okay. All good. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a interesting character. And, uh, we also got this Tybalt Mar. Tybalt uh, Mar. Tybalt. Sounds like a cat. That's what I was about to say. It sounds like a cat saying, Tybalt. Tybalt, come, come here. In. in. Nibble. In. <laughs> it's gone out again. Um, the, 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 the either, is that right? Yeah. Yes, a character that, that lies about halfway between a centurion and a praetor. A captain who was one of the war master's most trusted lieutenant, lieutenants, and he was the man he tasked to to hunt down Shadrach Medusan, that notorious chap. 
Um, he's the Iron Hand, I want to say. Yeah, Iron Hand. Was your Shadow Hand? Legions. Oh, no. I'm nailing this. No, I'm not nailing this. Yeah, he's oh, you're absolutely fine, don't worry. He's Iron okay. Hand's Shadow Legion guy. Good man. Um, he comes with preferred enemy loyalists, so that's useful. He's an Iron Hand, so, you know, given our history, I'm not surprised we were a bit sketchy. Yes. Um, Marshal the Legion and a unique <laughs> unique warlord trait is called By the Hunter's Moon, which inflicts pinning tests on anyone within 24 inches of him, making it quite difficult to ambush him. Pinning test? Okay. He is armed with a mastercrafted murderous strike sh- Sharnable saber blade thing, and he has a Bane Strike bolt pistol. There's some interesting little bits and bobs in there, I guess. I'm not sure what the Hunter's Moon's particularly inflicts a pinning test so what anybody who gets within 24 immediately makes a pinning test is that right yeah basically uh, that's not too bad then um murderous strike charnable saber so that's basically instant deathing on sixes yeah but it's, it's only ap whatever dash i think so yeah, they're not great not great they do give you plus one initiative in the in the in a challenge though which is quite good and so yeah maybe it's not so bad but anyway preferred enemy is really strong we know it uh, and it buffs any squad he's part of as well, so that makes it even better. So when Sons of Horus are shot at ballistic skill four at close range or get the additional attacks into the combat phase, it's very difficult for them to miss, I guess, because, yeah, they're going to be re-rolling those ones against, obviously, against any loyalists. So, yeah, he's not a bad one either, actually. I don't know how many points he is because I haven't got the um, black book to hand. Yeah, he's in book six. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that comes on to me then. Um, yeah. And I get the big lad himself. You do. Uh, so Horus Lupercal, the war master, the arch traitor himself, the man responsible for the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. He is the most expensive of all Primarchs. And when I come up against him, he earns it back and more. Was he 495? I think so. Something like that. So 10 points to him in Sanguinius. Yeah, he is. He's got weapon mastery, which allows him to distribute attacks between his two weapons at will, which is quite cool. Um, his sire of the Sons of Horus rule uh, grants D3 extra attacks against enemies of weapon skill four or lower and also allows him and any Terminator unit he's joined with to deep strike at any time after the second turn if he's placed in reserve. So you don't need to result, roll for reserve. You just bring him in. In you come. A god of war allows all of Horus's reserves to use the outflank rule and grants Sons of Horus with a Legionaris Astartes rule plus one leadership. If Horus is in the same force and allows his forces to seize the initiative on a roll of four plus. Just, nice. um, just going back to the deep strike, he still scatters though, I assume. It's not a where yes, he, he wants to strike. Yeah, he strikes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, point of the spear allows him to take veteran and Justarian squads as troops. And lets him call down an Ordnance 1 Large Blast Lance Strength 10 AP2 Orbital Bombardment. That's nice. Strength yeah. 10 Lance. That'd be, yeah, that'd be um, glancing Spartans on twos and penetrating on threes. Very nice. Exactly. Uh, he's equipped with a, an, an Ordnance as well, so you're rolling two dice. Yeah. Ooh, lovely. Yeah, so Horus is equipped with a serpent scale, a suit of Terminator armor, uh, with a two plus save, three plus invulnerable, and it nullifies psychic powers on a three plus, which is not a deny the witch, but it only protects Horus himself. Wow. And on a three plus, it ignores temporary effects such as rag grenades, which would adversely modify his profile. 
That's pretty damn good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Weapons-wise, he's armed with Worldbreaker and the Warmaster's Talon. Uh, Worldbreaker mm. is a mastercrafted power maul, which is unwieldy, but it's also concuss- concussive, which yeah, sounds, a bit, sounds a bit disappointing. It does. But yeah. his other weapon more than makes up for that. He's got the Warmaster's Talon, which is the same one wielded by Abaddon in the 41st Millennium. Mm. Uh, AP2 Lightning Claw with a built-in Assault 2 AP3 Twin-Linked Bolter. And the key to this weapon is disabling strike, which causes any unit not wounded, but uh, uh, sorry, you any unit wounded but not killed by the Talon in the assault phase to suffer a minus one to weapon skill and strength for the rest of the game. Nice. So, yeah, you can knack up another Primarch. Another Primarch, yeah, big style. Uh, he's also got frag grenades and a Cognus Signum, which gives him night vision and prevents infiltrators from dropping near him. And an augury scanner as well, built into that, Cognitive Signal. And if he doesn't shoot, uh, it grants plus one ballistic skill to any unit within six inches. Oh, and um, I did forget when you said before there, uh, uh, scattering. No, he doesn't scatter. He's got a teleportation matrix, which allows him and any Terminator squad to deep strike without scattering. There's a word for that. It begins with B, ends with T. Wait a minute, aren't you, isn't that how Valdor rolls? No, Feldor still scatters. Oh, does he? Yeah, trust me. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Uh, so yeah, don't don't you he, don't you worry about that, old boy. He's, uh, yeah. What about your old chum, the rather ridiculously sounding Sigismund or whatever it is? Sigismund doesn't, no, have... doesn't have anything special for, for like that at all. Yeah, no, so neither uh, does Pollux. No, I said Horus is is expensive, but he's really really well kitted out. So, what do you guys think of all those special units then? And, well, I think out of the, the the pick of the well, you know, both of the special units are good. I think so. The, I think the Justerians are excellent Terminators, really good Terminators. The Reavers are really good assault squad and guys, albeit expensive ones. Abaddon, Loken, and Malakhurst, not so much. And even the the other old um, trouble with Tibble um, fella, he uh, doesn't really set me on fire, but. I think a Praetor or, or a, you know, one of the Centurions would be a better <clears> choice. <throat> but Horus himself is, uh, you know, he's nails, really is nails. But you know what? So he should be. He's the War Master. You know, he, he yeah. went to toe to toe with the Emperor, albeit after he got demoned up to the gills. But, Literally, yeah. he had gills. Yeah, he had gills. It, plenty of them in strange places, I'm, I'm told. So as a whole in terms of their kind of unitable unitability thing i think their special units are two really good ones so some legions have got one really good one and one meh one um and but the best legions are the ones that have got two and i think these guys have got two um the characters are okay you know what now that i think about um loken in a bit in the cold light of day after we've talked about him that initiative six does give him a little bit of a boost in my view um, you'd have to protect him from being shot to death, but you know, put him with a load of terminators, and he could could prove his worth. So yeah, that would be my take. I don't know what yours, what you guys think. Uh, I well, I don't. I think it's one of those. Uh, the the I agree with you. The special units are really really good, um, and they really make they really you know are going to add something. Um, but the characters are a bit are a bit meh. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah uh, the flavor there isn't there in, in the just yeah, there yeah, and the flavor. Apart from Horus, who is who is as we say, um, just gonna walk it. Yeah, does um, you know, in the long march, 
Um, can you, is it just normal Terminators that become a non-compulsory troops? Or can you, I'm trying to think, is there a way to get, other than taking Horus, is there a way to get just Aaron Terminators as troop choices? Uh, just I curious. I can't think I don't of think so, no, they can, just, I think they're only commanded by him, if that makes sense. They are his. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. They're his, only his and his alone to command, so. Oh, yeah. no, that makes sense but anyway yeah. neither the right to war do do that do they so no hmm. but all in all i think you don't see enough horror of sons of horus right it's it's weird I, I mean i think they've got some great rules compared to some other legions um, i mean i think we saw, i think there were a fair few at london uh, not uh, london at, um what have we just come back from nottingham front uh, of, of skulls i think it was sort of yeah, yeah we had that uh there was that list you know, with the little phone thing as the standard. You know, there's a few of them yeah. kicking around. True enough. True enough. I like the colour schemes, actually, the, the green anyway. Yeah. So, all in all, I think that they're a pretty good... They're a good legion. They've got some good special rules. Both of their rights of war are usable, whereas, again, a lot of the others, you get one good one and one sort of situational one. Um, both of their special units are definitely usable in-game. Again... Some of them, you get one good one, and then you, you get Gorgon Terminators. And uh, the only thing is... <laughs> don't start the Iron <laughs> Don't start that again. again. Don't start that again. And uh, characters... Actually, do you know what? Out of all the characters, the pick of the bunch probably is is Loken, I think. I can't see Malagos the Twisted being... I mean, Fearless is... Is it worth it, I suppose? 140 points, maybe in a small game. But other than that... Yeah, other than like... It, you know when they go when, when someone points out oh yeah but he makes reavers troops and it's like yeah but if you take the the the, the black reaving yeah reavers become troops then anyway i think totally. abaddon's good because he can deep strike and yes. if you put him with just Aaron, mm-hmm. um although it's that little bit more expensive i think if you can deep strike just Aaron on the board yeah that's a that, pretty useful that's a good thing i'm I, you know I'm, I'm always a bit i'm ambivalent about deep striking and its effects but because of preferring like you say either dreadclaw drop pods or spartans but points wise you know if you can just get them to deep strike you can do yourself save yourself a few points can't you for sure yeah okay so that's the other question is that we always ask about primarchs is would they always have turned bad (laughs) and you posed this (laughs) question once about curs i did yeah would horus always have turned bad so if if Horus hadn't been stabbed, right? Yeah. Would he have turned bad? Answers on a postcard, please. I'm going. Was he was he already talking about, you know, being unloyal and all the rest of it, or was it only that, you know, the visions that he got shown, you know, where where um what's his name, Magnus tried to show him the right way, and there was the you know he's been manipulated by the word bearers because they're all gits. Erebus and yeah, Erebus. And because it was he he was the one who because there was that really crucial point wasn't there when they were on that planet and the people were sort of saying oh you guys we're very wary of you i can't remember who they were but they were basically saying that they thought that horus was chaos at that point right and he wasn't oh uh, yeah, the interacts yeah yeah and they sounded like you know if they teamed up with the interacts the universe would have been a great place but i think erebus definitely wanted that to not to happen didn't he because he was the one who stole the, the weapon that yeah he started that, yeah, the the that war yeah yeah, yeah. So, what do you think then? You guys know the the law better than I do. It'd be hard for me to say. I think would he have would he have if he hadn't been stabbed? Would he have ever at some point in the future turned um, 
you know, turn traitor. What do you I think, think? I think Chaos would have found a way. But the thing is, I don't necessarily think he would, because I think without Horus being the without Horus, you know, Sanguinius becomes their their other target, their preferred choice anyway. Mm. Was you, it Mag? I thought it was Magnus that there was their next was the next one to. No, they try and manipulate Sanguinius to killing Horus, to then becoming their their vassal. Uh-huh, okay, right. Okay. So, that. yeah, that was that was their that was the next plan. Was basically Horus was always. All oh, right, sort of kid. expendable. Yeah. Then, as, okay. But Sanguinius was sort of the next stage, the the next you know, the the top choice basically as it, it becomes revealed. Right. Uh, in the books, so I don't I don't know if he always would have been. Um. I would probably say not. I think not as well, you know. I think it was circumstance that did for him rather than yeah. intent, whereas some of the others, it was like um, Lorgar and what's his name, Fulgrim, they were always on that path, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Perturabo is a bit like Horus, I think he could have gone either way. Um, who knows with people like Kurz and, you know, the Alpha Legion, anybody's guess really. But word bearers, so world eaters, that probably would have gone to corn regardless at some point. So I think he, you know, his legion wouldn't necessarily have gone that way. I don't think. So yeah, what do you think, Michael? Would you agree with that? Um, no, I, always I, I, always, I always think chaos would have found a way with Horus. Okay. There was always so, some. There was there was some resentment already about his father's decisions yes. in the beginning yeah, before leaving them behind. Before and, yeah, yeah. That's true, and and also they're not being kind of entrusted to know about the webway and things like that would have probably irked it, wouldn't they? But and I guess you know if everything had gone to plan and the emperor had got the webway working and then said, "Hey guys, look what I've done," you know, would all all things been forgiven? Probably. So yeah, because yeah, once once humanity was in the webway, the the, the forces of chaos were mm. cut off at that point. That was the whole idea was that humanity yeah. would go into this area and then that wouldn't be a problem. Because, yeah, they could use that in the same way the Eldar without having to be involved in the warp at all. Yeah, without having to traverse it and, and mm. you know, get its attention. I'm going with, maybe we should do this one day. Maybe we should do that as a as an episode. Who who would have gone traitor? Who could have gone either way? And who would have, who, who from the loyalists could have gone traitor? Who from the traitors could have gone loyalists? And who would have stayed in the middle? A little kind of, I think there is an alternative heresy thing that somebody's written anyway. But Yeah, uh, the um, Dornian heresy. Right. But let's um let's we'll throw it out there for some fun. Yeah, yeah that, that's where that's where Dawn was the uh, chosen of the um. Oh of, right. Of, of, of the of chaos. I'm sort of like a sort of uh, you know sort of Batman goes bad sort of uh, yeah. story arc kind of thing. Okay. Very I refuse, good. I refuse to believe it. I can see it definitely happening. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Drabo <laughs> wouldn't have been top of that list, would he? He would have Not been. His, he would have been the most staunch defender of the Imperium he'd under have, those circumstances. Have, yeah, exactly. And that's a terrible state of affairs, <laughs> isn't it? He'd have thrown his toys right out of the pram. Oh, he what do you mean the done. demon, the force of chaos, want him? Not me. What have I done wrong? It would just built on it, built on it, built on it, built on it. Well, at least what he built would have stayed up, eh? Uh, yeah. Resent. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Michael, talk us through uh, your rather 
evocatively titled Crap Modeler's Guide for the Sons of Horus. Okay, right. So uh, when we've been doing Legion episodes, uh, we've been trying to do a uh, sort of a basic guide on modeling for that Legion painting. Started as the Crap Painter's Guide and we t- transitioned to Modeler's Guide. So let's have a look. Uh, what have we got? So Sons of Horus, uh, they're most in terms of modeling they're most closely associated with mark four armor because the war master was able to ensure uh his his armies were given priority of resupply prior to the heresy um although as lunar wolves they are most commonly depicted as wearing mark two armor i don't now, like mark four that's the really clean looking one isn't it yeah, yeah Max- maximus most, armor yeah, yeah. Most, not, i don't like that one i like mark two but that's expensive yes uh, Reavers can take jump packs, but the models are not supplied with them. And mm. Malakhurst is most often built from the command set. Oh, what the old geezer with the Paragon blade? No, Malakhurst. No, no, the command, the command squad is the what from the Mark II command <coughs> squad? No, no, there's, a, there's an actual specific Sons of Horus command squad. Oh, sorry, my bad. All yeah. right, cool. Uh, yeah. So you, at the time of recording, you've got the following uh, special, so you know, um, uh, customization kits available for them. Mm-hmm. We've got a rhino door set uh, and front plate, two sets of those, so two different sets. Oh, do you know what? I miss doors. Uh, me too. We used to talk for hours I mean, about doors. Oh, just yeah. you know. Yeah. There's also a demios pattern, a demios rhino doors, and and two sets of land raider doors. Um, so you've got those. Uh, then you've got a contemptor dreadnought, which is really really cool looking. Love that contemptor. Um, you've got Mark IV heads, so. You can make you know a bit of customization there for the for, for, for your armor. Uh Mark III and Mark IV shoulder pads, a Justerian weapon set. Um uh for for you know making the Justerian. That's the hammers, isn't it? That's the uh like uh yes, they've got some sort of uh it's a uh, hammer and a pick on the other side. Uh power 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 axes. Power axes. Power axes. Oh, yeah. That's it. Oh yeah. Caponian power um well i wouldn't take them because you know you need the you know you want to you know you want the um you want initiative attack exactly oh no wait a minute do no it's still it's still unreal, unreal. Isn't it? yeah, yeah. yeah um i'd go with lightning claws for just Aaron, to be honest um uh yeah so uh, but that also gets you your multi-melter oh yeah so it does because they need that well, they can take that. Uh, you've got a command set which comes with a um, a Legion standard um, guy, a herald, and a um, well, a guy you can use as something else. A, a lot of people kind of use these two guys uh, to create Malakurst the Twisted. Yes, I can see that definitely. Yeah. So um, that's that's a most co- that's probably the most common uh, way of making Malakurst, um, and they're pretty. They're pretty nice, nice models. Uh, and then finally, you've got the transfer sheet, um, which is yeah, it's still available. Wow. Yeah. Always quite. It's quite a useful. It's quite a good transfer sheet. So nice. Uh, I would always recommend that particular transfer sheet because it's it's probably one of the better ones they do. do, um, do well, I suppose would Lunar Wolves, they wouldn't use those transfers, though, would they? No, Lunar Wolves. They, yeah. they did used to do a Lunar Wolves transfer sheet, but they don't do them. Anymore. I, like I will. I will. I'm going to look into printing. That's going to be about uh, 500 quid or something for a set of them. Something ridiculous. No, no, you can print them on your laser printer. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I did yeah, see I you can get the paper, can't you, this transfer yeah. paper? Um, into printing. I did see on uh, one of the websites. There, there uh, someone was, has made a someone yeah. has made a transfer sort of template thing. So I think it was on, unfortunately, but, 
Belarus. Belarus. Yeah. yeah. Not a great site, but you know, if they've got the file, they've got the file. I think I have it as a PDF actually. I think ah, I may right. have already bit awesome. the sort of no. Saves me visiting them. Uh, yeah. To model a Justarium with anything of the, but a power axe, what you're going to have to do is cannibalize parts from plastic catapratri kits as the resin parts are no longer being sold. So, you know, or you can just use catapratri um, kits altogether. But mm-hmm. Anyway, right. So painting. What about painting? Uh, well, for Lunar Wolves, uh, they wear an off-white armor with black trim, uh, whilst the Justarian First Company Elite wore black armor with gold trim. Now, Games Workshop have done a how-to-paint video for the Lunar Wolves, which is really good. Um, but we're going. To, we're, think, we're we're pretty sure we're going to use contrast paints, aren't we? Whatever's yeah, easiest. I, 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 mean, exactly. I, I think it's going to give us, as, as we were saying earlier in the episode, I think it's going to give us a better. Uh, if we're all using the same like, paints, it's going to give us a better unity when we assemble the army. If that makes yes, sense. Yes, definitely. I mean, I would like to see what I really like to see, though, it's very difficult to get to is that where you have um, that kind of white with black underside trim, you know, so the, the edges are all in black and you can, the, the, the little bits around the, you know, where all the creases are on the armor are in black as well. There's some nice pictures of them. It's actually some of some primaris. What, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, uh, I'll block paint all of mine and then you can put the details in afterwards. Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> Cheers for that. That's great. I just saying, I think that looks really cool. Yeah, I know what you um, mean. I know one chat with Miles David, and I'm talking about, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, incredibly advanced bits of painting, but there are some lovely um, examples of them out there. But yeah, rather than just having, like, say, white and black's hard because you've got to paint really the black, the slightest little defect when painting that black on that white will be noticeable from from basically from the from space so you have to get it absolutely precise don't you yes would you not be better off doing it the way around what do you mean painting it painting painting it black then gray and then a white that's what i would do black as a and then just doing like a edge highlight on the black yeah you, you could i mean like I said, my experience of painting white is so you know, like the little, um, like the lip around the shoulder pads, for example. Yeah, yeah. you know, that black trim, and it only takes a little with some armors, it's quite forgiving. You know, you can go over a little way, it doesn't look too bad because the model's quite dark anyway. But when I, when I was painting the word bearers and it was blue against white, if I overwent those lines on the on the blue, even the slightest bit, you could really notice it. So then you end up painting it again with white, but then you're so crap as a painter like I am, you then use the white to go over the blue, and you just end up in this caught in this eternal circle of trying to get this armor right. It's really hard work. Just a heads up, guys. If the contrast paint can can tell, how would we do it with contrast paint to get that? Would we? What would you use in terms of like just uh, the under, I undercoat and then do it is undercoat gray sear. Well, you know, prime prime gray sear, mm-hmm. and then um then do the apothecary white um so it's sort of like a gray bluey yeah um white and then i would highlight with white scar don't you all right any i mean any lines that you go over into the black onto the the white as it were just put a bit of um whatever lead belcher is or whatever and just mark it out as armor do you know what that's that's what um young miles suggested yeah i think it's just a at least then you can it sort of yeah. blends it and it doesn't look too rubbish. 
yeah. rather than rather than trying to put more white over that black exactly because it, you're always going to see it yeah but anyway that's the challenge we've set ourselves so um i've got the praetor that you that um to build and paint so uh once i've got my solar out the way i shall give that a spin i think as a test model and we should all probably do one each and see what we get to eh? i've got loken and abaddon here saucy you've gone top of the shop i've gone through something fairly straightforward i did did go top of the shop okay yes anyway i i haven't picked up a model to do with this yet i might i've got some stuff aside so i might pick something from that okay right uh all right so moving on to when they became the sons of horus um this gets a little bit more interesting so they wore a pale green armor with uh, black and gold, well, black and gold trim. Uh, lots of video guides here on how to paint this legion, and we're going to present three of them uh, and offer up some other video guides from YouTube. Now, of course, uh, with the return of Lupercal Green and Sons of Horus Green, we've got some potentially easier ways to do this. So, I believe the way of doing that was. Um, I, well, I actually can't remember what, but I, I know a lot of people were saying, you know, Lubricar Green, then um, Collier Green Shade, and then layering on Sons of Horus Green. But I'm not sure what you would use to highlight that. So, okay. um, yeah, so so interesting new schemes coming up, mm-hmm. um, I'm guessing. So uh, we're also going to offer up a painting guide for the Black Legion, as this is exactly the same scheme worn by the Justarian First Company Elite. Didn't know that. So when okay. we're doing Sons of, when we're doing Lunar Wolves and we've got Justarian, they, they wear be, black. They wear black, do they? Yes. Well, there's going to be a deluge of us trying to clamour to paint just air and then. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, okay, so the original Forge World painting scheme for this, this is the one they put out years ago when, when um, uh, uh, the Isfan Free book, well, yeah, the first book, Betrayal, came out. So it was, it was uh, for the green undercoat with Chaos Black Spray, then base coat with a mix of 25% Castellan green, 25% Sotec green, 25% Dawnstone, and 25% Nurgling green. Cool. Uh, wash with Coella green shade, then repeat stage two with 20% more Dawnstone and Sotec green, and wash with thin downed Bailtang green twice. Uh, okay. Then for the gold, it was base, law, base coat with Runeld brass. Wash with Agrax Earthshade and highlight with Runelord Brass in a striking motion to create a chipped and weathered appearance. Hello. Then for the silver, it was base coat with Lead Belcher, wash with Null Noil, highlight with Lead Belcher in striking motion to create a chipped and weathered appearance, and then repeat, but with Iron Breaker. Um, then in How to Paint Burning of Prospero, got a little bit simpler. So it yeah. this suggested undercoating with Mechanica Standard Grey, uh, then give the model an all-over layer of Dawnstone and repeat the gold with Balthazar gold. Uh, the, sorry, base coat the gold with Balthazar gold, silver with lead belcher, black arrows at Abaddon black. Then give the armor a controlled glaze of Waywatcher green. Of course, Waywatcher green is now no longer available. So, you know, if you've still got some less, awesome. Or I suppose you're going to make a glaze out of one of the contrast paints. So uh, shade with the, the gold with Agrax Earth shade and the silver with Nuln Oil. Paint the lenses with Mephiston red, uh, then neatly paint bale tan green into the recesses of the armor. Add highlights of Skaven black, black ginge to sorry dinge to the black areas, and Troll Slayer orange uh, to the eye lenses. And use Administratum grey to highlight both the armor and the black areas. Add lines of Runefang steel to the edges of the metallic areas, and Uriel yellow to the lens. Okay. 
Still about it's six all, steps over, more than I would ever take. It's all very complicated <laughs> because there was never a color for a Sons of Horror screen. But obviously now we've got colors for that. So yeah, the okay. schemes would, would be a lot simpler today. Uh, and then Mark Bedford's White Dwarf Painting Guide was airbrush, a mix of calabite green and storm vermin fleur. Fur, not fleur. Yeah. Uh, layer on Abaddon Black, Relic to Gold, and Iron Breaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, airbrush on a layer of Ard Coat, um, and wash the armor with a Phonian Camo Shade, and the metal work with a mix of Nuln Oil and Seraphim Sepia. Seems fair enough, I suppose. Just, just about, am I the only person that, when it comes to gold, uses Reichland Fleshbane as opposed to Agrax Earthshade? Uh, it depends. For yeah. if I want the gold to be really shiny and nice and new looking, I will definitely use um uh Reichland uh, uh, Flesh Shade. But if yeah. I want it to look tar- tarnished and old and horrible looking, I will use yeah, Ag- Agrax every time as, for me. As, I do use it for my for my um. As someone that uh, spends a lot of time around gold. I know. I often wonder why you don't use Agrax. To be fair, but because I spend a lot of time around gold. <laughs> Sepia is good for that as well, I think. I've nice. been yeah, thinking of lifts out the yellow in it. I've been thinking of using for my um, uh, for my custodies when I eventually get around to painting them, and I've used this uh, scheme on uh, some Caradron overlaws I did for Shadespire. Was a mi- for the gold a mix of uh, right from flesh shade and right from flesh shade goss. Got you. So well, it creates yeah. a more satin finish. I've always been, a, I mean, so when I, because obviously I'm always of quite a lot of gold and most of my models yeah. always end up with gold on them in one form or another. This is the fact this is going to be the only legion that I'm probably going to paint that doesn't have gold involved in it somewhere. Um, I've always, I used to do quite a complicated gold pattern, you know, starting with Tinny Tin, which is a, um, I think it's a Val, but where is Valero, Valero paint. Um, and then bringing that up to like a quite a dark gold and then a lighter gold. But nowadays I just use Retributor gold with um with Agrax over the top. Seems to do an absolute treat to be honest with you. Mm, no, it's, it's just a yeah. I mean I do I do use like like Reich shade thing for my Stormcast Eternals because yeah. it is a bit brighter. But yeah, other than that, like, yeah, because that's what I use on the Custodies is the the flesh mm. the flesh eggs. It just it's not as yeah. Over, overwhelming on it and Fair enough. gold naturally doesn't go a, you know more about gold than i ever will then it doesn't naturally go a really dark color okay. um, unless it's sort of got a low like a high, high copper percentage in the alloy exactly um, right but that's just <laughs> yeah, the, the advantages of being a jeweler being surrounded by gold is that yeah, yeah. my gold is not great but at least i you know at least you know what you're talking about <laughs> so anyway that's the painting guide you've got some video guides there as well haven't we yeah yeah we've got uh some uh the, the free for free painting guides here we've got one from warhammer tv from when uh uh, 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 but, uh betrayal at calf came out um we've got one from the apathetic fish one from uh the wargamer twg and then we've got two from warhammer tv on black legion so you've got one on black legion power armor it's tip of the day um, and then we've got one on Battle Ready Black Legion. So if you don't want to do your just staring in a really complicated scheme, this mm. is a simple. Um, but it's exactly the same. Okay, so uh, what we'll do now is we'll move on to our list challenge. Get on. Perfect. Let's, let's kick it off.
Uh, right, so uh, this is our list challenge, and this week, uh, or, well, month, I should say, obviously we're doing uh, the Sons of Horus. Um, so uh, who would like to uh, kick off with their list first? I would, actually, for once. Oh. I, would. I totally would, So I think I've nailed it this week. So I have um, gone for a Lunar Wolves army. Okay, so not a Sons of Horus army. This is an army that I think we could, that may be quite good fun um, for us to do. So looking at the rights of war, um, and looking at you know how they attack, I've I've kind of gone with a fast attack based army, so deep striking um, jetpacks and the like. So I've got for my HQ, I have got a Damocles Command Rhino. So obviously to give us that re- that um, two plus um, reserve roll plus their own special rule as well, meaning you know, re-rolling basically ones would be very useful. So I always find that if you're going to get an army that's got a degree of it that requires deep striking and or reserves coming in you should really do something to manipulate those reserve rolls because you just can't guarantee them and um, for my uh, other hq i've got the man himself um garville loken he's obviously master of the legion so he can take a um uh, right of war and does, i've given go on does he not do something to reserves as well uh no i don't think he does um let me just have a look he, mm, i'm not sure i don't he think he's got anything on that score at all um yeah don't think so he may well have done um so he's got a command squad with him um so i've just given him a bodyguard of uh normal guys um there are some chosen obviously so two space marines and chosen with just chainsaws and close combat weapons uh the squad's got melter bombs and i've given them a dread claw drop pod Okay, so standard bearer in there as well. So him and his squad in a drop pod. That's a good little rhyme, isn't it? And then because I've taken a, the right of war, which is the um, the black reaving, I have a master of signals as well. Um, but he's just a normal master of signals. He's got nothing special about him at all. So it's just the barest minimum. So just a guy with power armor, close combat weapon, and a bolt pistol and master of signals upgrade. Awesome. And then. And then for my elites, I've got an Apocathery detachment, Apocathery detachment. I've got three of these, um, and they've all got jump packs, except for one. So two of them got jump packs, one of them hasn't. Um, You can see what's happening next. Uh, I've got a Destroyer squad, right, with the newfound um, uh, cheapness of Destroyer squads. Again, they've got jump packs because I've got a jump pack army, so I can deep strike them if I need to. Um, I've got a special weapons guy, but I've gone, given the special weapons guy, this, the Toxifern Ferrous flamer oh from, yeah from the new yeah. thing because i think that's pretty uh, cool. psych say arcana thing yeah. yeah so that's pretty cool and it gives me something against demons which i think would be thematic being as what they're probably going to be fighting is going to be demons um it's in their kind of proto gray knights-esque way i suppose um i then got a squad of the very excellent justitarian um terminator squad uh, so i've got six of those uh one of them two of them have got two lightning claws so i think that's a good combination with these guys two chain fists uh one with a single lightning claw one with a single power fist and one with a reaper auto cannon so you know co- covering all bases with those bad boys really good unit um so that's my last of my elites in my troop choices i have got um th- three uh reaver attack squads so um two of them with jump packs and one of them without uh, these are fairly big squads, so I've gone for 15-man squads. 
um, just to get that outnumbering up. But they've all got jump packs as well, so they're definitely going to outnumber people. Sergeant, for example, has got um, uh, sorry, the chieftain has got artists for armor and melter bombs. I've got two melter guns in there. I've got jump packs. I've got power fists, chain axes. You know, these are expensive. Four hundred and thirty-five points for the unit there. So I've got two of them, and I've got another uh, Reaver attack squad. Um, but these guys um, haven't got the jump packs, and this is just a ten-man squad. Um, but I've given them a melter gun, uh, combi uh, weapons with bane strike shells, power fists, chain axes, etc. Artists for armor and whatnot. And then I've got a recon squad um, with um, sniper rifles. Uh, they would basically be infiltrating ahead. Uh, I've given them the nuncio box uh, to the sergeant as well, so that I can bring stuff in if I need to. Um, so you know that things don't scatter as far with nuncio boxes near them. And then in the fast attack, I've kind of gone against my normal trend and bought myself three javelin attack speeders because, um, I, you know, everybody has them these days. Why not? So Hunter Killer Missiles, uh, Multi-Melter and Twin Link Las Cannons all round because um, that's probably the best combination and they were coming in from outflanking. And I've got a, a Termite as well. So I've got a Dreadclaw with Loken and his guys in. I've got a Termite uh, with the other Reaver attack squad in with the another one with the Apoca 3 as well and the Apoca 3 jump pack in would join the other two Reaver squads and that is it so no heavy support at all not a single tank oh track in there or a Lord of War either for once so there you go 2998 that would set you back in terms of uh, points so that's me so Black the, uh, they're all about fast attack deep striking I've got a couple of options I can deep strike two or more units if I want or I can have them on the table to start with depends on the unit it depends on the mission so yeah quite happy with that okay, awesome uh, what about you Chris right so I am so I've got Loken as uh, my compulsory HQ I've taken the um uh, Black Reaving is my right of war. Yeah. Uh, so I've got Loken. I've got a March of Signals with Artificer Armor, Combat Shield, uh, Charnable Saber, Melter Bomb. You know, fairly basic, but enough to handle himself. Um, I have a 14-man Breacher Squad mm-hmm. with uh, Melter Bombs, uh, two Melter Guns, and a Nuncio Box. Uh, I have three identical Reaver attack squads, uh, all with either power swords or power axes. Right. And they are rocking around in Anvilus Pan Dreadclaws. Nice. Yeah, good choice. Uh, The bolters have all got the Bane Strikes. Uh, One of them has got a Melter Gun as well. Nice. And the Chieftain has a Melter Bomb. And three squads identical. Uh, gotcha. I would probably have it with, with there being eight of them, sort of a f- six-two mix on power axes, or you know five-three mix on power axes. Okay. Uh, just I don't want too many of them, but enough that when I come across, you know, terminators, the squad can at least hit them a little bit and hurt them a little bit. Got oh, yeah. Uh, I've then got three uh, javelin squads. <laughs> Seems to be very derigueur. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so two of them, so there are two squads of two and one on their own. Uh, right. So in the squads of two, there is uh, one squad of twin Las Cannons, Melter Gun, uh, Multi Melter, 
Hi. And the other one is the same. They're basically just there to kill the tanks. And then the one on their own has got a heavy flamer and a twin link last cannon. Nice. So nice. That's my, those are my three fast attack choices. Yeah. Uh, my heavy support, I have a Charybdis Assault Claw, which Loken, the Breachers, and Marsha Signal are going to rock around in. Right. And then the final part of the puzzle is a Leviathan uh, with the combat weapons um, in a drop pod. Okay. Interesting. Everything is rocking up. Yeah, early doors. Early doors. Um, there's enough drop pods in there that I can get sort of three or four drop pods in. Have you got anything Turn to mani- manipulate your... No, I'm relying levels. on the, the edge of the spear to really okay. do the job. Yeah, um, better than just hoping, I suppose. But uh, yeah, it's 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 an opportunity. <laughs> uh, the thing with the it would always be getting the breaches down first because of the nuncio box. Got yeah. Because then I can deep strike the reavers around that. Yeah. Fair and make make that a command sort of a, a command point. Yeah. To to build from. Build from, I suppose. And then yeah. the javelins whizzing around, hopefully. Okay. Taking out the armor while everything else is taking out or tying up infantry. Got ya. Alrighty. But yeah, that rocks in at exactly 3,000 points. Not bad. Not bad. Not particularly, not like the most imaginative list I've ever assembled. When you feel a good vibe with the unit, you just think, oh, to hell with it, I'll throw three of them in. I think the Reavers are so good um, that you have to, really. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Yeah, but they lend themselves very well to the to the um army. It's very thematic as well. The javelins, because they're so cheap, for what they can do yeah. in units. I just when you're in that fast attack slot, it's really hard. To, you know, you're looking at storm eagles and things. You think, oh, actually, what's that? You know, is that going to do what you want it to do? Yeah. Um. So yeah, the javelin is almost a guarantee, isn't it? And it, yeah. you know, it, it's probably going to die the turn after it comes on, but when it comes on, it will it will usually take at least something yeah, that's, that's fairly big. Multi melter are going to hurt, you know, yeah. pretty much anything. And if you've got five of them, in a side armor as well, yeah, most of the time exactly. they're shooting and hitting. So, and the they, is, they are vulnerable, I suppose, as all of these armies will be to um, Aubrey scanners. But you know, yeah, big scheme of things, not bad. No, um, and also the thing like the, the dread claw and the cryptus. At least they can do things. They didn't just turn up and sit there necessarily. You can yeah. do like, the heat attack and things like that. So, cool, gotcha. awesome. Uh, you, Mister B, what, what delights do you have to offer us? Okay, so I'm going uh, with my Loretta Raw is the Black Reading. I'm bringing a Master of Signal. Uh, I'm just reading this. I think my list is actually illegal. Oh, is hello. It, is it illegal? Um, I think. For the first, for the black reaving, do you have to have, um, have more heavy, more fast attack than heavy support? And oh, that's have three compulsory troop choices. Damn it, I don't have a third compulsory troop choice. Uh, oh, Ooh. no, wait a minute, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I do, I do, um, disqualification. I do. No, I, was, I do, I do have, I do have, I do, go have, on. I do have, um, I just, um, I've just put it in wrong. I do have three <laughs> compulsory troop choices, uh, because, Bro. um. <laughs> I I, I, I I have it. It's fine. It's so fine. I was, I was okay. rapidly checking to make sure breaches weren't bulky for the purpose right. of... Uh... Praetor, pra, right, so we've got Master of Signal with Artificer Armor, and um, he's just basically that, just Artificer yeah. Armor. Uh, a Praetor um, with uh, Combi Volta, 
uh, digital lasers on foot with Paragon Blade and Cataprachi armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, then a Pravian um, with uh, um, two Darkfire Castalexes with enhanced targeting arrays. Cool. You, you love that combo. I I'm, I mean, really, I really think that combo is quite good. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Uh, in my elite, I've got a Contemptor Mortis Dreadnought with uh, two Kerry's Assault Cannons and a uh, Havoc Launcher. Right. Because um, I, I still think the Havoc Launcher is worth it. I don't. Never do. Yeah. One shot, strength 5 AP4 or something. It's nonsense. But anyway, each to their own. Uh, right. Um, and then I've got in my troops a Reaver Attack Squad. Uh, with nine chain axes, a hand flamer, uh, melter bombs, and a um, an artificer armor on the uh, sergeant. Go yeah. yeah. And an anvilus pattern dreadclaw. Nice. Yep. Um, then a tactical squad, a twenty man tactical squad um, with additional chainsaws and uh, closer combat weapons, a vexelia. Um, sergeant's got artificer armor, a lightning claw, and melter bombs. And then my third compulsory troop choice, I've got a Justerian squad um, with a chain fist, um, uh, five, and um, a multi melter. So they've just got the power axes. Okay. So I've gone down the route I would not normally take, but I've given them power axes. Okay. Because um, I think it'll still work out. Um, then a javelin attack speeder squad um, with two javelins uh, with the twin linked cyclone missile launchers. And a heavy bolter. I uh, did think about their cyclone missile launchers as opposed to las cannons because they are slightly cheaper. Two shots, strength eight as well. Yeah, they, they are a bit more versatile. But I think the, I've got enough stuff to deal with infantry and mine. And the javelins are there, like Chris's, I think, to take tanks and that. Out. Yeah. Then I've got um, two squads of jet bike sky hunters uh, with uh, um, a volkite culverin uh, in each, uh, melter bombs, and a sergeant. Um, with a lightning claw and they're both the both squads are identical um then in my heavy support i've got a sky slayer support squad uh, uh you know the um the heavy oh, weapon yeah. heavy weapon bike squad uh with plasma cannons um and one sergeant okay uh, peace deadly resistance uh horus the Warmaster. oh he's gone big just very quickly because my connection cut out annoyingly um okay. what what was your third troop choice they're just Darren. They made troop choices by um, Horus. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. They are, yep. yes. They yep, are. no, that's a... Allowed. Okay. Late. Oh, but are they, do they become a compulsory troop? Yes, choice? they do. Okay. They can yes. take... Oh, no, well, it says taken as troops, so let me just check the rule book. Hold on, it's like VAR for... One, <laughs> one, one doesn't like to be seen picky on these things, but... But you are incredibly picky here. Right, oh, let me just look at the book. Mm. Well, it's a case of unless it says non-compulsory troop choice, it becomes a troop choice that's compulsory. Because um, some okay. when they when they do say when when stuff says you know it can be taken as a, a, a as a tr- as a non-compulsory troop choice, it does specifically say non-compulsory troop choice. Yeah, let me just have a look. Uh, veteran tactical squads and just area squads may be taken as troop choices. So one assumes that you're right. Unless they say non-compulsory, they would. Its troops are considered troops. Michael, that is from the VAR specialists. That is an that is a legal list. I know. Well played. So, all <laughs> <laughs> oh, the confidence. All oh, the confidence came eking back in there, didn't it? So, Load. let's assume. So we've taken 
have you taken a Lunar Wolves one or a Thunder Chorus one, Chris? Sorry. Mine, well, I did, I did it as a loyalist because I've got Loken in there. Yeah. Yes, you have. Um, so. You could use either, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot between yours and my lists in terms of theme because I think no. they're both very similar. Um, Michael's gone for Horus himself. Yeah, so mine's slightly, definitely traitorish. Slightly oh, different. I, I, to be fair, you've got Horus. It couldn't be anything. Yes, it could traitorish. Be traitorish is um, under, yeah, yeah. Uh, underpinning it slightly. So do we think that the three of us will usually end up with this conclusion anyway? Nobody's gone off piste, particularly in terms of doing something. We've all used Reavers. We've all used Just Aarons. We've all used Deep Striking Units, which is unusing the benefits of the Legion's special rules. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think there's anything. There is also, I suppose, the lists that we've done are specific to this um particular legion for example the reavers and the just Aaron, so you couldn't just take the same list and use it in another legion particularly well yep um so i think they're all kind of hit the money on that one okay yep agreed so our second criteria uh, well, i was I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna throw in a, a, a thing michael took the primarch it's hard to get more sons of horus than actually using the primarch there is there is but then mm, yeah but you've got Loken. Yeah, and, yeah, but I don't know. I guess the question is, was the brief of Son, the Sons of Horus, which I think it was, or was it a Lunar Wolves? We both chose Lunar Wolves because that's what we're going to do um, as a as a um, thing for the podcast itself. Mm, I, I think you've got to say that if you're looking at theme, I suppose we've all taken those things. But as Michael, so Michael, you've got just Aaron's, yeah. Yep. You've, have you got Reavers in there? Reavers, yep. It's got drop deep, pods. deep striking drop pods, which is a the the yeah. anvilus is historically a Sons of Horus just uh, the one thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you, you make a good point. Uh, All right, I think you're right, Chris. I, I, much as it grieves me, particularly with this only just about legal list. Well, um, there is, but he, you know, I think you're right. It, it's but it's made legal by Horus. It totally is. So. Um, it's, it sets a dangerous precedent for future list challenges. It by, does, because that means that the, the everyone's going to shut the Primark is going to carry like plus one, you know, theme points. But I, but I think on this occasion, because the list is made legal by Horus, I think mm-hmm. that adds a little, a, a, um, of, a little, yeah, <laughs> a little bit of extra. It's that, that uh, little bit of mint that goes on the top of the ice cream bowl, that sort of thing. Okay. God, there's not going to be much more of a southern sort of anecdote, could there? <laughs> the mint that middle class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the mint that goes on top of it's, the ice cream. It's, it's the way that goes on my my barista prepared latte that I buy from this very special. Yeah, shop. my my chai latte that's yes. hand imported. <laughs> soy milk chai yeah. latte. Anyway, I um, milk the soy myself. Anyway, <laughs> Michael, you can have that one because I'm oh, feeling generous. Okay. <laughs> oh, I think I think you deserve it. Yeah. All right. Then. right. So okay. Second, second up is our second criteria is how effective each person's army would be on the battlefield with an added twist, which is how much fun would it be to play and to play against? Ooh. So let's go with that first. So in terms of because otherwise we're just going to get face melting lists win this every week. So in terms of battlefield effectiveness, um, uh, I'm, I'm going to each of us should put our own case. Right. So I'm going to say that mine is the most effective because it's got a Damocles commander, I know. That's a good thing. Uh, it's got death from above and below, so I can bring the drop pod and the termite on in turn one. 
Uh, I have Reaver squads with jump packs, so I can deep strike them, but I don't have to deep strike them. They're not, you know, don't have to go into reserve. Um, at Recon squad were there to infiltrate to help with that if I am going to deep strike stuff to make sure it doesn't scatter. And I've got the javelins that would come on out flank and shoot things. So also my Reaver squad are nails and they can deal with literally anything that the world throws at them. And that, my friends, is why that is the best Sons of Horus list in terms of destruction. But not only that, it'd be fun to play and fun to play against because it would. Your go. It because it would. Bold statement at the end there because it would. Um, well, I see your Reaver attack squadrons that can be deep struck and stand there for a turn with their a you know, armor value of three and get shot off the board quite quickly. They don't have to do that, but yes. No, but they can also fly across the board so, and so get what, shot off on, the board. You quite do quickly. the same for yours. You tell me yeah. why yours are the best. Um, I think mine's the most effective because I can get my reavers down on the board uh, and know that at least then they can get straight into the fight. You know, they're coming out of that drop pod um, straight into the fight if they want them to, straight into the mix. Yeah. And, uh, power sword, power axes, so they can deal with pretty much, you know, nine out of ten units, I should think. Um, the breaches, again, if I'm putting them near the Reavers with the Sons of Horus ability uh, when it comes to shooting units at close range, getting that plus one weapon skill. Yeah, yeah. And there's a good symbiosis there. Um, although the the, the Reavers have got the Bane Strike weapons as well if they want them to. That's not too much of an issue. Uh, the Javelins are taking out the... There's enough Javelins to deal with sort of a, a fair amount of armour. Yes. And, you know, who doesn't love a Leviathan stomping around the back line? Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. That is good. I'll give you that one. Um, I don't think there's a lot in it. I think that it's just that, that bit more protection for the for the reavers and things i mean all grease scanners won't, will not be my friend but now that they're limited to 18 inches i think that makes a big difference got you yeah makes sense um okay and then finally for the for the defense um michael your chance um, to say why yours is the bestest uh i've got to be honest I don't think it's necessarily going to be the best. I think it's going to be the best dependent on the circumstances because uh, mine can obviously jump. I can jump out with those uh, Reavers into combat from the Dreadclaw. I've just got to come on a turn and hope that the Dreadclaw survives mm -hmm. uh, a turn of shooting, yep. um, which I don't think is that difficult, but obviously it, it can be um, depending on what your, what your enemy's got down there. Couple um, of yeah, exactly. A couple of arcs, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, yeah. and, and, and you're and you're buggered with that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, but Horus, uh, deep striking in with those Justarian. Um, he's, a, he's a tough dude to ignore, isn't he? Yeah, you, he yeah. Would, he would make a mess of things. But would There's, you not? Would you not arcus him? Well, you bear in mind that you you'd be hitting on sixes if with an arcus because it only works for Skyfire. Oh, yeah. So, but you could be taking him out with a. Heavy support, squad, heavy support squad with an augury scanner if you got too close um that would be your probably your best bet to be honest with you maybe yeah, some more kites just try and um you wouldn't take him out but you might be able to volume of fire some of his um squads around him i guess 
but you know, once he even then, you know, he deep strikes a return, he, he's going to sit there and take a, a pounding. The Justarian can soak up a fair chunk of damage, we know, and then he's going to be in your back line, just basically taking his pick from there on in. I mean, you'd have to have a prime arc to stop him. Yeah, uh, my 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 list is going to be dependent on the other player's list, because okay. if the other player doesn't has nothing that can stop Horus and the Reavers, I'm going to do great. But then my um other troop choice a 20 man um tactical squad that's got to walk across the board yes yeah that's yeah. a lot of that's a lot of walking but i suppose so, you'd be so preoccupied with shooting horus up because you'd have to be um like you say provided he doesn't deep strike mishap or anything crazy um you will then you know that would give them a chance potentially to get onto some objectives yeah we shall see, right? Um, okay, so that we've heard our various cases. Can any of us decide who we think is definitely the best? I think, again, Michael with Horus, you know, that is not a bad tactic. You have got a long way to travel, though, with your guys if that doesn't work. Yeah. It's a, bit, it's a one-trick pony. Um, would it be sufficient to deal with, you know... The, the thing also things? with that list is you've only got... Having that one uh, sort of drop pod... If someone has got an Arcus or whatever, they can t- focus fire. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is going to be a, a bit of be a nuisance, really. Yeah. Personally, I think. Uh, personally, I actually think Graham's has got the most effective list. Thank you. I've I've tried to make it as um, thematic, but also as varied it's the, as possible. It's the it's the drop pods for the Reavers. Sorry, not drop pods. The um, yeah, so I got three of the damn things. Termite. Jump. Jump packs for the Reavers, Reavers. And, ter- yeah. and termites um, for, for for some of the other guys. It's it's a very yeah. quick, and fast, getting in your face really quickly kind of thing. I think, and, and also I suppose the other thing, Chris, the only thing that would potentially hold you back is the lack of reserve manipulation when you're relying on reserves. But if I'm which, re- if I'm rolling if I'm re-rolling ones anyway. But if you roll twos, nothing happens. Oh yeah, yeah, but. That's fine. If, if I roll twos, I re-roll. If I roll twos, I come in. If I roll ones, I re-roll. Them. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Bear in mind, you get the problem is you get one drop pod in turn one automatically, right? Yeah. Um. But you, then, get, well, you get 50%, don't you? Uh, yeah. 50% rounds. So, yeah, so if two. I've got, let's have a three. look. You've got three, haven't you? Two. I've got five. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So, and that rounds out. So I've got three, three. drop pods turn three one. Three drop pods turn one. And yeah. they could have a squad of breaches in. Three squad of Reavers in, a dude with a, with a Leviathan squad, you know. Okay, so let's let's just, yeah, just let's play devil's advocate here. Um, not to say it's not a bad list because it is a good list, but with the advent of Augury scanners, there's people are more likely to be able to counter drop pod armies like we did ourselves with one Augury scanner, um, with being able to shoot them with you know people who get within eighteen inches, and you're going to want those yeah. units within eighteen. But the, the thing. The dread, the dread claws are different because they, you know, they you can stay in the dread claw for a turn. Yeah, and the thing with the situation that we when we were playing it, uh, at the event was that we weren't facing a lot of them. Like we faced like one, two, two at most. Two. Yeah. And when you had, you know, we had two arcuses and the, you know, we had three anti-air units basically if we wanted to, with me hitting on sixes with the things. I mean, I'm just, you know, just saying. I'm just, I'm just arguing my point. <laughs> it's a good point to argue. Is it, I mean, the thing is, I don't have to deep strike mine, but you have to deep strike yours. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, but yours has got probably got slightly more flexibility. Mine is, you know, spear spear tip. Mm. 
in a classic mm. sense. And then that's why I think Graham's is the is the is the is the more effective list because of that flexibility. I would love to try it. I'm honest with you, but um, anyway, that's that one then. So if we okay. say for, I may have got that one, what's your scores on the doors in terms of cost? So mine uh, comes in at about thirteen hundred pounds. Oh, Christ, give, the, give or the, take the dread claws, haven't you? I, I've got it's it's the drop pods, the fact that. Uh, Reavers and Breachers are bought in units of five. Yes, they're I've really got expensive. big units of them. Yes. Yeah, I've, I'm paying, was it a crib? Just 165, I think. Oh, yeah, that's a big expensive thing. <laughs> a Leviathan <laughs> with a drop pod is 130 quid. Uh, the Javelins, five Javelins it's is more than that. They're 60 quid each. Yes, oh, that's right. They are, yeah, yeah. And there's oh, five of them, so. Yeah. Five. Yeah, it works in about thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred, give or take a bit of for the weapon upgrades sure. stuff like that. Yeah, so and that's I've paying got, yeah full price for Logan and Abaddon. Yeah, uh, I'm mine is nine hundred and forty, including a a reasonable margin for weapon upgrades and the like. Because also stupidly, some of the leaves, some of the ones that I've bought, I've got sixes of them, and of course yeah. they're selling in fives, so you have to pay the price for that as well. So I'm just shy of a grand on mine. What about you, Michael? You're usually cheap as chips. Uh, 896. Oh, curses. He's done me again. With all those jet bikes. Uh, yeah. Cool. Blimey. Seriously. Okay. So, I mean, the jet bikes are the biggest, the biggest, uh, yeah. part of this. They are, um, how much are they again? 234 pounds. Cause you can get the free, the free of them for 78. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Which brings down the cost a little bit. Not much, but a bit. Yeah. 140, 200. Uh, so you've got how many jet lights? One, two, three, six, nine. Uh, nine. Yeah, 210. 210. Yeah. The, the tactical squads are going to be um, just your normal Mark 3s, aren't they? So, or whatever. Mark 4s. Mark 4s, Mark 3s, yeah. Three. Yeah, Mark 4s. Yeah, Mark 4s. I'm just going through it in my. Yeah, no, I don't doubt your maths. Yeah. So, on that basis, Michael won theme. I won effectiveness and playability and the like, and Michael won cost. So, Michael, you, sir, are the son of Horus. <laughs> okay, awesome. Brilliant. Good well, let us know what you guys think in the uh, uh, on Facebook, and we'll, um, yeah, brilliant. Okay, so uh, what we'll do now is we're going to move out to, uh, it's events next, isn't it? Yes, yeah, event. Just event. Okay. I think it's a congratulations on winning the list challenge, Michael. Sorry, my connection dropped out again. Oh, right. Thank I, you. I, wasn't, I wasn't being bitter and quiet. I was, <laughs> yes, I did. I stormed off. No, no, my, I, just, my I just assumed you'd stormed off. So. No, my connection. How do you? Um, <laughs> my connection to cut out at just the, the time at which Graham announced it. And I, yeah. Yeah, just it automatically like, cut yeah. you off in case you lost it. In case of table flip. <laughs> Okay, so uh, as always, we keep a list of events on our website, so you can keep an eye on that. If you want us to shout out your event, drop us a message on Facebook or email um, the rush at edgeofempire.co.uk. Um, okay, so gaming events that are coming up over the next few months. We've got three events on the 15th of June. Uh, we've got the 15,000, po- well, 1,500 point Centurion event at Leodis Games in Leeds. Um 
at the Knock Cataclysm. That's a Heresy Scott event at Common Grounds game in Sterling. And 15th of June is also the Prologue to Melios. That is a Road to Terror event. That is at Steamforged Game at Trafford Park in Manchester. So I didn't know Steamforged Game would let you play um, uh, play a, a, a different game, a different company's games at their place, but that's cool. Um, okay, so 30th of June, it's uh, War of the Roses at the Holmfirth Gaming Centre in Holmfirth. We thought about going to this last year, didn't we, Graham? But we did, yeah. I think um, we, we were out of wife points. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, okay, so then we've got 6th of July. It's the Roll Dice um, uh, 2019 plus Bristol City Open. Um, they're pushing a lot of tickets for that. They've not long got the event pack out for that. That looks actually quite good. So um, it's a little bit of a mini gaming con there. Um, so that's 6th of July. Uh, 12th of July is the Onion Ploy, um, as they call it, Incom Gaming in Cheltenham which includes Centurion events and Adeptus Titanic event. I think they've also got their own Mortalis as well in there. Okay. Uh, 21st July, two events. Uh, one day of Heresy at Bristol Independent Gaming in Bristol and the Fall of Chiron in Eastleigh. I believe that one sold out. Um, but obviously, you can see if you can get them on the reserve list. Uh, it does happen. Um, then we've got 27th July, two events. So it's a week later. We've got Dispute of Iron 2 at Polesworth, a King Fluff event. And 27th of July, Titan Death, narrative play scenario at the Dice Saloon in Brighton. Um, 24th of August, two events. Uh, that's the bank holiday weekend, isn't it? Yeah, it is, because that's the weekend after I get back from Dublin. Um, we've got Beta Garmon, the Sea of Fire at the Bad Moon Cafe in London. That is a mixed Adeptus Titanicus and Age of Darkness event. And the Reckoning of Dalian Prime at Firestorm Games in Cardiff. That is an Imperial Truth event uh, for which Greg is doing Centurion, Age of Darkness, and Adeptus Titanicus. And I think he's doing some Zone Mortalis as well. Um, 31st of August is Flashpoint Cortana at Common Ground Gaming in Sterling. Uh, 13th of September is the London GT in London. Uh, 27th of September, uh, some chances up in Durham are running Company of Legends. Are they still going? Yeah, it must have. Uh, 26th of October is Cataclysm of Iron Free in Polesworth, a King Fluff event. 1st of November, it's Blood and Glory in Derby. So no, that should be fun. Tickets out for that yet? Uh, I haven't seen them. No. Does somebody want to book uh, the hotel? Just, not me. Not you. Yeah, we'll book yeah. the hotel. We'll book the hotel. Uh, 16th of November, we'll, we'll go back to the, uh, what is it again? Hallmark in. Hallmark in. Yeah, yeah I, I've got a collection of their room keys actually. I every time we go, <laughs> you can I return can. them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sixteenth of, no- yeah, of November. It's the return to Harmony Two, at board in Brahma in Birmingham, and twenty third of November. You've got Titan Death at Gerolas Station at Polesworth, a King Fluff event. That is Titans and Night Armies only, and that is followed by uh, on the ne- next day a Titan Muster um at uh, uh, the same venue so oh, nice. so interesting. blood and glory is the second third i mean that's uh first november so that would look on their website see if there's anything on about it um mm-hmm. uh so that'd be from the friday onwards i might i might i'll book the hotel tonight shall i sure do we yeah. um is there not a um heresy scott one in november uh there will be but they haven't but they haven't told us the date yet hopefully we'll have that after the new um new event okay so what we'll do now is we'll head into the closing graham will take us through sure thing 
Thanks very much for listening. Um, please do leave us some reviews on iTunes or follow us on Facebook. Give our Facebook page a like because uh, I spend sleepless nights thinking how many more likes the Vangarian heresy have to us. And I'm going to put that <laughs> right, frankly. Um, <laughs> I don't really. Is it many? <laughs> do you know what I think it is, actually? It's, we've, got a, we've got a ways to go yet. So if you do like the page and you like our content on there, just give us a little like. You know, costs you nothing and makes me feel slightly worth worthwhile again. No pressure. Uh, also, feedback. Love, some, we'd love to hear some feedback on Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube. We've got our own YouTube channel now. Uh, all the links are in the show notes to those things as well. So, like I say, do give our page a like. And again, people have said uh, for no other reason than to let us know what you like, that you like what we're doing, because it is important for us. Uh, if you want to get in, post, in contact with us, uh, you can post to our Facebook wall. And we're always happy to answer any questions and uh, listen to your comments and what have you, or put anything on there you like, relevant to heresy, obviously. Uh, or you can send us an, uh, a message to the uh, account there, or you can email us at therush.edgeofempire.co.uk. If you do like the show and you want to help us out, there's a couple of things you can do. Um, first of all, we've got an affiliate link with Audible. So you can just sign up via our website page, which the link is on the Facebook page as well. Um, and you can, you know, get all your audio or Horus Heresy audiobooks through them um, with a month's free trial for a subscription, uh, which is $7.99 a month after that. Um, all of the Black Library books are there, so you know it's limited to heresy, which is really cool. Um, we would also love if somebody else other than the most excellent Graham Campbell um put a little little tip in the tip jar for the patron um uh, which we would love to see just so that we can um basically spend it on coffee and you know high living really those four dollars a month will make all the difference um we, i believe we are now self-funding aren't we michael yes with that, with that patron that we have from graham so a big thank you again for that and um who knows we're thinking about ways of people who do give us things like maybe naming a planet after you in one of our many adventures so if you want to become a patron there is a link to the patron page and finally you can also help us out by going through the advert on our website to element games where you can purchase all of your wargaming stuff all the games workshop range that's available from independent retailers as well as all the paints etc etc so if you are thinking of buying anything if you go through there we could actually afford a, a snickers at uh, next year's blood and glory so we look forward to that gentlemen yeah so thanks once again for joining us uh, next month i've no idea what we're doing next month because it's not written down yet. Who knows what future holds for uh, us? I think we might be going through elites. We might be going through elites. Oh no, so. it might be he- actually it might be um, HQs. HQs. No, HQs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Blimey. basically, all the different types of centurions. Yeah. Particularly- I don't know. We'll have a look. Have a look. We're, See, it's not set in stone just yet. Just the coin. And thank you very much again for listening. Uh, it's a pleasure as always. And this is a particularly long show. So uh, hopefully next month we will have something slightly shorter. We'll do a bite-sized 25 minutes special. Long and late. Yes. And on that note, let us get the hell out of it. So it is. Uh, have a great month of heresy. Uh, enjoy yourselves. And I shall speak to you next month from me, Graham. Me, Chris. And that oh, was me as well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night.